Petty and the Heartbreakers from 1981. Waiting is the hardest part. What is that crowd? There's no crowd over here. Welcome to Boca Fraud Alert Radio. 
I am Todd Dandruff Wittellis, and this is being broadcast on May 25th, 2016, around 8 p.m. The waiting is the hardest part for many who are waiting for the World Series, including me. The World Series of Poker starts a week from today. When we do our next radio show, it will be the first day of the World Series of Poker, though you won't be able to play an event on that day unless you're a casino employee. The first open event is the following day on June 2nd. So we're going to talk about the World Series tonight. Someone asked me recently, when are you going to do your show where you give tips for the World Series? Well, the answer is tonight. I'm going to do that. And if you've heard it all before, then I guess it will be a redundant segment to you. But we we have new audience that comes in every year. So also you may forget some of the advice I gave. It won't be a super long segment or anything, but I think it's important stuff to be said every year because a number of our Listeners do go play the World Series at some point. You may wonder where Brandon is tonight. Uh, Brandon may not be able to make it. Brandon has no voice tonight. Literally no voice. You may remember this happened to me a few months ago where I had a cold and then I did Poker Fraud Alert Radio anyway. And then the next day my voice was gone completely. Well, Brandon has already lost most of his voice before the radio show even started, and with the memory of what happened to me, uh, he's, at at the moment, not feeling like it's the right decision to come on. But if he feels better, then he will be here. uh, To be honest, if I was having voice issues again, I would not come on this radio show. I made a mistake a few months ago when I tried that, and then I had no voice for a while. And in fact, I, I thought actually that my voice would be gone for as much as two weeks because it, it just was not making any motions to return. But uh, then it came back sooner than I thought, like after about five days. Still was tough, though. You'd be surprised how inconvenient it is to not be able to speak. Like I could whisper, but I couldn't speak. So just simple things that you think are easy in everyday life that you take for granted are much tougher. Talking on the phone, when you're in a restaurant ordering, there's things like that. You're calling out to your kid. I <laughs> There, you just feel like you're powerless in that way. So, anyway, here is the agenda for tonight. Now, before we get to the agenda, let me give the usual intro, then we'll get going. Uh, we probably will have Northern California guy on tonight, and Trader Ruski has volunteered to come on. So, we will have some co-hosts, just probably not Brandon this week. But uh, he has a good excuse. He has an excused absence, as they would call it back in school. If you want to call into the show, the phone number is 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. You can also call the Mount Charleston line. The Mount Charleston line is an old 70s rotary phone which forwards to me wherever I am. It's on top of Mount Charleston, which is a mountain near Las Vegas. That phone number is 702-430-1808, 702 you can also chat in the chat room if you're listening live. If you're not listening live, don't bother. There's going to be like nobody in there, seriously. But uh, during the show, you can chat in there. Just be aware I'm not really reading it because I, I have so much to do here. I have to run the technical side of the show, and I also have to be the main host of the show tonight. So I can't read it. You know, when I have Brandon along, I, I can glance at it sometimes, but it's tough. There's just a lot to do here, and I don't want to... Stall the show while I'm reading the chat room. But I will glance at it every so often. It's mainly to interact with the other people there. You need a Poker Fraud Alert forum account in good standing, and you need a flash-enabled device, meaning no iPhones or iPads. 
If you want to text me during the show, you can text the main phone number of the show, 775-372-8355. And you can also text me anytime at that same phone number. It doesn't matter if it's during the live show, I will respond to you. Sometimes I get people texting me as they're listening in the archives saying, oh, I just heard this segment, and they give a comment. That's fine. And I will usually answer you back. So don't ever feel bad about texting me at a funny time, like at 4 in the morning. I'll never get mad that you're texting me. You can hold me to that. I'll never say, why are you bothering me at 5 a.m.? I'm not going to say that. You can always text me. 775-372-8355. Here's a text that came in from the 202 from uh, Washington, D.C. area. Are you late for everything or only on radio? <laughs> Since we started at uh, 8 o'clock tonight instead of 730. Uh Trader Ruski said he's ready to go tonight, which is good. We'll put him on shortly. Uh, the 870, they're, they're not happy about the replacement laugh track we used last week. It says, don't try to get happier than Happy Druff. Keep the original laugh track. Shout out to the TMMLK lock line. That's the TMMLK. He keeps posting locks on Toronto, and then they get crushed. TMMLK is from that area, so it's never good to take picks on someone's team when they're a fan of that team. Against the team is actually a good time to uh, take their picks because if they are a fan of a team and picking against them, you know they probably know what's going on. But <laughs> not if they're for the team. Usually that's uh, a bit delusional. Northern California guy, hello. Uh-oh. Cannot hear him. Let's try another uh, substitute co-host. Uh, Cal White, are you there? Now it sounds like it must be on my end. I cannot hear either of them. Hang on, guys. I don't understand why this shouldn't work. I see the volumes look okay. Let me see. Oh, I think I know what it is. Hang on, guys. There we go. Skype Skype is uh, it was muted. There we go. Okay, we have both of you on. Uh, Cal White, you there? I am here. And uh, what about you, Northern California guy? I'm here. Beautiful. Okay. That was, that but was I hear an echo. Well, that's – I can't help you with that one. If you want, you can hang up and call back, and and then we can do – that. sometimes that, – that's a Skype problem. I can't fix that. So you can hang up and call back if you'd like. Producing the show during the show, as always. Uh, thank you guys for calling in here. Northern California guy still there? Yep. Is, is there an echo? No, it's gone now. Oh, it's gone. Okay, beautiful. All righty. So we have our uh, two of our co-hosts here. And I, I see some phone calls coming in. Just, guys, hold on until I'm done with the intro. I mean, like, the, the co-hosts I put on during the intro, but the, the regular callers, I don't want to do that yet. But if you want to call in, just wait till I'm done with the intro, then I'll take some calls, then we'll get started. So the free roll tonight is $98, and it started a minute ago. But don't worry, we, you don't have to go back in time. You can actually late register there up till 835 Pacific, 25 minutes of late registration. It's a horse tournament. Yes, it's a horse tournament. The first time we're having... A horse tournament that works. Last week we had one on our very late show that was experimental, and the there's a bit of a problem with the antes. The antes at every level were one. <laughs> so it'd be like 400, 800 blinds and one chip ante. It, it didn't exactly uh, encourage play. So that has been fixed by our poker fraud alert. No fraud online poker room admin belly buster who runs the room so thank you to him he fixed it there's a horse tournament tonight 
you don't know horse, it is uh, Hold'em, Omaha, Raz, Stud, and Stud 8 or better. So uh, those are the five games you're going to be playing. And if you don't know them very well, the good news is it doesn't cost you anything. This is a good time to learn. You're not going to put any money up, so you can be a complete fish, and you won't lose anything. You may not win, but at least you won't lose anything. So as I said, it's $98 worth of cash we are giving away this week. First place is $50. Second place, $25. Third is $12. Fourth is 6 Fifth is 5 50 25 12 6 and 5 are the prizes. And this money did not come from me. came from Brittany Griner's clit. I know that's... Someone asked if I'd be embarrassed to say that on radio. I kind of am. But uh, Brittany Griner's clit is the name of the forum poster who gave this. $62, so thank you to him. SMI Florida, who donates often, $25. And Yolo Swag, who donated 11 thank you to him as well. So we have $98 for this free roll. And it already started, but you can still get in for another 22 minutes. You need a separate account on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. Make sure to read the rules as far as qualifying for the free money. Otherwise, you may not qualify. The rules are found at PokerFraudAlert.com slash FreeRoll. PokerFraudAlert.com slash FreeRoll. And as far as claiming the prizes, I will send it to you by bank transfer, by Bitcoin, by cash, by check, or even some other methods that are not being publicized. And PM me if you can't use any of those and... I will send you the money. But it's real cash money. I'm not sending it to you on some crappy poker site where you can't cash out like one of the sites we're going to talk about tonight. So here is the agenda for this lovely evening. Social media is very, very big these days. If you have a company, it is wise to have a social media presence for that company, no matter what you do. It's very important. And we've had a few laughs over the years at the World Series of Poker social media account because uh, you think of a company's social media account, especially a large company's social media, and you expect it to be very uh, run-of-the-mill, boring, milk toast, just matter-of-fact, just uh, disseminating information or promotional material. You, you don't expect it to say anything controversial or to fight with anyone or to insult anyone, but not the World Series of Poker account. The World Series of Poker Twitter account has personality. And this week, it got into a Twitter flame war with the America's Card Room Twitter account. Yeah, I was trying to do the laugh track. I was waiting for it. I, I struck the wrong button. I was like, I was like click, 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 click. I, I couldn't get I was like, damn it. I can't. I, okay. So that's, yeah, it really got into a flame war with the corporate Twitter account of America's Card Room, where that account fighting with people makes a little more sense because that's just a little online poker site. But uh, the World Series of Poker is, is, uh, is trolling. It actually said it was trolling. I'm not kidding. So uh, I hope this wasn't Kev Math's debut. It, was, it wasn't Kev Math. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who it is, but I have some ideas. So that's, uh, that's the top story. Also, since we're talking about the World Series anyway, I will give my usual tips, both for those looking to play the World Series and for those looking to stake others in the World Series, because uh, I don't think I've really talked as much about that, the staking and buying pieces. I'm going to tell you who you should buy a piece of and who you shouldn't, and I'm not trying to promote myself here. In fact, almost, almost my 
I think almost all of my pieces, or maybe all of them, are sold by now. I just sold another two percent today. That may be it. But I will tell you what you should stay away from, and what you should do as far as staking people. There's been some uh, mistakes over the years. Let me say that. Mason Malmuth, the owner of Two Plus Two, which is the biggest poker forum uh, out there, basically. I mean, there may be a bigger one in some other language, but as far as English-speaking poker poker forums, that's the biggest one. He has done two stupid things this week. It's amazing how successful 2 Plus 2 has been given how out of touch the ownership is. It's it's run by like an authoritarian old curmudgeon who, who's very, very arrogant and really believes he's more powerful than he is. That's Mason Malmuth. And the, yeah, if he was a fruit, he'd be a lemon. <laughs> and then, the, then the, second, the second owner, though I guess he doesn't own as much, but he's the main author of 2 Plus 2, David Skolansky, is a pervert. And when I say a pervert, I don't just mean like a guy who enjoys having sex. Uh, he's currently living, last I heard, and has been for many years, with a developmentally disabled girl who is uh, like 40 years his junior. And uh, and you know they have a sexual relationship. So that and he's he's had he's met sixteen year olds off party lines and had them run away from home and come live with him. Like seriously, this stuff has happened, and he has admitted to it. And, and then there was all the the whole fiasco with Brandy Hawbaker, where he told her to kill herself, that she'd be better off dead. And then a month later, she actually committed suicide, which is very sad. So uh, Skolansky is a pervert and <laughs> a dirty old man. And and Malmuth is an authoritarian jerk, and both of them are very out of touch with uh, the poker community. And yet, still, they have the most successful of poker forums, and they have a successful book publishing company. Just kind of right place, right time sort of thing. So Mason has done two stupid things. He does stupid things every so often where people just get a good laugh out of it. This week, Mason, first of all, said that uh, Howard Lederer who just put out an apology, a very insincere apology last week. Uh, he's actually a good guy. <laughs> also, Mason, who's very petty and punitive, he won a legal judgment against Dutch Boyd regarding cyber squatting. And he's, for the last two years, had a forced apology letter from Dutch Boyd up on his site. He put a poll up on his site now asking if he should extend the life of that apology letter after saying he'd take it down for two years. He put a poll up asking, maybe I should leave it up longer, and he got completely owned by his own users in response. (laughs) And then David Skolansky even got involved. It's it's unbelievable, these two. So anyway, uh, we'll talk about Mason Malmuth's big foot in his mouth this week in two ways. This is called Poker Fraud Alert Radio, and we talk about, among other things, poker fraud. And I'm sorry to announce that a U.S.-facing poker network looks like it is broke, and it looks like you probably won't get your money, or if you will, it's going to be a long time. And that is Full Flush Poker, also known as the Equity Network. They seem to be broke, and an affiliate who posts on Poker Fraud Alert, not a super active poster, but he posts, their main affiliate is still encouraging signups, and in fact... He has been buying money for people who have money stuck on there at 40 cents on the dollar. Reminds me a bit of Melanie Wisner. And the funny thing is he was one of the biggest critics of Lock Poker. A lot of the stuff he wrote and said about Lock Poker, I agreed with and sometimes quoted him. 
I even covered a situation he had recently where uh, a scammer was staked by him and uh, didn't pay him. So I've covered this guy positively before, but tonight I'm not going to be very positive about him. And I told him, I told him, I'm not going to talk behind his back. I told him tonight I'm going to talk about you and full flush poker and it's not going to be flattering. And I invited him to come on and he declined. So we will get to that. Justin Bono, we talked about him last week and his stupid refusal to take a picture at uh, the EPT because it's owned by PokerStars. It was like a, a boycott, a protest against PokerStars, even though he plays on there and even though he plays their tournaments. So he put out a response last week, a TwitLonger response. TwitLonger is a site where you can write like a long thing, like a long post instead of like a 140-character Twitter, and then you tweet the TwitLonger. I don't know why you don't just like tweet a forum post or a blog. It's the same thing. But he put a TwitLonger up with a statement in response to his critics regarding, is he a hypocrite by refusing to take pictures for a PokerStars event because he hates Amaya, the company that owns PokerStars, when he is paying rake to them by playing in the first place. He, he has responded to that, and basically, if you don't have time to listen to the whole show and just want to get the show out of the intro, he's basically saying, do as I say, not as I do. Nevada is attempting to convince New Jersey to merge their online poker player pool, and Nevada Casino Gaming may be coming to an online site near you. No longer may you have to go into the casino to play blackjack or one of your other favorite casino games. You might be able to do it online, just as you can right now in New Jersey. Poker Stars, speaking of New Jersey, is going to run a promotion for New Jersey residents who got cheated out of their full tilt points. Even though you probably got paid back eventually for your full tilt balance when Poker Stars bought them, you never got the value of your full tilt points. Those just got lost and wasted. And now that Full Tilt Poker has closed completely and been merged into Poker Stars, it's become a Poker Star skin, you can never get those points. But they are having a promotion for New Jersey residents only who got cheated out of Full Tilt points. We'll talk about what's going on with that. When Poker Fraud Alert throws its support behind someone, it usually means something. And that person tends to do pretty well. Well, we, we threw our support beyond, behind a Women in Poker Hall of Fame candidate, and they got elected. The Global Poker League has been operating for some months now. Is it successful? Is it getting good viewership, or has it been a failure? Selena Lynn, a female poker player, claims that when she's at the poker table... She wears a low-cut top to distract the guys at the table when she gets deep in a tournament. That's an interesting admission, given how many women complain about how they are at a disadvantage at the poker table. So we'll talk about her statement, and I'll tell you about my belief about this sort of behavior. The murder rate in Las Vegas has more than doubled since... 2015, the same period of time from January 1st until today, there are more than double the murder victims in Las Vegas compared to last year. And I'm not talking about murder victims 
who were part of some sort of mass shooting. I mean, these are separate murders. I, I don't believe there was ever more than like two or three at a time. So it's just a lot more dangerous in Vegas this year than last year. And it's getting this way in every city. So we'll talk about what the cause of that might be. General topics, I will update you on the Bitcoin scammer story that I talked about last week. I have a big update on that. We may even try to call the scammer. I have his phone number. I will tell you a story that began 20 years ago this month. In May 1996, I began an affair with a married woman. I did. Something I never did again after that. Something I felt a bit guilty about doing, but I I did it. I'll tell you about that affair and how it ended. Finally, the Oklahoma City Thunder has come out of nowhere. And they are now the favorites to become the NBA champions. No one saw that one coming. Except Brandon. He, He said they had a good chance. Okay, before we get going, we have a call coming in here. So let's let's throw this on and get this out of the way. Caller, you're on the air. Good afternoon. Calling to save the show already? I well I figured I'd get on air before Todd talks about his comments and for like an hour and a half and Well okay so so how did your pick go tonight of Toronto plus uh, 11 and a half was that uh, a successful pick did that uh, make yeah, you I, did that, that make was you a lot of money reverse pick for you. <laughs> It's a reverse pick That's what I put not a reverse pick you guys didn't read what I said Okay I'm going to go back to the forum look at this I said a non-reverse pick. You guys like this code. Hold on. Non-reverse means it's a regular pick. Yeah, you said non-reverse. That's yeah, like a that, double negative. Yeah, that's a double. That's right. So people who understand, like, I don't want people taking advantage of it. So you got to read the fine lines between it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a close game. They uh, they only lost by what, like thirty-eight points. So whoever would have read the post correctly would have won because I had Cleveland. Minus eleven and a half. So, so I, I'm like seven and zero in NBA so far this year. <laughs> Are you trying to free roll the lock of the week, Tim? I'm okay. You gotta, you gotta read what I'm putting in there. When I put it, well, we, everybody read it. There. Everybody read it. It said non-reverse pick, a solid non-reverse pick, which translates to a pick. And you said no. Ra- that you means said Toronto that, plus eleven and a half, and they lost by thirty-eight. It wasn't even close. That's a C money pick. So when I put non-reverse, it's really the opposite, which okay. is. You guys don't understand. Well, okay, this this is uh, very unfortunate for those that might respect the Team MLK picks, and and if anyone followed that tonight, I, I feel bad for them. It's uh, this is one of these games where you're just getting crushed the whole way. I don't know what's worse, actually. Is it worse to just be crushed the whole way, or worse to feel like you have a chance to win and then you're heartbroken at the last minute? I mean, I'll tell you right now, I have a pick going at the moment. I picked the Milwaukee Brewers, and uh, they are currently in the twelfth inning. And they're tied two to two, and I I do horrible in extra innings, but I think I'm like zero and eight in extra innings this year, like horrible. And uh, so I'm not that optimistic with this one. Anyways, I this is not a reverse pick. This is not a law. This is an absolute guarantee win. And you were talking about Oklahoma City, correct? Yeah. Before I saved the show. Yeah. Golden State is going to win this series. Mm-hmm. TMMLK. Absolute stone lock pick of 2016. They will come back and win. 
But you're going to claim it's a reverse when they lose. It's not a reverse. You, I, you have me on air saying it's not a reverse. But you're going to it say is. later. You're going to say later. Oh, anyone who really understood me knows I meant that it was nope. actually a reverse. This is this is a non-fraud alert. This is my word that I'm saying Golden State wins well, I the think series. You, I, think you've lost I will credibility. not say it's a reverse pick. I will not say it's anything. I think you've lost credibility. No, I'm just saying. All right, Golden right. State's going to win. Okay, caller, you're on the air. Well, no, you're not. Here we go. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, save your podcast. Hang up on this Twinkie. He's never going to come out of his mom's basement. Okay? Who are you, sir? He's the biggest joke. He's the biggest joke that you ever have on the show. You should have Marty. You should have bad guys. You should have the guys that really make the show really good. But hang up on the Twinkie. Okay. He's that's... never going to come to Vegas. He's never going to show his I have been to Vegas, sir. All right, Todd. You have not. You know what? You've been to Vegas for in your dreams. <laughs> I called the on air right, when I was in Vegas. Right, do yourself a favor. Just hang up on them. Finish the intro. Do your thing. Thanks. Bye. Okay. The, the intro is actually Who, finished. Well, hold on. Who is this guy? That, that was that was Scott from the East Coast. Well, where does he live? He lives in the East Coast. Where are boats in the East Coast? <laughs> he doesn't live in Toronto. Don't worry. He's does not he that. He's, in, like, he's not Montreal, that close. To you. He's not that close to you. No, he's he's not Canadian. Wow, he's very—he's a very mad person. And what did I ever do to him? I don't know. I, I think there's there's a very uh, polarized you, opinion of you on this show. Some some people love you and say, "Oh, I can't wait for TMMLK to come on," and then others they they say, "Hang up on him. Why do you take his calls? He's awful. He's the worst thing on the show." So it, it's very mixed with you. Well, I know, but I mean, I've been pretty honest tonight. I mean, well, I wouldn't say that. You, you you didn't even admit that the Toronto pick was horrible. Yeah, it was a bad pick. All right. I'll admit that I was wrong on that one. <laughs> okay, beautiful. Okay, anything else you'd like to say before we get started? Well, I'll, I'll just co-host with you guys. I'm a little afraid to let that happen here. Oh, we, really? Who else is on air right now? No, we have Calawat and we have uh, the Northern California guy. Tim MLK. Calawat. Okay. Tim MLK, thank you for calling. It's, uh, well, hold on. I'll be good. You. All right, I've heard enough. I, I can't have – you know, like if I was alone, I'd have him on here just – I just have a feeling he's going to interrupt. And Hey, Druff, I can go if you would uh, prefer to have him on. No, no, no. That's okay. All right. No, I, I gave him his time. Like, I'll let him do it sometime when there's no co-host. I just uh, With two people already here, it's just uh, I'd rather have the existing co-hosts than uh, take a chance of him. Okay. Now, the time I did co-host with him, he was actually fine. Like I was expecting a disaster, and it wasn't. But uh, I just feel like too many people online is going to be uh, a mess. Okay, so let's get going. You have five more minutes to get into the free roll late. Otherwise, you will be shut out of the first official horse cement we're having. It's listed as Radio Horse Cement. Okay, so I'm going to talk about uh, America's Card Room and the World Series. That's that's a, a really unbelievable situation, though. To be honest, it's not surprising. Like you get surprised by how the World Series of Poker Twitter account acts, and then. You think about it, and every year this happens, so it's not that surprising. Hold on, I just got a, just got a message here. How do I find this? Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to read this. We have a, a breaking story. I mean, it's not a huge story, so don't don't get too excited, but. Uh, this was sent to me by China Maniac, so thank you. We'll cover that, too, about Poker Night in America. 
See, I like when we're timely to stories. I like when just something breaks while we're on the air. But the, the downside is I can't research it. I've got to produce the show during the show even more than usual. So let's, uh, let's go back to the thing with the World Series of Poker Twitter account because it's crazy. So this is what happened. Uh, on the surface, the World Series of Poker was right. They're, they're getting irritated that these illegal online poker sites, which compete with them to begin with, when I say them, I mean their online product, that they are using the World Series of Poker brand to run promotions. So let's be honest here. If an illegal poker room like Bovada or America's Card Room or Merge or any of the others are running some kind of World Series satellite or World Series of Poker promotion, they are using the World Series of Poker brand to promote themselves. And it's not fair. This would be uh, lawsuit-worthy if these companies could be sued in the U.S. So the World Series of Poker, uh, the powers that be that are behind it, have a right to be irritated about this and to raise issues. So I don't fault the World Series for saying something about this, but but then where it went obviously got way inappropriate. So we'll talk about what happened here. So this is what happened. Uh, America's Card Room tweeted this on, uh, I think it was on May 20th. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it said uh, it says. Uh, this is actually from from. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Here, here's how it began. It's actually from Hollywood Park, which is uh, a brick and mortar casino, believe it or not. So it said Hollywood Park Casino, win a seat to the World Series of Poker this weekend. Now Hollywood Park, by the way, it's in Southern California. It's actually in Inglewood, and it's it's in a very bad neighborhood. It used to be the commerce of the 80s and early 90s. It was really the big place to go to play poker in Southern California. Then they they let it go downhill, they let it become a has-been, and commerce took their action. It still exists, but commerce took their action. Commerce is now by far bigger than Hollywood Park. Hollywood Park was too complacent, and they didn't address the problems they had there. So commerce took over. Anyway, so they were promoting a seat you can win to the World Series this weekend. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. They can do that. But the World Series wanted to clarify, saying that this is not an authorized satellite location. So they tweeted that, you can win it. And then WSOP retweeted it, but with a note saying, or not, since this is not an authorized satellite location. So they're trying to let people know that even though they're promoting you can win a World Series seat, they're not actually an authorized World Series satellite, so the World Series does not directly support it. That's, that's already a bit risky for Hollywood Park to do because they are a U.S.-based company, of course. So someone then pointed out America's Card Room is having WSOP satellite tournaments online. Isn't that also illegal? So the WSOP Twitter account responded. And again, this is not managed by Kev Math right now. He doesn't take over till June 1st. WSOP responded, indeed, but since they don't know the laws anyway, since they don't follow the laws, they probably don't care if they stiff you a tax bill. Now, I don't know what stiff you a tax bill means, but uh, he's basically saying uh, uh, they don't care if they're authorized or not to be our satellites because uh, they don't even follow the laws as far as offering online poker because America's Card Room is an illegally operating U.S.-facing room that does compete with WSOP.com. So then America's Card Room responds, and this is where it starts to get ugly. 
they said, in 2015, over 50 people won their $12,500 package to play the World Series. So they're basically defending themselves, saying, yeah, we, you know, we may not be an authorized one, but last year 50 people got to go to the World Series with a $12,500 package to come out and play. So then WSOP responded, did you issue tax paperwork? And stop using our name in promotions, please. It's already starting to get ugly. They're, they're... Now, it's not that bad yet. They're, they're fighting with each other in public here. You'd think the lawyers of one would send a message to the other. Like You would think that Caesars wouldn't operate this way. You'd think they wouldn't have a public flame war with America's Card Room. It's fine to say America's Card Room is not an authorized satellite to the World Series of Poker. They should clarify that. That's correct to do. It's fine to say Hollywood Park is not an authorized satellite location to the World Series of Poker. That's also fine to do. I understand how they're frustrated that their brand is being used to promote tournaments of sites and card rooms that do not have to do with the World Series of Poker. That shouldn't be happening. Uh, if, if they're going to give away World Series buy-ins, they should make it clear we're not affiliated. That's, that's just what they should be doing, and they're not, legally and morally. So... Then it, it started to go downhill, and thanks to the trolling of a Poker Fraud Alert user and radio listener. Yes. We have a listener and a forum poster named Sa24, S-A-H-24. And he posts on Twitter, his name on Twitter is Half Baked, but without an A. It's Half, H-A-L-F-B-K-E-D, Half B-K-E-D. It's like Half Baked. So that's uh, that's Saw Twenty Four. He's I guess his name is Shane Hahn, and I'm not giving out his personal info here. It's a, what it says on his Twitter account. So the World Series of Poker. Uh, so so he he said to them, "LOL at WSOP being that mad. Look, it's not America's Card Room's fault that your foray in online poker was a massive fail." So he, he went to go troll the World Series of Poker Twitter account saying, well, look, you're, you're just picking on America's card room because your own online poker room is a failure. That's why you're bitter. That's what he's saying to them. So WSOP took the bait. The official World Series of Poker Twitter account responded back. You know how many people get scammed showing up at our event, expecting a seat and getting nothing? Every year, many. And then... Someone named Fake Will the Thrill, Fake Will Fela, which is kind of funny, there's a Fake Will Fela, said, they're not sent by America's Card Room. America's Card Room pays out to your poker account. So he's basically saying uh, America's Card Room doesn't do this. When you win a satellite there, they just put the money in your account and you just expect it to go. I guess you don't have to go, but it's like they call it a World Series satellite, but in reality they're just paying your account the equivalent value of it. So America's Card Room said, correct, we pay the package winners a total of 12500 in their poker balance. So this isn't really a World Series satellite. All they're doing is just running a, a tournament to win $12,500, which you can, if you want, go use to go to the World Series. It could also be a, a satellite to take a, a European vacation worth that amount. Whatever you want to spend 12500 on, or that, that's what it's really for. So WSOP responds. What U.S. state are you licensed to operate in? They sent that to America's Card Room, asking what U.S. state they can operate in. So 
then Saw 24, half-baked, he decided to troll a bit more. He said, please, you happily accepted people from these, quote, illegal sites for years, but now they're your competition. You're mad. Standard BS, LOL. Now, that's kind of a good point that the World Series uh, did allow poker stars even to set up a booth at one point in the Rio and and process buy-ins for it. So uh, they, they, they didn't make that big of a deal. Now, now admittedly, after the UIGEA, they, they didn't make it that easy, but they, they also weren't, like, as strongly against this as they are now that they have their own site. So WSOP said back to Half-Baked, consider yourself warmed. Absolute, ultimate bet, lock, full tilt. This will grow with illegals. Play with fire at your peril. So, of course, he's now jumping to the fact that a lot of these online poker sites will never pay you and are going to steal your money. So then Saw24 decides to keep trolling. He says, the Nevada Gaming Commission handed ultimate bet operators a license for Nevada. That is referring to iOvation getting a license to process verifications. So please get the fuck out with your regulated as much safer. iOvation has a legal license, so please. And the funny thing is he's probably getting a lot of his information from this show. <laughs> I, bet, I bet they'd be thrilled over there at the World Series to know that the, the information they're being trolled with is, is being done by one of our listeners who probably is getting the info from this show. Though, to, to be clear, I didn't send this guy to do it. I didn't know anything about this until after it happened. And I, I don't really know this guy very well other than that he's a listener and a poster on our site. Likely story. <laughs> Maybe he's my secret agent to harass the World Series. <laughs> so so then uh, World Series of Poker responds, good for you, man. You know it all. Best wishes. So then this is where it really goes off the rails. It seemed to be over there. Like, it seemed to be over. Okay, good. You know it all. Whatever. Best wishes. Like, okay. Like, really, a corporate account should not be writing messages like that, but at least it wasn't openly hostile. So then Half-Baked, Shane Hahn, Saw24, whatever you want to call him, responded, put the phone down and let KevMath handle it. (laughs) So he's basically telling the operator of this Uh account, you don't know what the hell you're doing with social media. Put your phone down. Stop tweeting. Give it to KevMath. He's the only one who knows how to do this. (laughs) That is beautiful. So so – WSOP, whoever was running that account, again, I don't know who it is, but whoever was running that account, his hair stood up on end, and he got really pissed. He didn't like that comment, so he decided to look up Half-Baked. He decided to look up Shane Hahn, and and so he, he looked up Shane Hahn and found that Shane Hahn has uh, very, very few tournament caches, like, like almost nothing. But that doesn't mean much. I mean, I... I was a poker pro before I even had one tournament cash. You can be a cash player and make a lot of money. I know people who have made millions of dollars who don't have a single tournament cash or who have a very poor tournament history. In fact, like I know, I know some losing tournament players who've, uh, who are way down in tournaments that have won many millions playing poker in cash games. So the, the two are not related. But anyway, whoever operated the WSOP account looked up Shane Han, looked up the fact that on his Twitter he identifies himself as a professional poker player, and wrote, hmm, a poker pro, and then linked to his tournament results, which show that he has barely cashed anything. This is coming, this is coming from the World Series of Poker corporate main Twitter account. This is not coming from, like, from some employee of the World Series. This is coming from the main World Series of Poker account 
mocking someone for claiming they're a poker pro when they don't have many caches. Way to alienate the people that are going to pay, pay you money and play in your tournaments. Like, I don't know in what world that they thought this is appropriate. Like, a corporate account should never do that. Even Now, even if he wants to say that Shane Hahn was being a jerk to him, even if he wants to say Shane Hahn was trolling him, which he was, he was trolling him, he was trying to agitate the situation, he was screwing around. This is all true. I understand. I'm not saying that uh, he wasn't, but... When you are operating a corporate account, especially for a major corporation, you have to hold back. You cannot get in Twitter flame wars with people. You've, you've just got to take it. You've got to take the abuse. Do you know how many nasty tweets come in to big corporations all the time? Look at the airlines. Look, go look at American Airlines, uh, how, how people write to them. Uh, people trash them all the time. People trash many large corporations all the time. You look on Twitter, any large corporation, especially in an industry where a lot of complaints come in, you're going to see a lot of trashing of them. Could you imagine like the American Airlines Twitter account fighting back and forth with people? Could you imagine like the, the AT&T Twitter account fighting back and forth with people? Of course not. Yeah, never. Never. Like you, you just can't do it. This is a, it, it doesn't look professional. You have to just uh, accept that people will criticize you when you're on social media. A- another problem is when you fight back and forth, it brings attention to the person fighting with you. In fact, I actually take that policy is that sometimes I will get people trolling me on Twitter. Sometimes listeners to the show, sometimes readers of the forum, sometimes I don't know where they know me, but they, some people really try to troll me pretty hard on Twitter. And sometimes I'm about to fire up Twitter and give them an answer. I go, wait a minute. If I do that, then all my followers are going to see the whole exchange back and forth, and I will have just given this person who has like 10 followers, thousands of people, I think I have like 2,000 followers, I'll, I'll give them 2,000 people to, to go see their comment. I, I don't want to give them... That traffic, I mean, I, they don't, I don't know that to them, so I just don't respond. And that's, that's basically what you're doing. You're, I don't think – let's see how, many, uh, see how many followers Shane Hahn has. I don't think it's that many. Not to put him down, I, you know, he's just not a, a well-known person. You don't want to feed the trolls. Yeah, he that's has, just what they want. And it's even worse because you're, you're, get, you're drawing people's attention to the trolls. So Shane Hahn, half-baked, he has 190 followers. So when he tweets to the World Series – 190 followers see it, and anyone who is searching for tweets to the World Series will see it. But that's not that many people. But other than that, nobody sees it. But when he responds even once to him, then everybody who follows the World Series, which is a very large number of people, they all see it. Then they all see Shane Hahn's trolls. There's 217,000 people following the main World Series account. So, so these, this troll fest back and forth is now being seen by 217,000 people instead of 190. That, that's what a huge blunder that is. That, and that's the main reason you don't, aside from just not looking professional, that's the main reason you don't respond, is because it gives an audience to the trolls who otherwise would be mostly ignored. Well, let's not forget about the fact that we're representing a multi-million dollar company. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. what? This is ridiculous. Yeah, I can't, I mean, I can't believe yeah, it. And, yeah, and, and like, let's say I tweeted to a celebrity and bashed him, Okay. Uh, who would see that? It, w- it would mostly be people who follow me. But let's say it was a, a celebrity like 10 million followers. If that person even responded to me, their 10 million followers would now see it. it they would just give me so much more exposure. That's what they're doing here. And, and uh, as was just said, it's, a, it's supposed to be a professional corporation that doesn't get down in the mud with people. You just, uh, you, you just can't do that. You, if you, well, I mean, this just reinforces the... Uh, 
fact that hiring Kev Math was a really good idea yeah. and they need to change the passwords on that goddamn account. Yeah, I mean, that, that day can't come soon <laughs> enough. They, they shouldn't just give pa- Kev Math the account sit for between June 1st and July, whatever. He should be yeah. running it the whole year because Kev Math wouldn't have done this. Kev Math, uh, uh, what he would have done is uh, he would have said, uh, for your information, uh, the following, this satellite is not an official WSOP satellite. That would have been it. Like, that, that's the right thing for them to do. It's fine to point that out. It's right to point that out. But, <laughs> I mean, to get in this flame war, it's crazy, especially with an individual who's not even involved with America's card room, just a troll on, on Twitter, which is what this guy was. He went and posted on our site and admitted he was trolling. So, uh, I mean, we can hope that this was just, you know, some random intern at Caesars or something. I mean, because if this guy is, uh, or gal, I guess, is actually someone who is high up in management at Caesars, I mean, God forbid, <laughs> you know, the what other kind of horrible decisions they're going to make, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, it's a, it's a serious to a serious lack of judgment to not have the mindset to realize that you do not engage in a ridiculous flame lore like this when you're representing the company. Yeah, I mean, they've, come on. they've never been good at social media at the World Series. That's why Kev Math, yeah, as you said, was such a great hire. They've Every year they do stupid things on social media. They use that main WSOP tweet uh, account. To, to fight with people. They, they fought with people last year. They called uh, Jonathan Aguiar like a, a little bitch or something like that. That, that account has been used to, to troll and insult so many people. And, yeah. and uh, that account has had such a bad attitude. They need to not use it that way. They need to learn you don't use social media that way. And the World Series is very good at marketing. They're, they're very good at, at, at putting out prepared statements. That, that type of stuff they're all very good at. What, what they're terrible at is operating social media accounts on the fly. They're horrible at it, and they, they just need to, to stop. They, they've hired someone who's good at it. They've hired someone who's, who's very even-tempered, who does not ever fight with people, who, who puts out good information. Let him use it. I mean, just have him start the job a week early. <laughs> just get him off the account. Whoever's using that account, get off of it. So... That's, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure they've made a good decision. You ever you ever heard that expression? Uh, you uh, you do drunk what you've thought about when you're sober. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that kind of applies here, right? I mean, the social media is just a window into their mentality, and it, it would just scare me a little bit if that was actually an exec at Caesars. You know, you know what's scaring me right now is the dog. Wait, whose whose dog is that? It's my dog. I'm going to mute my mic until okay. they're done okay. harassing whatever. Uh, okay. I thought it was the super pug. <laughs> well, you know what? This, he really barks mainly when he wants food, or occasionally he gets startled. Like if you if you hop up out of your chair really fast, he thinks that something's wrong and he'll start barking. Uh, I, th- I think that's because he's old. I think he's he's All not right, senile, I think but yeah, I think it's safe now. Sorry about that. Okay. I wasn't sure if you could pick it up because I'm on a headset. I, th- I thought I thought the dog. Actually, can. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought maybe the dog was barking at uh, at the WSOP Twitter account. <laughs> then, then I would say that he probably agrees that the dog has good taste. And uh... I don't know, man. My my seven year old might be even more tactful than the guys running that account. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. It's a, like you just think about it. You just think the World Series of Poker. Think what a huge brand that is, and what a huge company Caesars is, and and the account is actually sitting there fighting back and forth with someone from our site who's trolling them. Like I, I, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around it, even after everything that's happened. So. Uh, the the Kevmath era on that account can't come soon enough. Though I will say it was very entertaining. I I actually laughed out loud reading this stuff, and uh, and then this is another funny thing that was written. So a guy named Dan O'Brien wrote WSOP: The irony of you questioning half baked professionalism, referring to his 
pro poker results with an absolute lack of any of yourself is brilliant. Hashtag nobody's trying. So the, I love this response. WSOP says back, that was the exact intent, Dan, responding to trolling with a dig by trolling back. <laughs> so they, they're actually admitting they were trolling. Just just in case you think that uh, maybe they weren't. The, the WSOP actually was saying, <laughs> we're, we're, we were trolling this guy. Yes, he trolled us first, but we trolled him back. So, uh, so then Jay Farber responded, as a company, you're not supposed to troll individuals. I think that's taught in Business 101. <laughs> so I mean, this is crazy. And one other funny thing is that uh, America's card room for all their posturing of, oh, we've always paid out our packages. Oh, we, you know, they, they almost escaped this looking okay until they tweeted later that day, sorry for the inconvenience, all tournaments will be canceled and refunded. So they actually got scared. Mm. After all this, we're like, oh, no, no, we pay our packages. No, no, we're good. Everything's fine. We've, we've paid 50 packages. Uh, sorry, our tournaments are canceled. So, so. <laughs> Hey, Druff, I just got a, a little anonymous tip. Yeah. That uh, the, the person operating that Twitter account was Seth Polanski. I mean, I I've suspected that was the case. I, I uh, I'm not going to say it was him because I don't have any uh, any proof. It does match with uh, some of the other uh, type of. Things I mean, that's that's said. worse though. I mean, if it was you know if it was some random intern or something, they'd be like, all right, well, you know, I, maybe maybe they're irresponsible giving him access. But if it's Seth, I mean, Jesus Christ! Yeah, well, he's done this before. That's why I thought it might be him because he. Uh, here's the problem. Seth Polanski, when it, when it comes to uh, communications type things for the World Series, like I, I get the press releases all the time, and and, and uh, you know those are well written, and if I write to him, he responds right away with a detailed message. He's very accessible. With all that, he's good at his job. There's one area where he's not good at his job, and that is social media. He's just with, with social media, uh, he, his temper gets the better of him every time. And last year, he snapped at people who were complaining about the the Lions for Colossus, and like like every year there seems to be some issue when he's operating that account where and yeah, wasn't there some issue with John Aguilar too? Yes, yes, there was, yeah. and so so yeah. like he's he he has a temper obviously, and he lets people's trolling get to him, and then he uses the official World Series account. To, to yell at people, and, and you can't do that. So I thought when they hired KevMath this year, I thought, that well, okay, that's the end of that. We're not going to see any funny tweets from the World Series account because KevMath's going to be operating. They must understand that nobody operating that account is very good at it because the, the truth is we've seen from all three bigwigs at the World Series, which are Seth Polanski, Jack Effel, and Ty Stewart, all three of them have a temper. All three of them uh, don't act properly on social media when it comes to the World Series. All, all three of them... Uh, have issues with that. None yeah, of them are. Seth, Seth Polanski's Twitter account is a protected account. Oh, interesting. I so only that. only people that he allows to follow him can actually see his tweets. Yeah. So I I so, can only imagine. <laughs> so so yeah. I, and I thought I you know I thought that uh, they figured it out this year. They figured okay, we don't really have the demeanor to run social media. We uh, we keep making mistakes. We're just gonna we're gonna give the job to a very even tempered, nice guy. Who's very helpful, 
who's who's never going to take it personally, who's never going to fight with people, and yeah, they, so they they hired the perfect guy for it. But then, okay, give the account to him then. <laughs> Don't use that account anymore. You're making a mistake. Yeah. I mean, you're really yeah, making they, a mistake. They've got to just change the password on that damn thing. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, I'm seriously like Seth should walk into the office the next morning. Log into Twitter and it'll give him an error. He'll be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, they, they need. Yeah, they need to give it to Kev Math now. They they really do. They need to. Seth needs to stick to what he's good at. He needs to stick to his uh, his areas of expertise. Social media is not one of them. He needs to stick to what he's been good at doing all these years. And uh, uh, this this is just something that it's kind of like having a, a good pitcher when he comes up to bat and you just see him flailing at the ball. And he just he cannot hit for the life of him, and he's batting zero. And you you think, wow, it's amazing this guy. You watch him pitch; he looks so good, and then he comes up with a bat, and he looks awful. That's kind of like Seth Polanski when he uses the uh, the WSOP account. Like he just uh, uh, it's like a different person. It's like, it's like yeah, because if you if you let people that are trying to get a rise out of you or troll you, if you let them get to you and you get angry from it, I mean, they're just gonna swarm on you. It's gonna be. It's just a feeding frenzy. Well, and it's you know? I, mean, yeah, I can't and even imagine. And it's, di- and it's different if it's on like a, a forum where you know you've got an account, uh, your personal account, fighting with people back and forth on a forum. This this is a corporate Twitter account that should never right. ever ever be used to troll, to fight with people, to argue with people. Never. It should be just very simple information and promotional material that's disseminated to the public. There should be nothing controversial, nothing, even the slightest yeah. bit controversial about any kind of corporate Twitter account ever. Ever. Yeah, because you're representing the brand. Yeah, ever. You know? There's no way that will ever look good for your company to have controversial material on your corporate account. I don't care if it's for the World Series, for American Airlines, for AT&T, no matter what your company is, even a small company. Never, never, never use your corporate Twitter account to argue, to troll, to uh, get into flame wars. Never. Just avoid all of it. Yeah, now some of the really good uh, corporate Twitter accounts, they they don't ignore the people that are, you know, uh, tweeting at them all sorts of nasty stuff. They actually have a really good – they must hire, like, professional comedians or something uh, to deflect and, and you know, make uh, light of the uh, stuff that's coming in. And, and some of those guys are amazing at the job. I wouldn't be surprised if they were, you know, professional comedians or, or definitely people that have studied communication for a very long time. Yeah. And that, that's what's needed. You have to have yeah. somebody, whatever is operated, is, it can never come off as hostile or angry. Never. So that's, uh, they, they just need to learn this. It's just very simple. And every year I say this and it keeps happening. So I, I have a feeling next year, I have a feeling next year that they're going to let, uh, they're going to let Kev Math take over earlier, but who knows? And maybe they'll be stupid and they'll let, uh, they'll only have him operated from June, June 1st through July. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Caller. That's a great call. Thank you. <laughs> why, I don't know why they do that. Like, why, why call and hang up on me? Like, I understand more if you can't hear me, I can't hear you, but why? I don't get it. Well, at least I can say we got a call tonight. Actually, we, we got one anyway. We actually got more than that. We just didn't. Uh... I may actually, I'm just like, I may actually win my, my extra innings bet for the first time, like ever. I, I always lose an extra innings. I'm losing, I'm leading three two right now in the bottom of the thirteenth. Like it's, uh, you don't know how badly I run in extra innings. Today, I already lost one in extra innings today. I, I always lose an extra innings. Like if the game goes to extra innings, I almost I like turn it off because I know I'm going to lose. And I, 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 of course, the road team has a disadvantage, and a lot of times I bet in the road teams, but 
I don't think I've won one in extra innings. I have a lot go at extra innings. They always lose. It's it's the it's so tilting. And I've had some lucky wins in late innings. Like I've had some where I'm losing after eight and I win in the ninth. But it, it's it's the extras that just kill me. I'm sorry. I'm just uh, I just like looked. And I'm like, oh wow, I took a lead. Wow. But it's extra innings. Anything can happen. So uh, someone just. Message me. I can keep their uh, the thirty two dollars they won. Just uh, can you PM that to me, please, so I can keep track of it. That's what I do after the show. Is just like I keep track of all the the winnings. So if you're you're rolling your free roll win is the next week or whatever, then I then I can post it to the thread. So anyway, uh, yeah, the World Series of Poker acted inappropriately on the Twitter account. Again, we're not sure it's uh, Seth Polanski. That's been the rumor. That's what I thought when I read it. But uh, Allegedly. Allegedly. I, I, I don't have any evidence it's him, but uh, it does seem like him. And uh, he has operated in the past, and he has gotten into controversies in the past on it. And uh, one other thing happened was that <laughs> this is, this is uh, I, I don't know what's the worst part of this whole thing. They, when fighting with America's card room, they responded to them by saying, as, yeah, America's Card Room said, none, we're not licensed in any states to operate, which is kind of interesting that they'd say that, which is true, but like <laughs> they admitted this. And yet, we're one of the most trusted U.S. poker sites with super fast payouts. And then WSFP responded, perhaps, and then they at-tweeted him, Preet Bara could look into your claims. <laughs> wow. So they're actually they're actually tagging Preet Vara, the uh, the head of the DOJ, to, to look into the claims that they pay out quickly and that they're a non-licensed U.S. poker room. That's wow. actually pretty hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now the not that Preet Vara isn't aware that America's Card Room exists. I mean, they, they know Bovada exists. They know America's Card Room exists. They just uh, they, they pick and choose who they go after and when they go after them, but that's funny. It's a, so someone saying that they're that the WSP is a snitch. I, I I wouldn't say that because it's not like this is some under the radar room. I mean, you, you'd really really have to be under a rock if you're in the uh, attorney general's office and you don't know America's card room exists, given that it's the number two sized U.S. facing poker room operating illegally in the U.S. only behind Bovada. So. Obviously, they know it exists, but that, that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that actually doesn't really bother me a whole bunch coming out of the Twitter account. I think it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> so, well, he has a sense of humor a little bit. So, yeah, that's uh, – yes, I, I reject the people that say he was snitching there because, uh, as I said, America's card – I don't think the owner of America's card room thinks there's even a 1% chance that Preet Bara doesn't know they exist. Believe me, the DOJ knows all of this exists. It's just a matter of who they go after and when they go after them. Yep. And, and, of course, a lot of what they do in that uh, office in that Southern District of New York, the one that busts all the poker sites, a lot of what they do, actually all of what they do is motivated by money. So when they are convinced that, number one, they can bust someone, and number two, that they will get money out of it, that's when they move. Uh, when they think busting someone will be hard because they can't reach them, they can't find them, uh, there's nothing really to seize or grab in the U.S. of much value. That's when they don't do it because it's uh, it's not going to net much. What they want is they they want to uh, net a big score for the U.S. government because this this office keeps track of everything it seizes from criminal organizations, and then at the end of the year brags that the U.S. made this many dollars thanks to this office's seizures. They really do that. So that's that's the whole point of this office is to seize assets from large criminal enterprises. So. Even though Bovada is large, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to 
seize anything with them. They're not in the U.S. It's it's kind of hard. Like they can they can try to shut them down and try to shut down their .eu site, but it's 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 not going to net them much. That's the problem. They uh, so they they haven't done it yet. I'm not saying it won't happen. Like one day I may wake up and Bovada will just be gone, and my the money I have on there will be gone, which will be sad. But uh, that's also why I've been uh, withdrawing quickly. <laughs> not I don't I'm, expect this to happen. I'm sad I can't even play on Bovada. Yeah, it's true. I actually, I'm not in a panic about Bovada. I don't think, like if someone asked me at the end of 2016, will Bovada still exist? I, th- I say yes. But at the same time, I have more money on there right now than I want to have. I've already done three withdrawals this month, but I still have like 47K on there. So I've got to uh, got to keep at it. I guess it's a good problem to have in a way. But uh you know, it's it, a good problem to have until they shut down. Until they shut down or until you, they, you know, the money you think you won, you don't really get. I, I've always said the money you've won online, and I've said this going back more than 10 years, not just after Black Friday. The money you've won online is not actually money won until you have it in your bank account. It's not because the site may go down. You may never see it. There, there, I know people who had hundreds of thousands on UB when it – went down from Black Friday. I, I didn't feel bad for them because they shouldn't have been playing on there in the first place after everything that happened, but the money they thought they won wasn't theirs. If if PokerStars had not bailed out full tilt, anything you had on there would have been meaningless. So you may say, oh, I won this much today, and it feels like you did, but until that money hits your bank account on one of these illegal sites, it is not yours. Not yours. It means you have a right to it, but you may never see it. So, uh, and in fact, for tax implications, I, I feel that uh, that's the case too. It's when you withdraw, because otherwise, uh, the money's not yours. It's not a foreign bank account. It's not a bank account. It's it's money that is owed to you. And the way the IRS sees it, by the way, for these those of you that don't know, the IRS is taxing all income, and they don't care if it's legal or illegal. So, if you are selling drugs for a living, you're selling cocaine, meth, whatever, you're selling very illegal drugs for a living, the IRS actually wants you to declare that income. Now, it's a complicated situation. You don't want to say, I, I sold cocaine, I made this much money, because then you're going to be admitting that you sold cocaine and <laughs> a slam-dunk case against you by the DEA or the local police, but the IRS does want their money. Yeah, I know some people in some occupations that they, they have that problem. And believe me, they they declare the money that they earn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can declare like if you, you can declare to the IRS, and, and if you made false uh, claims as to how you got it, but you paid the right amount of taxes on it, then you actually have not committed any crime as far as the IRS is concerned. That's usually what right. they do is they they they, right. they claim phony reasoning. But the the thing is that they do expect you to pay taxes. So uh, the point is here that uh, just like if 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 you sold. $50,000 worth of cocaine uh, with the agreement that the drug dealer will pay you tomorrow or next week or whatever, and then the drug dealer runs off and doesn't pay you. Uh, let's say a, let's say the calendar year changed. Let's say on December 28th, you, you gave a guy 50000 in cocaine. He said, okay, I'm going to pay you $50,000. Uh, i will give it to you by next week. It's only when you actually receive the money. Just his, his claim he owes it to you. The fact that the transaction happened at the end of December doesn't matter. It's when you got paid. And if you don't ever get paid, then 
you don't owe taxes on it. It's the same with an online poker site. Just because it says your balance is 50K, you haven't really won 50K. You've won 50K when you actually receive the 50K. And uh, there, there could be some legal challenges to that. You know, what if someone just uh, uh, games that for tax purposes, you know, for one year versus the next where they want it to be for the next year's income? But the, the, the truth is you are – it's not your money until they've paid you. It's not a bank account. It's not uh, money that you actually have. They're claiming they owe it to you. It's like an IOU, but they haven't paid you. That's what, that's what your online poker balance really is, is an IOU. So, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. When Black Friday hit, I mean, I had a, a decent amount of money on Full Tilt. I didn't play a ton on Stars. I, I basically just wrote it off. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, <laughs> that's gone. I wasn't counting on that at all. Yeah. So, Thankfully, I got it back, but I, I just mentally wrote it off. You know? Yeah. And, and, of course, uh, yeah, the WSOP's point about the tax form, that's, that's not really relevant here because you can pay taxes on money that was made from playing online poker without getting any forms. In fact, that's what you're expected to do is whatever money you make playing online poker, you're expected to keep track of it and then pay the appropriate taxes on it as, as just regular income. And it doesn't matter they didn't give you a form. So uh, the form is really just informing the government, hey, this person owes this many taxes. But uh, so they're not filing that, but that's a, that's an issue on their end. But as far as the, the player, as far as the money they owe in taxes, it's the same thing whether they get a form or not. So anyway, that's a interesting story with with the Twitter accounts uh, battling back and forth. I, I think America's card room they they shouldn't have been posturing like this that they're going to back down and cancel the tournament anyway. They should have uh, they could have just <laughs> said, okay, sorry about that. We'll cancel the tournament. Would have made them look a little bit uh, scared, but at least uh, it would have shown the World Series that they're not looking to screw with them. Here they, they kind of took a defiant tone and then canceled it anyway. Kind of like a yeah, kid in school who, who says he's willing to fight you. And they go, okay, let's go outside. And, oh, wait, you know what? Uh, 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 never mind. I, I, I'm not going to fight you. My allergies are acting up. Yeah. I can't go outside. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I see that a lot in poker rooms where, where people will posture and act really tough and act like they're willing to throw down in a fight, but in reality they, they will not actually do it if it were to come to it. <laughs> they just jump up and act like they're willing to, to go at it or willing to go outside, but they, they, they really hope it's not going to come to that. And if it does, then they'll, they'll make an excuse and not do it. But uh, not that people should be fighting in card rooms. In fact, one of the best-known card room fights is on YouTube – on the Poker Fraud Alert YouTube account. We do have a YouTube account. If you go on YouTube and type Poker Fraud Alert, you will find our YouTube channel, and we have a a video with over 300,000, maybe now 400,000 views, of a fight that occurred in May of last year at Harrah's New Orleans in the poker room. You should check it out. It's an interesting fight. It's the most interesting poker room fight I've ever seen. And it's on video. The only place you can see it is on our, our YouTube channel, too. But, of course, uh, I stupidly never monetized it. Like, I, I haven't made a penny from it, even though I probably could have with 400,000 views. There's, like, a guy I know who got, like, 20,000 views on one of his videos, and he's actually told me he's made, like, a few hundred bucks from it. I'm like, crap. <laughs> I, I, I could have made something off this, that's for sure. I guess it's not too late, but... All right, let's, let's uh, talk about the World Series. And before we do that... Let me take a look at the chat room. FTPGs is referring to tax. That's why they need the fair tax. No more worries about who's making what. What do you want to spend? 
your 100K from your drug deal, they pay tax. I'm a little confused what he's trying to say. I think he's trying to defend the flat tax. That's a, that's a whole different subject. Uh, Shiz Money said, Polanski probably missed the action of trolling people online since protecting his account. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, this is for Saw24. He's in the chat. He said, uh, it was good times, Druff. Referring to the the trolling he did, yeah, I mean that's he, he's got to feel a bit proud of himself because this is not uh, a known person at all in poker. He's just a he's a prof- professional poker player. I don't know if he's a cash player or what, but he listens to this show. He's not a known person. Like before this week, he's a Shane Han. Nobody knows who the hell that is, and he he really baited the WSOP account into doing something stupid. So that's uh, that that's a troll's dream is to to bait. A big entity like that into doing something dumb. That's that's what trolls try to do. So, yeah, my hats off to him. I think it's hilarious. So okay, let's see here. Um, the World Series of Poker. It is starting next week. The first open event is on June second. The Casino Employees event is on June first. And I, I want to give some advice to those of you who are going to come out and play it. I see people making a lot of mistakes. And I don't mean necessarily mistakes at the table, though I'll talk a bit about that too. But a lot of mistakes off the table that will affect your ability at the table. So let me give you some tips here. First of all, I would suggest you stay at the Rio. Unless it's like one of those high-profile weekends where it's really, really expensive, like the Colossus, but then again, it'll be expensive everywhere. But I would suggest staying at the Rio. It's, It's not the nicest place. It's it's not a complete dump. I think the Rio actually gets a, a worse rap than it deserves. Uh, I, I think it, you don't stay there and say, oh, my God, this is a complete dump. It's, it's the, you don't feel like you're staying in a flea bag motel. You feel like you're staying in an older hotel that has actually aged more than its years. It's about 20 years old, but it, it, it it's, looks a bit older than that. But you feel like you're staying in an older hotel with decent-sized rooms. Yeah, the rooms are pretty big. With some maintenance issues. But other than that, it's, it's acceptable. Like, I stay there for weeks, and I don't feel like... I don't feel like I'm in a dive. I don't feel like I'm in a slum. And I would feel that if I was in a real, an actual crappy hotel. Or motel. Like, if, someone, if it was most convenient to stay at Motel 6 to play at the World Series, I wouldn't do it. But the, the Rio is not like that. The Rio is not a nice hotel. But it's not a horrible hotel. But what what you lose in luxury, you gain in convenience. And that's why I could stay at Caesars when I'm there, but I don't. It'd be the same price, zero, for me to stay at Caesars, but I don't. I stay at the Rio because the convenience factor is huge. Let me tell you the reasons to stay at the Rio. Number one, no driving anywhere, no parking. You just get out of bed, take a shower if you feel like it. If you don't, don't worry, nobody else at the table did. Uh, Go down there. And sit down. It's a little bit of a walk, maybe like an eight-minute walk from the hotel down to the, uh, the tournament area because that's in the convention area, but it's just a walk. There's no driving. There's no parking. It's easy. It's as easy as you can get. During the breaks, you can return to your room, including the short 20-minute breaks. If you're fast enough, you can actually walk briskly. You don't have to run. Just walk briskly to your room, go up, use the bathroom, and come back. Why would you do that? Because during... High-traffic events like the Colossus, the bathroom line will be insane. Now, if you're a woman, it won't be because there's barely any women playing poker. 
But if you're a man, which you probably are if you're listening to this show, you're going to have an obscene line for the bathroom if there's any decent turnout for that event. And you don't want that. In fact, you may be late coming back to play because the bathroom line is so long. I've seen bathroom lines that look like they're 35 minutes long. I'm not kidding. So you could just walk to your room, go in your own bathroom, and walk back down. Now, Todd, do you think there's going to be a higher percentage of males that are uh, claiming to identify as female during WSOP that, breaks this year? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. That's the big subject in 2016. If you can think of one subject that's really defined 2016, it's the, it's the transgender bathroom subject. And, uh, yeah, like I don't know what the World Series position is on this. And also, what about the ladies' event? Uh, can you play the ladies' event if you identify as female but you're, you're not? Yeah, for ten times the buy-in. Yeah, right? no, no. But what about what if you're? Uh, well, actually, I know the answer. The answer is it depends what it says on your ID. So if it says female on your ID, you can play for a thousand. If it says male, it's for ten thousand. No matter how you dress or what you identify as. But the bathroom—that's a good question. What if, what if I woke up on on June fourteenth, which is my first event, and I said, you know what? I I, I feel pretty. I I feel like a female today, and uh, and, and I. I, I guess it wouldn't matter whether I put on a dress or not. I could still say identify as female. So I come down, and then it's time for me to use the bathroom. And I say, you know what? Uh, I'm, I have an announcement today. I'm identifying as female. I'm becoming a woman. So I'm not standing in this 35-minute bathroom line. I am going to be just sauntering right into the female bathroom, the women's bathroom, and uh, have no line. I wonder if I could claim discrimination If they were to uh, throw me out Or arrest me or anything like that That's a, that's a good question I wonder Just wear, wear a dress and claim you're transgender Or whatever Well, I'm saying I, could, I could claim that without a dress what, what, what actually what the left wants right now Is they want anyone who identifies as female No matter how they're dressed No matter how they look No matter what their genitalia is That they can enter whatever bathroom of the gender They identify with at the moment and That's uh, So that's that, I have a big problem with that, and uh, I wonder if the World Series, uh, what their opinion is on that subject. Truff, if you do that, I want to be there to videotape it, because I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> you you walk up to the women's bathroom, security guard tries to stop you, and you're like, oh, wait, wait a minute, I, I identify as a female. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I should do here? La- last year at the World Series, I, I grew out like a World Series of Poker beard. I, I, I guess I channeled uh, Brock Parker and grew out a long beard. And, and I didn't shave it until, like, August. But I, I wonder if I should start this now, since I've got another few weeks till the World Series begins. I should just uh, grow out the beard, have my beard be as long as possible, and, 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 and walk in with this long beard into the women's bathroom and say that I identify as female. And uh, just, just dress normally, just like a guy. Dress just totally normally like I would dress. And just say, you know, today I'm a female. I would just love to see you argue with them. I think it would be <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> That's a good question, though. But, but yeah, look, about the Rio, though, you, you do want to go up to uh, your own room if the bathrooms are jammed like that, and you can do that at the Rio. But even more important, the dinner break. The dinner break is a time that uh, you're not going to enjoy very much, probably, if you are not staying at the Rio. Unless you're with friends there, you can go to dinner with friends and just kind of hang out and talk. Then, then the time goes pretty quickly. But if you're by yourself, that's the longest 60 or 90 minutes you're going to have because it's not going to take that long to eat. And you're going to sit and sit and sit and sit. You're going to be so bored and go, oh, my God, when's it starting? When's it starting? When's it starting? And it's even worse when you go to dinner break with a super short stack. And you've got to wait and wait and wait to come back to this nub of a stack. This is what I do during the dinner break. I go back to my room. 
I'll sometimes take food out from one of the outlets at the Rio, not the poker kitchen, which I'll get to in a second, but I'll, I'll order something for takeout and take it back up to my room. But I relax there. Maybe I'll get on the internet. Maybe I'll just lie down in bed. Maybe I'll lie down in bed and get on the internet. Uh, this isn't going to go uh, Ken Scaler on uh, us, You know, it? I was thinking that. I actually... <laughs> I, I, I was actually I when you're not going to the bathroom to no. relax. <laughs> I was actually listening to uh, an old show on the Call to Listen line. I forgot to mention the Call to Listen line. I knew I was forgetting something. Well, too late. Seven one two seven seven five eight one six two. That's the phone number you can listen to the show at any time. Doesn't cost any data. You don't need a smartphone. Nothing. But uh, you guys probably already know about that. Anyway, I was listening on the Call to Listen line the other day, and I heard. A question from the chat room that someone else read to me, one of the co-hosts. Druff, do you ever masturbate before the World Series of Poker? And I said, you know, that's actually a good question. This is what I said. I listened to my advice then, which is two years ago, and I'm going to give the same advice now. I feel, I'm not talking about breaks now, I'm talking about like right before the event. I personally feel that unless you are tired, it is actually a good idea to masturbate before the World Series of Poker. <laughs> Now, hold on. Hear me oh out here. Hear, hear me out. Listen to why this is a good idea, okay? This is, these are the pro tips that you're handing out yes, to people? Yes. Jerk off before you go play? Well, okay. It's I, like in something about Mary. You don't want to go out with a loaded gun. Right. That's what, he's ta- that's what I'm uh, talking about. Right. Okay. Here's, here's the reason it's good to masturbate before the World Series of Poker. And you're not, you're not going to hear this content on the 2 Plus 2 Poker Cast. I promise you. Okay? Uh, th- this is why I think it's a good idea. It's because – you don't want distractions. You, you, don't, you don't want to have to – you're not going to see many attractive females at your table. It's going to be uh, yeah, I was going to say, how many distractions no, no, are no, no, there? No, but there are I because, mean, you know, because there's, there's, there's pretty girls they hire there that, uh, that are advertising things or like spokesmodel for things. There's, there's a lot of poker players' girlfriends who walk around that are hot that, uh, that are dating these, these various poker players. And you don't want these distractions. Like, like why not do that? Why not uh, take that edge off? You don't want to. You don't want to be feeling like like you need to All do right, that. So, so number one on Todd Wattellis's list of preparing for the World Series is jerk off before you play well, the event. But, but I have an asterisk to that. If you're tired, <laughs> if you didn't get enough sleep, then don't do it because it'll sap your energy. You, you know, there's a lot of times you do that, and then you kind of feel tired afterwards. You feel like you want to take a nap or go to sleep. See, that's what you don't want. If you if you only got four hours of sleep that night, then don't do it because it's going to sap your energy. And the most oh, important rough, thing is rough. to have As energy. if there wasn't enough horrible stuff stuck between the chips and the cards. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, you should wash, you should wash Think your about hands. what you're advising well, people you should, to do. You should wash your hands afterwards, okay? But I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that uh, – that's that's uh, that's not bad advice as far as uh, what you do, but we shouldn't do it during a break because that's that goes back to the tiredness thing because you don't want to you don't want to tire yourself out and that's that leads me to my next point. Nothing about masturbation, by the way, but my next point is during the break you need to eat a light meal or no meal. You don't want to eat a heavy meal because when you eat a heavy you meal, eat this meal before or after you masturbate. Uh, I would no, you would do it during the break, or you can also eat before the event. But it's important; it's a light meal. The reason it's important to have a light meal, or no meal, but not a heavy one, is that a heavy meal, your body has to expend a lot of energy to digest it, and you will feel sluggish and tired back at the table, and you may have stomach problems. What if you, what you know, what if your stomach's starting to hurt? What if you feel like you you have to go take a dump, and you, know, you may have to like you may eat, and then you start the event again. And then uh, 20 minutes later, you feel like you have to run to the bathroom. Well, 
what do you do? You have uh, an hour 40 to the next break. And, you know, you know how it is. If, if your stomach's really hurting, you have to go. So that's the last thing you want, especially after the dinner break, when it's already starting to get deeper in the event. This sounds like a joke, but it's not. I'm serious. The deeper the event is, the lighter the meal you should have. If now, should you, you know, kind of lighten up on the masturbating the deeper well, you no, get? Well, I would or? say you don't do that at all at that point because you just don't. Oh, really? to, you don't. Yeah, you don't want to sap your energy at that point because at this point. But wouldn't you, they, Well, what are, I mean, the distractions matter even more at that. No, point, no, because I, th- I think the problem is here that once you get deeper in an event, you have been expending a lot of energy at that point already with with all the stress, uh, with all the hours you've been up playing. So at this point, you're already tired. So you don't want to make it worse. I'm talking about like right in the morning when you're not tired. It's okay to do that, but not not in the middle of the event. So I, I would okay. suggest, yeah, you don't do that during the event. And, yes, and masturbating in the middle of the event would would be bad. You'd probably get arrested. Well, I mean like back in your room. I'm, oh, probably, okay. I'm assuming that people take my advice and stay at the Rio. Uh, God, the Lord knows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, and, and, uh, so, so have a light meal. Do not have heavy meals either before or during the event. Now, where should you have these meals? Well, if you don't care about money, go ahead and go to that poker kitchen. Go ahead and go to that All-American Dave's, which supposedly makes healthy food. But both of these options are big ripoffs. Both of these options cost a lot of money. Now, maybe you'll take the attitude of, I'm entering the event for $1,500, $2,500, whatever. Who cares if I buy an overpriced meal that I'm paying $25 for when it really should be 12 Like, who cares? Okay. Maybe that's your attitude. That's not mine. I, I don't like being gouged. So... If you want a more reasonably priced meal, I would suggest walking back to the main hotel area of the Rio and just take out from one of the restaurants. I used to take out from Buzio's a lot, but they're gone now. They've been replaced by a Mexican restaurant owned by a Guy Fieri called uh, El Burro Barasco or something. I, I ate there in Laughlin. It, it was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It, it was okay. So take out from there. Uh, take out from the All-American Bar and Grill. Just uh, take something out or even even sit in there if you want, if you don't want to take it up to your room. But you'll get a much better value over there. And I would suggest that over the super overpriced poker kitchen, which is famous for its $6 Gatorade bottles, or the All-American Dave's, which overcharges you big time in the name of healthy food and in the name of having a hot chick come and deliver it to you. Which I, I guess is a... A pretty smart thing that Dave is doing by hiring hot chicks to bring it to you at the table. But to me, I, I don't know about you. Would you care who brings you the food? Does it matter to you if it's a hot chick or a dude? I mean, you know, it, it doesn't matter a ton and then I'm going to pay a lot more for it. But it's nice to see a pretty girl walk up for sure. Yeah, see, to me, it doesn't matter. To me, it just uh, – I, I, if I just want to eat, that's just what I want. I just want to have the food. I'm not even thinking about that. Like I don't really care if the – Hot girls bringing it to me, or if it's a dude bring, I, I just want. The yeah, but to bring I mean, it. it's just like going to a restaurant, you know. I mean, it's a little bit nicer if the decor is nice, you know. It's no different. Maybe, but I, I guess with the restaurant's a little different because you can keep staring at the waitress over and over when she comes back. Just one time, it just uh, it wouldn't do much for me. So no, no. What I mean is that you know, in, in this case, the the fact that it's a, a attractive girl delivering it to you is kind of like. A restaurant having nice decor. You know, it's a little bit nicer. It's not a big deal. Okay. Oh, I think someone's scraping this on their beard. Do you, do you have a beard, Northern California guy? No. Who, who's doing the... I, I have a beard, but I don't think it's me. Okay. Well, it wasn't me, but here, I'm, I'm going to show you what it sounds like. I'm going to scrape it against my beard. That's what it sounds like. 
Well, that that doesn't make good radio. I just I wanted to demonstrate it. Well, see, I I didn't like hearing it either. I don't know who did it, but since there's two of you, I don't know who to blame. All right. So anyway, with the World Series, uh, let, let me get to the next point about it. As far as when you should register for events, I think it's maybe too late to register by credit card or pre-register online, register whatever. But I would say avoid all that. I, I would say until you're sure the system is working well. Don't go with anything experimental regarding registration. Now, you may say, oh, no, well, what, about, what about Colossus? I'm, I'm not going to stand in a six-hour line. My answer is don't. Here are some ways to avoid the line for high-profile events. And I, when I say high-profile events, I mean any event with 1,000 people or more. First of all, come at least two days before the event takes place and register then. Most people want to register the day of the event or the night before the event. They don't register two nights before the event. So you will have very little line if you do it two nights before. Also, come in the middle of the night. Go down to register at about 3 or 4 in the morning. The line will be very short or not even exist at all. If you have a diamond or seven stars card, you can use the diamond room, which is where they do the payouts too. Occasionally there's a line because they stupidly mix the line with people getting payouts, which drives me up the wall. They should have them be separate, but they're not. But usually there is no line or a very short line, Short line, and I've never seen a ridiculous line. I've never seen like an hour line there or even close. So if you have a diamond card or a seven-star card, then go in and do that. Uh, little tip here. If you have a friend with a diamond or seven-star card, you can walk in with him and they're not going to stop you. And the cashiers don't care. The cashiers don't care what card you whip out. They only they have security checking the cards. But if you, as long as one person in the party has the card, they let everyone else come in. Now, I'm not saying one guy with a diamond card could bring in ten people, but if it's just like your buddy has a diamond card, you can walk in next to him. They, they probably won't check that you have a diamond card. I'm not guaranteeing this. I'm just telling you what I've seen. So you can use that room to register. Register late at night if you don't have that. Register two days before or more. I would also suggest do not register at the last minute, no matter what event you're playing. Now, for a huge field event, other than the line, it's not going to matter. But for a smaller event, like let's look at the Limit Hold'em events I play. These are not huge events. I do not want to register last in that event because I will be typically at a table with other people who registered last. And usually these people are very good players who either just do everything at the last minute, because that's what poker pros tend to do, or ones who busted out of other events and are moving over to this one. So in general, the fish will be registering way in advance, because think of the typical fish. The typical fish thinks, I'm coming all the way out to Vegas to play the World Series. I don't want to get shut out. I'm not, I'm not just here anyway. I'm not playing 40 events this year. I, I'm here to play a few events that I want to play. And I want to make sure it doesn't get sold out. And even if it's an event that never sells out, that's not how the fish thinks. The fish thinks, I better be registered well in advance. So yeah, that, that Libman Holdem tournament might just uh, might sell out. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so, so the fish will go register the day before. And you want to be at the table with that fish. You don't want to be at the table with the people, with the, with the pros who are registering at the last minute because they just busted out of a different event or because they just rolled out of bed and decided they're going to play. You, you want the fish at your table, so you want to register when the fish register so there's a higher chance you will get with them. And this is, this is not a, an old wives' tale or a guess. This is something I have seen firsthand. So I, I look at these tables that are started last, and typically the lineup there is terrible. So I, I would not register at the last minute for that reason alone. 
Uh, you can always get a refund, by the way. So don't, don't be scared. Don't say, oh, I don't want to register the day before. What if I get sick? What if some other emergency comes up? Well, guess what? You can get a refund. In fact, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think the World Series has a no-show policy where if you just completely no-show, you can still get a refund. I think you can do that once the world's – yeah, I think you can do that one time. I wouldn't suggest doing it. I'm just saying that you don't have to worry. When you register, you can always get a refund. So you might as well register early. You don't have to register super early. I, I, don't, like, I don't go buy the, every event in advance because it's a pain in the ass to get a refund. But at the same time, I don't register at the last minute, no matter what the event is. At the table itself, be friendly. Don't be a jerk. Don't criticize fish. Don't berate anyone. You will find that the friendlier you are and the nicer you are, the more people will tell you things, especially recreational players. I've said this many times before, but it is worth repeating. You will have recreational players who will take a liking to you, who will tell you things like, oh, you know, I never play that hand from early position. Oh, when I'm, when I'm raising, I always have it. Like, I'll really have them tell me this, and they're not angling me. They, they're telling me the truth. <laughs> They'll also show you their cards when you make a laydown to them. So you'll know if you made the right decision. You'll know how they play certain hands. You will get a lot of information by being nice. Now, you don't have to be phony. Just, just be friendly and nice. Just don't be a jerk. Don't, don't just put your headphones on and ignore everybody. It's okay if you wear headphones for some time to, you know, during the event, but don't just... Tune everyone out, or you're going to be missing valuable information, including information that people will give you. Now, speaking of tuning people out, at least at the very beginning, you need to size up your table. So you need to watch the action at the beginning and watch how people play. You need to identify who the fish are, identify who the aggressive players are. Uh, You need to get a feel for how each player at the table is. After you've gotten used to that, then you don't have to watch every hand. Ideally, yeah, you should watch every single hand, but you know what happens? That gets exhausting. You're, you're going to get mentally stressed out by doing that. You're going to be mentally exhausted if you're watching each and every hand and analyzing each and every hand. Then when it comes time to play your hands, you're going to feel mentally exhausted. You don't want that. So it's okay to relax during the event. You can listen to music. You can uh, you can get up and walk around a little bit uh, between hands. You can go to the bathroom and jerk off. Right, right. All those things are, are fine. Actually, not the last one, not during the event, remember. <laughs> but but – you, you do want to make sure that each person at the table, if asked, you could give an accurate assessment of their play. Because uh, you need to know this when you're there. Each person plays their hand differently, and each person you need to play against them differently. Uh, you can... Uh, as far as people's betting patterns, the recreational player, except one that you notice is unusually aggressive the recreational player will tend to really have it when they make big raises. Why? Because they came all this way to play the World Series of Poker. They don't want to shoot off their entire stack with a bluff. Yeah, I've I've even had rec players say that to me, like, I'm not going to raise you unless I got it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. Yes, it's true. They're really not going to raise you unless they have it. So if you have some recreational-looking player there, and, and you've got uh, what's a good but not great hand. You've got top pair, top kicker, and they're going all in on you with, with a decent-sized stack. With a short stack, obviously, you have to call. You have it or they have it. But uh, if there's a lot of chips at stake here and you just got top pair, top kicker, and no limit, you've got to lay it down against one of these guys. They're going to have a set or two pair. 
And so you've got, you've got to be very conservative against those guys. And against the aggressive pros there, you have to sometimes make some uh, looser calls and just hope that they, they don't really have it. You, you, you have to try to think how they're thinking and, and see what to do. That's, of course, a much tougher decision to make. But uh, with a recreational player, when they have it, when they act like they have it, they usually do have it. Definitely give them more credit than you give to players like online who are full of crap a lot of the time. Uh, also, keep in mind that for the most part, people are going to be playing tighter than you typically see in your cash games, even typically see in your local tournaments. So you'll want to keep that in mind as well. Sometimes when you think that uh, you know someone's in a hand, oh, you're thinking, oh, they, they've got to have a crappy hand here. They, you know, it couldn't be that strong. A lot of times it's stronger than you think. And uh, so just just be aware of that. When people are representing, they usually have it. Uh, you should try to take control of the hands you play. Try to lead the betting. Try to be the one who is uh, dictating the action. If you're letting others dictate the action, then typically you're not going to do very well. There, there's exceptions to this, of course, but that's that's a good piece of advice as well. Also... Uh, I was going to say something, I forgot it. Well, I guess I was just <laughs> something came to mind. I was going to say it, and then it just zip, went out of my mind. I guess I'm getting old. So those are some tips for just general play at the table, and oh, of course, play to win. Don't ever do any favors for anyone. Don't ever soft play anyone. Even if they've soft played you, I mean that's nice that they did, but don't soft play them back. It's uh, number one, it's against the rules, and number two, you don't want to do that. You're there to win. You're there, you're there to beat everybody. You're there to take everyone's chips at the table. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, you shouldn't angle shoot. You shouldn't lie. You shouldn't uh, be dishonest. But you should play to win. You should not show any mercy. So if you feel you can get, you can get all this guy's chips in this hand, don't try to leave him with any. Don't be nice to him. Don't check back to save him some chips or leave him in the event. Just take all his chips because that's what people are going to try to do to you. That's the whole point of why you're there is to accumulate chips and eliminate people. So... You have to do that or you're not going to win. Uh, as far as the bubble is concerned, you have two schools of thought. You have the school of thought of you've got to play really conservative by the bubble because you don't want to barely miss cashing. And then there's the school of thought of only good players are the ones who are playing aggressive during the bubble knowing that everybody else isn't. I'm kind of in the middle. I feel if you have a very short stack, especially in a very large field event, your chance of going extremely deep in that event, which is what you need to do to get paid big, because in a huge field event, it takes a long time to get through everybody after the cash point. Now, it's not like a 150-person event where you cash and then you're not all that far from the final table. Here at a large field event, you're going to have to get very, very, very deep to make big money. And your chance of getting very, very, very deep when you have a tiny stack is very, very, very small. So, there I feel it is worth it to just hold on like everybody else does, and wait for the bubble to burst, and then at that point be looser. Why be looser at that point? Well, once the bubble bursts, then it, it, the, the pay moves up very slowly. First you move from zero up to uh, like double the buy-in, and then it moves very slowly, like a, a, another like uh, 8% the next pay jump. Big deal. So that's where it's worth gambling. Uh, but if you have a decent-sized stack, then you should be aggressive on the bubble. Once in a while... You're going to 
cause yourself to bubble because of that. Once in a while, you're going to run into a bigger stack and in a situation you can't fold. Let's say, let's say for example, you have uh, pocket fives, and, and you raise it before the flop. Uh, another big stack, bigger than yours. Uh, three bets, you call, and the flop comes 8-5-2. Uh, you get all the money in, guess what he has pocket eights. You're busted. You're gone. Now, that's really frustrating. Here you were sitting with a, a fairly big stack right before the bubble, and now you don't even cash. So part of you actually may, like doesn't want to play those fives, just afraid of that type of situation developing. But you shouldn't be. I've heard of people who are afraid to play aces for that reason. Don't be. If you have a decent-sized stack, you need to play the bubble actually aggressively, knowing that most people are going to be afraid to play. You're going to rape a lot of blinds that way. But if you're, if you're very short, then yeah, you, I, I feel you should try to make the bubble and then just hope you get lucky after that. Uh, and keep in mind, people are going to, for the most part, play very conservative at the bubble for that reason. Because they, they didn't want to come all the way there to, to Vegas to play the World Series and not cash. In fact, there's a psychological factor to cashing. It's not just the money. You could have a really rich guy at the table who still wants to cash uh, $2,000, which is meaningless to him otherwise just because he wants to come home and say to his friends, guess what, I, I cash in a World Series event. Absolutely, people want to win. Yeah, and they, they want to be successful. They want to be able to brag that they, they cashed. They want to feel like they were successful, and uh, they want to feel that, that they were competitive there. And, and you walk away with nothing, it's a depressing feeling. And, and it is. Anybody who's played tournaments knows it's a depressing feeling to get up and walk away with nothing. So that's why people try to get past the bubble. But if you have a good stack, I don't mean a great stack, even a good stack, then you should try to steal from the bubble. And uh, uh, Now, the, the one exception, if, if it's a small field event, then you can say it's worth being aggressive at the bubble because then you're already fairly close to the final table, and there, by being aggressive at the bubble, you can actually propel yourself to win the whole event. I tried that in 2012 when there were 20 people left at the 5K limit event and 18 cashed. I played four hands. These are all good hands, but I played four hands. Lost them all, and I went out 19th, right on the bubble. I could have folded to the money, but I thought, I'm not here to fold to the money. I'm here to try to win a second bracelet and limit hold'em. Didn't work. I lost all four hands. As I said, these hands weren't trash, but I wasn't afraid to play them. So a smaller field event is different, but a, a field with 2,000 people, if you've got a tiny stack, yeah, go ahead and hold on to the bubble. You're actually doing the right thing. Uh... Let's see if I can think of anything else. Oh, we're How about st- playing in a multi-way pot with Antonio S. Fondiari? <laughs> You're going to piss off our audience. The, the Rio, if you stay at the Rio, pick the Ipanema Tower and pick a low floor. Why a low floor? Because you're going to have everyone going to the elevator at the same time for these events, when events starting, when there's a break, and you, you don't want to be waiting in eternity to get, get the elevator or have it get up to your, your floor. It's gonna stop yeah, like I mean, when you're floor. rushing up to your room to rub one out, you got to make sure you get there in time. Yeah, you right? you don't want to be thinking, okay, I'm going up there to rub one out, and then you yeah. then you get an elevator to floor 17, and it's like floor three, ding, floor four, ding, floor five, ding. You're like, oh my god, this is never gonna end. And then by the time you yeah. get up there, you're like, oh, I got to go back down now. So yeah, it just ruins the whole mood. It know? does. It does. So uh, stay at a lower floor, Ipanema Tower. Stay stay there. It is closer to the World Series. And it has fewer maintenance issues, and it's not as high, so the elevator will not be as high, so it's going to be a shorter elevator ride. The, the, the whole thing's just better. Stay at the Ipanema Tower. Don't, don't fall for the BS that the Masquerade Tower is better. It really isn't. 
In fact, it has more maintenance problems than the Ipanema, so I would I would go to the Ipanema Tower. That's always what I request. Ipanema Tower, low floor is what you should request. Uh, I, Oh, here's a, a big one. I almost forgot this for myself, which I can't believe after what happened last year. Demand that they do not give you a room with an adjoining room door. That is, you want a full wall in your room. You don't want one of those doors that connects to the other room. You don't want a connecting door. Why? Because the, the Rio is actually the sound insulated very well. So if people are loud next door, you usually won't hear them. But if there's one of those doors, it'll come right through. It'll sound like there's no wall. And I, I had a bad experience with that with a few different guests staying there that were loud all night when I was trying to sleep. In fact, one of them, I, I would actually call them up and ask them to be quiet, please. I'd be very polite. Uh, one of them actually threatened, after I called him a few times because he wasn't being quiet, uh, one of them actually threatened to knock me the fuck out if I call him again. Actually, he didn't threaten me directly. He actually threatened the security guard. The security guard, who I called on them eventually because they just would not shut up for, like, hours, uh, even after a few calls over there. Uh, he told the security guard, Man, that guy's fucking calling my room all the time. If he calls me one more time, I'm going to knock him the fuck out. And amazingly, the security guard's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> the security guard should be saying, No, you're not going to do that here. So not very good security over there, but... Yeah, don't don't have one of those connecting doors. Make sure do not have a connecting door. You're going to be sorry because these these degenerates are loud. They're up all night. They're blasting the TV. They bring pa- people back to their room. You're not going to be able to sleep. Not going to be able to rub one out either. Yeah, I, I couldn't that day. No, I actually tried to reason with these guys. I'm like, look, I've got a ten thousand dollar event, which I really did in the morning. Can you please keep it quiet? Like I can't sleep. And. At first they were saying, oh, yeah, sure, and then uh, they were still loud, and then when I kept calling, they got pissed at me. But, uh, you know, why are they getting pissed at me? They were being really loud at, like, 3 in the morning. They were going, hey, it's Vegas, bro. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> Vegas, bro, but I've got a tournament in the morning. It doesn't mean you can just be loud all night. Like, I'm not trying to be a party pooper, but I've got to sleep. I'm not going to say, well, I'm going to get no sleep tonight so these guys can party in Vegas. No. I'm here in my room to sleep, and I'm not, I'm not going to sleep at 8 o'clock at night. I'm going to sleep, you know, this is the middle of the night. So don't get a room with a connecting door. Make sure you ask them no connecting door. And you can ask for a room type when you're there. When you, when you check in, in fact, you can even call the day before you check in and say, can you please hold a certain room type for me? And if they won't do it, uh, ask for a supervisor, ask for a manager. And, and even if they, they won't do it, uh, when you check in, you can definitely demand that. And you can even ask them, hey, is there any room that's dirty right now? I'll wait for you guys to clean it. But, but definitely try to get that type of room over there. Hey, Druff, if you have that kind of problem this year, do me a favor, send me a text, and uh, I can get some bikers sent up to their room. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's what I should do. I'm like, man, I'm going to knock you the fuck out. Okay, okay I'll, I'm going to get ready. I'm going to be over there in 20 minutes. And then I'll text you, and the bikers will show up, and they'll, they'll open the door, ready to knock me the fuck out, and there will be a bunch of big biker dudes there. Yeah. Their balls will shrivel up into little tiny peas. <laughs> they should knock on the door and go, okay, we're ready to be knocked the fuck out. <laughs> the guy goes, oh, you know what? Uh, Whoops. <laughs> I didn't really mean that. Sorry, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about uh, Mason Mountain. If you have any other questions about the World Series, feel free to, to text me, 775-372-8355, and I mean, I'll even answer them after the show. I, I answer like People will send me questions about things, about Caesars, about other things they want to know, and I'll, I'll give them my best answer. Like I, I actually take the time. Here, here's some 
messages from people I've gotten during the show. For the 505, I imagine on those Bitcoin sites, people don't take Citibank or other types because Citi is a bitch to find and, in, and not in most states like Chase Bank. Also, as far as the check thing, if his signature is on it, he's on camera making the deposit, you're good. He can't do shit. I work at a bank. I'll call in if you want to discuss it. Well, if his check bounces, <laughs> uh, then they can do shit. Then I just don't get the money. And that's actually, I'll give you a little hint. That's actually what happened with our little update, but I'll tell you more about it later. And another problem can be if they claim it was fraud. Like if he says, yes, it was really me and I was on camera depositing it, but I was just defrauded by someone on the internet. Sometimes the bank will give the person credit and hold it up. It's something you don't want. Uh, this is from the 702. Uh, oh, this is a troll. I'm not going to read it. This person almost tricked me. They said, please answer on fraud show. And then I guess it's, it's a troll message. So it's not going to get read. This is from uh, 410. No PLO tonight. Are the antis updated? Yes, the antis are updated. From the 347, what's up, Jeff? I can post. I registered for poker, but it keeps telling me there's another user log with my name in chat. This is the Spartan. Oh, boy, not this again. Yeah, the, the chat's been having issues. I'm going to have to uninstall and reinstall it. For some reason, the last few weeks, the chat does not log anyone out, and I don't know why. And it's a third-party program, and it's a very, very, very complicated program, a lot more complicated than you think it would be. Like, I go through the code of that program, and I have no idea what's going on. So I'm, it's, I'm just going to have to uninstall and reinstall. That keeps doing that. So if you're shut out of the chat room, it's it's the chat room's fault. Someone asking, what if you're there for the majority of the series, but you're not a Vegas local and you don't want to pay hotel rates for a month? What do you recommend? Uh, there are temporary, like, extended stay-type places you can stay at, or you can look for ads of people who are selling, uh, not selling, renting out their homes for the World Series. I think 2 plus 2 even has people doing that. Uh, make sure you don't get gouged. I don't know what the proper going rate is, and of course it depends on the property, but check around, see what the going rates are. Don't pay anything too high. But there are some people who just have an empty place and just want to rent it and aren't going to charge you too much, so you can use those. I, they tend to be a little bit far, these houses. That's why I don't love them. But uh, from the 872, I'll address this, even though... It's something I deleted. I don't delete much on this site, but this is from the 872. Why did you delete the thread calling out the LGBT poker tour? So I had a thread on Poker Fraud Alert, which was calling out what's called the LGBT poker tour. Run, which is actually a, a supposed poker tour run by a transsexual, a, uh, a man who's become a woman named uh, Michelle Nastasis. I, I had a thread up basically exposing it as a fraud, which it was. So why did I delete it? Uh, I deleted it not because I, I don't stand behind what I wrote there, because I do. You know, you shouldn't get involved with this LGBT poker tour because it's uh, it is a fraud. It's not what it claims to be. There's it doesn't really have the tour stops it claims. Uh, it doesn't have the pros involved that they claim. The whole thing's fake. The reason I took down is because the person who is is running it has a lot of problems, so to speak. The person uh, was just in a mental hospital. The person's been going through a lot of issues, and uh, I, I made a judgment call that if I kept this thing up, that uh, it could lead this person into harming themselves, uh, and I, I didn't want to be the, the catalyst for that. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to cover up for a scam, but I, I determined that this is just something stupid that no one's paying attention to anyway. If, that, if everyone was signing up for the LGBT poker tour, I'd be sure I'd be the first one to say, you know, to, I'm going to keep this thread up, and I don't care if the person uh, harms themselves, because they're having such a hard time in life. It's too bad on them, but uh, 
like no one was paying attention to this. This, this is like it's, it's almost like a figment in this person's imagination. This whole tour. So just if if you hear about it, it's not a real poker tour. It's not really happening. I don't know why that person's doing it. I don't know if it's for attention. I don't know if it's for uh, try to secure sponsors. It's not real. But I, I haven't seen that anyone's on board with it. So I decided to take the thread down. It was it was close. Like I, I left it up for a few days. And I'm like, you know what? I, I was reading some things on the Facebook of the of the person behind it, and they really were in a mental hospital for like a week. Right around when I posted that, they didn't see me. Like they were, they were in the mental hospital like the day before I posted it. So I don't think they ever even saw it. But uh, they they saw on Twitter that I posted it because I, I at tweeted them at the time. But then I, I saw how many problems this person had, and I was like, you know what? Uh, I I I watched what happened to Brandy Hawbaker eight years ago, and. Uh, I thought, you know, even though Brandy was doing things that she shouldn't have and, you know, she wasn't, she was a flawed person for sure. But uh, I, I did think that the the Internet uh, contributed somewhat to, to what eventually happened, to where she killed herself. I'm not saying it's the Internet's fault. In fact, if anyone is at fault there, it's David Skolansky for telling her a month before that uh, she'd be better off dead. But But there was a lot of trolling to and about her about her different antics uh, that, that probably contributed to it. Now, don't get me wrong. She, everything they were saying about her, these were things she actually did. And, uh, of course, it was worthy of discussion. But at the same time, it was someone who was very unstable and ended up killing herself at the age of uh, 26. So, you know, I, I don't want to drive someone to kill themselves. And, and you know, I wouldn't take down something just because someone's pretending they're going to kill themselves to get me to take down a, a thread. Like, but I, I saw, like, I looked at this person's history and they've been hospitalized a number of times in the past year. It's someone with really, really a lot of problems. So I thought, I, you know, I'm not going to pile on with this. It's a, it's a dumb thing they're doing. It's, it's not getting any attention anyway. No one cares about it. So if they want to invent a phony poker tour nobody's caring about, then just I'm not going to pile on with it. That's, that's why I took it down. So anyone who thinks I have no heart, <laughs> I, I, I did it so it doesn't pile on this person, even though it's clearly phony. But if you ever do get contacted for anything involving the LGBT poker tour, uh, know that it is phony. Know that it's not what it appears to be. So someone asked me why I took that down and I, in a text, and I thought I'd answer that. Hey, Jeff, I, uh, I don't want to interrupt you, but I sent you a little something in uh, the Skype that is kind of interesting. Okay. Let me see. So it's uh, Dr. Jacqueline Moscow. Uh, I think you heard about her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's funny. Someone else uh, sent me that, too. Well, (laughs) I I I read through it and there's uh, there's some pretty interesting. Well, yeah, yeah. That that was what I was referring to earlier is the breaking story. So that's. uh, Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You wouldn't. You had no way to know. I didn't say what it was. Okay. So that's. uh, Have you read it yet? No, I've been doing the show since then. So (laughs) we're gonna we'll read it together when we get to it. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna have some fun with this one. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I guarantee it. Okay. Let's see if we have anything else here. Uh, that is it. Okay. So let's let's get to the uh, Mason Malmuth thing. He's done two stupid things this week. He's the owner of 2 Plus 2. I don't know if he owns all of it, but he owns most of it. He's definitely the one in control over there. Mason has never been uh, a good poker player. He's not a fish, but he's he's kind of like the old guy 
rock at the table. Plays his big hands. Plays very straightforward. Uh, not someone you'd be want to you want to take poker lessons from unless you just want to learn the basics. Uh, the, the one who really had the mind for poker was David Skolansky. And Skolansky, who by the way I don't think is a very good tournament player, but uh, David Skolansky is the one who wrote a lot of the books for Two Plus Two Publishing, which were successful, especially during the poker room. And 2 plus 2 was also there, right place, right time, when people got disillusioned with the Rec Gambling Poker news group, and everyone moved over to 2 plus 2, and for a long time, that was really the only viable forum to discuss poker. So, to this day, it's still the biggest English-speaking poker forum out there. It's not as big as it once was, but then again, nothing in poker is. But, Mason Malmuth, uh, this is someone who has succeeded in spite of himself. And he, he does a lot of stupid things. He's very petty. He's very controlling. He's an authoritarian. He thinks that he has power in the poker world and that people must bow to his will, not just with matters on his own site, but even matters off his site. Here's an example. Uh, Mason got very angry. We'll get back to Brandy Hawbaker. Uh, when David Skolansky was doing some very perverted things involving Brandy Hawbaker... Uh, this was reported on a site I was then involved with called Neverwin Poker. And this was stuff that was taken to us by Brandy herself, and she wanted us to publish. So I didn't have anything to do with all this, though. It was Mikon who was publishing everything. Because this made Skolansky look bad, even though it was all true, even though Skolansky admitted it was all true, Mason Malmuth banned Mikon, me, and Neverwin from 2 Plus 2, simply because we exposed what Skolansky was doing to Brandy. This is before Brandy died, by the way. Shortly before she died, but before she died. I was banned for that and also just guilt by association because Mason admitted that I didn't have anything to do with it. I was just a moderator on the site. He admitted I never broke any rules of 2 plus 2. He just banned me. Then after I was banned, Gary Wise, who was an ESPN columnist at the time, featured me in a series of articles on ESPN. And Gary Wise was banned by Mason. Why? Because he featured me in ESPN articles. Can you believe that? For featuring me in ESPN articles, Gary Wise was banned on 2 Plus 2. Does that make any sense? He's basically saying, if you have a 2 Plus 2 account, I get to control all aspects of your life and who you associate with. So... It was insane. So that's the type of thing Mason would do. And he's done many of these type of things, not just to me, to everybody. Like you, you ask someone about Mason, and most people have some kind of story about him where he was being a controlling dick. And, and so anyway, Mason sometimes will say or do things that are really, really out of touch. And they show you how out of touch he really are, how he really is with the poker world, with uh, just <laughs> basically how to act, how to behave. So here's the first thing he did. Uh, a lot of you guys know about the Howard Lederer, a quote, apology letter, where last week Lederer released a statement through Daniel Negreanu claiming he was, quote, sorry for everything that happened at Full Tilt, but of course uh, he didn't take responsibility for anything. He just claimed that uh, uh, he, he wasn't overseeing others who ended up doing the wrong thing, which was be, it was a very empty apology, very, very empty apology. 
and we talked about that last week, and I'm not going to rehash all of that because uh, that was last week's topic. But here is Mason Malmuth's response, which is crazy. Keep in mind, Howard's apology has been very poorly received. A few idiots say, oh, yeah, I forgive him. But everybody else says this is a joke. You you can't forgive Howard. Hundreds of millions of dollars got stolen that we trusted Full Tilt with, and he was on the board of directors there. So either he knew it was being stolen, which I believe, or he should have known. And to say, oh, yeah, we stole hundreds of millions of dollars of yours, but uh, I just realized that was wrong. But I, I only apologize for delegating someone else to do this and, and not watching them closely enough. It is ridiculous. And, of course, he didn't offer anything. He didn't offer any of his vast riches to people who, who got cheated. He didn't offer to reimburse those who still haven't gotten their money back from Full Tilt because they were wrongfully tagged as affiliates. All he's giving is an empty apology, probably so he can return to the World Series and not get as harassed. Well, here is Mason's response. Hi, everyone. Well, my opinion of Howard is somewhat different. I've known him for over 20 years, and while I'm not friends in a social sense, I have dealt with him business-wise going all the way back to 1995. I don't know why this should matter. Like, What does this have to do with what happened here? I have always found him to be a person of high integrity which is not that common in poker. <laughs> what? What? How, how is he of high integrity? Not only did he steal our money that was on deposit, but after he was aware it was all gone, Full Tilt put up a message, of course still under his direction, that your money is safe, don't worry, and they continue to take deposits from people in Europe and other places in the world, to keep playing on there, even all the money was really gone. So even if he wants to say, hey, I didn't know about the money being gone until April 9th, six days before Black Friday, after Black Friday, they were still taking players under the guise of still having everyone's money. So how can he say he has high integrity? He had no integrity. So he says, with that said, I do consider him to be guilty of carelessness on a large scale when it came to full-tilt poker, but I also believe that Howard did not do anything malicious relative to his role at Full Tilt Poker. <laughs> well, it depends how you define malicious. If you want to... Was, was Howard rubbing his hands together going, I'm going to steal everyone's money. I'm a big thief. <laughs> no. He didn't do that. He wasn't looking to steal from people. What happened was Full Tilt ran out of operating money. And instead of addressing that in some other way selling the company, temporarily shutting down, whatever. Instead of addressing it in an ethical way, Howard said, hmm, we're out of money. Oh, but wait, we're holding player money. Well, well, we do have some money we can access. Okay, we'll just borrow this money. We're not going to ask the players. We're just going to borrow their money, and it'll be okay. I'm sure we'll make it back at some point. That is malicious. That That is, it, it is being done not through being evil or, or it's not being done in a way to maliciously cause harm but it was intentional it was intentional theft it wasn't just mismanagement mismanagement would be taking our money and storing it uh, somewhere that, uh, that isn't very safe and someone else steals it that's mismanagement he stole it he and the others on the board of directors stole the money that is not mismanagement 
So then Mason goes on to say a couple more comments. First, the radio interview referred to the one on his site that uh, Howard had at one point, which which I thought was well received and which undid much of the damage that Poker News image that the Poker News interview did, which of course uh, was on the Two Plus Two Poker Cast. And thanks to our Poker Cast hosts for doing a great job of interviewing, and thanks to Howard of interviewing all the of answering all the questions to the best of his ability on our show. It's kind of a weird sentence, but he's trying to say that uh, even though the Poker News interview, the infamous Poker News interview, where he kept saying, I don't know, was a disaster, he's saying that Howard did a much better job on their podcast, and Howard answered everything to the best of his ability. That's not true. Howard has never admitted his true role in the whole thing. He never admitted what Full Tilt really did. He's made up lies and excuses and also pretended, pretended not to remember things. He's just, uh, Mason's trying to pump up their own product saying, oh, he did such a good job on our poker cast. Uh, no, it's not the fault of the poker cast guys, but Howard was not honest on that show either. Then he went on to say, second, and this is just my opinion, but it's also my experience that attorneys tell you not to say anything and to let them speak for you, and then they say very little. The reason for this should be obvious, especially when the government is looking at everything that you do. So Howard, doing these interviews at that time, and it certainly came with some risk, and this should explain why his apology seems long overdue to some of you. What does that even mean? Uh, he's trying to say that Howard took five years to apologize for stealing all our money because his attorneys told him to be, keep quiet. Because he didn't want to incriminate himself. Yeah, he doesn't want to incriminate himself. But he didn't do anything wrong, it's just mismanagement. But he, Oh, no, it's just mismanagement. But he had to keep quiet for five years at his attorney's request, according to Mason. And he's saying that also uh, the apology, you know, this is the best he can do, given given that it, it, people are still looking at him, maybe. Well, th- so th- this is the same guy that won't let you advertise a charity tournament on a site because it might be a scam. But yet there's a clear guy who is definitely a scammer and he's jumping to his defense. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that 2 Plus 2 made quite a bit of money from Full Tilt. Yeah, and that's what people brought up. People said, oh, yeah, you're, you're sucking him off here because Full Tilt advertised a lot there, and you probably made a lot of money from him. So uh, Mason tried to sidestep that. But, yeah, th- this is the problem with Mason. Mason, it, he lives in this bubble where he thinks he's in control of everything. He thinks that everything revolves around him. So if he's personally had a good experience with you, then he wants to speak positively of you, no matter what else you've done. If he's personally had a negative experience with you, then he wants to treat you as the great Satan. He actually once said, and he really said this on the 2 Plus 2 Poker Cast, he once said that there needs to be a government agency which reviews poker forums like uh, Never Win Poker and and, uh, do something to stop them if they make the game of poker look bad. (laughs) He actually thought a government agency should be looking at sites like ours. And and uh, and somehow put a stop to them if they make poker look bad. He he really believes that. So he's not a fan of the uh, free speech. No, no. He he likes to pretend two plus two is free speech, but it's anything but that. Uh, Only for him it is. Yeah. So he, if you asked Mason Malmuth about me, and you know I've never stolen from anyone. You know that I've uh, never scammed anyone. I've been part of poker for fifteen years now, more than fifteen years, and there's never been any scandals here involving me. You ask, what's his opinion of me? He'd have all these horrible things to say. 
and, and unsavory. He, yeah, among other things. And, and he and is Todd good for poker? No, he's awful for poker. Is he a good person? No, he's a terrible person. Like like he would have the worst things to say about me. And then you ask him about Howard, who stole three hundred million dollars from poker players and still lies about it to this day. Oh, you know he's a good guy. Yeah, I, I've done business with him for twenty years. He's a good guy. He didn't mean to do it. It was just mismanagement. Like his everything for Mason is about Mason. And if Mason has gotten along with you, then you're a good guy in his eyes. If you haven't gotten along with him, you're a bad guy. And and the funny thing is I can look at people that I don't get along with, that I don't like, that I don't think are bad people. There are some people I really dislike that if somebody asks, can I trust this guy? I'd say, yeah, you actually can. Is he a bad person? No, I don't think he's a bad person. Is he a jerk? I'd say yes. Do you like his personality? I'd say no. But I'd say this this. He seems like a, a good guy as far as uh, morals are concerned. He doesn't seem like someone to cheat you or do anything bad to you. I can say that about people who I dislike. And and I, Jeff, the the picture you're painting of this Mason guy. I mean, it sounds like he'd be the kind of guy that, uh, you know, if he if he had a friend of his that maybe, I don't know, like molested a uh, underage, mentally handicapped person. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be he'd think it would be fine as long as it wasn't his daughter that the, this yeah. guy uh, yeah. was molesting. Yeah. It's just hypothetically speaking, yeah. it seems like he'd be the kind of guy that would be okay with that. As long as it didn't happen to him, he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. Now, I, speaking of Skolansky, I think the 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 uh, mentally handicapped girl. I think she was of age when David met her, but she just she she was actually inbred. And this is according to Skolansky. This is not rumor. And and you can see pictures of her. She looks like she's retarded, and and she she clearly is not a normal person. And yeah, I feel I'm bad sure for her, her mental age is not in line with her actual age. No, it's not. And in fact, <laughs> yeah. she, she, she has, she like collects all these life-size dolls and all and dresses like a doll. It's kind of weird. Like she definitely wasn't a normal girl in her twenties by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not criticizing her. I'm like, I feel bad for her that she right. was born to, to related parents and has these, these problems that she can't help. But, but it, what, what bothered me was to see a person like David Skolansky who, does have all his mental facilities and just wanted to take advantage of this for, for sexual perversions. And uh, so so he did that. Of course, that got a lot of criticism. And I, I think she still lives there. She did as of eight years ago and several years after that. I don't know if she's still there. But uh, he also had a 16-year-old girl he met off party lines. And this is not when he was young himself. Like when he was 16, there was no party lines, of course. Uh, he, he met her you know, when he was probably in his 50s or 40s or something. And she came to come live with him. And the only reason this was not illegal was the age of consent in Nevada was 16. So, and, and because this, her parents knew that she was with Skolansky, but she actually had such problems with being a runaway and all these other things, they, the parents actually felt she's better off with a pervert who at least is uh, keeping tabs on her and supporting her than just on the streets. They actually, the parents actually said, all right, this is fine. Like she's, she's in such bad shape that it's actually better that she's over there. That's amazing. Yeah. So, That's amazing. so now this girl's not 16 anymore. Of course, I think this girl's like in her early thirties now, but, and she has good things to say about Skolansky, but still he took a 16 year old girl in and had a sexual relationship with her when he was in his forties and it was legal in Nevada. So that's why he's not in jail for it. That's why he can admit to it. And he's not committing, you know, he's not confessing to any crime, but, uh, so that's, that's who, Mason's business partner is, and that's totally fine. And, and, so, and so, Druff, if you had an affair with uh, Mason's mentally handicapped daughter, what do you, do you what do you think you would have? To oh say yeah, yeah, you'd be furious, of course. You, you think yeah. you'd have a problem with that? <laughs> but no, with Skolansky, oh, he's a good guy. You know, uh, never had a bad business dealing with him. Yeah, 
So so every, everything with exactly everything with Mason is about how how you've interacted with him. Doesn't matter what else you do. And and this is the proof that Howard like a, a, it's so clear that Howard stole our money. There's all these convoluted excuses being presented. Look, it's very simple. When you have a company and you are holding player money, it is the player's money. You cannot touch it other than to give the money to the players. Other than to process cash outs, that money should never be touched. The second you touch a penny of that money, no matter what your company's circumstances, no matter what you think your intentions are with that money, whether you think that you need that money to save the company, the second you touch that money, you are stealing. There is no way around it. And Howard touched that money. Ray Bittar touched that money. Chris Ferguson touched that money. Ray first touched that money. Why? Because they were on the board of directors and they decided to touch that money. They were in charge of that money and all of that money disappeared, 300 million of it. So it's that simple. You cannot say any of these guys were good guys because they stole our money in an attempt to basically free roll their business into still existing. Yeah, Mason is, I mean, the the bottom line is Mason is incredibly out of touch. You know, in uh, in a, a few uh, generations ago, he'd be the, the kind of person who would say to the peasants as they're starving, let them eat cake. <laughs> you know, just being so out of touch with what is really going on. And, you know, the funny thing is, I mean, it's just illustrating that um, if you happen to be in the right place at the right time, uh, you end up getting people that are elevated to a position that they really don't deserve on merit, you know? Yeah. Now, now, a second story involving Mason, and this is, will go along with the first one in a way. Dutch Boyd, he had a legal dispute with Mason where Mason was suing him because Dutch Boyd had cyber-squatted the 2 plus 2 domain. He, he got to 2 plus 2 poker.com. The actual domain is 2 plus 2 Dot com. So, 2 plus 2 poker is obviously something that's misleading, that some people may type or find somehow in a search engine and go there expecting that they're going to 2 plus 2. So it's a way to get free traffic off the 2 plus 2 brand, which is wrong. I admit that Mason had a right to be frustrated about that. I, I've never approved of cyber squatting. I was actually a victim of a cyber squatter at one point. Cyber squatting, I think, is very scummy. It's a very crappy thing to do. You know, if you if you want to buy up domains that are just common words that you think could be valuable one day. I mean, they're all they've all been bought by this point, but but you know, back in the day if you bought business.com or something like that and sold it for a lot of money, that's great. That was you being a forward thinker and you deserve the money you made. But but uh, to buy a domain associated with a brand to hold the brand hostage or to direct traffic to yourself is is very scummy, and uh, so well, it's trademark infringement too. Yeah, well, even if the person doesn't have a trademark, it's just scummy to do. So, so Dutch Boyd bought a whole lot of these. One of them was two plus two poker dot com. Dutch tried to use the excuse, "Oh, I just had a computer register a bunch of them at once." That's not true. I, obviously, Dutch, when you register two plus two poker dot com, you know what you're doing. So, so Dutch did cyber squat, and Mason was in the right on that to be unhappy about it and to demand its return. Now he demanded its return. Dutch said no. And then Mason uh, hired his uh, his scary attorney uh, Greenberg Traurig, which is uh, they have offices all over the country, including Vegas, to go after Dutch Boyd. Now, once the attorney contacted Dutch Boyd, the funny thing is Dutch Boyd was actually willing to cooperate. But by that point, Mason's like, "F you!" Once I've had to hire an attorney, now I'm going to go for everything, which. I guess I can see, but you know, the, I still felt Mason took it too far. What Mason should have done at that point, when Dutch said, "Okay, I'll take it down," what Mason, what I would have done if I were Mason, is I would have said, "Okay, fine, 
I will stop it. If you immediately take it down and give it to me, plus pay what I've had to pay the attorney so far, then we'll drop everything. But that's not yeah, what... At that, at that point, Mason wanted blood. He wanted a right. crucifixion. Right. So I understand why Mason didn't want to be out the attorney's fees. I, I totally understand why he'd want Dutch to pay that at that point, since Dutch refused at first to give him back the domain, and then he had to go to an attorney. And then when the attorney contacted him, then, then Dutch did okay, but then by then Mason's like, yeah, okay, now you're going to pay us as many damages. There were no damages. That Dutch, Dutch, had, Dutch said he made a few dollars off the whole thing, which I believe is true. Like he Literally like a few dollars, like probably less than $100. So uh, it's not like Dutch defrauded 2 plus 2 out of tens of thousands of dollars and Mason needed it back. There, there was no money really involved in damages. It was just it was a, a moral thing at this point, and Mason decided he's going to put a spanking down on Dutch Boyd. So Mason proceeded with the lawsuit. Mason won the lawsuit, and he won $60,000 from Dutch Boyd. Fortunately for Mason, Dutch Boyd went and won a tournament at the World Series the following year. And Mason acted quickly and had that money held up at the Rio for the judgment. And uh, so Dutch had no choice but to pay because basically it got got held up and, uh, you know, the ruling on it would have gone in Mason's favor. So Dutch just gave up and said, fine, take it. So, uh... Now, what happened from that point, I'm not exactly sure, but somehow a settlement was made, and uh, and the settlement involved uh, an apology letter, which is really dumb. I mean, an apology letter is so stupid if it's not sincere. If, if someone writes you an apology letter because they actually feel bad, then great, but... You should never force anyone to give you an apology letter because it's not sincere, and it's just, yeah. it's just trying to humiliate them. I see the look on my kid's face when I make one brother apologize to the other. Right, right. They're like they're looking at me like, you know, why are you making me do this? Yes, yes, and uh, it, it's so dumb. And I, I once actually was uh, a recipient of a forced apology letter. I didn't ask for it, but uh, like uh, this was back uh, in 1990. A, a girl that I broke up with was, was very bitter about it, and she had her friend just make incessant prank calls to me for months, and I didn't know who was doing it. I just knew some girl whose voice I didn't recognize was constantly pranking me. And when I finally figured it out, uh, this girl then she, she was moving. She thought she was going to get away without you know any kind of consequence to that. That's the you know the 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 ex. So the only people who were left who hadn't moved yet, like she had moved first, and then her parents were going to move second or something. So I contacted her parents and said, you know, I, I didn't want to take this to you, but your daughter's had her friend harass me for the last few months, and then just ran off because she, she knew she was moving, and I'm really pissed about this. So, so her parents actually made her write an apology letter to me, which I thought was funny. And it was very insincere, and I knew it, but uh, I, I did think that was kind of amusing, given that I'd been the victim of months of prank calls. But uh, with, with I would have never asked for it, though. I would have never said, oh, can you ever write an apology letter to me? I would have never... It's, it's not sincere. It's, it's just dumb. So Mason was very proud of the apology letter, because Mason likes to be petty, Mason likes to be punitive. Mason likes to show off that he wins and you don't screw with him. And he likes to remind everybody that he's got the power. So Dutch Boyd wrote this apology letter. Again, he he was forced to. It was some terms of the settlement or whatever. And uh, Mason then went and posted the apology letter. This was two years ago in uh, June 2014 on 2 Plus 2 in a sticky thread in the most popular forum on 2 Plus 2 called News, Views, Gossip. So on the very top of there, you can still go there. If you go to 2 Plus 2 and look at the News, Views, and Gossip forum, you will see the Dutch Boyd apology letter stickied up at the top. Now, this is amazingly unprofessional to begin with. How many companies do you know that demand an apology letter 
from those they have legal disputes with and then prominently display the apology letter on their website. Can you think of one business that has ever done that? I can't think of any, but based on the World Series of Poker Twitter, I'm thinking that uh, Seth might possibly put it up there. Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, Shane Hahn will have to write an apology letter to him. Yeah, he might very well post it. <laughs> so, so anyway, that he had this up there, which everyone thought was so petty. They're saying, come on, Mason. Like, we realize you're pissed at Dutch for doing the cyber squatting, but you already got $60,000 out of him, which is pretty damn good. You know, you made a lot of money out of this. Uh, everyone knows you were victorious over Dutch. You, you you don't have to put up an apology letter for everyone to see and try to humiliate the guy. Yeah, this is like in in medieval times. You know, it's not enough that you slaughtered your uh, your enemies. You, you have to take all their bodies and you display them. Yeah. hang hang them from the castle moat or you yeah, know, whatever. It looks so unprofessional. It looks so petty to have that up there. You don't you don't have to. Sticky your legal victories on the top. You you don't have to display this prominently on your website. You 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 won. You got some money out of it. The guy's not going to screw with you again. People following the situation know you won. That should be enough. You don't you don't sticky an apology letter up there for two years. He actually said for two years. It's not like he said, "Hey, I want everyone to see Dutch's apology to me," and leaves it up for a week. He t- he leaves it up for two years. Oh, this is fucking ridiculous. So so that's not the story. You may say, "Why am I telling you a story from 2014?" Well, I'll tell you why. There's there's a new thing. A new new development with this, which is even more ridiculous, would you believe? If you thought that was ridiculous, the apology letter, this is even dumber. Mason eclipsed himself. This is what Mason posted on, uh, what date was this? May 21st of this year. Hi, everyone. As has been announced, it's our intention to take down the Dutch Boyd apology letter after two years, meaning that we have a month to go. So to this end, we wanted to make this decision sure that this decision is okay with you. And then there's a poll. What should we do relative to the Dutch Boyd apology letter? Yes, it's okay to take down on June 24th, 2016, or no, keep it up for a lot longer. <laughs> he's taking a poll after he says, I'm going to leave this letter up for two years. This is what he announced when he put it up and stickied it. It's going to be up for two years. So two years is approaching next month, and he actually is putting out a poll saying, hmm, maybe we should keep it up longer. How do you guys feel about that? And he put up a poll. Yes, it should be down on, two th- on June 24th, or no, keep it up for a lot longer. So, I, Yes, I, Mason, I, that's what everyone wants. They want, <laughs> they want it stickied up there, taking up that space. So Mason is so out of touch. I believe that he really thought that there was such support for him and such hatred for Dutch Boy, who, by the way, has really rehabilitated his, issue, his image because he, he wrote a book that everyone liked. He... Uh, he uh, he does this Twitch uh, broadcast that everyone enjoys watching. Now, Dutch has his own baggage. He he ran a site that was called Poker Spot where his payment processors stiffed him and all the money that he owed. This is many years ago, but all the money that he owed players, he just said, sorry, guys, my payment processors stiffed me. You're not getting your money, which was crappy. At the time, he couldn't afford to pay anyone, but he's had scores since then and has never paid anyone from Poker Spot, which I, I think is crappy, and I've I've criticized that before. So I'm not I'm not saying Dutch Boyd is perfect himself, but... Uh, Dutch Boy, despite that, because that was so long ago and because he's done some things people have liked, uh, people have warmed up to him a lot lately. And so Mason didn't realize that. Mason still thought that everyone was anti-Dutch Boy, and Mason thought that he'd put this up and everyone would go, yeah, leave it up, leave it up even longer. Screw Dutch Boy. Look what he did to you. F him. So he was sure he was going to crush on this poll, that it was going to be everyone would decide to keep it up longer, and Mason would say, okay, well, the people have spoken. 
Well, here, here are some. Who the fuck even puts up a poll about that? Yes, that's so stupid. It's like it's so unprofessional. We talk about unprofessional. That's like the the theme of this show is unprofessionalism this week. But so Mason puts this up after already doing something petty. So uh, these are the responses he gets. I love this thread because it was just owning Mason all over the place. First response: Nobody cares, dude. Uh, Another one. why would anyone want that taking up real estate on their screens for any longer than it already has? We're, we've been bored of it after two days, let alone two years. Uh, another one, I'm not sure what's worse, the thing that has been up this long or asking if it should be longer. Uh, <laughs> Mason, you've pretty much wrung out all this, all you can from this thing. Let's move on. Uh, uh, someone says, I think someone hacked your account and posted Howard Letterer is a good guy with no malicious motives in the full tilt thread. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh, so, someone says... Uh, uh, let's see. You stated it would be up for two years as long as Dutch abided by the terms. Has he not? Don't move the goalpost now. Pretty sure, however, that you're the only one that cares about this anymore. And not to mention the fact that the the whole posting of it in the beginning is just idiotic. Well, you'll like the next comment then. You've demonstrated yourself to be needlessly punitive and petty either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, someone else puts, replace it with a Howard Letterer phony apology for two years. There you go. <laughs> Someone said, hi, Mason, you make some strange posts. This one takes the cake. I think it translates to something like this. Hi, everyone. You remember when I owned Dutch? Just want to remind everyone that I owned Dutch in case you forgot. Just thought I would publicly humiliate him one more time when I had the chance. Best wishes, Mason. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a passive-aggressive way to uh, bring it back up. Yeah. Can you imagine being like this guy's (laughs) ex-girlfriend and just the... Yeah, I mean, a lifetime of shit that he would heap on you. Well, he's been married a long time, so that's. Uh, I wonder what oh, that's the, like. The poor, the poor woman. <laughs> well, can you imagine <laughs> just being Mason, having that much money, and just being this bitter at the world, and like yes. not yeah. being able to enjoy any of your success? Yeah, and, and he's always ang- he's always angry. Like I see him when he plays poker, and you look at he doesn't smile once. It's always like he sits there looking pissed. It looks when he's playing poker, you look at him and you think something must really be pissing him off. But that's always how he looks. And then he also brings like this this bag of vitamins of like twenty vitamins and takes them while he's at the table. He really pulls out like a bag of twenty vitamins and takes them at the table. I mean, honestly, he's like a caricature of a person, you know? He's yeah, the kind he is. Of thing that it, you, you, it's so ridiculous that you, it, it's hard to believe that uh, that he actually is a living, breathing person that is doing this stuff. Yeah. Someone else says, "How bizarre! How bizarre!" Uh, another one said. Uh, we should, you should sticky this poll and leave it open for two years to avoid rushing such an important decision. <laughs> uh, uh, someone said, uh, I, I wish, it says, uh, this poll should reflect how childish and petty Mason's being grow up. That's about right. Uh, so, so then someone wrote, if you'd like to renege on your agreement for some petty reason, just go ahead and do it. Don't try to pin it on some groundswell of public opinion. So then Mason said, there was never any agreement with anyone. So what he meant by that is Mason never had an agreement with Dutch that it's up for two years. Dutch gave him the, the apology letter. Mason posted it and just announced it'll be up for two years. But okay, that's, that's kind of like an agreement. That's kind of like, okay, I'm putting this up for two years, which is bad enough. And, and then when two years comes up, oh, you know what? Let's leave it up. But but he he really thought that he was going to 
as, as the guy said, get a groundswell of public opinion and say, okay, well, everyone wants to still see it, so I, I'm going to go mean, with... To me, to me, this says more about Mason than it does about Dutch. Yeah, like, much what, more. What a douchebag Much more. And, and the funny thing is, Dutch, while I'm sure he's very bitter at Mason for the whole thing, Dutch has handled this very well publicly by saying that he's not mad at Dutch, he understands, you know, he... he uh, um, yeah, that, that's the way it is. It's over. He's not bitter about it. Like even if he is, he, he's he's putting it behind him and making it look like he accepts his fate. Where where Mason just wants to look. Ah, ha, ha, I won. I won. Dutch. Hey, guess what? Dutch. I won. I'm gonna put it on my website. I won. Ha 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 ha. That's yeah. what he's doing. So, I mean, so Dutch lost the lawsuit, and you know he had to pay some punitive fine. I think it was like 250 grand, something like no, that. No, six, which... 60 grand. 60 grand. But even 60 grand, I mean. I don't know. I'm not privy to his finances, but my understanding is that was a decent amount of money to the guy. It was, yes. He was, and, in fact, you know, he, he was broke despite before he all won. of this, and despite Mason having millions and all that kind of stuff, I guarantee you that Dutch Boyd smiles and laughs and enjoys life way more than Mason does. Yeah, and someone yeah. else brought something up here that, that Dutch Boyd, and this isn't an excuse to, you know, let Dutch Boyd do what he wants, but this, Dutch Boyd has a history of mental issues, which he does. He's also been. You know, hospitalized for uh, for mental problems, and uh, so they're saying that you know when you've had this victory over someone who's had mental issues, yeah, you know, to, to to now lord this over them, uh, that that really makes you look scummy, which which is also true. Like this, yeah. Is- I mean, I'm I'm not going to give uh, Dutch a pass for the the mental issues, but you're right. I mean, you know, honestly, just the the whole behavior in general is just it's awful. Yeah, it really is on Mason's part. Every single part of it is just awful. Yeah, he doesn't understand it. Like he just doesn't understand. That's what's with Mason's personality. He can't even begin to understand why this looks terrible to win a a legal victory like this, and and put this up there as a. St- and it's not like you know, it's a little different. Like let, let's say someone was was a scammer. Let's say like I, I once threatened to Craigslist scammer that if they don't give me back my money, uh, that not only am I going to sue them. But once I win the lawsuit, I'm going to make a, a website of whatever their name is, is a scammer.com and post a copy of the lawsuit. That's at least something where you're, I'm like warning everyone, this person's a scammer. I had a legal victory because they're a scammer. Look at this. That's not the same thing. He's actually, this was a one-time deal where, where it was about cyber squatting, which isn't scamming. It's just a kind of a scummy practice. He won a lot of money from it. He didn't need to, to put up an apology letter. It, it, it's really strange to, to force up an apology letter for two years just to, Take a victory lap. The last two years is insane. So, uh, Trader Ruski, hello. Hey, Jeff. And don't you remember how he collected the money? Yeah, he went to the. Yeah, he, he he had the money held up uh, from the World Series when Dutch won a tournament. Right, because I think it was when he was at the final table, he had to get a last minute uh, thing from the court. Right. Yeah, yeah, he did. To put a hold on. The yeah, money, they moved very so. fast, and that's why Dutch like backed down and gave it because he knew that he had no choice. It was uh, like it was held up, and then he said, Dutch just said, "All right, screw it, take it," because I, you know, he knew he was going to lose anyway. I'm not sure how the the apology letter came to be, but but somehow it was mandated. It wasn't a thing where where uh, Dutch just felt bad and apologized. Yeah, I'm what, sure that's true. Uh, that doesn't make the public posting of it any less distasteful, in yeah. my opinion. And what's the over under on how many times uh, Mason's read the letter in the past two years? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's probably every, every day. It's a routine. He wakes up. Okay. That's what he does. Uh, that's what he how he relaxes. He goes. He reads the letter and he rubs one out. Drop. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he wants it up. What's what yeah. he gonna do? <laughs> okay, so so then after this, uh, after about two and a half pages of just unrelenting bashing of Mason, which I'm sure he wasn't expecting. 
uh, Mason had to change direction. So, so what do you do when when you've just made a, a big mistake, a big public relations mistake, and, and made yourself look like a fool? The only way out of it, of course, is to say that it was a joke. <laughs> so this is what Mason said a day later, May twenty second. Hi, everyone. David Skolansky suggested to me yesterday that we put this poll up as a joke, and it's been fun reading the post. Yeah, I'm sure it's been fun watching everyone just bash the hell out of him. Uh, however, we were surprised by the number of people who voted to keep the letter up, which was like know, a quarter of the people, not even like a large number, but recognize that some, some of these votes are probably not serious. As for the Boyd apology letter, it will be taken down as planned. Best which is Mason. So he's trying to say, ah, I got you guys. See, I, I'm not really like that. No, no. Bullshit. I'm, yeah. Bullshit. Exactly. He, first of all, everyone believed it because it's totally in his character to do that. <laughs> That's why. And Mason doesn't seem like he has a sense of humor at all. Yeah, he doesn't. That's the point. He's never joked on his. He has a 9,235 posts on his forum. I don't think, I don't think one of those 9,235 posts has ever contained an element of humor. It's just uh, never. So, well, he's he's inadvertently funny. Yeah, that's. that's right. <laughs> it's not on purpose. That's right. Exactly. People are laughing at him, not with him. Right. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so, so, so he 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 turned around and claimed that it was a joke, which which right. is insane. That uh, instead of saying sorry, you know, I was uh, this was a dumb idea. I, I should take like just instead of just backing down and saying this is a dumb idea I shouldn't have suggested this I'll take it down as planned no, it was a joke between me and Scholansky so I could totally see what happened is like everyone's pissed off about this Mason's like oh crap I didn't expect this response and he's talking to Scholansky and he's going man I, I didn't expect the forum people to go after me so much on this I don't know what like what do I even say to him now and Scholansky's like I have an idea let's just say it was a joke let's just say we were screwing with him it'll, everyone will get a good laugh we'll seem like we, we got one over on them it'll seem it'll seem fun yeah, okay, so then, so he said that. Uh, this is what someone immediately responded. Sorry, Mason, I don't know you, but I don't believe this for a second. You were serious about this poll until you realized that most people don't give two shits and went off. Now, all of a sudden, it's a joke. Sure it is. I'd be willing to wager a pretty penny that if you, you got real responses, that people truly wanted this apology letter on here, you would have never mentioned any joke and would have replied accordingly. Nice try, though, to come up with a joke reason after this poll was a complete dud and epic fail. <laughs> uh, it would have been even better if Northern California guy got in there and said, Nah, I don't believe this for a second, Mason. You've never demonstrated you have any fucking sense of humor at all anyway. <laughs> uh, so, so somebody who does have a sense of humor on the show has just joined what us. What the hell is going on here? I open up the Skype for the fraud show, and there's so many people on this line, and uh, two windows open up. Well, so the, how many hosts are on this well, show? So, so what happens, Brandon? Is when when you're missing, I need to. I have to have several people to to make up one Brandon. It, it takes a lot to make up for you. Was my little trader Ruski on the line? He is. Buddy, What's happening, Brandon? Northern California. Where you been? I've been in various secret locations. Calawat, you're still up in San Francisco, I assume? No, man, I'm back in New York. Oh, all right. Sounds good. Listen, I, I I was late for two reasons. I don't know if you could tell my throat. It's kind of like 50%. Maybe a little bit better now. That sounds normal to me, actually. And also, I had to hurry up and get to my local sports betting shop there. I seen the, uh, after tonight's blowout, Toronto's line, money line for the series, plus 1,500. Ooh. I mean, for any of those idiots that are getting futures bets, I mean, what, Jesus, you can get it for plus 1,500 now. Truff. Sorry. It makes my plus 500 <laughs> earlier make that look very good. Why would it, I don't understand. What, how, how did you misread this? Like, I mean, how, what's the point of even getting a futures bet if the team that does better just keeps getting higher? 
yeah. then they don't do good and it still goes higher. Yeah. Do you get it? I don't understand. No, I, I didn't understand. The, well, the plus nine, well, at least they lost tonight. The plus 900 yeah. on them after when they were two to two in the series to be plus 900 <laughs> in the, in the finals. And then it was plus 500 for them to win the East before they even started the playoffs makes no sense. Yeah. But that's, that's futures bets. Yeah. I, I hate futures bets. Why? So how's everyone doing this evening? Druff, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And Brandon, I was concerned for you because I just had the situation a few months ago where I had voice problems and then the show wiped out my voice. I, I totally understood why no, you stayed What it away. was is I was up for about 32 hours straight, which I don't, I really don't do anymore. But uh, I had a little staycation at the Palazzo this past weekend and I was up for quite some time. And between that and talking and just not sleeping, it just... I feel fine. I'm not ill in any way, but it just killed my voice. I was afraid if I came on here for six, eight hours. But you know what? Now with the four lines on the the Skype for the fraud show, I can just kind of maybe even just lay back and just interject as a uh, guest host tonight. Yeah, well, whatever you'd like to do. So if you if you like to hang back and only uh, comment occasionally, that's fine. I can actually hear it. I can hear it in your voice now. When you first called yeah. in, uh, you sounded normal. Now you're kind of sounding a little bit hoarse. So yeah. Uh, definitely, if you talk a lot, uh, it it probably I can speak from experience. It, it's probably going to get worse. Like it was, it was so weird when I did that show. I was okay for most of it, and at the end, I started to feel pain back there. And I said, "Ah, it's almost over. I'll finish up the show." And then I go to sleep, wake up, and I can't talk. It's just completely gone. Yeah, and I'm you know I've, it's a holiday weekend. I'm going to uh, I'm actually going to Reno. True story. I'm going to Reno uh, tomorrow. So, you know, I want to have good health and not, you know. Now, can you tell us what you're doing in Reno? Uh, I'm meeting C-Money, and I'm actually meeting some other friends of my Jeannie and Karina and some other, but my little Miss Debbie, our nominee, we got her there. Do you know that? Yes, I was one of the topics tonight. Yes, Debbie Burkhead. Oh, oh, okay. Did you mention it yet? I mentioned it quickly in the the intro that took You will actually be getting a shout out at the uh, acceptance speech. Oh, really? And do you know who the other person that one was too? Yeah, I yeah, yeah, Victoria Corin. Okay, yeah. yeah. Two very well worthy uh, people. Yeah, this is the so, women in, women in poker hall of fame. We had Debbie Burkhead on this show and we threw our support behind her. She was she actually was on here for a short time and uh, she was uh, among all the nominees. She and Vicky Corrin got elected. So that shows she you. She made that- a quasi sexual comment about lesbianism. Yeah. Lesbian. I wasn't going to mention that she you know, goes that way because it doesn't really matter. She's just a friend, but you know, since she brought it out, yes, she likes other women's. You know, but that has nothing to do with it. But yeah, well, was she, it? She made some comment. Would you remember what the cliche was? It was funny. Yeah, I was I say, yeah, something about lesbian. I don't remember, but yeah, that she's. Uh, anyway, she yeah she got elected to it. So that shows the power of, of the fraud show here. That we <laughs> we throw our support behind anyone, and and they just. Look, I, I want to say that maybe even uh, Russell Westbrook was listening to this show when you were predicting Oklahoma um, City's success. Listen, how about that Larry Legend who wouldn't even – said he was doing me a favor by uh, uh, not taking me up on my – you know, I said, for those that might not have uh, read the forum, I wrote a post and I suggested to a poster named Larry Legend and others that if anyone wanted to make a friendly wager, not, you know, just small, just a sweat, $25, $100, that I would take that – uh, if Oklahoma and San Antonio matched up, even odds, I'd take Oklahoma. And this was my thinking. I wasn't just spewing. My thinking was that even though they rested these guys, you know, sporadically throughout the season, I really thought San Antonio was going to run out of gas. And that they did. They did. And now what is very common in sports, you know, you see it, is Donovan has Oklahoma City peaking at the best possible time. 
Yep. And that with a combination of Curry. Now, and listen, you can say what you want. People are saying, you know, Curry's hurt. You know, you know he's not 100%. And that's, that's very well true. But, you know, two of the greatest regular season teams of all time, they've gone 7-3 and three in their last 10 games against. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty insane, you know, counting San yeah, Antonio. Yeah, and, yeah, Oklahoma is just really, really hot right now. You can say what you want. And, uh, you know, I realize their mentality, you know, Golden State has to be one game at a time. But uh, as we saw tonight in the Cleveland-Toronto game, and uh, who had that stupid lock of the day? Yeah, uh, laugh team, out team loud at okay, that. Yeah, yeah that, that, don't, don't be listening to his picks, boys and girls. But listen, Oklahoma's not going to lose three games in a row. No, I don't. I, they're don't not, I mean, they're, they're not. They may lose tomorrow night. In, in Golden State or wherever. Where do they play? In what Oakland. city is it? Oakland. It's the Bay Area. Oh, Oakland. Okay. Uh, I never understood that. So why is it is just Golden State because it's the Golden State? Is yeah, that... yes. It's kind of like the California Angels before they were yeah. the Anaheim Angels. But tonight proved just how powerful, more so in any other sport, what home court advantage means in basketball. I mean, how can a team be so dominant like Toronto and, and then just go and, you know, sell a ball? It's still going in a hoop? And then just get so yeah. dominated. It is amazing in basketball how much that matters. So I'll tell you, they may win uh, tomorrow. I, you know, for the record, I, I'm just throwing out predictions. I think they're gonna, they're gonna, they're done. I think they're gonna win tomorrow. I think they're gonna close it out. Um, but if they don't, for whatever reason, then uh, they're gonna win in six. Uh, and you know what? Cleveland will win. Cleveland. You know, I guess everyone wants some drama. So a lot of people would like to see Toronto win. But what the NBA really wants, you know, and I disagree with that one gentleman who wrote a post that Adam Silver's potentially going to slit his wrists at a, you know, Oklahoma City Toronto uh, matchup. I don't think they care. I mean, I don't think they, you know, they look at it like as much as people think you're such a conspiracy. But I think we're going to get Oklahoma City Cleveland. I think Oklahoma is going to be a slight favorite to win that series. Um, and I think uh, who 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 gets home court? Who, the, who won? I don't, I don't even, Oklahoma I don't, won more games, right? I think so. It's close. I'm not sure who won more. I think Oklahoma did, but maybe not. But I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think they'll probably cl- pretty much hold serve or be close to it. But uh, I'm not surprised at all, and I'll tell you, listen, I've watched a lot of basketball, and I, you know, I won't go on about this, but I've seen a lot of basketball in my life, but the things I've seen Russell Westbrook do are fucking amazing. For a point guard, are amazing. I mean, when that guy's on, he's on with, like, the best that's ever played. I mean, when he's off and, and he's doing just foolish things that you just kind of shake your head, but that guy can play. And he's young. He's a kid still, basically. Yep. This is yeah. – uh, it all just fell at the right time for these guys. They were they were, they were were choking in games and at the end of the uh, – They went like 7-13 uh, and 13 or something like ridiculous they, like they, that. They were having horrible fourth quarters, including when I had a big yeah. underdog bet on them, and they, they blew it. So they, they've, yeah. they've just stopped all that at exactly the right time, kind of uh, – Kind of like how the uh, the 2014 San Francisco Giants won the World Series when they were uh, there was I mean there was there was a, the Oklahoma City Thunder was a better team than the Giants were in 14 but but this this was a team that had three losing months it was not a very good team and they just got really hot when the playoffs came and blew everybody away so and just think this is a team that traded away James Harden yeah I know. That's <laughs> so if they had him I mean I don't even know how that would work if if that would just be too much too many players wanting to be the man. This is literally a team that didn't have to trade away James Harden. Yes, it was did. crazy. It was, it was a dumb trade. So okay, let's let's yeah. get back to the the fraud show here. So so yeah. before we move on past the the Mason topic, do you did you uh, read about Mason's thing about the? I was the, talking to Dutch about it the other night on Twitter. 
or DMing or whatever about the apology thing. You mean? Yeah, but that, that stupid so poll. Stupid. No one even cares. But not only that, it's but Mason Mason made up the, Mason. The, the, the he made up the phony thing about it was a joke after everyone owned him. After everyone, oh, uh, I don't know about this. Yeah, yeah. M- Mason was getting just owned on his own side about it, about about the stupid poll, and then uh, he said, oh, "Guess what, guys? It was a joke." Uh, Scalancy suggested I put this up as a joke. So that's what we did. Oh God! Yeah, that's so, not even funny. It's, it's, it, and Mason has no sense of humor. They wouldn't have put up this joke. It would. Ha- they, Mason really thought that there would be support for this, and then when there wasn't, they came up with the idea to say it was a joke. It's it's, it's so transparent, isn't it? It's supposed to be like next month. Yes, next month. Again. Yeah. The whole thing was stupid to put up an apology letter. I mean, it's just you know the who thing with that? Dutch, and I can say this because I know him personally, is that you know when he had that cash. You know, the reason why he was paid or he paid him was he just wanted to put all this behind Well, I thought he had to because it was held up at the World Series. It wasn't actually held up, no. No, there was. You're saying it was a judgment? That That's not what I was. Maybe there was. Maybe there wasn't. I was told there wasn't. I was told that they but, made an emergency injunction when, they, when he made the final table to hold it up. Did you actually ever see anything in right? Well, you know, you could easily Google it and look at Las Vegas. Well, it's actually a little bit hard to find that. But that's, No, that, it isn't. It isn't actually. Well, you, you can search for it. I, I, I think it's you? hard to find an injunction like that. It's not that easy. Okay. I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just not, not something you'd find in, in so, a few minutes. So that post was a joke you're saying and that he never had an intention of taking it down no, early? No, you know, he's claiming that. I don't believe it. He's claiming so – a month before it was supposed to be taken down, he made a joke about taking it down a month early? He that put, a poll, he put up a poll up a month early saying, should we leave this up longer? And then when <laughs> everyone responded negatively and, and got really mad and, and owned Mason on his own site with uh, just lots of nasty comments, then suddenly it became a joke. Unbelievable. So yeah, it's a, and and you saw how Mason was also defending Howard Letterer, right? Yeah, I read that where he said in his, he's not a friend of his, but in his limited interactions with him or something like that, he's always uh, felt he was honorable. Yeah, was something yeah, like that. Yeah. He wrote. Yeah. yeah, what a dumb thing. So yeah, Mason put his foot in his mouth twice this week. So it's uh, not a good week for Mason Malmuth. So moving on to our, our next topic here. But what have we covered so far? So I kind of okay. We we have covered the 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 World Series, America's Carter and Twitter thing, the, the tips of the World oh, Series, the little war, the little feud. Yeah, yeah. The, the tip- oh, and I, I actually uh, I, I can is, really help you. Now I have everyone. Because if it's not Trader Ruski, you kind of <laughs> need to identify yourself. Because sorry, don't... sorry, Brandon, it's Kalawat. Kalawat. Oh yeah, what's up, buddy? Not much, uh, man. You're Bart so Hansen's friend. Yeah, I can help you out here because I took some notes for uh, uh, Druff's tips for the World Series. Are you ready for it? I got a, I got a little bullet oh, point boy, list for go. you. Okay. His advice is jerk off, eat light, pre-register. <laughs> don't, be, don't be a dick at the table, win chips, stay on a low floor, and that's it. <laughs> that's fine. Right? Jerk uh, off, eat light, pre-register, don't be a dick at the table, win chips, stay on a low floor. The sad thing is I really did say to jerk off. Okay, yeah. so so uh, the – we and How's I, – I just – because I feel like I just am lost. How's uh, Northern California doing? He, how long has it been since – Northern California, how long has it been since you've been on the air with us? I, mi- I, I missed the last two weeks because you know, one day you I about, was, dr- was – Go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say one, one day I was driving on the road and then the other – one I couldn't make because it was like a that middle of the night show. Now you know you missed a, a very popular, uh, well received uh, uh, free roll tournament last week. Did you hear about this? I, I did. It was in, instead of the ante only, it was like the barely ante. It, it's a fixed <laughs> ante only. F A T we call it. Uh, one ante it doesn't matter when or where. Now tonight was there a horse tournament? Drove? Yeah, there was a horse tournament. And supposedly uh, Belly Buster fixed it to where it doesn't do that anymore. Uh. 
Yeah, I, I know Brandon. It was funny. Brandon was actually uh, disgusted by it at first, and then he, as time passed, he got to like it more and more. And by the time it was over, he's like, you know what? I actually kind of like the fixed ante tournament. <laughs> Because it, it just, you could really sit out for a while. Because, <laughs> you know, in, in most of those kind of tournaments, that's kind of, you know, it's not like No Limit where, you know, okay, I'm kind of short here. I have at least eight hands to shove. But those annies get up there and they can really eat away at you. Yeah. But not, you know, not on the fraud side. Not no, with one could, ante, yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm sorry. So keep going. What else have we discussed? So, so we also discussed the Mason Mallet. So now we're up to the full, the full flush poker, the equity network thing being broke. This is a... You know, since I, I don't talk about lock poker anymore since that's done, I, I need another lock, and I, I think I may have found it. But this actually involves a little bit a user on our site. There's a guy on our site who goes by How Quaint. Uh, he's also posts on 2 Plus 2 as a Canatron, and he's actually a limit hold'em player. And I've, I've never played with him. I've never met, with, met him in person, but I've played with him a lot online. He, he's a winning limit hold'em player. But uh, what he seems to mainly do is run affiliate sites. And the main affiliate site he runs is called ProfessionalRakeback.com. He actually has in his signature on Poker Fraud Alert, which I may actually remove shortly, which I'll explain as the segment goes on. But he, he, uh, he puts very much effort into this professional rakeback business, which, which is he's an affiliate for many sites, both U.S.-facing and non-U.S.-facing. And something that he is good at doing is getting close with the ownership or management of these sites that he represents. So he isn't just an affiliate. He actually gets to know the ownership pretty well and has a, a pretty tight relationship with them. And, and a very it's good... like that guy, remember the hair club for men? He wasn't only just the president, he was a member he was too. A cli- he was a client, yeah, that's true. So so this is so he actually gets friendly with these guys who, runs the, who run these poker rooms, which, which can be good and bad. The good part is if you have any issue, any dispute, any problem reaching management, you just go to, uh, go to him, who's your affiliate, and you say, hey, uh, can you put me in contact with ownership? I'm having such and such problem. And, and then he solves your problem for you. That's the good part. The bad part is that it can cloud your judgment. And if you're an affiliate, and if the site that you are advertising is shady and is cheating people, and if you're close with the management there and friendly with them, it's a lot harder to say, I'm not going to carry the site anymore. I'm not going to advertise for them anymore. It's easier to have to make excuses for them. Now, I've talked about him a number of times on this show, sometimes positively, in fact, usually positively, occasionally negatively. I've, I once covered uh, this year, in fact, a guy who stiffed him in a staking arrangement and helped blow that guy up. Uh, he had... Talked about lock poker a lot, this guy, uh, how quaint. He was always anti-lock poker, and I, me and him were always of one mind on that. I somewhat criticized him recently, maybe a few weeks ago, when he was – he did a, a good report on a shady site, which is U.S. facing, and uh, and listed all the reasons on his professional rakeback site why this site looks very questionable. This is called Our Game Poker. And the article was called Our Game Poker, A Cautionary Warning. So then he, he laid out all the reasons why this site is very shady, including how they claim to be based in London but seem to be Asian. It seems to really be based in Asia. It seems like it's a, they don't know how to pe- process payments. He said the whole thing looks very suspicious. And I, th- I thought, okay, that's a good report. I'm proud of him. Well, I wasn't so proud because if you scroll down to the very bottom, there's an affiliate link to still play on Our Game Poker, the one he said was a scam. <laughs> So I asked him this. I said, wait a minute. You, you, you write this whole article that it's likely a scam. 
why would you provide a link to have someone go play there where you make money from it? And he said, well, I want to give them the choice. They go, but that's not giving them the choice. You're trying to make money off someone making a bad decision and depositing onto a scam site. And he said, well, I want to take the metrics to see who's actually going to click that. I can see who clicks one, who clicks the other. I said, you can do that without linking them to the site. You could, you could put up the same thing if you want to play here, still click here, and then really take them nowhere. And then you still get the metrics. So I, I was already like not liking that. I was already feeling like this guy – I mean I've already felt this before about him. I've always felt that he has a one-track mind about money. I've always felt like that money is the most important thing to him. And this comes from a Jew who's known to be cheap. You know, me. And I'm saying he seems to be too focused on money. It just It seems like like a lot of these affiliates, they just they want to make the maximum money they can off each online poker room that they can, and they don't care that much if the online poker room that they are advertising to the unsuspecting public is shady. They don't care if you don't get paid. They just want to get their money. They want to get their share. And this perpetuated the Locke situation for a long time. Now, he wasn't advertising Locke. I'm not going to say he, – he was against Locke. But that's because Locke was the competition of the sites that he had a good relationship with. I, I don't know. Maybe if he had a good relationship with Locke, it would have been different. But he was very anti-Locke. But at the same time, whenever there was any kind of issue with a site that he was close with, like Merge, when people when they were having trouble paying people, he always made excuses for them. He always looked at these sites through rose-colored glasses because he represented them. And I thought it was really crappy on this uh, this R game poker after he does this report how shady they are. He still provides an affiliate link if you still want to play there. And that's just – you shouldn't be trying to make money off people who make a dumb decision to deposit to a scam site. You shouldn't say, this is a scam, but if you're dumb enough to still fall for it, click here so I can make money off you. I thought that was crappy. But that's not what this week's segment is about. This segment is about – Brandon, you're kind, of, you're kind of breathing funny. Is everything okay? Yeah, I'm just – I'm fine. Go ahead. Okay. I, I'll mute myself. Okay, okay. I mean, you, you, so – the it's just me scratching my throat. It's very, uh, very okay. You know. <laughs> no, I understand how it, it, it can be uncomfortable. Like if there's issues in your throat, like I, I, I hate sore throats. I absolutely hate sore throats more than other ailments. I really hate sore throats. So I can, I can sympathize. So anyway, full tilt poker, not full tilt, full flush poker. Might as well be called full tilt poker. As you're going to hear, they are part of what's known as the equity network. Now I was always skeptical of the equity network. The equity network is uh, they call themselves like a co-op. They are a network where all the skins uh, manage their own rake back, manage their own promotions, and that the skins only get paid based upon how many fish they recruit. So you actually get penalized if you just bring pros to the table. And what about that hero poker? Do they do this? No, they're not part of the equity network. But do they bring only fish to the table? Uh, I, I don't think they bring anyone. I think they're gone. No, but I'm saying in their heyday. And they, really, they brought a mixture. I mean, they tried to market to everyone. But it was on the up and up, you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he was a good guy, that, that hero poker owner. That was David Jung? David Jung. I liked him. Yeah, he was a straight shooter. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so Full Flush Poker, they were the flagship skin on the Equity Network, meaning that they were the main skin. They were the Equity Network, and every, every other site on the Equity Network was just a skin of what Full Flush is. So... Apparently, this How Quaint guy on Poker Fraud Alert, also known as Countatron, the guy who runs Professional Rakeback, he developed a good relationship with Full Flush Poker, and like he had with many other of these, many other sites. And that was fine for some time, until 
full flush poker started to have issues, major issues. So a guy on our site named CMNSNI, I'm not sure what that stands for, but he, he sent me a warning about how quaint, seeing that he posts on this site and, in fact, advertises his professional rakeback site and his signature. My, my policy on Poker Fraud Alert is that you can't spam, but if you're going to make good, informative posts otherwise, you are allowed to have advertising in your signature for your own website. So I'm not like Mason. I don't flip out and call it spam if someone puts an ad to their own website. As long as, long as you're not making posts advertising your own website, if you just want to put in your signature and you make legitimate posts about, about uh, topics where you contribute, then you can advertise. I'm fine with that as long as it's not like a scam. So CMMSI contacted me, this is back in April, and alerted me that Full Tilt is, not Full Tilt, I keep saying Full Tilt, Full Flush has not been paying people. They're just, they're pulling a lock. They're just not paying people out. And it's been going on for a while. And what he's very upset about is that this How Quaint guy is still promoting them heavily. He said he was also upset that when people were questioning, hey, why are you still promoting them? Why are you still providing affiliate links on your site if they're not paying anyone? Not only did he make excuses for them, but he actually offered, hey, if you're not happy with this, I will buy your money on full flush at 40 cents on the dollar. And that's what he did. He, and he, he bought a lot of money off of people there at 40 cents on the dollar, and people are assuming that he gets priority cash outs because of his relationship with the ownership of Full Flush. So basically he's making 60% on all these transactions because he can do cash outs and they can't, which is also crappy. So this CMNSI guy wanted me to know that this is happening and that a user on my site, even though he's not a super active user, but a guy who sometimes posts on my site, is, is somewhat involved. So th- this, is, uh, this is what he wrote. And I... Look, I, I know this How Quaint guy. I've, I've never met him, but I've spoken to him on Skype. I've played with him a number of times online. We've gotten along. I, I don't have any personal problems with him. I've even talked about him positively on the show before. But look, I've got to call it how it is. And I told him that today. I said to How Quaint today on Skype, I'm doing this topic about you. I'd like you to come on and defend yourself if this is untrue. And he didn't want to. He said, I'm not giving him enough notice. I, I'm bashing him on my site. And I said, look, this shouldn't be very hard to defend if you're right. If this is... A, if this is accurate, you're right. You're right. Hmm. Ken Scaler here. Let me. I want to have him on, but I want to finish the topic. Hey, Ken. Uh, I, let me call you. Leave the phone. I'm going to call you in a few minutes. We're, we're, I'm on the radio. I'm going to call you in a few minutes. Leave the phone on. Okay? Okay. All right. Unlike the old days, I can actually call Ken back as he has this. His, uh, he has this. Yeah, Druff. I mean, 100%. If this guy really thought he had a tenable position he would come on the air and defend it I mean, yeah. that's just not the way people act you yeah know? you don't yeah you don't need days to prepare a response to hey you're acting shady hey you know you're, you're promoting a scam why are you doing that the answer should come right away you shouldn't have to think about it It should be second nature to say oh no 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 i'm being portrayed the wrong way here's the way it really is you shouldn't need preparation time he still had like hours to prepare and i told him that but uh he so i said okay you can respond anytime you can, uh, and he's not responding on the website either. He's not responding on uh, Poker Fraud Alert, and he's not coming on this show, which I think is also kind of telling. Some people don't like being on the radio, but he could he could respond in written form, which you know he's made thousands of posts on Two Plus Two, and he's made a number of posts on Poker Fraud Alert. He could easily respond, and he hasn't. So 
Here's the situation with the Equity Poker Network, a.k.a. Full Flush Poker. Uh, that they're basically not paying. People are not getting paid. And uh, I guess they got new management in the late 2015. And, and since then, they've had a very hard time paying people. Uh, a lot of people are still waiting over nine months for their cash outs. So, uh, uh, Druff, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, didn't Mason say that the he always had good dealings with the uh, Equity <laughs> Poker Network? <laughs> you know, if, if he did, I'm sure he would let us know that. <laughs> so, so yeah, so so this is uh, so this is what a guy named Cavino on Two Plus Two said. He said uh, this is back in April. He said he's been waiting for nine months for for wires. He t- he did a Western Union that took five months. Uh, that that he's been uh, MoneyGram has been taking over three months, and that the most they'll send is three hundred eighty dollars. <laughs> so, so you can imagine if you have any kind of decent money on there, even if that method will take an eternity, probably longer than a lifetime for some people with money on there. Uh, so, people are very unhappy about this that they're just not paying for the last nine months. Just like Lock Poker, when they start stop paying, people just are not getting paid, which is a horrible thing. For a poker site, if they're just not paying anyway, it's one thing to have a temporary hiccup in the payment because of the, uh, losing a payment process. But for nine months, where people are not getting paid, that's a big issue. So, when people were fighting with Hal Quaint, Canatron on two plus two, he actually said, "Okay, I will buy up your balances right now at forty percent, forty cents in the dollar. You, you have a thousand on there, I'll buy it for four hundred. And people took him up on it because people felt well. I, I'm just not going to get. Uh, I'm not going to get any better. This is this is as well as I'm going to do. I, I'm otherwise going to get zero probabilities. I've been waiting nine months, so f it. It's it's forty percent or nothing, and <sighs> and 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 would buy it from him for forty percent, which is crazy. So he's advertising. Listen to this. He's advertising a site that people are cashing out with him for forty cents in the dollar. Yet people are still depositing new money on there with no warning <laughs> about what's happening. And, and he thinks this is okay. How can it be okay? If it, it's either it's it's okay or it's not okay. If it's not okay, if it's not okay over there, if they've got major issues paying people, then you should not be advertising. You, you shouldn't be. You should buy it for a hundred percent if if you're sure they're going to pay. Why are you buying for forty? Or if you want to buy for ninety five percent because there's some trouble in cash, you got fine. Forty percent that shows that you know they're not going to get their money off. That shows that you think that uh, people are desperate. And it shows that you have some way to get the money off of prob- off there probably and, and that uh, you can make an extra buck on this. You've already made money on – Did you say his last name was Wisner? <laughs> yeah. I, it might as well be. It, it, it sounds just like what Wisner was doing where, when she was a lock pro and she was buying people's money uh, actually at 75%, which is great compared to what this guy is doing when, when, because she had priority cash outs. Because, again, if you have a good relationship – with the ownership and they're cashing you out ahead of everybody else called priority cash outs, then uh, that, that's what he's doing. He's buying up people's money, taking his priority cash outs and making this money. What, what he should do is to say, look, I'm going to use my priority cash outs to help you. I'm going to buy your funds at 100% and if I can cash them out, I'll give you the money. That's what I said to Melanie too. Yeah. So the funny thing you is know, he, he was going okay. off on Melanie. He was going off on all the lock pros who huh. were doing this and now he is doing this himself and, and he won't explain it. 
He won't explain it. He won't explain why he's doing this. Now, you may say, well, maybe maybe he doesn't advertise for them anymore. Maybe he, he's over a barrel, too. Maybe he does not uh, like what's going on, and, and he's, he's boycotting them as well, and, and uh, 40% he's buying that because he's taking a risk. He's afraid he'll never get paid. Well, fine, but he's still advertising them. If you go to professionalrakeback.com, very prominently displayed on the top right, it says, Poker Site of the Month, Full Flush Poker, 35% rake back. I'm sorry, that, that is just rough. That's, that's just disgusting. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I got to say, just from a broader point of view, I mean, in what other fucking industry does this type of thing happen? <laughs> I mean, it, it's amazing to me that in, in the poker world, this happens so often, and it almost seems like it's expected. It would be like, you know, I... Uh, go to the New York Stock Exchange, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, I think I'm going to sell this stock. And they're like, okay, yeah, um, well, we're having a little bit of a problem with our stock cash out, so uh, you're going to have to wait six months. Yeah, I and, mean, in what world would that ever fly? And if you, you're right, and if you click on Full Flush Poker, that, that Poker Side of the Month crap on the top right, it says Full Flush Poker, 35% rakeback. Uh, largest skin on the equity network. Exclusive 35% daily rigback. Smooth Mac-friendly software. U.S. Fr- <laughs> US friendly in 47 states. Android mobile client. Not one thing in this whole description. You can scroll down. There's not one thing. Watch out. They're having payment problems. Watch out. Uh, I-, I actually had to buy people's uh, money at 40% on the dollar. That's, to- what, I was, that's what I was going to say, Druffy. You should have a, a big you know, marketing headline. I'll cash you out for 40 cents on the dollar. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so so if you're, if you're going to take the 40% cash outs and claim that you're doing your uh, people are favor by taking this money and that uh, that you're taking a risk that's why you're only giving them 40 cents in the dollar then guess what stop advertising them stop being an affiliate for them now it gets worse uh, he he also this is this is actually laughable this is actually laughable <laughs> he uh, he actually was telling people let me get to this thread here. He was telling people that they need to help out. Uh, where is it? I'm trying to look. I should have this up here. Um, Trader Ruski, what do you think of this whole mess? Well, well while Dress looking for that on that yeah. page he was referring to, it says mm-hmm. general questions. He loses stuff on the radio every week, Trader Ruski. Is, is, is full is full flush poker safe? Professional rake back thinks it is. We are professional <laughs> poker players ourselves, and we don't put our name behind sites that we don't personally uh. play or, ha- or stake other player professional players on. We believe FFP is legit, one hundred percent. Yeah, we, we 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 don't put our name on any site that we don't either play on or buy money back at forty percent. So yeah, I think I have an account on here. Trader Ruski, you've got an, uh, an assistant that you work with, right? Absolutely. Yeah. How do you think you would react if uh, you know he said, "Hey, uh, boss, I didn't get my paycheck this week," and you told him, "Oh, yeah, you know, I'm having uh, cash out problems. Uh, you're probably going to have to wait six months for that." That would not go over pretty yeah. well. <laughs> right. You, By the well, way, here I know, and maybe this guy has a deal with this full flush poker because if they can, if they're in a, obviously in a cash flow issue, they hired the new management. You know, maybe they said, look, let's do a deal with you. We can get kind of get out of the, all this money we owe at 40%. This guy could be in cahoots with them. Yeah, that's a good point. To scam everybody just so they can get back on their feet. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, listen to this, too. This, this is the ringing endorsement he has on 2 plus 2 for them. Uh, May eighth, two 2016, just a few weeks ago. He says, 
he, he makes this post uh, defending how they're s- stronger right now than, than people think they are. But here's the best part. He says at the end, like I've said all along, this won't be an instant fix. The more of you that support the new management by putting in a little bit of time at the tables each month, the sooner that they will write this ship. <laughs> so he's now putting it on you, the player, that if you want your money, you need to put time at the table and rake for them so they can get back on their feet. It's not it's not it's it's your fault. You're not playing enough. That's why they're they're broke. What does this site right. rank in traffic? Let me go look. I'm, I'm not oh, sure. Okay. Oh, here's another good one way to look for that. Why is professional rake, rake back the only source for legal rake back on full flush poker? That is good question. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I won't read the rest of it, but I thought that first line. <laughs> that is good. Well, here, uh, full flush, <laughs> let's see. Is... Yeah, I'm going to say they have maybe 5% of the market share. Well, full flush is actually. They're tenth of U.S. facing sites with uh, 71 cash players at the moment, with a seven-day average of about 65 uh, cash players, and that's uh, comparing it to the other U.S. facing illegal poker rooms. Merged with 150 cash players average, so about two and a half times of them. Uh, the Chico Poker Network, Chico Locos Network, at 475. The Winning Poker Network, which is America's Card Room, 700, and Bodog. 1450. So these, uh, it's very small compared to those, as you can imagine. So yeah, this this is this is amazing that uh, that he's actually telling people, oh, the more you play, though, just put more time at the table, they'll get back on their feet. No, they should be on their feet. Where, where'd the money go? Where's the money? You're they're None not of paying these anyone. Guys are on their feet, rough. They're all bent over. <laughs> the players. No, I mean, are, they are. It's a ridiculous. Well, the play. Yeah, yeah. The play. He's saying the site will be on its feet, but the uh, the players are the ones bent over. I mean, this exactly. Is, this That's is what I mean. Yeah, this is awful. And and he should look. He he says that I'm calling him a scammer. He was upset and twit and Skype. Look, I'm telling you this. You are promoting a site that is not paying people. You are promoting a site that has spent, lost, or stolen the player funds, just like Full Tilt did, just like Lock Poker did. You should not be promoting them until they are paying reliably. For I mean, you can actually pay reliably and still have stolen the money. Full Tilt proved that. They had almost no money, and yet they were processing cash outs pretty damn well until everyone needed it at once, and then it was proven they had just about nothing. But here, they are so broke they can't even process cash outs except for these priority ones to people like, like him. And, and the fact that he's buying up people's money at 40 cents in the dollar and still promoting this as if it's a safe site. That is very, very unethical, and I don't care what he says. There is no way to explain yourself out of that one. The only way you can promote them as ethical if, is if you have seen no evidence that they're not and that they are paying people and that they've been paying people reliably for a long time. So that means if next week they start paying people, that doesn't mean that they're okay. That just means that they've gotten some temporary money to pay people. If, if I see them paying people for several months in a row, I'm still not 100% sure, but that's at least a good sign for the moment. But at this point, when there's nine-month cash-out backlogs, you should not be promoting them to anyone, and you should not be buying people's money at 40 cents in the dollar. It's like I read these stories about when some of these countries are having trouble and like Greece and Cuba, and you see like the state employees haven't been paid in 10 months. I'm just thinking, why are they even going to work every day? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you ever seen one of these where they write like, yeah. you know, public employees have gone almost a year without getting paid? Why are they waking up? I think you know what I think it is. I think they feel pot committed. I think they they were just waiting that one day they're going to be told that there's money there. They'll get all the back pay and then they'll still have their jobs. I think they're afraid. Like, what if I quit? And even though I'll still get paid for the back work, 
what if I quit and then like the next day they start paying everyone and then I'm out of a job? So basically, full flush poker is like the Cuban government. Yes, yes. All right, that's and, fair. Yeah, and it's, it's like the Cuban government has an, a, a, an affiliate who's telling everyone it's safe to work there. Now you know, I, I'm not trying to change the subject real fast, but I just have to ask. It's amazing how all these things happen on Wednesday. So I just get home, and the voice is a little hoarse. I've already gotten three text messages about this breaking news about somebody calling out Nolan Dallas. Has anyone seen any of this? Yes, everyone. Oh, keeps, yeah. Everyone. Everyone. Oh, keeps, this isn't like breaking news. Then. No, no, it is breaking news. It's, it's breaking news from today. I haven't read it yet, but it, I have the link in front of me. So uh, oh, there's some every, good shit in there. You guys wants, are going to love Everyone it. wants I'm me to China talk. China maniac. Text me, Jeannie. Uh, I got another anonymous text. To well, the, okay, the everyone, everyone wants, everyone wants me to talk about it. So I'll tell you what here, because uh, because of this breaking news that everyone wants to talk about with Poker Night in America and with Nolan Dalla, because of that, this will be kind of for for Hal Quaint, Countertron, professional rakeback. This will be kind of the equivalent of what nine eleven was for Gary Condit. Okay. <laughs> uh, to where, uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I think he might have released the story to Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he made sure the story got released today. So when I talk about it on the radio show, it'll be interrupted. So, so just like with Gary Condit, who's uh, had an affair with an intern who disappeared and got murdered, and Chantel was, Levy or something. Yeah, Chandra Levy, you're close. Chandra. Yeah. He's back in the news, by the way. They're, they're trying to still blame it on him again. Yeah. So, oh, really? So, so he. So this guy, uh, Eru talked about it for for a month. This happened in August two thousand one, and then all of a sudden on September eleventh two thousand one, about a month later, nobody talked about Gary Condit anymore. And I, I think he was the one person in America who was happy that those uh, towers went down. Yeah, but it did just come back though, like within the last week, because I guess the uh, guy they blamed that was killing people in the park. His defense team brought it back up. They think he's the one that did it. And yeah, it I, I was kind of doubtful a little bit of that whole situation of who I they convicted. I always thought he just fucked her. Well, yeah, well, okay. I, what I was a little doubtful about, though, was the guy they convicted for it. It, it may or may not have been him. The, the, the guy they convicted was a scumbag, and he had raped women, and he'd, you know, he'd committed some horrible crimes. So I thought, okay, if this guy goes to prison for the rest of his life, great. I don't care if he did this or not because he deserves to be in prison anyway. But, but still, the Wait, question Lansky's is – Lansky's in prison? <laughs> the question is who did this? And, and uh, I, I always thought the evidence that this guy actually did the Chandra Lee murder was – Kind of questionable. So I guess that this guy's lawyers are bringing it up, and maybe people are blaming Condit again. But I, I don't think Condit did it. But I think it was just an unfortunate thing for him. He had an affair, and then the person he has an affair with gets murdered, and then it's uh, the fingers pointed at him. Anyway, so so getting to the the, the big breaking news for tonight, and I I haven't read a, a word of this. People were messaging this to me while I was on radio. Uh, since I have a, a personal relationship with Nolan Dalla, friendship, had some drinks with him over the years, some meals. Should I recuse myself or no? Well, you How can, does that work? You, you can comment. I mean, this is in the court of law. You can. Uh, I know but you're I friends mean, with him. But... I, maybe I'm a little partial because I, I like him and I, you know. Well, you, you can say that. You no, know, give, it's, your, it's... give your partial opinion, man. Yeah. Okay. What, okay. So here's. And don't forget, we got Ken Scaler, who's radio. Oh, that's right. Let's, you know, that's right. We have to call. Is, what is that? I... that, that yeah, uh, Trader Ruski, your your phone is very poor right now. No, I'm thinking with all these hosts now on these fraud show, maybe it's a, a, in order to start talking with the affiliates about a, a spinoff show, <laughs> like maybe an evening with Trader Ruski and some tea or something like that. <laughs> All right. So tell, I know nothing about well, okay, this. Before, before let's, let's, let's get Ken Scaler on the way. He, he's going to go to sleep. So before we get – let's get Ken Scaler on the phone here if he's, if he's still around. Wait. How does he know Nolan Dalla? He doesn't. <laughs> I'm confused. What, what, how does 
I thought we were talking about Nolan no, Dollop. He, no. Oh my god, Uh-oh. what is that? I'm sorry, Trader Risky. I, I gotta drop Trader Risky until he's uh, uh, he can he can come back when he's ready. Let's. Oh, let me let me put Ken Scaler back on. This is a mess. Hmm. Okay, Trader Risky's coming back. You your connection okay now, Trader Risky? Yeah, I should be good now. Okay. Let's try Ken Scaler one more time. The call didn't go through. Let's try it now. Doesn't he have to be waiting by the payphone or something? No, no, he has a cell phone now. He has an Obama Holy phone. Holy shit. An Obama phone? Obama? I've heard that term before. What does that mean? It's like a, it's like People a, have said that reference. It's, 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 a, it's a, a, free, a, a free uh, cell phone. You can get it if you're low income. Are you kidding me? Obama has that? I never knew that. <laughs> I can't... I, I can't uh, connect here. Let me, try, let me try one more time. I think King gets off the hook. I, for some reason, it's just not connecting. Yeah, there's no reception in the Starbucks bathroom, man. Well, it's not even on his end. It's just like I, I, it won't even dial the call. Skype is just acting funny here. Hmm. Maybe it's because of all the hosts. Maybe I forgot to pay my bill. Well, I'll you guys, us, do you guys want me to drop? Is it too much? No, no, it's not you. It's, it's, it's Skype having an issue. Well, I'll just let us say it. It may, may have a little moment to connect. This is so strange. Why is this happening? I, I don't know what's happening. I'm, I'm going to try one other thing. I'm, I'm going to try to call into the the fraud show. Northern California, you with us, buddy? Oh uh, yeah, I'm still here. Did Trader Ruski and I are probably going to pass out here in a while? Yeah. Yeah. Someone's asking me stick to the Nolan topic. I can't. I, I got to call up Ken. I mean, oh, you got to have Master Scaler whenever you get the opportunity. Northern yeah, California guy. Is best. what's new? Anything exciting going on? And your life, and you haven't well, gotten any, you haven't gotten any, any takeout, I imagine, or delivery since we talked about it, right? <laughs> you only do that once a year, right? Once a year. Uh, yeah, about so. I got I got me some Chipotle tonight, so that was. Oh yeah, are you a, a, a burrito? You're a burrito guy, not the you don't get the bowl with the rice and all that. You get the you know the tortilla and all that, correct? Yeah, I've never had a bowl. I did get a burrito. I'm going to guess you, you – I'd take you – even though you're a little organic, I could maybe see the tofu. But I'm going to say you probably got a steak burrito. Okay. Would that be accurate? We, we have Ken on the phone here, by the way. Ken. Uh, chick- steak? Chicken? Chicken. Chicken. Oh. You got, you got Ken. a Ken. 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 This is – yeah. What? Yeah, hi. Huh? What? Okay, Ken. Huh? H- hello. Welcome to the show. I'm having a terrible connection. Well, it's, it's probably your phone. I hate this phone. Yeah, Ken. Ken got a, a faulty phone because his broke, and he went and got a new one. And it's been terrible. And he's kind of been like intimidated to go back to the store and like have them exchange it. I, I I pressured him to do it once, and then all they did was like replace the SIM card. Yeah, I have a crappy phone. Yeah, we, we can hear you. It's not the best, but we can hear you. So, Ken, what's your take on Nolan Dallas' this scandal that came out? <laughs> oh wait, so I heard a scandal in Lowen Dow. Isn't Lowen Dow like a beer? Yeah, you think it's a light beer though. It's not a, like a heavy beer, like a lager. But what do you think why overall? There, why is there why is there why is there a scandal about beer? Is it like the core's right wing money funding something? Well, it, actually, what they're talking about is that Lowenbrau was a, it was a huge beer in the seventies, and it just fell off for no reason. And there's a there's a big scandal about that. Like, how did that happen? How how did Lowenbrau go from a, a big seventies beer to something no one drinks anymore? How does that happen? I remember when I was in the, I remember in the seventies, my dad drank Henry Weinhardt. I don't even know if that's still around. But I didn't even hear about that. I don't know what that is. But at Lowenbrow, you heard all the time in the seventies. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. In seventies, I just remember the Pepsi challenge. I was like, I was and the fight and fight back with David Horowitz. That was more early eighties, but yeah. Okay, so so, what, so what's been going on? Well, what was the what was the what was the original question before my phone? It, it's it's not important. So here, l- listen. This is uh, here's a, here's a low and brow commercial. Here's to good friends. Tonight is kind of special. Hey, where you been? It wasn't easy getting tickets for this game. Hey, Bob. Eddie, I know exactly what I want. I want the biggest steak so you've got. They're, they're in this like very 70s looking steakhouse, too. In, in 77. It sounds like a commercial during BJ and the Bear. Well, you know what I'm talking about? Like a, like a 70s looking steakhouse? Like a, a steakhouse that looks oh, like... Oh, yeah. Like, like, like the Hungry Hunter. Yeah, very, very 70s looking. So they, this guy's talking about he wants the biggest steak they have. When you want the taste of a truly great American beer, tonight, let it be low and brown. Here's to the chef. Here's to the bartender. And That's what, incredible. One of the guys was dressed like Herb Tarlick from WKRP. By the way, I'm walking around my apartment to try to get a good reception. Yeah, it's actually not bad right now. I don't now. know. It's not bad right now. Huh? It's not bad. Right now, Wait, it's okay. What? It's okay. Well, at least on your end. I can hear you. I don't know if you can hear us. Okay, I just I, I hear something about like low and brow in the seventies and a steakhouse. Okay, that's good enough. So, so Ken, uh, are you still have how many jobs do you have right now? How many donuts do I have? I didn't know. How, 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 how many jobs do you have? You need you it's really, like a bad Abbott and Costello routine. No, I know he needs a new fight. I'm so this is so tilting because I I tell him to go bring back that damn phone and it, I put so much pressure. He finally did it and then he still walks out with the same phone. <laughs> Ken. Yeah, I mean I did the. It's hard to deal. It was like it was like that, that that Adam Sandler movie, that foreign guy that ran an electronic store. It was those kind of people. Just go back there and demand they replace it. <sighs> well, now the phone's kind of dirty, and I don't really know how to clean it without ruining it. But turn it off and clean it. Hey Ken, who's your service provider? You need me to ship you a phone or something? No, it's, it's like one of these. I have, I have an Obama. I have an Obama That's phone. I guess this Obama phone's through AT and T, but AT doesn't really know me. It's through Obama. It's phone. like a weird thing. I don't think he can use like a standard AT and T phone. It's like a weird thing. I'm not even sure. Like I, I was thinking of helping him too, but I couldn't figure out like exactly what phone he had, what phone is compatible with this. And it's hard. To, it's hard to understand. See, I think. I think. I think. I think Obama phone sucks. It's like half watered down socialism. It's like a Bernie Sanders phone. It would be a great phone. <laughs> okay. If it was a Hillary Clinton phone, it would be a watered-down phone. If it was a Trump phone, it wouldn't be a Trump phone unless you paid for it. Now, if, 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 it, was a, uh, if it was a Hillary Clinton phone, uh, any, anything you would say on there, uh, it would be a non-secure communication. Oh. <laughs> and if, if it was a Ted Cruz phone, he could only speak in German, but that's not important. So. I don't know what that's talking about. Okay, Ken. German is, ne- never mind, it's a fascist reference. Go on. Okay. Well, Ken, uh, so so how many jobs do you have? Two. Two. So one is, one is but that. The, but my afternoon job, my afternoon job, has been giving me hours in a while. I have to call every week to get hours. Like the morning job is consistent. Well, why don't Why don't you get a new afternoon job? Um, I've been looking. I actually went on Craigslist yesterday. Yeah. A lot of these places, they want a lot of experience and fields and. I have a feeling when you went on Craigslist that you, instead of looking for jobs, you were looking for women who were willing to see you in exchange for 300 roses. <laughs> that's, that's what I think. I, 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 don't, I don't believe in prostitution. I mean, I believe it exists, but that's not no, what I was calling this I'm, I'm not sure for. when you're on Craigslist that that's a productive exercise. 
And by the way, back page is supposed to be better for that, but go on. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't think, I don't know if I've ever looked at back page. Like, first, I guess I'm just kind of old school. Like, when I, I just think, like, uh, and, and I really do just look at these occasionally for, for laughs. I've never called any of them or anything, but like, uh, like well, the whole thing about the whole thing about Craigslist, they're supposedly got rid of the prostitutes, but if you just go under chance encounters, it's all prostitutes. So I don't get what, what yeah, Craig Newmall yeah, is trying to or, do. Or ca- I think it's casual encounters, but yeah, this is like. I, I don't understand it either. It's, it's, it's like 100% prostitutes and under Shan's encounters, or pr- casual encounters. It's not, it's not like people going, oh, I just want to meet someone for fun. You know, it's, it's like there's always, like, money for the fun, and it's like, oh, Yeah, there, there's like, like 0% of hot chicks who advertise online that they want to just meet you tonight because they're horny. 0% of that are not prostitutes. Zero percent. And it's also true for the, for the Ashley Madison no. thing. All those women were bots or prostitutes. I'm bots or prostitutes. Ken. I'm going to try to get Nolan Dalla yeah. on right now, but if I do, who? Oh, only like two wait, wait, people isn't can... isn't Low isn't Lowen like a okay, Trump campaign right, manager or something? <laughs> no, that's Lowen Dow. Okay, Never okay, mind. Ken. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, we're we're going to move on to something else here tonight. But uh, but uh, thank you for calling in, and we're going to. Uh, uh, hey, we, hey, Todd. Yeah. When, is, when is when is your wonderful show like? I know it varies throughout the week, but uh, give or take, like when do you think it's going to uh, end? You mean tonight? It'll be very late. Like really. Like really what's late. your definition of very late? It'll be after you go to sleep. Trust me. After midnight. Way after midnight. It's eleven twenty-three now. With so. Garner. It's eleven twenty-three now. Oh, so. It's eleven twenty-three now. Okay. So I'll, I'll try. I'll try to call next time under a better phone. Well, I can hear you. It's fine. I'm just saying that uh, if you want to talk to me tonight, you can't. Is it important? Uh, no, it was just a question, but no, nothing major. Okay. It's something you can't talk about on the radio, though, right? No, no, no. Hey, Ken, did you ever watch the new revived Arsenio Hall show? The the, the, the new repo Arsenio Hall show? What is it about Arsenio Hall repossessing things? I don't get it. And my voice is, I know my voice is a little hoarse, but if the word's not coming out of my no, mouth. No, he's got, he, he has a terrible. It like re, it sounded literally the, like the repo Arsenio Hall. The new, the. The old okay, they brought out a new old Arsenio Hall show, but then they canceled that. You know, it was oh the yeah, same they canceled thing. Arsenio Hall. Oh my god! Did you ever? Did, I'm asking. I'm not, did, you, did, you, huh? did you see it? Did you see the new one? Did you ever watch the new in Cart? Yeah. Did you ever watch the new version of it? The new Carter Newberry show. Oh. I need a. I gotta get another phone. Okay. All right. Can, like Carter okay. Newberry repossessing this, Arsenio this, Hall. This conversation. Like. This conversation should be used as evidence. <laughs> To get your new phone, right? You, you, you should. Okay, I'll you, get a new phone. You should, you should play them these. Phone. You should play them these archives, and they will understand. Hey, well, I have a okay, question. I mean, for you Ken. understand me, but this sounds like repossessing Arsenio Hall, which I don't want to yeah, do. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so the Northern California guy has a question for you. Hey, Ken. So yeah. The hot topic tonight has been affairs. So, do you have any like affair stories that you want to share with the radio listening audience? You know, Todd. Well, told us about him. I don't think. Well, I don't think. I don't. I disagree. I think life is not fair. If life was fair, I'd have a girlfriend now. Okay. Okay. He doesn't. Okay, he doesn't never mind. Okay. Th- thank you, Ken. Thank you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. No. No problem. All right. I don't know how much of that was intentional. Or, uh, okay. I want to, I want to was... apologize to everybody for bringing, reminding Drop we should put him back on. How much? I think he was trolling the radio. How much do you think he wants to borrow from you? <laughs> that's probably, probably what it is. That's probably, it's it probably is. three hundred roses, obviously. Yeah, it's probably three hundred. Is he still? Is he almost done with the hundred thousand dollar payout on that two hundred he borrowed from the one guy? Is that oh, about no, that, done? no, I got that completely finished. Supposedly, like I, 
I uh, rough. Uh, that was pretty hard to listen to, man. No, I was. was, uh, it was his, his phone's so terrible. Like he calls me up, and it was not this terrible, but like he'll call me, and and we'll have such a hard time conversing because his phone's so terrible. And he and he was so afraid to go back to them and tell them the phone's bad. And I I finally called them myself, pretending to be him with him on three way, and said he was my brother. And then, like, you know, I talked them into helping, and then he came down there, and they convinced him it's just the SIM card and put in a new SIM. And he's like, well, this is a little bit better. I'm like, look, you had another phone that worked well, so you know it can work. It, it's, so, it's so frustrating. But, like, this happens to – this type of stuff happens to him constantly. So what can I do? It's a little bit aggravating. What can I do? So, okay, let's, let's go to the Nellan Dollar thing. Before we call him, though, I want to read this. Because I, I even have no clue with what's going on here because I, I hadn't heard of this until this show tonight. So th- I'm going to read this. This is a blog on uh, – Well, I'm not going to just call him. I, I sent him a text and because I know him personally and he's my friend. I'm not going to ambush him. So I texted him and asked him if he was awake and if he'd be willing to come on. And if he isn't, so be it. But, I, I you know, I can't yeah. just – Ambush somebody. No, I understand. It's, it's I, well, that, that gives us time. Personal friend, I wouldn't do that. Right. To that gives us time. You, anyway. I wouldn't do that to the Northern California guy, etc. Even Trederuski. That gives us time anyway to to read and discuss this. So this is a a blog posted today on Dr. Jacqueline Moscow, or actually just JacquelineMoscow.com, and it's it's spelled a little funny. It's Jacqueline J A C L Y N N, and Moscow is not spelled like the city. It's M O S K O W. So JacquelineMoscow.com. M-O-S-K-O-W. So this is the blog. Racism and sexual harassment, the reality of my experience on Poker Night in America. So Poker Night in America. Isn't is that a, soundtrack coming in handy, though? Yes, you it's, know? it's, it's, it's it a great sound. It's a great show. sound. So, yeah. so Poker Night in America was a TV show that uh, Nolan Dalla was associated with. And uh, I guess this jo- Dr. Jacqueline... Moscow was also associated with it, and she is alleging some bad things here. So this is what she wrote. I'm I'm reading it the first time, and you're hearing it for the first time. We'll we'll learn this together. In November 2014, I taped several episodes of Poker Night in America at Rivers Casino in Pittsburgh. Until now, I remained publicly silent about the reality of my overall experience on the show, but most specifically with the production team. Now, however, I am no longer comfortable sitting idle and covering up what I believe to be abhorrent and inexcusable behavior. That November, that's 2014, I arrived in Pittsburgh with the misconception that I had been invited to play on the show by creative director Nolan Dalla because of my background in poker, which seemed obvious. The entirety of my income over the last three years has come from playing cash games full-time. I have no idea who she is, by the way. Do you, do you know who that person is? This Jacqueline Moscow? I've never heard that name before. Yeah, tonight. I haven't either. It's, she's my a, understanding is she's legit, though. Okay. She's like, it should be obvious. No, it's not. I don't know who she is. But okay. What do you mean your understanding is that she's legit? Meaning what she knows well, how to play I, poker? I, yeah. I'm not saying that her claims are... Legit, I'm saying that she is actually a poker player. Okay. 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 The first night there, I attended a cast outing at a bar near the casino where they were filming pregame interviews. When I approached Todd Anderson, the show's, the show's creator and producer, his first words to me were, Why are you here? What, does Nolan have a thing for you? I found this comment to be offensive, but could have never anticipated at the time how perfectly it would foreshadow events yet to come. Anderson went on to explain that he thought I would be appearing in an upcoming ladies' show only filming at Hard Rock in Florida, but that he had no idea I was coming to Pittsburgh. This made no sense to me. For over a month, my name and photo had been widely circulated on internet promotional releases associated with the Pittsburgh tapings. As I perceived Anderson was anything but welcoming, I decided to walk away and speak with other people at the bar. 
I then spent a long time talking to various other, quote, behind-the-scenes individuals, cameramen, sound technicians, and other crew members, and was eventually introduced to Chris Hansen. Really? I, was, was there a pedophile involved? I don't oh, know. by the way, I was already asked. No, uh, no affiliation or connection to Bart Hansen, just saying. Okay. And he's, he's I not, really was asked that. And it's, not, and, it's, and it's not the Chris Hansen who, who was busting pedophiles, right? No, Chris Hansen, the, the pedophile guy or whatever is uh, H-A-N-S-E-N. Okay, okay. Uh, yes, this is no relation to the Hansen kid. Okay, so so Chris Hansen, he wasn't like she didn't show up to go meet with a thirteen-year-old boy, and then he, Chris Hansen would show up and say, "Hmm, so why are you here to to meet this thirteen-year-old? Why don't you have a seat over here?" To come take a seat right over here. Okay, so so Chris Hansen is actually the show's on-screen host. Uh, outside of my experiences with Anderson, it seemed as if the rest of the crew was comprised of genuinely nice people, and so I expressed the sentiment to Hansen. His response. He looked at me in the eye and said, matter-of-factly, the thing about Poker Night that makes it so great is that there are no Jews. Every other TV show has Jews. Mm. There have really only been a handful of times in my entire life that I had heard what I believed to be a truly anti-Semitic comment made, and it has always been by those ignorant of the fact that I myself am Jewish. You know, I, I wish I knew about this. I would have tried to get on there. I would have seen what they said. They would have said, ah-ah-ah-ah-ah, uh, 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 we, we know about you. We know about your exploits. Just yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've met all these guys, right? Um, and but I obviously I wasn't there for any of this, so I don't know what did or didn't happen. But I mean, Matt Glantz is Jewish. Tuckman, the commentator, is Jewish. There are a whole yes. lot of people that are Jewish on there. I mean, I, yeah, that, this the, hard to the comment doesn't make a whole lot of it, sense. It doesn't. Really. I thought that too when I as soon as I read that. Uh, I'm Jewish by trade as well. That's true. A lot of Jews here. So. It says, uh, I know very distinctly the difference between someone making a joke about Judaism, I make all of them all the time myself, and comments that are said from a place of pure hate. There is nothing about what Hansen said, or, nor his tone as I perceived it, to indicate that he was doing anything other than expressing his genuine feelings uh, unknowingly to a Jewish individual. My trip to Pittsburgh was off to a wonderful start. Later that same night, I received an email from Nolan Dalla addressed to, quote, darling, <laughs> and advising me to arrive on set the following day, quote, ready to play. When I arrived, I was immediately met with a sense that no one wanted me there. Anderson rolled his eyes when he saw me and said I could only play until Gavin Smith, who was going to be on late, showed up. I sat down and played for about 30 minutes. I was then asked to get up. Anderson suggested I leave the premises of the taping and said that someone would call me if my seat opened up. I decided to stay. I had flown to Pittsburgh at my own expense with the expectation of playing poker and intended to do so. I believed Anderson didn't have any intention of calling me since, to me, he seemed so incredibly, not to mention unjustifiably, annoyed by my presence. Eventually, an individual didn't want to play anymore, and I was able to play for the final three hours of taping that day. As a side note, I was correct, I was correct in thinking that staying in the room was the only way I would get a seat. When one opened up, someone at the table texted another cast member to hurry back into the room before I sat down. At this point, I was wearing a patch for the company Red Chip Poker, which I had been wearing all day. Main, many people on the show wear patches for various poker-related entities. Soon after I sat back down, Anderson stormed into the set, incredibly irate, and demanded I remove the patch. He pulled out of the game or pulled me out of the game, and, sa- and yelled at me in front of the cast, crew, and live audience. I tried my best to appear calm and unaffected, but internally I was focused on anything but the game. The next day I showed up on set again, as per Dallas' instructions. See, I, this, let me stop here for a second. If this happened to me, if I'm wearing a patch for, for Red Chip Poke, or whatever the hell that is, and, and I see everyone else is wearing patches, and Todd Anderson runs out, What the hell are you doing? Why are you wearing a patch? Take that thing off! The obvious thing to ask him back is, Okay, then why can they wear patches? Uh, how come she doesn't mention that here? How come there's no discussion here? She doesn't. She, how come she didn't say that? How come she's not 
revealing out here how that conversation went if she said that. So it's, it's that's a little bit strange to me. That uh, Jeff, I, I don't know if this is the case or not, but I do know that that show has sponsors, um, and it's possible that the patches that are allowed are sponsor patches. Yeah. But I I don't know that for a fact. See, that could have to do with that. Could be. Have any of you guys ever watched the show? No. Yes, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. What? What? Uh, who answered? I don't. Uh, call what? What? What was your impression of your, the show? I mean, you know, it's poker. It's uh, it's relatively entertaining, I think. And, no, it, uh, you know, I mean, is it is it only cash games? Or it's only it a- cash game, and I mean, I'm somewhat biased because you know some friends of mine play in it. Um, but I I thought it's an entertaining product, and it's pretty well done. How would it compare to the old days of like? Uh, I guess what, what can you even compare it to? Like high stakes poker, but I guess at a little lower level of more everyday people on it. Is it that, that kind of thing? Maybe. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, you don't really have the. I mean, obviously, you don't have like you know millions of dollars on the table, um, but they do have an interesting mix of of pros and and amateurs on there, and they do a good job putting out an entertaining product, at least in my opinion. Now, I know Karina Jet has been on there. What other? Uh, I, I've never watched it. What other uh, people have been on there that, or I guess pros or just big names that yeah. our audience would know of that you've well watched. i mean well the hansen kid has been on there oh, right didn't know that and uh tuckman uh david tuckman does uh the commentary sean deeb has been on there uh Helmuth has been on there um the girl oh, we sean, talked to- sean deeb that was the uh was that the episode that made the rounds when he did the infamous slow roll of mike mattisau with like yes. blogs or something yes okay. that was I saw that, that on show. youtube all yeah. right and uh, the girl we talked about, I think it was last week, Samantha Abernathy has been on yeah. there. I mean, who knows? How. I know, uh, what's her name? The chess bitch, uh, Jennifer Shalati has been yes. on there. Yeah, and I don't know if that was just a ladies' night or if she was on there in general. But And they, they've they also had, like, um, some big uh, businessmen. Like, I think the one of the guys who was the founder of Slack, for instance, was on there, which is a you know very popular corporate tool. And... Bunch of other guys that uh, you know have uh, yeah, made a ton of money in business have been on there. So they they produce a, a good product in that it's an interesting mix of pros, businessmen, and uh, recreational players. And I think they do a good job with production. Um, you know, you're not seeing the million dollar pots, so there isn't uh, you know that kind of drama. But uh, I, I think they put out a good product. Okay, interesting. So so we're gonna uh, I'm gonna continue with this, and then, and w- and then- when you're done uh, reading. This blog or whatever you want to call it, uh, go to Twitter. Yeah, Nolan Dolly. And, I, I yeah, I was going to say right. he's re- just made a couple statements since yeah, then. I, I I he's not going to talk publicly about this until uh, he gets, I guess, whatever he needs to get together. I, you know, I'm reading that. Uh, yeah, because there's there's a bomb coming up. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to, we'll, we'll, let's get to it. Then we'll get to Nolan Dolly's response, okay. which, which which isn't much of a response yet, but uh, but it looks like one's coming up. A longer one's coming soon. Anyway, so here's going on. The next day, I showed up on set again as per Dallas instructions. This time, I perceived Anderson's vibe of "You don't belong here. We don't want you here" as even more overwhelming. I was allowed to play for two of the eight hours of taping. After the taping, however, Dalla apologized and told me that they quote hadn't treated me right, and to make up for it, I could have a seat in multiple upcoming Florida tapings of the show for the entirety of the eight-hour sessions. I naively believed him. So with the filling wrapped, I was invited by Chris Capra, representative of 888poker.com, to attend a post-filming party at a local bar that night. 
Although the last thing I wanted to do was spend more time with these people, Capra had mentioned the possibility of his company sponsoring me, as they do with Jessica Dolly, so I felt I had to attend anything he invited me to for the sake of that potential opportunity. Not wanting to be at the bar and extremely disappointed about my entire experience in Pittsburgh, I decided I was going to confront several individuals. First, I, can, I approached that Hanson kid. I said, no relations, of course. Uh, I no, said, no, don't do it. <laughs> it's not Bart. It's no, Chris no, it, Hanson. It, it, I, I, first, I approached Hanson, which means Chris Hanson, not Bart Hanson. Bart Hanson is innocent in all of this, so keep that in mind. Well, so exactly. Yeah. I mean, he, he could be behind this whole thing, but uh, uh, anyway. Hey, do you remember that other night when you said what makes the show so great is there's no Jews involved? He responded that he did. I proceeded to let him know that I'm Jewish myself. After approaching Hanson, I decided Dalla was next. I, I want to know his, his answer to that, though. Like if she says, well, guess what? I'm Jewish. Like, so, so what did he say? How come that's not mentioned there? But okay. After approaching Hanson, I decided Dalla was next. I let him know that Anderson had asked me if I was there because he, quote, had a thing for me. I genuinely expected some kind of apology or perhaps for him to confirm that I was, in fact, there because I'm a cash game poker player. I was completely appalled when he said, I do. That is, have a thing for her. He then told the surrounding group, hey, watch this. I've wanted to do this for a long time. He, just, he proceeded to thrust his head directly into my chest and cleavage and shake it back and forth. Capra witnessed this event while cheering on Dalla along with a long-haired crew member named Mike. Prior to the motorboating, Dalla had given a toast to the cast and crew. After he touched my chest, he put his arm around me and whispered in my ear, I was going to say something pretty disgusting about you during the toast, but I decided not to because you probably have to deal with that sort of thing all the time. Yes, Dalla is such a noble man that rather than publicly embarrass and degrade me in front of 100% of those in attendance with his words alone, he opted for touching me in a matter, in a manner that would legally be defined as sexual battery. Out. Brandon, I don't want to put you on the spot, you're, but you're friends with this guy. Is he known for his public motorboating? <laughs> no. I know. I mean, it seems the whole thing sounds no. – I mean, I, I don't – No. I no. have no idea whether there's any credibility to this or not, but just that whole scene that was just described sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it does sound ridiculous because to me it sounded too abrupt. It's a, if, if this were to happen, I, I would picture that uh, it would be something that would kind of – Escalate over time. Where first he'd be touching her arm, then he'd be like, sitting next to her really close, and eventually uh, he'd go, "Oh, I'm so tired," and then put his head down there and motor- like, like just go, "Oh yeah, I do have something for you. Watch this." Like it just, it, <laughs> it just seems absurd. You know, it doesn't seem like like a real thing. It seems like a, a poorly written script. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I mean, again, I have no idea what did or didn't happen, but the, I mean, that just seems bizarre. It does. I've seen a lot of shit, but I've never seen some guy just like I do, and then I've wanted to do this for a long time, and then just motorboats her. I mean, it's just really weird. Yeah. Then she said, my significant other at the time had accompanied me to Pittsburgh and was on the other side of the room during all this. When he finally, when he eventually crossed the room to join me, Dalla said to him, "I give you a lot of credit. It's not easy having a hot wife. I know because I've had one for many years." My boyfriend, of course, had no idea where this comment was made until I took him aside and let him know what had just occurred. We both agreed we needed to leave and said our goodbyes to a handful of people. And Dolly, he's married, right? Uh, right, Brandon? Been married for quite a while, and he's very devoted to his wife. Yeah. I mean, I've seen on his webpage, like, he puts my muse and has a picture of her. So, yep. yeah. So, that's, that's what I figured. Uh, still, Dolly managed to find me yet again and inform me that he had found out about Hanson's Jew comment. He said, really, you're Jewish? Usually I have strong opinions about Jews in Israel, but somehow the fact that you were Jewish makes you even hotter. Although I shouldn't have been surprised by what he said, I was speechless. 
That night on my way back upstairs to my hotel room, I passed Sean Deeb. How come Sean Deeb's always part of these things? He's just always somehow part of all these stories. Unprompted, he informed me that, quote, women will always be inferior poker players, citing you are all too emotional as his reason. (laughs) Yes, the same Sean Deeb who mockingly dressed up as a woman and played in the ladies' event at the World Series of Poker. Here's my problem here. There's too many people who are hostile towards her here for no reason. It's like everyone woke up with a directive from aliens to just hate Jacqueline Moscow and harass her in the worst ways possible. Like, like I can see if one guy acts like an asshole that you don't expect. How is it like everybody she's encountering, including like an unrelated person like Sean? The whole entire the whole entire set, the people served a breakfast at Denny's. Everyone's out together that day. Yeah, how, how's this happening? Like all independent of one another. I don't get it. It's not it's like it's not like it's not like they're all friends and kind of ganged up on her. These are independent things. Like she runs into Sean Deeb and he and he informs her that women are inferior poker players. You're all too emotional. I, like how are all these things happening in the same day? This really sounds like to me kind of hard to believe. So she says, the next day I had the, quote, pleasure of encountering Dala downstairs at the hotel lobby. And by the way, I'd agree that I'd believe this more if this all happened, like, in the same place with the same people, like, if they're all hanging out together and one kind of feeds off the other. I've seen that, that gang-up mentality before, but not individual people. You run into them individually. I just looked at a picture of her for the first time. She looks like the young daughter from the Adams family. <laughs> i got to take a look now. I was kind of wondering that, too. Like, what does she look like? Let's see. Jacqueline. She's kind of like, looks like a goth chick. What is she a doctor of? Uh, oh, yeah. I bet she got her degree at the University of Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, I, I see a picture of her. She she, she kind of looks also like a little bit like uh, Vanessa Russo in a way. No, I don't see that. In one of the pictures. Actually, some of them she does, some of them she doesn't. I, think she's I mean, I, I'm not trying to cast. Ooh. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, she has that, um, what do you call it, that, ga- that, like a horse face. Like every morning she wakes up after the poker night and they give her a bale of hay. Well, see, it depends what angle she's at, though. It's funny. Some of the angles, she had, I don't see that at all, and some of them I do. But, uh, yeah, she's... No offense for them, for her to be saying everyone's hitting on her. She's not that attractive. That's what I was about to say. I'm like, sorry. You I mean, know, she put herself out there, so I'm going to say it. I mean, this isn't a woman that everyone's just going to sexually harass all day. I mean, well, I'll go. I'll go this far though. She she looks young. She's also know. tweeting, by the way, right now as we speak about this subject too. So. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. We can try to get, get her on, on as a guest. Yeah, let's try to get her on here. <laughs> so, so uh, she looks. She does look young. I don't know how old she is. But she looks young. Uh, she has long blonde hair. I've seen other pictures of her where where she looks pretty good, like with all the makeup on. With, a, with she does have big breasts, so like I can see where. Um, I can see where guys would sexually harass her. Like it's not hard. It's not like she's she's hideous, and it's not like that. Like I, I see some pictures of her where she looks bad, where 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 she uh, her nose doesn't look good, her teeth don't look good. But I've seen other ones where she looks pretty good. So I think she just has kind of variance in she pictures. She claims on her link. Well, how do you pronounce this? The LinkedIn. What's yeah, that? Yeah, that, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah, that she's been a self-employed professional poker player since August of 2013. She claims that she only plays mid to high stakes. And is a cash game specialist. Yeah, um, see, I see. I don't know, but like, I can, I can see how guys would hit on her, especially with a big chest. Um, I mean, she's not a mutt, but she's not. She's also yeah. not the kind of girl that is going to be beating guys off with a stick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's but, but not. But she definitely. Uh, I'm saying, circa like 2004, you know, Lindsay Lohan before she's all cracked out, she goes to the poker night in America. I could see people hitting on her maybe all day, but not this. Lady. Yeah, but she's she's much younger than all these guys she's accusing this of, and she's uh, and she's uh, uh, like overall she's she's a, a fairly good looking girl depending on which picture you see. 
Jeff, uh, how many girls have you just walked up up to and cold motorboated? Never, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm not saying I be- I'm not saying I believe the story, but I'm not. I I have to say I don't. Uh, I, I think her looks are good enough to where like believing guys are gonna are hitting on her out of the blue is not uh, something I would dismiss. Like it's, right. it's not like she, like an ugly chick saying that I say yeah this isn't happening with her especially with the long blonde hair and the big breasts and being young like that just that alone is gonna get you hit on. Fair uh, enough. But it also does think like that's the story you're gonna make up. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's so outrageous. It's like yeah, when I, you say like he tried to kiss you or something, that would be obvious. Yeah, right, right. That's that's what I'm gonna say. Like 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 if he said, yeah, I always kind of did, and and then kind of like he looked and he looked in my eyes, and then he 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 moved to kiss me. I was like, whoa, Nolan, I didn't want you to like that. That would make more sense than the, the motorboating thing. Exactly. So yeah, where are you gonna come from that? And what does it say? What time she walked into the bar? No. <clears throat> was it like after they'd been there drinking all after the show? Yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't say that. So, so she goes on to say, the next, the next day I had the pleasure of encountering Dalla downstairs at the hotel, the, the hotel lobby. He was discussing a neighborhood that he had visited with, for a meal with an African-American man who was working at the front desk. The man said he had never heard of this neighborhood, and Dalla responded, Really? I would have thought you would know it. It's filled with blacks. I had... I had Spoken to this employee several times during my trip, and he developed a friendly relationship with me. Uh, he looked over at, at me after Dallas said this and made a face I can best describe as "What the fuck?" I gave my best. I'm so sorry. This man's out of his out of my mind. Looking response. A few days later, after the Pittsburgh tapings concluded, I received an email from Dalla with Anderson CC'd, informing me that I could no longer play on poker night at the Florida tapings. I was already incredibly upset about how I was treated by Anderson, how I was forced to endure anti-Semitic comments by Hanson and Dalla, and how I was publicly groped by Dalla, but now I was being cut from all the Florida tapings. While I had mixed feelings about ever being associated with the show or any of these individuals again, I still didn't think it was fair that I should just miss out on an opportunity in the industry to promote women in poker uh, just because the show's creative director is, in my opinion, ironically a misogynistic asshole. Hold on. Hold on. Let's hang on. She wants to go back on? Hold on. This is what really bothers me here. Instead of saying... I didn't think it was fair that I would miss an opportunity to appear on, on a poker TV show and help my poker career, which is the truth. I missed an opportunity in the industry to promote women in poker. <laughs> right. right. That's, what she, that's what she was concerned about, that she doesn't get to promote women in poker. She wanted to promote herself. That's what this whole thing's about. She wanted to promote herself. That it, no matter what the truth is in this situation, even if Nolan Dollarly motorboated her, even if Sean Deeb really said women suck at poker, even if uh, everything else is true, one thing I can tell you for sure is that this whole thing, which, the reason she wanted to be involved in this so badly was because she was trying to promote herself. When she writes, I'm missing an opportunity to promote women in poker, that just makes the whole thing look like a lie because she's being dishonest about the – Motivation, and it's fine to want to promote yourself. It, it's fine to want to appear in media as a poker player, especially as a female poker player, to want to get your name and face out there for sponsorship opportunities. There's no shame in that, so admit it. Don't say you're trying to promote women in poker because that makes you look like a liar because everyone knows that's not what you're doing there. So yep. she, she goes on to say, within a few days of being cut from the show and after a series of emails and texts, I was told I could play in Florida again by Capra. When the Florida tapings occurred... A few weeks later, I was given more insight into Anderson's character and agenda. The night before taping Ladies' Night, a group of about 20 of us headed to dinner, and Anderson ended up on my side of the table. Someone brought up Melissa Burr's name and how she was supposed to do the show, but unfortunately canceled. Anderson then asked me, my boyfriend, and Tommy Bates, the poker room director for Hard Rock in Tampa, what, is she really hot or something? 
I refused to respond, thinking that it was both inappropriate and degrading to openly debate her physical attributes. Melissa has proven herself to be among today's top poker minds, and in addition to her track record, has a public persona that is more than qualifying. Furthermore, I wonder, are the men who are invited to do the show really hot or something, or is that only a requirement for females? Take a look at the recurring cast of men who appear on the show and ask yourself that very question. I understand many will respond that's just how TV works, and that's the nature of our society to want to stare at attractive females on TV, a topic which is outside the scope of this blog. However, I will preemptively counter that argument by pointing out that poker is a game of skill, one that many consider a sport, and that accordingly this show is aired on a sports network, perhaps one of the only places on television where physical appearance doesn't get you very far. Let me, let me tell you something here. Let me tell you something here, Jacqueline. You were invited to the show. I don't know how you made contact with them. I, th- I think you made contact with them first, whatever it was. They let you on the show because you are a blonde girl who looks young with big tits. That's why you're on there. Not because you're this great cash player. Uh, you may actually be a cash player, but I've never heard of you. Most of us haven't heard of you. I don't think that you are an interesting cash player for any reason but the fact that you're female and blonde and young and have big breasts. That's why they're having you on there. Let me tell you something. I've been a cash player for 13 years now. I bet you had a much better chance. I've never tried to get on here, but I bet you had a much better chance to get on there, even though I'm sure I have much better cash stats than you, even though I'm sure that people know me much better as a cash player than you, even though I'm sure I've won much more money playing poker than you. I bet I would have a much harder time getting on Poker Night in America than you did because I am a 44-year-old dude. That could be because you're a known Jew, though. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's the problem is I... I talk so much about being Jewish, then yeah, they'd shut me out. That's a good point. But yes, so, so I hate when, when women get attention because of their gender, because of their looks, because of their age, because of their chest size, and then they complain. They get an advantage because of that, and then they complain, oh, you're being sexist and not taking me seriously. Well, if you got on there in the first place because you're female, then you benefited from sexism. You weren't hurt by it. You were helped by it. So you can't complain. You, you think they let you on because you're a known cash player. No. It's because you're a poker player who's female and blonde with a big chest who's under 30. That's why. So she, she goes on to say, The next day when t- taping Ladies' Night began, the energy towards me again felt extremely negative and reminiscent of Pittsburgh in that I felt unwelcome. While playing, I looked across the table and saw a man who had grabbed my ass at the bar in Pittsburgh I had not known then that he was a cameraman for the show. When it happened, I thought it was a random Pittsburgh local. I don't know the cameraman's name, but he's very tall and overweight, and I could certainly recognize him again if given the opportunity. I was then aware that there were two people in the room who had inappropriately groped me, both working for the show. Well, everyone is just – everyone's after her in some way or another. Everyone's either rude or sexually harassing her. Hmm. The game was to tape for eight hours with a dinner break at the halfway point. There were nine women in the game – and three alternates on site. We were told that the alternates would only play if we busted out of the game and did not rebuy. The first alternate gained a seat after the player was stacked twice and chose not to buy in again. While filming, I got up to go to the bathroom, and the second alternate told me excitedly they promised promised me they would have a seat for me after dinner. I returned to the game wondering how they can make such a promise without knowing if someone else is going to voluntarily leave the game. I saw Dalla and Anderson whispering offset and and looking at me. I got the sinking feeling that they were going to give my seat away and kick me off the show again, Without warning. Between this and sighting, the sighting of the car- cameraman, the ass grabber, I was completely distracted and had an incredibly hard time focusing on the game. Sure enough, at the dinner break, Anderson told me he was giving my seat away and, quote, I don't want to hear a fucking thing from you about it. 
My seat was then given to a woman on the alternate list. When the third alternate wanted a seat, they had the ladies in the game play a hand blindly. The winner got over 2K in exchange for her seat. I was the only player who got kicked out of the game when I wanted to keep playing without compensation. In the aftermath, I did several interviews about the show, but decided not to speak negatively about my experience, even though I was well aware of what had occurred in the outrageous, that it was outrageous and beyond inappropriate. I even found myself making excuses for things, such as why Anderson kicked me off the show. Why did I do this? Why did I stay silent about what had occurred? Why was I protecting them? I did this in part because I was embarrassed. Additionally, I did this because I was afraid of how the show would edit the footage of me or retaliate in some other way. Mostly, however, I stayed quiet because I was worried I'd burn too many bridges in an already very small poker community. Dalla has has been a huge name in poker for several decades and is extremely well-connected. As a purely cash game player, my name is not known for tournament scores. Additionally, when I play online, I use Bovada, which is not displayed screen names, and I'm thus anonymous in internet poker as well. I felt Anderson and Dalla had done an excellent job of making it clear to me in Pittsburgh that I was a no one in my industry and I didn't matter. Jennifer Tilly attended the same Pittsburgh tapings I attended, and Dalla would never have done the same thing to her as he did to me. Why? Because her name matters? This is in no way a dig at Jen, as I found her to be a complete pleasure to be around. I sat with everything that occurred at Poker Night eating away at me for a solid year, reminded of it every time I heard an episode was airing, every time I read a discussion online about the treatment and shortage of women in poker, or any time anyone asked me about my appearance in the show. I knew I didn't deserve to be singled out or harassed. I had behaved professionally. In my opinion, it was the employees of the show who did not. In December 2015, we're getting near the end of this, I know it's kind of long, the taping of the second Florida Ladies' Night show occurred. Just knowing that the crew was back in town was so disturbing to me, I refused to even show up at the Hard Rock at all. It was at this point I realized that staying quiet about what happened was affecting me more than it ever had before. I was contacted by many of the women who played previously and also some male players all asking if I'd be playing again, but I had no decent response as to why I wouldn't be there. It felt like retaliation for events that were perpetrated upon me, none of which were my fault, but rather the fault of employees of the show. Why should I miss out on opportunities in the industry because Dalla is a sexist pervert, Dalla and Hansen are anti-Semites, and Anderson and Capra condone their unprofessional behavior by knowing about it and doing nothing? At this point, I made it clear to the show that I would no longer stay quiet. An investigation then began by Human Resources for Rush Street Gaming and a man named Marco Leal. His first offer to me, in exchange for signing a release stating I would not speak about what occurred on the show, was to appear on Poker Night this coming August at Hard Rock along with a $5,000, quote, appearance fee, or to take a $7,500 cash settlement. I turned down both offers. I let them know that no amount of appearances would be worth my future association with their show. I had no desire to put myself in physical proximity with the individuals who run and operate the show ever again and didn't want my likeness associated with the show in any way either. I informed Leal that I had never signed a release with Poker Night to begin with and that I would like all recordings to be removed from the internet. Leal responded by saying that all episodes in which I appeared were being re- removed and that the cash offer to stay silent was increased to 20000 I let him know that while the videos I appeared in had been ma- marked private on Poker Nar- Parker Night's YouTube channel, many videos of me still appeared in various other places online. He asked me to send him links of everywhere the footage remained and promised to remove them all. So I did. He made reference to looking for video footage of Dalla touching me and said the quote, settlement number will be higher if there was some kind of evidence to support my claim. Uh, I was told that the settlement might be... One million dollars. No, he didn't. I, I added that part myself. I, I was not, it was not until Leal made mention of the word evidence that I realized all events that occurred were being disputed. 
When I questioned Leal about this, he informed me that Dallas said I was making everything up now over a year later. I brought up the fact that I had text messages that were sent between Capra and myself in which he acknowledged what occurred, apologized for Hansen's remarks, and called Dallas' behavior, which he witnessed, quote, inexcusable, apologized for, quote, instigating it, and then was so kind to jokingly suggest that maybe I am, that maybe I needed Linda Kenny Baden, an attorney who also appeared on the show with me at the bar. Leal told me that when Capra was questioned about these text messages, he replied they had not been authenticated, clearly advised by a legal team, in my opinion. Outraged by Dalla's denial of the events and Capra's implication that I was being untruthful, I suggested that Leal obtain the text message records from either Capra's phone carrier or my carrier, as I know these texts exist and I have nothing to hide. Uh, one question here. This part's getting more interesting, but why is she not posting these texts? Why is this not like, like uh, you see all these phony texts all over the internet, text from last night, oh, look at this funny text, LOL. Why is she not taking screenshots of her phone to show Capra admitting that he saw all this and that, that uh, Dalla really motivated? How, how come we're not seeing that? Well, I, I don't know, but I mean, what I will say is that she's making a lot of claims that involve a lot of people, um, and it would seemed to me to be ridiculous for her to be doing that if she didn't really believe him to be true. It, it's, it's weird. You know? Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't it's know It's not to like she's talking about stuff that is unverifiable. I mean, she's naming yeah. names and she's naming, you know, relatively high-profile people that yeah. were there. This is so weird. Like, the, 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 but, but why not post the evidence? Like, she, she wants us to believe it. Why not post the text messages? Take screenshots of your phone and post the messages that occurred between you and, and Capra discussing what Nolan Dalla did. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she she could feel that once she does that, that maybe there wouldn't be a settlement, and maybe she's holding that. I, that's my only guess. But yeah, but she's she's coming up pretty strong here. But I, yeah, <laughs> no, but I agree with Kyle a lot. I mean, she's putting herself in a position where if she is lying, she's got a you know she's going to have a big problem with yeah lawsuits against her. And yeah, the, the text messages especially are that that part I'm not understanding because everything else uh, there can be dial on both sides. Like she can say it happened, Dala can say it didn't happen. We'll never know the truth. But text messages they were either, either sent or were not sent, and if they were sent, the person who received them, who's making these accusations, should have them and post them. It's a, she's saying, oh, they can go to the carrier. No, forget the carrier. Post them yourself. Let's see them. It's weird. I don't know why she's not doing that. Anyway, in fact, I emphatically encouraged him to obtain the records. In my position, I still had a physical iPhone with these messages attached to the cell phone number and let Leal know he was free to take a look at that as well. Well, why can't we? Additionally, I informed him that I had an email that went out to 30 friends, family members, and fellow poker players detailing my experience on the show since it's a couple days after the events occurred and that he was free to authenticate that email if he chose. Well, that, that doesn't mean much. I mean, I could I could come home from a, a perfectly pleasant meal with uh, Trader Ruski, with uh, Northern California guy, with Brandon and, and Cal Watt, and I, I could say that Cal Watt offered to blow me in the bathroom, that Northern California gra- grabbed my ass. Hey, hey, that, hey, that, it that, was that, for 100 uh, bucks, that, all right? Take that, it easy. That, that, Bra- that Brandon uh, punched me in the face for no reason. I mean, I, I could say all these things happen in email uh, to my family about how awful the experience was, but I, I could be making it all up if I'm, if I'm crazy. So, like, the, the only thing that, that right now would convince me would be a copy of these text messages. And, of course, that could be fake, too, but at least there, um, from there, if it is questioned if these were really sent or not, then people could start presenting their phone records and we could get the truth. Like, uh, we, we do have one piece of evidence which can be explored that I think will will shed some light on this. Yeah, I mean, uh, Druff, I'm torn on this one because on the one hand, a lot of the claims, at least on the surface, just seem ridiculous to me. 
Um, not that I'm saying that this stuff doesn't ever happen, but just the, uh, you know, the situations and the way that things uh, supposedly transpired just seem silly. Yes. Um, but on the other hand, I mean, she's also naming names like this guy from 888 Poker. I mean, you know, he's she's saying that all these people were witness to all this stuff that happened, you know? Yeah, so so I I believe she thinks she's like she's saying that she sent emails about. I believe that she isn't necessarily making all this up like right now. But the question is, uh, is she is she just crazy and, and imagining a lot of things that weren't really as they were, or exaggerating, or did this happen? Who knows? So 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 she went on to say, a close family friend and fellow poker player had responded to my account of events in Pittsburgh and that he was not surprised by Dalla's behavior as he had witnessed Dalla being thrown out of the Bellagio in 2009 after an altercation with a cocktail waitress. I told Leal of this too. Also, I informed Leal that I had told fellow female poker players Danielle Anderson and Lauren Billings about my experience right after it occurred and that Danielle had even made reference to it in this interview and she posted a a link to some uh, interview about uh, misogyny in poker but yeah, that just means she told her. That doesn't mean it really happened. Uh, Leal told me that he was going to authenticate the text message, look at my email from days after the Pittsburgh film filming, speak to Lauren and Danielle, and then get back to me. At this point, I suppose my evidence was becoming a little too overwhelming because I never heard from Leal again. Instead, I received a letter from an attorney stating that she represented Rush Street Productions and informed me that, A, I was no longer to communicate with Leal. B, their offer was $15,000 with the expectation of me signing a release to discuss my claims. <laughs> No, not to discuss my claims, that is. I, ne- I would never at any point in time accepted this offer. I did, however, respond by asking what had become of the previous offer of 20000 In response, <laughs> I, received, I received an incredibly <laughs> condescending and absurd letter stating that I was, quote, bluffing and that the number of, had never been 20000 The letter also informed me that Poker Night would not be removing any footage of me from the Internet. The attorney then gave me an extended deadline to re- accept their money. I purposely let this deadline pass. Instead of choosing, instead of choosing to sell my story publicly, I want to be crystal clear that $15,000 is not pocket change for me. In fact, I still have a six-figure debt from attending medical school and could certainly use the money. So wait a minute. She, she attended medical school and is playing poker now? That's a... I mean, apparently, I guess she's a doctor of medicine or nursing or something. Right? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I, I turned down the money because I decided my story was far more important than money. I decided that compromising my integrity did not have a price tag and that my silence could not be bought. By the way, this is more proof positive that she was on there for her looks. If, if $15,000 is, uh, is big money to you, I'm not saying it's small money. Like you know, $15,000, uh, like I, I, I wouldn't be happy wasting that. But, and if but I, what happened to the 20? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I think that's funny. She's like, hey, uh, so what about that 20? <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, if uh, at the same time, if you have to make a big deal or $15,000, like it's a huge deal to you, then then you're not on the show because of your poker skill. You're not. 15000 is huge to you. 15000 like like to me, I if I won 15000 tonight, I'd be very happy. I'd be in a very good mood tomorrow. Uh, would it be life-changing? No. Would it be something that would... Uh, Change my you know, would would change my financial situation. Fifteen ain't even gonna put and fill in the W in the gold pool. Right, I, it, w- it wouldn't even. Uh, not even do nothing. Yeah, nothing. Like yeah. So so that's that's the point here. So you you're not on there to be your great poker players. If fifteen K is big money to you, uh, she she was on because of her look. She was on because of her age and her chest size and all that. And that's an, that's one advantage you get out of being female and accept it. Say okay, I'm on because I'm female. I'm on because I, I'm a female that that they think guys are gonna want to look at. And I play poker. Not, not because it's just your poker skill. You've got to think if you were a, a 44-year-old guy like me, you wouldn't be on there. 
Okay, you wouldn't with your statue. They don't even call you for Jews in the news. Right, the right. There's, they, they do. They do. Uh, Ari Angle and some other Jew on Card Player Life uh, website. They they do a uh, an article about Jews in poker. They don't even call me. Like like, how much cheaper do I have to get to get recognition as a Jew around well, here? Well, that wasn't what it was about, though. The article wasn't about cheapness. It was about no. But I'm saying, but they weren't. They didn't think of me. Like like, if it was cheapness and they didn't call you, then you'd have a right to be pissed. No, no, I still have a right to be pissed because I think if, I think if I was even cheaper, then then you couldn't forget I was a Jew. I think they just well, did forgot. Did you read I was the Jew. article? Yes, but I I, th- I think I think that I just am not quite cheap enough to get recognition as a Jew widely in poker. I think around well, around but poker that makes fraudulent. No sense. The article wasn't about cheapness. It was about practicing your religion no, but, while you travel on but, the tournament no, but circuit. The, but but this, you don't do those things. No, but this this guy was trying to think of Jews in poker that he could interview, and he didn't even think of me. Right, because, but, good, but do you know the one thing they all had in common? They were all traveling tournament players. I know, but I, I bet he still didn't think of me. I bet he. Oh, I, I bet he well, didn't have one. Thought, I bet he didn't have but one. They're all about. people that traveled, okay. and he wanted to know life on the road as a Jew. I bet if he just profiled Jewish poker players, he wouldn't think of me either. Why? I think but, I'm not cheap enough. I think if I got a little bit cheaper, that might uh, raise my profile as far as Jewish poker players go. I'm going to try. Druff, I, I found out where she got her degree from. It's the I, I've never heard of this I'm, place, but it's I'm the Nova. I'm sorry, go ahead. It's okay. Uh, it's I, the Nova Southeastern University yeah, College. It's in South of Florida. Osteopathic medicine. Yeah. It's in South Florida. It's actually been around a very long time. What, what kind of medicine? 1979 is when it it, it was founded. Wait, what, yeah. what kind of medicine? What kind of medicine? Uh, osteopathic. Oh, that's that's that's, that's quackery. I think that's in Fort Lauderdale. No, that's, if I'm not that's, that's quackery. That's quackery. Oh, that is the osteopathy. Uh, uh, homeopathy, all that stuff. It's it's like alternative medicine. It's like it's like if you can't make it as a real doctor, you go into that. Is that true? Really? Yes. Yes. You, Can I get some breaking news? Uh, yeah. Let me, let me. I gotta get the sound file ready. But yeah, the, yeah. By the way, for those pro tip to people, if you are looking for a doctor and he sees a do instead of an md, do not go to him. That means he's a doctor in osteopathy, and that is uh, he's not going to be as qualified as a, a real doctor. Go ahead. Not that uh, we need more to talk about this <laughs> evening, but uh, I'm being told by a user, and I, I'm not going to mention his name in case he wants to be anonymous, but uh, he is north of the border, and his name is similar to a famous hockey player. He says, can you get Druff to check his PMs, please? Tony G is asking for details on Tony Bet slow paying that Todd was talking about on the prior show. So maybe you want to check your PMs. Who's he asking for details from, me or? Yeah, you. He's saying check your PM. Well, Tony G is trying to make some contact. With okay, you. I, I don't know much about it. I, someone. Uh, okay, well, Tony G is after you. They're gonna now kill. you've done it. You're so the going to kill you. I, <laughs> I'm just saying. That's I, what I, I, I looked at my P- I, looked, I looked at my PMs on the site. I'm not seeing it. Let me Can you get Druff to check his PMs, please, Brando. Tony G is asking for details on Tony Bet slow paying that Todd oh, was talking about on a previous show. Oh, he said, "I see, Todd, can you reply when you get this?" Okay, I said, "Yes." Okay, so let's see. I mean, I you don't want Tony G against you. No, but uh, I was repeating what I heard elsewhere. I mean, that's uh, yeah. You just do the news. <laughs> so okay. Anyway, uh, getting back to this thing here, we'll we'll get to Tony G in a second. But uh, <laughs> on March fourteenth. No, so she was then finished. She said, Renato uh, Rogers says, Todd, send those messages back to Russia. <laughs> yeah, I should. Hey, check uh, that link I put in Skype, guys. All right, I will. So he says, I, I turned down the money because I decided my story was far more important so than So she's a doctor in quackery. Is that yes, what we're basically saying? Yes, pretty saying? much, yeah. 
So that's got to add to, I guess, her credibility issues. Well, no, it just means it's someone like oh. medical school is tough to get into. If if you don't have the grades, you didn't you don't uh, pass the board. You don't pass the uh, the MCATs, not the boards. The, the MCATs. Uh, oh, those are some big breasts. Jesus, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, see? it's ridiculous. Yeah, see. So if if it's tough to get into medical school, so I can understand where people who can't get in. Uh, they they become doctor of osteopathy because that's, that's kind of like the next thing down. And, and believe it or not, some some actually go into dental school instead. Because dental school is easier to get into the medical school. Some dentists are ones who were failed doctors or failed attempted doctors. Not all. Some some go directly to dentistry, but others are are failed uh, doctors. So it's got a bio up there too, Brandon. I'm reading it. So okay, it, on March 14th, I don't know which year. She's March 14th. A female poker player who knew about what Dala did. I assume it was this year. Uh, sent me this video in which Dalla urges women who have been harassed in the poker industry to come forward with their stories and call out the perpetrators. Let's see this video. Let's see. And now a sneak peek of the Poker Central original Inside Poker. Now, probably one of the most vocal statements on the issue has come from Nolan Dalla. Matt Savage sat down with him in Florida. Here were his comments. I think we have a much bigger problem with the subject of sexism in poker and sexism in society. But in poker, we were talking about as being a microcosm of general society. That's but by the way, this was posted on March 10th of this year. Very true. And let me give you an example as to what I mean. Poker Night in America did a thing on Twitch. This was back a, a few weeks ago. And we had a few women sitting at the table. Now, this is on Twitch, and it's watched live by 15,000, 20,000 people at a time. So you see in the chat box, you see basically people typing in what their comments are when they're watching the women play. Okay. I made the mistake of checking out the chat box, and <laughs> I was watching. Now, we had, I'm not going to say who the women are because I don't want to call them out. They're attractive women. They're classy women. They're women who, who are great examples for the game. They're people we need to emulate, and we need more of them. Right. And we had them sitting in our game, and I watched and I watched the comments as people were at home watching. I can't repeat the things that were typed, that were written. The, the, a lot of things were sexist. They were they were horrifically, horrifically degrading. They they were they were sexual in nature. And I thought, what kind of a person would type that? What kind of a sick individual? I understand there are some crazy people out there, but this I I lost count at maybe a thousand. That's how many t- t- these posts that were out there. Go to go to any forum in poker, go go anywhere, and, and and you don't tell me if we don't have a problem with what's called misogyny. Women, when they sit down at the poker table, they deserve respect, like everyone else, respect, and they're not getting it, and they're getting abuse, and so therefore it's incumbent upon you and me and anybody out there watching, anybody. If you see this, you call them out and you put a stop to it. Oh my! You do not remain silent. You call it out and you say, "This is self-interest. This is good for the game." This brings in more women, potentially. I remember when, when feminism or the so-called feminist movement started in the 1970s. That was 35, 40 years ago. And we haven't come very far in poker. So I would say that it's incumbent upon us to be the forces and the vehicle, the loud forces uh, of change. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, obviously, it's... Uh it's so important. All right, I've heard enough. Anyway. Is, that, is that pre? Was this pre or post? Wait, so who, who is that? Who is that, that talking? You didn't know that's your friend Nolan Dalla who's talking. Oh wow! 
Yeah, so, so is that pre or post motorboat? I don't sounded, know the timing. I didn't recognize. It did sound kind of weird. It was it was it was you know it was, it was post all this. It was just in March tenth of this year. This was recorded, and and uh, so she said she was sent this video. Now I have to say that I don't know why he's flipping out. I don't know. He's been on the internet forever. No, well, he gets very emotional. Yeah, well, but but he's been on the internet forever. That guys on the internet when they see like a hot chick on the internet, they comment. They go, oh, "Wow, she's hot. Oh, I'd love to do her." Like they, they, they yeah. the guys. Guys do that on the internet. You can say, "Oh, it's wrong." I'm not. I'm not excusing it, but we're also talking about Twitch. Yeah, Twitch and all these guys. Demographic of Twitch (laughs) is like nerdy teenage boys. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Be like the majority of it. It's like it's like a girl talking to a sea of dicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't know about no Twitch, but ever since last week, I've been doing the Timbler a lot or Tumblr. What is it? (laughs) Tumblr. Yeah, I'm having some fun swiping really? left and swiping right. Oh, Tinder, not Tumblr. Tinder, Tinder. Tinder oh, yeah. Oh, you're doing it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, so, okay. So I'm I, using Eric Ryland's photo, though. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Ly- Eric Ryland is getting some action. I saw a picture of him kissing a girl in the club. So, wow. Yeah, I saw it. On his, I wanted to post it on Poker Fraudler, but he didn't give me permission. So he, I mean, he didn't say no, but he didn't say yes. I didn't want to do it to him. Anyway, uh, look, so... Uh, I don't know, know why he's freaking out about that, because as Kyle Watt said, you have, you have a... Uh, Twitch, which is full of, of young guys who, uh, who who just make these comments on the internet. You can say what's young, wrong. socially awkward guys yeah, who that's... may or may not have ever touched a female before. Right. Again, I'm not excusing it, but you've got to understand what Twitch is. Yeah, that's, that's the way the internet is. And, and if... Now it's one thing if these guys sit at the table and make crude comments, but like especially she's not reading them. They're making these comments about her, so it's not it's, she's not even reading it. So it's, it, it doesn't really cause any harm. Uh, and right. and uh, um, I, you know, it's funny. I have, I've actually spoken to girls before. I'm not saying all think like this, but I, I've spoken to girls before that have been the recipient of comments not made to them, but like about them on the internet. And they say, "Well, look, as long as the guys say that they they think I'm pretty and they and they they like me, I don't care if they have sexual thoughts about me. As long as they don't harass me and they don't uh, they don't say I'm ugly or anything. Like as long as they're finding me attractive, great. I don't care if they have those thoughts. As long as they don't act on it. So a lot of girls aren't even offended by that anyway. They're actually flattered. Uh, but but anyway, going on here, she said the vis- video was so disgustingly hypocritical that I took to Twitter that same day and announced that I would be telling the story. Given that I had elected not to accept the settlement offer by Rust Street Gaming, gaming that I had recently mentioned having a message, having a negative res- experience with Poker Night, and specifically Dala on Lyman's weekly po- poker session podcast. I had Lyman's involved in this. He and, scooped you. Yeah, he had uh, he had her on there in, oh, in February or yeah, something. Crap. Okay, and, yeah. and along with having stated on that same podcast that I would soon be discussing these events in detail, I have to believe that Dalla knew his time was running out. Uh, to me, it seems that the release of this video was his preemptive attempt at damage control. Given his reputation in the industry, so many people who have heard my story have told me they were not surprised by what he did. And given the story itself, which is based on events witnessed by others and backed by evidence, I find it laughable. I genuinely laughed while appalled the first time I saw it. It was suggested to me that I provide pieces of evidence within this post, texts, emails, legal letters, etc., and I have decided not to. I'll say that she's answering my concern here. As I will first give all parties involved the opportunity to come forward, apologize, and acknowledge that my account of these events is accurate. Should, <laughs> should any parties publicly proclaim that I'm being dishonest, I will release these documents. So this, this might be kind of like the, uh, the Monica Lewinsky dress. Mm. I, I always suspected that, that maybe – that dress that uh, Bill Clinton had supposedly shot his load on, uh, that, it, that it had been cleaned. It was cleaned. from the Gap. Yeah, that, that, it, that it had been cleaned and that it didn't have that anymore. But, but the thing is, if Bill Clinton knew that he shot a load 
and Monica was wearing that dress, he could never be sure that it wasn't on there. So, so Bill Clinton was – he felt like he had to admit it at that point. Like he, he knew that the independent counsel could analyze that dress and possibly find it so he can't come out and say that he never did that because he knows it could be there. So this, this could be the trick here that she knows that, uh, that, that she's trying to make them own up to whatever they did. Because she doesn't really have everything she claims she has. I, I've pulled that. I've pulled that move before too. I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. If she, if she, if she knows she's been wronged. You sat a load on a blue dress before. I wish, no, but uh, uh, if she felt that she's been wronged and but she doesn't have all the evidence she claims, this may be a, this may actually be a, may be a bluff. But who knows? Maybe she is giving them a chance to uh, come forward. Also, who knows? Uh, a, a female. It seems like to me though, if you're going to tell this long, detailed story bashing all these people. Uh, at this point, you might as well just provide the, the, the evidence, or at least some of it, and then it's not like their reputation is going to be any better at this point by you not providing it. Uh, one female poker player has already apologized to me for not being able to promote this blog post once it goes live. She said she's afraid that if she does, it will damage her relationship with various entities related to her poker career. Can I blame her? Certainly not, as it was a similar sort of fear that kept me quiet about my experience for well over a year. That being said, I'm no longer afraid of any consequences related to coming forward, and I'm not in the least concerned with any potential repercussions or bad press I may endure. As a final note, I do not want Dalla Anderson, Hansen, or Capra's behavior in any way to reflect negatively amongst other individuals who are closely tied to the show and who did nothing wrong. I got to both know both Tom Schneider and Greg Mueller while in Pittsburgh and think very highly of both of them. Matt Glantz, a listener of the show, by the way. David Baker, who I'm sure doesn't listen. He doesn't like me very much. Uh, Jennifer Tilly, Gavin Smith, who also doesn't like me. Phil Helmuth, who... Wait, won- I'm sorry. You said that's the David Baker that doesn't like you? I, oh, I'm not sure. It could be. It could not be. I'm just assuming it is, but maybe it isn't. Maybe it's young David Baker. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Tilly, who I've met and... I don't think she really remembers me. Gavin Smith, who doesn't like me. Uh, Phil Helmuth, who wishes I liked him. Not even kidding. Uh, we're all also in attendance. He's pending in my Facebook request. <laughs> we're all also yes. in attendance at this taping, and none of them have ever done wrong by me. It is my understanding that everyone I've listed above knew nothing about what occurred until recently, if at all. So, Dala, in your interview with Matt Savage, you said it was incumbent upon those being mistreated to call out their harassers. I've done as you've instructed. You've been called out. Your move. I don't know what to think now. Now, now for those just turning in, tuning in late, can you do the cliffs? Uh, yeah, the cliffs are that this cliffs. girl, uh, Jacqueline Moscow, a, a young girl with, with blonde hair and big breasts, who appeared on Poker Night in America, claims that uh, is a real doctor. It's not a real doctor. Uh, claims that she was sexually harassed there. By by Nolan Dollar that he he motorboated her her big breasts out of nowhere that uh, that uh, that various other people there were were finding excuses not to get her on the show as they had promised that, uh, that everyone was rude to her that uh, everyone's very sexist that uh, what else here so I got I got some cliff notes for you Drew because I was taking yeah. notes while yeah, you were ahead. talking about it too so my cliff notes my my TLDR is uh, no Jews on the show. Motorboat, settlement, apology. Yeah, that's right. The settlement. Uh, what about the twenty thousand? Yeah, I was going to say that's the, the settlement. The se- settlement. Yeah, she was offered a settlement for all this when she complained about it. Uh, for, for they kept increasing it to twenty thousand, and then the lawyers offered fifteen thousand. At which point, her response was, "What happened to the 20? Yeah, those, those are the high points. 
those are those are the high points. The yeah. you know no juice. Oh, she's on the in show. debt. She's in debt. Oh, yeah, she's in debt for for medical school for a phony medical degree. Yeah, that too. So okay, uh, that's 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 what's going on. Adala, what does he have to say about that? This is all happening today. This is like a, right when a, radio started. That people always do things on Wednesday or Thursday if the show's on Thursday. Whatever day the show is, things happen that day, so we can cover it and have it be timely. And so I thank Jacqueline for releasing this today. And Nolan Dalla, his statements uh, are as follows. Uh, let me refute bullshit charges claiming I got thrown out of Bellagio in 2009. If someone can prove this, I will pay you. Wait for it. One million dollars. No, it's actually not that. It's actually not that. 50K, right? It's Alexander doing GMZ nah, Carol- Never mind. I'm trying to play a different side. No, it's, it's 100,000. He's offering to oh, pay 100,000. Okay. I hate when I'm trying to play a different sound, finally get a commercial okay uh then he also replied to uh in, in a conversation that started uh so chris baud he re- he came out swinging here chris baud by the way he's uh i've talked with him before i don't really know him but he was involved in uh in exposing that poker approved scam and and he was uh, you know i was we were on the same side on that one uh, exposing the poker approved scam so that's all i know about him but he came hard at nolan dalla here I wonder if he's friends with, with this Jacqueline chick. He said, Nolan Dalla, how do you feel about being exposed as a racist and sexist pig in charge of a production team full of racist and sexist pigs? And then he put PN, PNIA for Poker Night in America. I, you know, Chris Vaughn is interesting. It seems like he's he's friendly with all these uh, hot chicks in poker. Like he was friends with... Uh, he took my old job. With, 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 with Anna Kate. Yeah. That's, uh, I bet he's friends with this girl, too. So she, so he writes back to Chris Baud. How would you feel about BS allegations by someone who waited 18 months to write about it? She begged to come on Poker Night in America. So Chris Baud said back, are you claiming that multiple offers of payment exchange for silence did not happen because hush money isn't offered to liars? Now, that he brings a good point there because I, I was thinking the same thing, that if she was completely making all this up, They'd say, you're crazy, you're making all this up, you get nothing. But, uh, so I do wonder about that. So it's just, just, so then Tom West said back, I don't know this woman, but her accusations are so insanely far-fetched, I hope they're not taken seriously. See, I, I believe that too. <laughs> That's the funny thing. Like, like there, she, she may right. have been, like she's offered the hush money according to her, but also. Yeah, but you know, uh, in today's day and age, sometimes it really, it's sad. But it's, sometimes it's just worth it to pay people to go away. I well, mean, I was going to say maybe there's like a, like a small degree of truth to this, and and they're just like they want her to just go away. So it's possible like he he didn't. Uh, it's possible like let's say he motorboat. Have you ever just paid somebody to go away? No, you know you know I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't pay a dollar for that. But but I no I could I could see like if <laughs> let's let's say this would let's say this happened. Well, you know I was actually I'll tell you something. I'm not going to name this person. I don't want people looking him up, so don't say him. But but you know a certain person who's been harassing me for years. Uh, when I was trying to talk him into stopping all his crap and and uh, I thought we can't talk about him. Well, I'm not going to mention whose name is. Okay, but, but it's the one guy, the it's real a, crazy it's, one. It's a real crazy one, yeah. And and he said, and so I was like, "What do you want from me? Like like what? I I don't understand. What are you trying to do here? Let's just end this whole thing. Like I was trying to just get him to stop harassing me. And he said, "Well, what are you offering me? So mm-hmm. he was. I, I, now this guy, by the way, is completely flat broke. So I, I saw where he was going with it. He he didn't want to. You know, he was at least smart enough to not dura- demand money. Otherwise, it could be extortion, and I could." Uh, get him prosecuted for a crime, but he was trying to lead me there to offer him money to go away, and I wouldn't do it. 
and it, it would be convenient for me if I could do that. It would be nice to get, be done with a headache, but I'm not paying anyone money I don't know, do not owe. I'm not paying someone money to stop harassing me. I'm not doing it. So, so that's uh, – but that's just me. Others, if, if they – well, you'd run. Out, I mean, I know you got a lot of money, but if you did do that, you'd run out of money, maybe. <laughs> I mean, just looking at the fraud forms. Yeah, all the people that harass me on there—that's true. I even got someone harassing me on a text message tonight uh, during the show. Hey guys, guys. Speaking of harassment, I got some sad news. Uh, the Hanson kid has been dragged into this mess. Oh no! Is, uh, someone, someone tweet, uh, someone tweeted out uh, at Bart Hanson. You're going to respond to at. Dr. Jacqueline Moscow accusing you of making negative comments about Jews or not. <laughs> Boy, poor Hanson, he just if he just had a less common name, like no one ever confuses me with that. No, it's, no, a, it's a it's a common it's a troll account. So I mean okay. the guy is the guy's clearly trolling, okay. but I think that's uh, fucking that, hilarious. That is funny. Poor Hanson. Poor bastard. <laughs> poor Hanson with a with a common name. So yeah. so so then uh so the Abby Daniels, uh, I don't know who that is, but she responds saying, "Sounds like you're the expert to comment on this, Tom, and determine the truth since you know her so well." This is a woman defending uh, Jacqueline Howard Biggs. Whatever the case, blaming and tearing apart the victim is commonplace in modern America. Courage. So he's on her side. Uh, uh, then Tom West responds in a professional situation and have and have it go unnoticed, allowed, accepted, etc. Her accusations are too s- sensational to be real. See, that, that's I mean I, I have to feel that way too. Uh, so they're going back and forth. I won't bother to read I the rest. I see another of it. one. She was wearing a shirt showing cleavage. She asked for it. Daniel Weissman. <laughs> oh, okay, so 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 just Justin uh, Petchy. You got that rough? Yes. Uh, some people might not understand yes, that. I but, get it. So yeah. so Justin Petchy, who he's he's won a bracelet by the way. He's a limit holding player. He's uh, Lucially, or I think it's Lucial L O O S H L E. He said. Which parts are BS? All of it? If not, what is true? Do you plan, do you plan on addressing this in your blog in detail? That's what he's asking Nolan. And, uh, and then Mike, Mike Hunt, which I'm sure is not his real name, says, If he admits to motorboating her tits, I will lose my shit. His YouTube video about women's rights equals epic. That's the same guy that trolled Bart, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I, I have to think this. Look, let's say she is telling somewhat of the truth. Like, let's say I'm not, I'm not saying this happened. But let's say they were all at the bar together. Everyone was getting kind of drunk. She was kind of flirting with Nola, Nolan or whatever. And at some point, she's like, did you really did you really have a thing for me? He's like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of do. I'll show you. And then he thinks he's doing it in fun because they're all, like, screwing around together. And, and, then, and then in reality, she acts all offended. So, so <sighs> like, I'm not saying this happened. I'm saying what if it went the, down this way? So, so he knows in a way that he knows he did it, but not the way she describes it. Like just out of nowhere, he just goes and does this to her. So, you need to be careful. Tony G's already coming after you now. You don't need another. Yeah, one. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just throwing out hypotheticals. I'm not accusing Nolan of anything. This could all be made up, for all I know. So I'm just. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know Nolan, uh, and obviously Brandon, you you know him, but I mean, just. <laughs> It just seems bizarre to just out of nowhere just motorboat some chick. Well, and I don't think I believe that. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't think I believe that. Just all have- I can say is, from my interactions, it seems like they'd be very extremely out of character. Yeah, that, that's I what I think. Did he ever motorboat you? No. Right. Well, but Brandon doesn't. Brandon and- doesn't really have man breasts. You know, Brandon no. is. He's not. He's not a heavy guy. So. Mm. I'm thin. See, if, if I, but, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, so that part of the story just seems, at least to me, to be. Uh, outrageous, but on the other hand, I mean, she is you know naming names and citing witnesses, and it seems, again, seems suicidal for her to be making all this up. I it's don't very, think. See, I don't think strange. it's made up one hundred percent. I think there. I if I had to guess what the truth is here, 
I think that a lot of lies with little truth sprinkled in there. Yeah, I th- right. I think I think some things happened, but not the way she described them. I think maybe these were emphasized or or exaggerated, or uh, or or the the, the circumstances were, were were switched around, and then so so. Let, it's let's hard say, to exaggerate a motorboat. Well, though. no, I mean, it depends it on what happened or it didn't. No, it, because it has to do with the circumstances. If if the girl is fine with you motorboating her, then then there's nothing wrong with it. If she if you just do it out of the blue when she doesn't uh, want you to, just like when you she comes up to you and you just motorboat her, and then that's terrible. If, if she, I mean, I guess, but I mean, you know, Brandon just said he's a happily married guy, and I'm a married guy. Some chicks at a bar and wants me to motorboat her. I'm not going to motorboat well, but that's, her. But that's a different story people, between yeah. you and your wife, though. That doesn't have to do with the rest of us. Like if you if if you went and motorboated this girl uh, and you're married, uh, I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't you know that wouldn't really be my business. It would just be between you and your wife. And uh, you know, except you, that he's doing it, you know, in theory or allegedly, he's doing it in front of a ton of people, which seems. If you're a married guy, it seems ridiculous. Yeah, like, but I've known I've known guys I've known guys who do that. So the point is here, it, right. as far as the sexual harassment aspect, that's all this is about. It's not about him being married. It's about was she sexually harassed by Nolan, or was this was this okay with her at the time, or did this not happen at all? And uh-huh. if it's anything but him sexually harassing her, then it's a non-story. I, I, it, it shouldn't be any of our business if Nolan was motorboating someone despite being married. Uh, whether you know, the only way is our business is if he does this when it's unwelcome, and if she is allowing it, or or, or behaving in a way, you know, flirting so much, and he just does it, you know, in response to to a whole night of flirting, uh, then it's not a big story. If he just does it out of the blue, then it's a big story. So that's a, is a big difference there, in my opinion. And the problem is, if you've done it there after kind of. You know, messing around back and forth the whole night, uh, and he do, or, or let's say he does it as a joke or something. Like, like, uh, uh, how does he explain? Oh, yeah, I motorboated her, but it was a joke. Right. It'll, it'll look terrible. Let me, let me let me ask you a a technical question. Yeah. All right. Do you guys think it's possible from a you know technical point of view to motorboat a chick and have her not want you to do it? In other words, like if you go up to a girl and you want to motorboat her, if she didn't like it, wouldn't she like turn away? Well, yeah, but you could have her like in a corner where where she or she could be like so shocked, and she didn't say he did it for thirty seconds. He could do it for, yeah, for five okay. seconds, so he, he can get away with it. And also, some women they're just kind of like, you know, they're they're afraid to fight back. They're 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 so shocked. Like I can see it happening, but I I have to think that. The, the way she tells the story doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's also possible. Since I'm thinking of why would a settlement be offered? There had to be – and why is she claiming she has evidence she can release? Uh, so, so maybe it's somewhere in the middle where some of these things happen, and they know some of these things happen. And even though there's a different explanation for why these things happen, they don't want to get into it. It's too hard to explain without looking terrible. So, so they decided let's just pay her to go away. We, we, uh, she has enough on us to make us look bad. So let's just pay her to go away, and uh, and and then they did, and then something you know, it didn't go the way she wanted, and whatever, whatever, and now now she's uh, coming out there, and now they don't know what to do. So it'll be interesting to see what Nolan's response is, and uh, there'll definitely be one. Yeah, hopefully there will be one, and and well, there will be one. Yeah, and and I would love to see it. And then then we can judge based upon he hasn't responded to me. Yeah, just... ba- based upon her his accusation, or sorry, her accusation and his response. I, I have to say though, with with so many different stories about about the Jews, about Sean Deeb, about uh, about the motorboating, about all the different times they were having her on and off there, and uh, also a lot of times people can be insulted about TV time, where an insult is not really intended. They they have to understand when a a production is made, 
of any show, especially a non-scripted show like like poker. Uh, you're doing it for the audience. You're not doing it for the players. You're doing it for the audience who's watching it, and you're trying to make the best production you can. So while you may feel it's unfair if you're down there to play and they bump you for someone else, if the person who is behind the production feels that the person they're bumping you for is more interesting and will make a better TV program with that person instead of you, it sucks for you, but it makes sense why they're doing it. The only time, right. the only time it's not okay is if you have some kind of guarantee you're going to get this many hours, and you come there with that guarantee, and then they uh, go back on it. Then, then you'll have a case against them, and then you have a, a right to complain. Drew, have you ever been bumped before? Well, in a way, I was once almost bumped. Where I was uh, at the Bellagio, they had a ten-handed eighty-one sixty game going with a with a mega fish, and that's why they made it ten-handed because the uh, the fish. I think the fish wanted it ten-handed, so it stayed ten-handed. And every time they call uh, a seat opened. They'd call and see who was going to take the seat, and if it was someone who was a good play, if it was if someone was a bad player, of course they'd be happy to let him take the tenth seat. Well, when it came time to call it for me, I sit down. They go, "Oh, sorry, we're making it nine-handed now," because they didn't see me as a value to the game. They they weren't terrified of me, but they just you know they they don't want it to be ten-handed if I'm going to be the tenth guy. They'd rather nine-handed without me than ten-handed with me. So I said, "Absolutely not." I said, it's been 10-handed. You can't decide based upon who shows up if it's going to stay 10-handed. This has to stay 10-handed until uh, there's nobody on the board. And then at that point, you can make it 9 and shut out whoever comes next. So people are arguing with me, saying, no, we made it 10. We can make it 9 whenever we want. We're choosing right now. And like, uh, finally, one player there stood up for me and said, uh, I, I don't like this. You shouldn't make the game... Uh, you shouldn't decide how the hand is going to be depending who, who it is. It, it should be. So they, they were trying to shut me out of the game. And uh, I guess that's a way of bumping me. So, uh, but I won't. You've ever been bumped? I've been bumped, but not in this way. But listen, I think you're right that um, there is going to be a response. Um, Nolan Dalla tweeted, allegations against me slash PokerNet in America, ludicrous. All of it. I'll post a reply ASAP showing how accuser begged to be on the show when denied goes batshit. Yeah, and and that's and that could be the truth too. That, that's the problem too. Is that this is someone who, at the very least, I can say this with almost certainty, at the very least, Jacqueline Moscow really wanted to be on that show for publicity of herself, which again is nothing wrong with that. But that was why she she really wanted to be. That's why she kept taking quote all this abuse. That's why she kept coming back and back. This is why it was so off putting to her when they kept kicking her out of the game supposedly, because she really wanted to be on there to jumpstart her poker career. She saw these other pretty girls getting uh, big sponsorships. She's like, why not me? So that's what she's trying to do. She was trying to use Poker Night in America as a vehicle to do that, and she was irritated that the, she was not getting the airtime on there that she, that she was hoping she would get. So the question is, is she now coming out with the truth in retaliation to them, for them doing that to her, or did she make up this whole story because she's mad that uh, they didn't give her enough airtime. It, it could be either one. Uh, call you're on the air. Hey, what's up? China from the Zomblitz. That's right. What's up, buddy? Uh, for those that have asked over and over, when would you maybe estimate a new Zomblitz episode maybe <laughs> coming to users near us? Well, I, was, I said New Year's, but who knows? Maybe an NBA Finals preview. All right. How you doing, buddy? What's going on? Not much. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are What's you guys your, doing? We're doing good. What is your take on uh, this whole 
breaking news story. All right. I, I, I think she holds the nuts. That's just my first read. I think that she's, she's got to have something. I mean, she said she, she's going to give them – I mean, she's putting it out there that she's going to give them an opportunity to respond, and if they don't, then – or if they do and they deny it, then she said she has the goods. So, I mean – Unless she wants to be known as like a complete liar and she doesn't have what she but says. But Druff said that he's even used this strategy without having the goods. Well, I've, I've used the strategy when I, when I know it's possible. No, when I know it's true, but I may not have the evidence. You know, the World Series is starting in a week. You know, you know what? I mean, he's the director of media for the WSOP. Do you think the timing, duh, is a little uh, coincidental? Yes, I, th- I think that's probably why she's doing it now, too. Yeah. And I mean, do you guys right, really but, believe in the? It took me eighteen months to build up the courage to report this angle. No, I, I, I think no. There's, there seems to be something with the timing, and, and also, I, again, she, she may have the goods, but not in the way she's stating. She may have the goods in that, like she was motorboated, but maybe that all this happened under dis- different circumstances than what she's claiming. And also, the, the Jews thing is really weird. Someone's pointing out in the chat that Matt Glantz is actually a part owner in the whole venture, and he's Jewish. So, like, well, like that doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, but like, what was I going to say? Here's another thing. Like, his first response to this whole thing was, "Any uh, anyone that can prove whatever happened in the Bellagio, I'll give him a hundred thousand dollars." He didn't mention the main part. Why didn't he deny the biggest part right away? Let, let me go. go let me that? go. Let me go back to his Twitter. Let me go back to his Twitter and see see what he may respond. I'm to getting someone. a text from the four one zero that's basically claiming that all this was set up by Kev Math. So we could go from sitting on his couch in Atlanta to running the whole entire World Series of Poker in three weeks. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if Kev Math was actually like an evil guy who had like like uh, uh, had just th- these plans to take over all of poker, and that he's slowly accomplishing that, and then one day he's going to become the the poker authoritarian who just uh, we have to bow to him if we want to play. <laughs> Like uh, like uh, Fidel Castro that took over after the what was the other dictator's name in Cuba? Uh, Batisto maybe I think something like that. I think it was Batista Batisto. But anyhow, yeah, that same similar kind of angle. Uh, in fact, who's the user that every week loves the? He loves a Kev Math update segment. The guy that really requests one. Oh, mid mid juleps. Yeah. Yeah. So what what do we have one for him? Well, we just talked about. He just doesn't like us talking about Kev Math. So so since we since we've. Uh, we, we've talked about Kev Math already some tonight to satisfy that requirement. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, so you're right, uh, China. The first thing he tweeted about this was just, let me refute bullshit charges claiming I got thrown out of Bellagio. If someone can prove this, I'll pay you 100000 So, So, uh, yeah, she probably heard uh, – so probably this is what happened. He read – and you're right, China. It's, it's, it's a little bit telling. that He probably read this, and the first thing to jump out at him was a complete lie that he was thrown out of Bellagio. He probably wasn't. Probably someone told a, uh, an inaccurate story to her. Because they didn't say they knew for sure. They, she's like, oh, you know, I heard he got thrown out of Bellagio for harassing a cocktail waiter. So he probably read this, knew that this never happened, and, and said, uh, if someone can prove I did, I'll pay you 100K. Because that, that was the thing that jumped out at him big time that was a lie. The rest of it's kind of hard. There must have been like – and I must have been, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was like some truth, some non-truth, and then it's harder to touch. I, I just don't think – Unless she's just bluffing and doesn't, ha- if she does have, if she doesn't have anything, I would say she's 
she 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 more than likely full of shit. But if she does have all this stuff that she claims, then we'll just have to wait and see and read it, right? Nolan would, pro- Nolan would probably lose his job, I'd, or his job, I'd imagine. I mean, these are some pretty serious um, allegations. It depends. It depends on like what's written in those texts. Right, I right. Mean, she's just, he's not admitting a- a- anything, but some other guy is like seems like he's kind of being the middleman for the whole thing, according to the way she's saying it went down. Yeah, so, so, yeah, right? right, right. She's claiming that that some guy, that that Capra guy there, witnessed Nolan's behavior and was discussing it with her in text and admitted it was inappropriate. But that that can mean a lot of things. That's the problem. I'm trying to determine here: was was he just outright sexually harassing her and just shocking her with motorboating her, or was uh, was there circumstances leading up to this where, where he honestly believed that uh, she wanted that, and and that in context of everything else that was well, happening? Why wait there, so long though? Like, you well, think, think about you, it. She's busted now, and she's like, "Fuck it, I have nothing to lose." Like, that's a long time—a year and a half. Well, yeah. I'm not comparing this to to like uh, rape victims or anything like that, but like when it seems like when women get like raped, sexually assaulted, whatever, a lot of times they don't say anything. You know, it's not like that's the instant. But I don't. Th- I don't think this is the same because this. This definitely, at the very least, I can say that she is very frustrated that she didn't get on the show as much as she wanted, and that's a, that's that seems to be the a dominant theme within that. And and she even lied in the yeah, thing saying she was trying to promote that's, women. That's pretty big. She's trying to promote women. Blah, blah. No, she's not. She's trying to promote herself. Didn't get to as much as she wanted to. So well, look, only- I don't know this woman from anybody. But if I was producing a show and I had bigger names, she's getting bumped. Yeah. So so she's right. So she's very frustrated. Who are you putting on there? Jennifer Tilly, Sean Deeber, the Moscow lady. No, no, I'm putting them on for sure. So the the, the question is here: Is this? W- w- she's mad about getting bumped. She's mad about not getting that much airtime. So the question is. Is she just making up things or, or greatly exaggerating things, or is she deciding to come out with actual dirty laundry because she's mad? Because it can be either one. So just because someone's mad doesn't mean that they're lying. It's it, like this. What was the one guy that played James Bond before the last James Bond? The old guy? Sean Connery? The, huh? Sean Connery? No, no, no. The, the guy that does it now, Skyfall and Inspector, the guy before him. The older guy. He's wanted for like a long time, but he's doing the, the – uh, Soap opera show. Uh, he did like Golden Eye, Golden Eagle, the, all those failed James Bonds. I regarded him as like the worst Bond after maybe Timothy Pierce Bronson. Yes, Pierce Bronson. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So what was I saying? What was the point? Of I that? don't know. Something about James Bond. <laughs> there was a point. Now, see, it took me so long. Pierce Bronson. Um, Jesus, help me out here. I, I don't know where you were going with it. I was. It, it was a good point. Uh, maybe it'll come back to you. All right. What were, what were we just saying? <laughs> it took me so long. Well, I, I, it's this, yeah. This is getting very tough to tell. But but what I can say here is just that <laughs> I, I think this is somewhere in the middle. That, that's my. I think when this all comes out, it's going to be there somewhere in the middle. That this is not completely fabricated, but it's not exactly as she is presenting it, and that this was done because she was mad that she did not get the airtime she did. Not that. Yeah, she, I think what I think probably what happened was. She probably thought she was going to sit and play the whole day. They probably told her no. Oh. She probably, more than likely she complained, and then they probably like had to be stern with her or something like, no, like that's right. just not the way it works. You know this what I'm saying? Was- but th- there could be some truths in there, though, too. Like, who knows? So Piers Bronson, he was the James Bond. I, I thought he was the worst James Bond by far. 
But anyhow, he was a big star. He was on that Remington Steel. And, yes, and I remember did that, that show. movie with the. Yeah, I know you would. It's an yeah. 80s show. He <laughs> did that Miss Doubtfire. So say he's on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, not Leno, but Carson. Okay, and say his segment with Johnny goes long. Okay, they're gonna bump the Zoo Lady with the monkey. Yeah, Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And, and that's then, what, and that's what I was saying. Like with, with yeah. TV, you can't be offended when when they bump you for a bigger name. That's I just mean, the way it's entertainment like, works. Look, I, I'm, I co-host a fraud show with five other guys. One of them we don't even know his first name. He lives in Northern California. They invite me to this show. If I get thirty minutes, that's great. If I get bumped because some big name that everyone wants to see, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, know your place. You know what I mean? It's not. Personal, yeah. Spe- yeah I, as I said, these shows are for the that was audience. My point about Pierre's bronze. Yeah, this- I probably could have used a better <laughs> analogy. These these shows are for the audience. They're not for the for the the people on them. So that's what she has to understand. But so she's obviously mad about this now. Whether she's telling the truth about this or, or not, I don't know. But it, but you know, it's possible that she went to the bar. Uh, you know, she, so she feels like they're shutting her out, and she's like, "I got to change this. I've got, I've got to get this across somehow." And she's like, "Ah, I know what I can do. I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to wear a low cut dress. I'm going to you know, flash my boobs. I'm going to flirt. I, I know how to get myself on there." And she, I'm not saying she was going to have sex with anyone. I'm saying that she was going to flirt and 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 use what she had to try to the, uh, get these guys to change their plans. And so maybe she did that, and then that led to the motorboating or whatever else. And now she's like, oh, "I can't believe they did this to me." I, I didn't ask for this, so, so that's that's what I'm a little afraid may have happened. And so then she complains. Then they're trying to like say, yeah, it was inappropriate, but at the same time, it's not the way she's portraying it. But then like they're afraid, like what are they going to say? Yeah, it was motorboating, but it was consensual motorboating. Like they they don't even want to get into that. So they're like, okay, how how about we just pay you off and and go away? And like the, so like I, I could totally see it being something like that. I'm not saying it was. But I could totally see it being something like that. I would plus be- her husband was with her too. What kind of man is this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? That's her. His boyfriend. husband was there the whole time. Well, it was her boyfriend, but he no. He she said he came. She husband. said he came later or something. I, I agree that it seems remarkably sackless. I mean, if someone went up to my wife and motorboated her, I would definitely be going over there and having words with him. Yeah, I wondered that too when I read that. Like he's like, oh, we we better get out of here. Like what? <laughs> Fuck that! I would. I would. <laughs> That is no, not you know what? Here's a good example. We had uh, – I don't remember who got bumped, but this is true. Back on the uh, – this was Donk Down. This wasn't uh, Neverwin Poker. We had the hottest – or I guess I'm going to scratch that term. We had the most running good poker player both in cash games and tournaments at that time call in. And that was, uh, and, and also he was in the news because he had recently been stabbed. Or Jason Mercer was on, and we like literally had like a seven minute interview and bumped him. Like it was like a bump bump, but we cut him short to call somebody else. Do you remember this, Jeff? Was, yeah, and we, yes. I think we actually bumped him for a smaller name, actually. But. Yeah, of course we did. It was a really, it, I mean, and it was like this guy's doing us a favor, calling, and he was blowing up in poker, I and mean, that was when we used to you know, do interviews and shit. You know, we don't really care about that now, and we literally were done with the interview in like seven minutes. Yeah, and this is you know the biggest name at the time, and um, so you know, and again, the question I really ask, and I don't, I mean, I'm not disparaging women, I don't know. I mean, when she made that statement that it really took her this long, you know, to come to terms and to feel strong enough to to make this public, I mean, do you, I mean. Do you believe that? Well, here's what could have happened. Here, here's you also don't think what there's happened. some agenda? No, there, here's what could have happened. She she could have yeah, – she's obviously frustrated with the whole situation, whatever occurred. 
maybe she's been struggling a little bit, and and uh, and she's like, oh, you know what? If only I had sponsorships now, I, I I could be entering all these tournaments that they're paying for, and then I could be winning them, and I could have all this money. Instead, I'm broke. I don't have, you know, I'm not getting any publicity. Oh, it's all Poker Night in America's fault. They they were supposed to have me on there more. I was I was they misled me. I was supposed to be on there more. Oh, I'm so pissed. If only they put me on more, I would have all these opportunities. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna blow this whole thing up. Like it could be like that. It could be that that she's sitting there frustrated and finding someone to blame for this, and and is is connecting it back to that. If only they put her on like she thought that they were promising her that that she would be huge now instead of instead of broke and, and kind of an unknown player. So it could be something like that that you just after a long time just get mad and flip out over something that happened a long time ago and expose. I, I bet it's something like that. So. Anyway, that was. Uh, I, I, we'll have to wait to see what happens. We'll have an update next week. And I'm sure, something will break on Wednesday. Yeah, some, something, yeah probably Nolan Dollar. I'm going to ask him not to do nothing until Wednesday. Well, you, you, yeah, and he may agree because he, his last tweet he said was uh, that someone asked him, you know, when are you going to give a response? And he said, can you give me a little time? Uh, oh, yeah, so someone questioned why he was just talking about the, the, the 100,000 with Bellagio. So the guy says. Stop, Nolan Dow. Your first tweet is this. The entire blog and you refute only the Bellagio inf- incident, LOL. So he says, can you give me a little time? It's not every day someone accuses me of bullshit. Fuck. And, and so he says back, who gives a fuck about Bellagio? She's accusing you of sexual assault. should probably respond to that first. So, but he, he's saying he wants a little time, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, so I, I guess we'll, we have other things to move on to tonight. It was, that was an interesting story that I'm glad it managed to happen on the, on the right day. Justin Biden. Oh, yeah, I got one th- one one thing yes. to say. Um, yes. Uh, do you guys find it weird that I've never seen a James Bond movie in my life? I wouldn't find it weird. I'd say I, the percentages are against it. Yeah, it's unusual. What do you think? What do you think the percentages are of somebody my age seeing zero? I've probably seen some clips, but so never male, watched one. Male late, male late thirties sports fan, not like feminine. Uh, I'd say it's probably like around. A little less than twenty percent. No, it's gonna be much less than twenty percent. Okay, but what's what? Five percent? Seven percent? That's like three percent. I see. I've never seen one like his whole. He's, it's not like he's twenty-one years old. I mean, you mean like you've never even saw a glimpse of one? Flip flicking through the channel. I've seen a clip, but I've never like started a James Bond. I've never like I've maybe flipped through, seen it, and just flipped the channel like whatever. But like never more than like five minutes or anything. Like I've never sat down and been like, "Oh, I'm going to watch fucking Golden Wings or whatever the fuck it is." Golden Eye. Yeah, I'm getting some wings. messages. They, they they say it's weird. It's coming through from the three one zero and then through the PM system. They say it's all weird. <laughs> okay, let's. Well, I've seen I've seen every Star Wars movie uh, probably fifty times. So really? that's probably weird. Now, what too. is it about? What is it about James Bond that you find yourself not wanting to, you know, give it a chance? Um, I don't know. I just never, never, never got into it. I mean, they weren't really popular when I was growing up in the eighties, were they? Oh, it was popular in the eighties. Yeah, I mean, it had a little bit of a lull in the mid eighties, early nineties, because that's right at when uh, Roger Moore was too old to be James Bond and Timothy Dalton. Yeah, sucked. yeah, Timothy Dalton sucked. They kind of, they, kind so of they had a out. reboot, and and you know those. I mean, obviously, the, the the best Bonds were the Sean Connery and then the beginning of Roger Moore, and then it kind of the franchise just kind of had a lull for a really long time. And then the dude that does it now, what, what's his name again? 
The now the James Bond from Skyfall, Spectre. Come on, somebody tell me his name. I don't know. I just remember when they were pumping out Pierre, Pierre Bronson or whatever the fuck his name is. Right. Back maybe in the nineties. I don't know who does it now. It's uh, the uh, uh, gosh, someone, someone in the chat. Tell me his name. I can't believe any of the four guys here. None of us can say his name. Yeah, Daniel Craig. Craig, Thank you, Bobby. So, but he's had a weird experience because he came on strong with Casino Royale, and everyone thought that was one of the greatest Bonds ever. Then he did the sequel uh, to that, which was uh, oh, jeez. Whatever the second one was, and it it got terrible ratings, and everyone trashed it. Then the third one was Skyfall, which set the record box office. It even got nominated for an Oscar. I think it won one for best song, and and you know it was regarded literally as the best Bond ever. And then he just did another one, Spectre, and that's regarded as the worst one ever. So it's very very strange. I, I saw all four. Do you, anyone? Obviously not China, but. Druff, did you happen to catch uh, any of those? I haven't seen the recent ones, no. You, did you see Skyfall? No. Casino Royale? No. I didn't see any of this. Behind about stuff. 10 years. Yeah, I am. Okay, so let, let me, let's get to the uh, – it's getting already late here. Let me get to this next topic. Well, you can't call Ken. No, Ken's done. So uh, no, you said, can you call me tonight? Is it gonna? Are you gonna be on late? Yeah. <laughs> and so, are you gonna be on past twelve? And you're like, Ken, it's eleven thirty-five. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, Z Justin, if you remember last week, he, he complained he didn't want to take that picture. Justin Bonner, for those that don't know the yeah. screen names, he he didn't want to take a, a picture when he won a, a preliminary EPT event because of a protest against poker stars for what they did to the Supernova elites. He ended up taking a picture finally when they were threatening they wouldn't pay him where he put like a sad face on while he took the picture. It was really stupid looking. But what people pointed out, including you, Brandon, that he was hypocritical because if you hate the company that much, Poker Stars, which puts on the, the EPT, don't play. You, you can't play the tournament and say that you're going to boycott the picture because you hate them so much. If you hate them so much, then don't give them rake because when you sign up, you give them rake. Uh, so... A lot of people were saying he was a huge hypocrite, that if he, if he really uh, feels this way about poker stars, that they're such an immoral company and they're screwing everyone, that he should not play on poker stars and he should not play any of their events. So th- this is his response. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut off some of it because it's uh, just rambling BS. Here's the important part. He said, I was debating if I was going to defend myself at all because the goal is simply to spread awareness. Sounds like just like a social justice warrior to say that. And, and I have on some small level succeeded at that so far. But I'm a flawed human who cares what other f- people think. So here we go. When people refer to themselves as humans, it's very off-putting to me. It's, it's usually like some kind of touchy-feely nonsense, which he's known for. I believe I have done nothing hypocritical. It would be hypocrisy if I told others to boycott stars and did not do the same. I participated in the public boycotts and encouraged there to be more private discussions. Uh, in more, more in private discussions, I do not condemn anyone for playing on stars. Though I do think long term we need to think about supporting their competitors more. The current state of affairs with the, with the monopoly is simply too ominous. Personally, I find a very big difference between willing to be a customer of a corporation and willing to promote them publicly. As a as visible professional poker players, we have the ability to sway opinions of others. I have thirty thousand Twitter followers, for example, and some of my colleagues have far more than that. For more than a decade, I was happy to give stars free promotional work. When people asked me for the best or most trustworthy site to play on, without hesitation, I would say PokerStars. Now my answer is 888 when I speak 
of most trustworthy. But it goes beyond that. When TV final tables first became a thing, there was a big debate among the pros of whether we should be doing these interviews for free. Most poker players eventually agreed that the industry was doing a lot for us, therefore we should do a lot for them. Number one were seemingly the unlimited sponsorship opportunities. Making a prominent TV final table was like an automatic 10K in your pocket for the first time, and it could be worth significantly more if your reputation were strong enough to negotiate a higher price to wear a patch for those eight hours. Money was coming our way, so we felt properly compensated. Nowadays, Poker Stars isn't doing shit for the professional poker players. They're actively defrauding us and cutting back every single benefit from the past they could find. I believe it's in the player's best interest to make a stand and say, in the past, you used our images, our voices, and our social media presences to help you out. That was, you You pat our backs, we pat your situation. If you're no longer willing to give us anything in return, then we're no longer going to give you that publicity for free. From a financial standpoint, it just makes no sense. And it's not about money, it's about ethics, too. Personally, I've been on the fence about whether or not it's a good thing the online poker industry is thriving and legal. With the predatory nature of stars, I can no longer in good conscience say that the success of the industry leader is a good thing. I sincerely hope that I have a reason to change my mind about this in the future, but for now I can only hope for change. Our chance seems to be if David Bezoff goes to prison and Amaya is forced to sell poker stars possibly to 888. So when, the, when that day comes, I want to be, the new owners to be in a position to say, let's get the pros back on our side and work together with them to rebuild poker stars' forsaken trusted image. Look, I'm not going to debate all these topics he's bringing up. I'm saying this. Poker stars, you either support them by playing in their events and on their site, or you don't. If they are so offensive to you and so off-putting to you and so screwing of the poker pros that you hate them, then don't be a customer of theirs. Don't be. You, you don't have to be. And you can't say, I'm not going to promote them. I'm not going to promote them for, to, you know, to be a customer I'm not going to promote them for others to be a customer there because I don't want people going there because I think they're unethical, but I'm going to still play there. Now, what he's trying to say is, look, I, I, I'm willing to be a customer but not do free promotional work. But that's – he's not even saying I won't do free promotional work for anyone. He's saying I won't do it for stars. I would respect this more if he said, you know, I just realized it's not fair that I have to take promotional pictures for your company. So I'm not going to do it for you. I'm not going to do it for anyone. For any tournament, the World Series, who also doesn't pay him, by the way, the uh, for, for you poker stars, for any other company that runs a tournament, they're going to have to pay me for interviews and pictures. Otherwise, I won't do them. And if he said that, at least I'd say, okay, he's just saying he doesn't want to sell his image for free. Fine. But that's Can not what he's saying. Something? Yeah. Have you ever looked into that PFA mosaic and just start daydreaming and get so lost in it? <laughs> I have it blown up as we're speaking. That's a, I still can't understand it. Is it that, how does he do that? Yeah, if you look at my Twitter, you'll see where I'm talking about at twitter.com slash Todd Wittellis. Oh there's, there's what's known as a mosaic where, it's where fucking brilliant. Well, Belly Buster, who runs our, our, our poker no fraud online poker room, he cre- using the avatars of users on our site, and it repeated a lot of them too, but he, he used a bunch of all the avatars on our site and made a mosaic of all the avatars where if you back up and look at it, it's a picture of me holding up my bracelet in 2005 when I won. So he made a – using all the avatars on our site, like a little mosaic, made a picture of me. And uh, Brandon is mesmerized by it. He's mem- mesmerized. I mean, I've seen it before, but I'm blowing it up on my iPhone while we're talking and I just got lost in He's it. mesmerized by my face. Even though I mean, is there an app to do this? I mean, there has to be, right? I, I don't, I don't know how he did it, but it's it's impressive. So I, uh, okay. it's uh, it's an eleven year old picture, but Brandon is is mesmerized by it. 
So yeah. okay, so thank you, Billy Buster. That was very interesting yeah. what you did. But yeah, you know, Justin, it's it's just that simple. You he's saying here, do as you I can't say. Have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, he's saying do as I say, not as I do. And and Justin, if your point is no free promotion, okay. If you win a bracelet this year at the World Series, I expect you not to take a picture. If that's your star, but but if your policy is oh, I only don't take the picture for poker stars, then it's you taking it out on poker stars. And the way you should take out your poker stars is is, is by not giving them any business. I mean, you know, it's just like it, it, it's so goofy. Chances are, what ninety percent, eighty five percent. I mean, what you know, all things considered, equal. This is a good question. If if one in ten people cash in a poker tournament. With all things considered equal, with a field of you know mixed pros and a few amateurs, what what would you even guess? You know, a good professional poker tournament player's percentage chances of cashing would be. How much higher can it be than that one in ten? Ten percent of the field gets paid. You're you're you know you're good. You're you're, ju- you're Justin Monomo. What are your chances of cashing? Um, you know, like, it, one, what could well, it be? See, At the best, one and a half out of ten. You know, and it also depends on your style. If you're if you're if you're playing a more conservative style, it's oh, actually you're higher. To win. You're if you're, not, if you're, you're playing not to win, yeah, if, yeah. If you're not castling it, it's it's a little lower because you're going to bust more than right. And when you you're make it far, you're making it deeper. You're, never, you're yeah. not folding kings. I mean, you're, you're playing <laughs> yeah. to win. You're gonna. I'm with you. Like one and a half out of ten. I mean, yeah, the most. It's, it's certainly not one out of five, right? So one I mean, and a half right. out of ten sounds reasonable. So eight and a half out of ten times he's walking out of there giving them money. It's just—it's it, not just that he's giving the money every time for Rake. The, the rest of the money goes to the other players. Right, but I mean, uh, he does get. Uh, yeah, and and like I said, I, I can guarantee, or I can't guarantee, but I, I can say that I believe at least that it wasn't until he had the realization that he might win this thing that he changed his tune and said, "Oh, you know what? I can do with this." It wasn't like he came in there on a mission. And, yeah, of course. You know, if he if he had got knocked out, he was going to hang out outside and protest with signs. It just <laughs> it just reeks well, of just what's, Brandon. What's, it's only it's only one and a half out of ten if he enters once, though, right? That's true. It's yeah. Justin Bonomo. I mean, we don't know how many yeah. how many different yeah. accounts well, he's going to enter. Thing, what's, thing, what's the adjective here? It just reeks of what? what, what? Well, it's. it's Self righteousness, self righteousness, and entitlement. Yeah, yep. and entitlement. Yeah, I mean, Maybe a little hypocrisy and too. hypocrisy. Yeah, that's a Thank big, you. big one too. Yeah, but, I mean, did we lose he, the other gentleman? Yeah, yeah I think my we, Skype windows closed. I think we, I think we did. Yeah, but look, the bottom line is that you guys know Justin Bonomo at all? Well, I, mean, I, I've, I played with him last year, and he was rude to me. But. I played with him several <laughs> times, but I don't have any mutual. Fr- I guess the only well, no, I don't even think I have any mutual friends. No, he's like part of the Magic crowd, so he's he probably yeah, I played with, with him. But I, I've never, I never. What what year is that? That uh, me and the one guy from Antigua, we hung out in the uh, during the final table in the media room. Do you remember that we were posting pictures and interviews? Yeah. What year was that? Because he was in there right like next a, to like me. Oh, oh, nine, or, oh, nine or something or ten. Yeah. Right. That was a, no. That it was a um, what's his name? It was a Joseph Cotta year. So whatever year that was, I spent all day with him next to me, and, and I, uh, you know, my last year I'll tell you he uh, was so arrogant and cocky, and I, I didn't even say anything. But I yeah. played with him. Uh, well, it was it was a, it was a limit event. And he was just being so arrogant and cocky, and, and the way he talks, it's just, I, I don't... Well, that's how he was the second he came to my table, yeah. the 10K, made the rude comment to me. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, he, he's super arrogant, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, anyway, he's, man, most people think he's wrong here. Most A few idiots are like, oh, good job standing up for us. Everybody else sees through this and thinks this is just, uh, 
uh, hypocrisy. Uh, this is the same douche that said that he sleeps with multiple women. Why again? What was his uh, for, for uh, oh, this whole stupid, stupid thing of polyamory? You can love oh, several yeah, women yeah. at once. This whole, this whole nonsense. Okay, so he should he should date the fake doctor. Yeah, <laughs> what is her name? She's a, what is the name of medicine she has? No, the doctor of osteopathy. Uh, osteopathy. Well, actually, a, I don't. Oh. I don't even know if she really has the doctorate. She may not have completed. But what was, okay, so it'd be an osteopath with a what? It's called doctor polyamory. Of Oste- uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I was gonna say exactly what you had. I mean, I I don't know him beyond him having been at my table for uh, a few different tournaments. But some of the things that he's done and said, especially lately, I mean, he just seems like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, I if mean, you combine them. If you're if you are a fake doctor that also sleeps with different people, you're polyamorous. Or what is the term? <laughs> you're, a, you're a polyamorous osteopath. You're, a polyamorous you're, osteopath. No, you're you're just polydoctorous. <laughs> Polydoctoropath or something. Now, who's this Larry Laffer all of a sudden? Is this a real person? You well, think? okay, so let me tell you what this Larry Laffer person is. I, I, mean, I kind of like him. I okay, hope he's real. This Larry Laffer person, I, I don't know for sure he's real. He, he, he signed up on our site, and for whatever reason, I, I didn't allow his account. You know, I, I scrutinized each new account. And for wh- something I didn't like about his new account, so, so I, I, I don't know which account it was, but I deleted it. So he sent me a message saying, why did you delete my account? He didn't post or anything yet. I I just didn't allow it on. So I said, well, I, I don't remember which account, but you know, who are you? So he said that uh, uh, that he's from Chicago. He's a big fan of this show, and uh, that he wants an account here. So I said, well, okay, uh, I'll make one for you. Sorry, I deleted it, and he told me to make it Larry Laffer. So Larry Laffer is the name of a character in the game Leisure Suit Larry, which was uh, big in the 80s and early 90s. I, I, oh, what? I, Leisure Suit Larry. It was a very Never fun, heard of it. Oh, it was a very funny game. It was a great game in the 80s. It was like one of these adventure games, but it, it was... it was. But it, how does somebody come out of nowhere and join an account and then they just, unless you're mumbles, and then you're just loving it so much and posting everywhere? I mean, I like him. I want to believe he's real because he... I, I don't know 100%, some, but but he had, and he's texted me a few times. I mean, he seems fine. I don't know if it could, yeah, no, it could be a dupe for all I know, but... It could be a duplicate account, but uh, yeah. So anyway, that's that's let's go on to the next topic here. He uh, says he was a lurker. How are they all lurkers? Well, we have a, a thousand people are going to have some lurkers. So uh, this is will be an interesting one for you, Brandon. Well, I, I don't think uh, some of this may not matter to you, but Nevada right now only has legalized online poker. It does not have legalized online casino gaming. I, I mean, I would never do. Yeah, I know Why you wouldn't. Would I, I, know I you live wouldn't. here. No, it doesn't make sense. But, but they're also. It's, it's still. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. So Nevada. Nevada idea. finally realized two things. They realized two things finally. Number one, their online poker room is a fail, and there's there's barely any people. There's one room that's surviving, which is WSUP.com. It's still a fail. There's there's not many people on there. It barely makes any. In fact, it loses money. It doesn't make money at all. It loses money. Uh, this well, is when the one guy barely keeps office hours. Yeah, and the the, the poker room manager keeps uh, online office hours. That was the craziest <laughs> which, thing. Which I ever we learned we learned is a new thing that uh, uh, you, he doesn't answer questions online unless it's during his office hours. <laughs> Once a week. So so the, so. Uh, WCP.com has been a failure in that way, and uh, so Nevada, they've realized the following Nevada. Number one, they need more players. And number two, New Jersey, which is making some decent money from their online uh, How is that going, gaming. by the way? The well, poker stars in New Jersey. It, poorly. So they're, they're doing – that. New Jersey is doing poorly in poker just like Nevada is, but they're doing – It's all relative. They're doing fairly well with the casino offerings so they're not making oh, as much as they thought they would they thought they're going to make way more than they did but on an overall basis 
it's been worth it for New Jersey to add this because the casino offerings are making a good deal of money and the poker is barely making anything. You know why, though, I theorize? Because unlike Nevada, where even in the small little cities, like if I was to, you know, I'm flying to Reno, but if I was to drive from Las Vegas to Reno, it's about a six-hour drive straight up north, right up 95. But every little city that you run into, you're going to find little casinos, whether they're slaw parlors or you know little casinos with a, two or three blackjack tables and a roulette machine. But versus New Jersey, where all the gambling is literally concentrated into one small, isolated part of the state. If you live somewhere like Newark or you know anywhere that's far, you know hours away from Atlantic City, you can't gamble. So it's, I mean, do you get what I'm saying, kind of? So, so you think that in Nevada, online uh, casinos won't well, do no, that well? I, well, I'm not. No, I'm not saying it's not going to do well. But I'm just saying it, I, I don't think it would do as well as New Jersey okay. because it's so saturated. Like there's like a city uh, – well, you know, let's just take two small cities near me that are about an hour away, 45 minutes from Las Vegas. Somewhere – a city like Pahrump, which most people just know of as being the nearest city from Las Vegas with legalized prostitution. But there are three full casinos in Pahrump yeah. with hotels and rooms and you know restaurants and all that. You think you're in Vegas. You yeah. think you're like in a local casino in Pahrump. You look at something like Mesquite. That's in Nevada near the Utah border. There's four different casinos. There's the Eureka. There's uh, the Virgin River. There's Casablanca. So the point I'm making again is that it, it, it's so saturated in Vegas. You, you know, even up north in cities like Fallen, um, you know, Carson City. There's gambling. Yeah, they all have. All it, they all have it. Yeah. Well, yeah. though I so, will. Uh, though, yeah, I understand your point. Now, but, and, and lastly, when they first came out with this idea. Um, and this has been something they've been trying to pass for years. The idea was this. And I never really got this part, that they felt that customers, and this is how the, what they had proposed to gaming years and years ago, that casinos would be able to offer online gambling to clients that were just staying on the property. And they would be able to go upstairs to their room, go outside to the pool. And this was before smartphones and tablets became as big as they were and so so popular. And they would... Uh, be able to rent a tablet to them, and then they could go for the, in the entirety of their trip, deposit money, you know, in cash, no credit cards. Back then, that was kind of clear too. <laughs> and you could gamble, you know, with this software and play blackjack or roulette or whatever game slots the casino offered on a tablet. And I, I never thought that sounds dumb. Yeah, and I never thought that would even work because that's. I mean, I get it. There's some gamblers that are antisocial that may be intimidated by playing table games, but who's going to come to Vegas and just? You know, I guess I could maybe see at the pool, you know, but if you're that big of a degenerate and you want to sit at the pool and get some sun and, and, and you know, but you know, now they have every, every, almost every resort in Vegas, even the local resorts have during the summer when, when pool hours are popular, they have casinos outside. They have, you know, blackjack, they have craps, they have roulette. So, anyhow, I, I, it's not going to hurt because the overhead's going to be so small, it's just software and customer service, but I'm going to go on record and predict it's not going to be anywhere near as, successful as a state like New Jersey, uh, I mean, even if you just do it by, by population and just a percent of population, I mean, obviously New Jersey has way more people, but, uh, you know, like, look at it like that. You live, I mean, you can live in California and gambles legalized in Los Angeles, but if you're in San Francisco, what are you going to, you know, it's almost like gambling isn't legalized because you'd have to drive so far. I mean, you know what I mean? It just, well, actually Los Angeles doesn't have it. You have to, no, 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 I'm just saying hypothetically though. I mean, you know, Think of a state like California, where just a small section of it had it legalized, and the rest. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know what you're, I know what you're saying. It would make it people in Northern California like the Northern California guy <laughs> might log on and play some bingo, or you know, 
try a hand at blackjack. It, it just well, I, I know what you're saying here, and what yeah. what about the so so they the bottom line is they want to get in on the casino thing. No matter what it gets them, it's gonna it will be more than poker because there's just more interest in general in casino games than poker. Poker is just not as popular on an overall basis than casino games. Casino games are so many different types. It's just more popular. You add all the different kind of casino games combined. Of course, it's way bigger than poker. So, so it's not surprising that. And also, you don't need others to play casino games. So, if if you want to go on and play a poker game, and the type of poker game and the limits you want to play has nobody there, it's not going to go. Even if you want to play, you have to have someone to play with you. But to play slots, to play blackjack, you don't need anyone with you. It's it's an individual you game. Can't play poker by yourself is what you're saying. Yes. So so the, so they realized that number one, New Jersey is doing much better with thanks to that. Number two, the, po- the online poker has been a fail by itself, and so they need to increase the player pool. So, so they're going to try to partner with New Jersey. That's the first thing. They're going to try to get New Jersey. And New Jersey isn't all that warm to this, but they, they're trying to get New Jersey to agree to what Delaware agreed to, and that is to – Not the former user. Not just, the former user, so it's, it's okay. You yeah, know, but, I know. I'm just, but, uh, but they're trying to get a partnership also with New Jersey to share the same player pool. And why would, why would New Jersey be cold to this idea? I think they kind of just feel like it's not worth it because poker doesn't make that much money and it's too much of a pain in the ass because there's a number of things that would have to be done. They'd have to have the softwares being synced. They'd have to have the, the, the laws being synced about what you can and can't do. They'd have to have a, the, you know whose server. Is it Nevada running the server? Is, is it New Jersey running the server? They'd have to have a way to dist- distribute the rake. I think New Jersey's like, this is a pain in the ass for not much revenue effort. We're not bothering with it. I think, I think that's why. I haven't heard that, but that's what I think. So New Jersey isn't that warm. They're not outright saying no, but they're not that warm to it. Uh, it's like kind of meh. Yeah, New Jer- Nevada really wants to do it, and they're also thinking we need to. Like, act- you really think when they called the gaming commission in Jersey, just kind of like meh? Yeah, like, eh, meh. we'll get back to you. Don't call us; we'll call you. Right. And then Nevada, so Nevada wants to add its casino gaming, and uh, they so to kind of save the, because they want to save this whole thing. It's losing money every month. It's losing money. Every, this is a, not just a, not a money maker; it's a money loser. Well, when you say every month, are you just mean Caesars? Because that's really the only or is right. It right, yeah, they're losing money. They are losing money on WSB.com. So they they need how much could they possibly be losing? What's the overhead? I, I don't know. I don't know the fact. The no, but what would you guess? And no one. Knows well, they're, they're paying to, to license out the software first of all. It's not their software. Uh-huh. And Isn't that amazing though? I mean, it, it used to be just a few years ago that that any idiot with a website could start up a poker room and make money. Yeah. I mean, hand over fist. Like yeah. You could, you could only, it would be hard to not make money. Well, but they also have to comply with all these legal requirements, and they have the I get it. they pay the I customer service. Uh, I, they have a higher overhead than just some dope who wants to start something right. in his in his garage. I still stand by my I, comments that if they marketed it better, maybe it wouldn't be you know some booming success for it. But they, they, I could make that place break even. I, I agree too. I, that's what I thought too. I thought that they they're just, I realize I can't make that radio station a success. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought so too. I thought I thought I could I could make it a lot more successful than it is. They're they're not well, doing a lot of things they should be to get it going. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, my comment was more just about how much the landscape has changed. Yeah, it, it, it has. Here, here's an example. Do you, you know that there's a WSOP tournament uh, that is online again this year, and there's something you could do to get more chips than the next guy that buys in? And I live here in Las Vegas, and I read the news, and I read the magazines, I go in the poker rooms. I know nothing about what you have to do. And I live here. Yeah, you know, I, do you even know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I don't really follow it that much. But I, I can tell but you. The point is, you should know. It should just be there. Well, not only that, they they are not putting in the right efforts to get the games going. They 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 they're relying on the old models 
that, that poker stars use. They, they run the VIP program like poker stars did. They run the old model. They, they need to think outside the box. They need to get away from the traditional uh, way online poker rooms got going. Right, and, but did you, uh, did you hear what I said, though? Yes. Do you, you know about this? Tur- so there's a tournament that's online, but if you do something – I don't know, you play so many hands or whatever, you get a higher starting stack than yeah, you, yeah, dude that yeah. flies in from Switzerland does that just registers and plays. And I don't even know, and I should know. It should, like, be in front of my face. I should, like, when I walk into any Caesars property, there should be a... I mean, do you know what I'm saying? It should just be out there. Yes, like, I, I agree in I two ways. I can tell you Snickers commercials. I can tell you all this other crap that I just know that... Uh, nationwide is on your side. I agree. Like, I, like it's that. two things. It's, it's like, poorly marketed. I hate, it. I hate that. I, you know, I have nationwide, <laughs> and I keep saying to my fucking self, one of these weekends, I'm going to call up on radio and tell them that I want to quit the insurance because I have a problem with that. With that, every fucking day I put on something. It just drives me fucking. They should hire. They should hire their their ad their ad guys to do this. But the point I'm making is, I should know what this is, even if I don't want to know. Yeah, I'm a gambler. I'm in casinos. Yes, so so, so we're I mean, yes. So they're they're news. They are not be in my face. They are not marketing it well, and they're also not operating it well. Calawat, do you agree with what I'm saying? Be honest. You can criticize me. Hundred percent, I agree with. But what but you're Brandon, you know, it's a two pronged thing. It's marketing and operations. They also, even with their existing marketing, they could make a big improvement by such as giving people big incentive to get games started, such as uh, changing the whole VIP program to where it's not uh, resetting every month, where everything you've done it goes away if yeah. you don't play the next month. Dumb things like there's so many things they could. They, they have to have props they pay to there to, to run get games. Don't started. say we only will talk to you during office hours. Right. There's a lot of things they can do that will get people playing there and and. Post- Poker is a thing which uh, it, it increases exponentially. The more games that are going, the more people want to play. The worst you can have is that someone opens up your software wanting to play, sees all zeros as far as people sitting in the games they want to play, and they close it. That's, that's it's a disaster for you, and I think that's happening a lot with WSOP.com. Maybe so, tell their own credit card issuer, okay, it's okay, let, let, let them charge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's embarrassing. The, the total rewards credit card can't be used because it's called gambling. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Even when it's illegal. Yeah. What the fuck? And then Brandon's like, do you understand what Total Rewards is? No, so where does the bank? I mean, it, it, it's, yeah. I, I mean, so anyhow, that's my point. It just, you're right. I agree. It's, it would never be booming. The numbers just aren't there, but it, it shouldn't be losing money. Yeah, so it's losing money. It's what you they're know, doing. And, you know, this is the other thing. This summer, you know, if, if I came to Las Vegas, I didn't live here, and I'm staying at the Rio for a couple of weeks. And, you know, there are people like that, that that's still now, I hear it every day that, you know, I'm an online player or I prefer to play online versus live. That's me. Say, that's me. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Or people that just say I or believe I'm better online than I am live. I can do really good. And I guess that's true. I shouldn't say that to people that just state that. You know, there are people that, say, you know, look at someone like Negrano. Remember how much he had to prove even – you know, years ago that he could win online. You know, everyone just said, no, you could, you know, could yeah. beat, what was it, like 510, no limit. Yeah, yeah. Things yeah. like that. The World Series is about to start. They should be having, there should be all these deposit bonuses and all these incentives mm-hmm. and, and people should be in their rooms. And for those that want to be antisocial and, and smoke cigarettes or smoke weed or, I mean, I'm just saying. And they should, and they should hire props to get games going. It's, yeah, it's crazy. And there should be big PLO games and big no limit games and there should yeah. be a 30, 60 limit game and a, and they should have deuce to seven triple draw. And I mean, all these things in year, another year went by and I thought last year, maybe they'll do something this year. Nothing. Nothing. And, Nothing. and you'll see it's going to be a fail site. You're, it's going to 
going to be a little more active than right now, but not much. It always is, but it's it's you're right, it's not much. It's a little much. So like, just, you, you'd expect it to be booming. You can go. Not. You literally, you literally can be staying at the Rio, walk down to the cage, deposit money, and you, I mean it's that. That's how easy it is. And then load your account. You could win a thousand dollar PLO hand. You could win three thousand playing heads up limit hold'em. Cash out and with an hour or two, go downstairs and get your money. I mean that's as close. To like real poker with the you know with a cashier that you'll ever have. Yeah, and they're not and they're not doing. It's, it's, I was surprised. I, I thought last year, I, like, at least during the World Series, it's going to be booming. No, it was like it didn't even make like double. No, what, what do you mean? You sat down and I uh, played me almost. So, so I, I, I mean, I, I have two comments about this. The I truth, don't know guys... I don't. I listen. The truth. I'm sitting at. Uh, there's a guy sitting at 3060. I sit down. I don't. He never told me his screen name. And all he writes in the chat is LOL. <laughs> Uh, and I immediately say, "Really, Druff? That's you? <laughs> that's a God's honest truth." Yeah. Well, it, so I mean, that's. A, this, I, don't... I, I sat out though, and as soon as you sat out, yeah. I, I I sat out. I didn't play him. So yeah. just two two comments, real quick, if I could, on no, the the WSOP stuff. So, I mean, first of all, yeah, you make a really good point with a brand like the WSOP. It, there's no excuse for them not making money, right? I mean, it's just it's ridiculous, um, and I sort of wonder. Um, if there isn't competing interests inside Caesars, you know, there's the, uh, there may very well be like the, uh, the live, uh, tournament and casino group and the online group and there, you know, who knows, maybe one group is worried that the other is going to take away from, you know, maybe they're worried that online is going to take away from the WSOP and they're not devoting, uh, that many resources to it. I mean, I, there are any number of companies that this type of thing has happened, like, uh, Kodak, is a company that you know you guys are old enough to know how huge Kodak was, right? Of course. So, so Kodak actually invented the first CCD, right? Uh, which is what they use for taking digital pictures, and they knew everyone knew that the uh, digital camera was going to wipe out the print photo market, right? But Kodak, the executives, their job was just to ride it out because their entire business was based on this. Right, and I just wonder if there isn't something like that going on here, where there's an internal conflict, where Caesars is not promoting the online WSOP the way that they should be, uh, because they're concerned about it competing with their bread and butter, which is their live tournaments. Um, I don't, I don't know whether that's a fact or not, but um, I definitely have seen that happen with a number of companies where they have some kind of a legacy product, and it's clear. You know where the future is going to, um, but they don't bother promoting it because they don't want to cannibalize their existing product. Um, and it just seems really strange to me, like you said, the lack of promotion. Like I don't see any reason for it. Like there's no justifiable reason for them not promoting the shit out of this with the positive. But the thing is, they actually like they said. actually are promoting it some, but they're doing it wrong. They're just not. They're not doing things that are appealing to people. It's just kind of noise. You're not. Right. You're not getting anything as meaningful that's going to get people to sit there and play. It, it's. It's all being done wrong. So okay, and, and 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 I don't know if you guys remember, but when they first launched, like it was a bitch to get money on there. Actually, yeah, like, it was. I have verified it, and that may have just turned people off. I mean, it turned me off. I've got yeah, you, know, you know verified now made Bank it, of now America. Made it, and, and that's fine. Now they've made it better yeah. in the sense that and I just typed this in the chat. You can literally go to any Seven right. Eleven in the entire state and deposit up to like fifteen hundred dollars a day, or some you know pretty decent amount. If you can't make it to a Caesar's, 
you know, property or if you're having a problem with an e-check. So that, that really isn't an, ex- isn't an excuse. Not, not well. anymore, but what no. I'm saying is that, you know, they had one chance when they launched this thing to get a lot of people interested in. You know, I, I stayed with the Hanson kid and, and, and Tuckman over the summer. Not, and we, well, yeah, now you have to display him. Not the guy from the one show with the... No, no, no. Not, <laughs> not, 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 good not that guy. Um, and we both had problems, like, getting money on. You know, and it should be as easy as we... You know, we're there in Nevada. We've got our credit card. We've got yeah. verified accounts. It should be easy for us but to that, get money. That's a little but harder it was to a solve. Pain in the ass. Well, yeah, it was, and they've gotten better. But it's it's a hard to solve that completely. Some of that's out of their control. Yeah, but you know what? I wouldn't even say they got better because, I mean, even now and I, I play a couple times a year. If I happen to see a good game on, it's still there's no standard. It doesn't really tell you what you can take out, or you know, meaning deposit. You know, via e check. Uh, the last time I deposited, um, I wanted to put – it had been a while. I wanted to put just 500 on there, and it let me put three, and then it denied me two. But then it let me go 50, 50, 50, 50 to put five on, which <laughs> yeah. makes – you know what I'm saying? It, it's just – it's very arbitrary. Yeah, they, they, yeah a, right, right. They have to make more clear to the customer. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, even though I had – Remember like poker stars, like if you had like 5,000 e-checks, you knew even if it was that last 500, it was going through. Right, like you're like fuck. You'd be sitting there, and you're like, well, you know what? I have five hundred more dollars to have a chance to to get this or that back, or then I'm you know calling people to ask for you know peer to peer transfers. Like that was one thing. Like they should have made it clear what you can take out. But yeah, and I I remember you know despite having a verified credit card, verified everything, I ended up having to call some fucking number and talk to someone on the phone and then I had to wait a call. I mean, it was ridiculous. You know, I'm sure it's better now, but I'm personally turned off from it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, by the way, I have an update here, not related to this. But I, have, I have the same update. I, here's the Can update. I do it though? <laughs> Go ahead, Brandon. Okay. I'm assuming it's the same because my, my voice is really about to give out. Is your update from the 805? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, that's so cute how they sent it both those. Uh, the 805, thank you, 805, uh, stated to me in uh, the text line, Moscow, and of course, I refer, refer to the, what was the, the Jacqueline Moscow. Yeah, but what's yeah. her doctorate in again? Uh, the, the, the osteopath, yeah. Yeah, the osteopath, uh, Moscow, was bumped on poker night, ladies' night, at Hard Rock Casino in favor of Nancy Trouble, Trouble meaning her nickname, Nancy Trouble Burnbaum. Also, a, also, a, also a Jew. Age, huh? Also a Jew, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. A Fort Lauderdale real real estate agent and local player. LOL. <laughs> that, 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 wait, I thought they didn't like Jews. Yeah, that's that's who I guess they bumped her for. Thank you, eight oh five. I've never got it. I save all the texts. Do you save your texts? Yeah. I save all of them from the different callers. It's build relationships, but I've never got one from this number. So if you know you're a first time listener or first time comment, thank you for for. You know the update. That, that's that's funny though that uh, she got bumped by she, a real I mean, estate agent. <laughs> yeah, who's also a well, Jew I've too. Been bumped by a rec player that might have made the game more. But interesting. it's also bumped by somebody that might have been. I mean, I you know I know the era, but this is somebody that lived. Obviously, she lives in Fort Lauderdale. This right. was at Hard Rock. That's you know right there. Maybe it's a local favorite or you know somebody. Whatever. Who doesn't matter. They're under no obligation to. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I will tell you that I know these guys and I know they're. They try really hard uh, with every lineup that they put on there to have a nice balance between pros and businessmen or wrecks, you know? Well, you know what? And, and they also try to make it something that's going to be entertaining. And I, I've never seen this girl play, but, you know, maybe she's a snooze fest. I, I, no I think the, the good Hanson, uh, the Hanson kid, 
should call in because he's in the chat. He's making some good points, and you know, we're now we're talking about online poker and all these things. So the good Hanson kid. Uh, yeah, we, we we have to move to Doesn't it. he normally call in around this time? Anyhow? Yeah, we've got to move to that. We have a number of topics though. Where it's at and he says he has to go to work, but still talks to us for an hour. Yeah, we we've, we've got to go to other topics though. So <laughs> he can call in if he wants though. He can call in. I'm not I'm not saying he well, shouldn't call. Only I, just, get a, I, just, I don't well, want to talk about the WSP anymore. Just kind of got to move on. But I, I do want to I, quickly about this Nancy Trouble. This is going to be the, fr- uh, the last show, I think, or no, next week will be. Yeah, this, 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 this Nancy Trouble burn bomb. I just looked her up. See, now I don't understand because she was this uh, Moscow chick. She was going on and on about how they how they were asking is such and such person hot, and we got to get the hot chicks. Well, this Nancy Birnbaum is it looks like she's like middle aged and kind of overweight. She's not like one of the hot chicks. Like she's just kind of like a normal woman who's uh, kind of like a normal middle aged woman. Uh, so, if if that's true, that would negate her claim that they're only trying to put on hot chicks and and, and doing it based upon looks. Because uh, uh, definitely, as far as looks on TV, uh, this, this, trouble, this, this Moscow chick uh, looks a lot better than Nancy Birnbaum. But but uh, that must not be the factor. She got bumped for her. I guess that that's not why. I guess they they want someone who's more interesting. So so maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I know that they're trying. I mean, they're trying to produce a TV show, right? They're trying to make something entertaining, so they're going to do whatever they think is right for that particular product. So if Todd was sitting there and he's ordering plate after plate like he did at the bike, they might not put him on and bump him. They might not. No, they might put me on. That'll be interesting that I'm eating so much. Maybe. That's true. You know, live in the bike, someone actually tricked – I think they actually tricked the Hanson kid into saying – I think it was the Hanson kid announcing it. I can't be sure. I think he was. I think the Hanson kid was announcing it, and I think someone tricked the Hanson kid into announcing that I was once on Man vs. Food. See, so right now Hanson is in the chat saying that he's going to pass on calling in this week. So basically, he bumped us. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Let's so let's bump to a, a, a new topic. The new topic is nice, nice uh, Skype message. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> the, the next topic is about poker stars. They I'm going to go- take a break. Okay, Go- they're going to run a promotion for New Jersey residents who got cheated out of their full tilt points. Because even if you got paid your money for full tilt, you never got the value of your full tilt points. I, I had a number of them on there, and it, they went to zero value as soon as uh, Black Friday happened. And that shouldn't have happened. These these points were things you earned. Yeah, I ordered a, a goddamn one of those hockey jerseys or whatever. Yeah. And a couple other things, they never showed up. Yeah, never showed up. So, yeah, oh. so, so Poker Stars, if, now, of course, they're in New Jersey right now. Not doing gra- that well, but they're in New Jersey. They are going to run a promotion. They haven't said exactly what, but they're running a promotion. If you're in New Jersey and you had full tilt points, which they have access to this because they bought full tilt so they can see what you had. You can't lie to them. They're going to do some kind of promotion where you get to redeem them in some way. They're not going to just hand you free money, but there's there's going to be some promotion related to how many full tilt points you had to where they will be worth something again. There's no word if they will do this for other jurisdictions that they eventually become legalized in. So that's, that's all I have on that right now. But if you're in New Jersey, watch out for that because you might be able to finally get value out of those points that you thought you would never get. Yeah, they keep spamming me. I mean, I don't know if they're trying to get me to move to New Jersey, but I don't give a shit that I can play in New Jersey. 
you know? I, they, they must be doing that because you're close to it. I don't, I don't get that. I get the occasional, like, events that Poker Star is crap, but I never get, like, New Jersey stuff. I mean, I guess. i got to look at their geography. I've got at least six, seven hours to get to New Jersey. Yeah, they must feel at least you're in striking distance for me. They know I'm not going to go. But who's going to move? Uh, <laughs> well, there's people who move to Mexico to play, so. For the, I mean, all right, all right. Fair I enough. Going to New York to New Jersey is not, not a huge step. That's uh, Fair enough. So, okay. Uh, a the Global Poker League, which I've criticized on this site. I, I think it's ridiculous. I don't think anyone cares about it. I don't think poker is a team sport. Uh, there's all these press releases from earlier in the year. It's going to revolutionize poker. It's going to be the next big thing, blah, 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 blah. I never believed it. I, I never believed anyone would get excited about teams in poker. It's just not a team game. No one ever cared about cooperatives in poker. They only care about individuals. People are fans of individuals. Oh, this person just won a bracelet. Oh, look what Ivy's doing. Look what Negrano's doing. Look what Helmut's doing. Oh, he got another bracelet. Wow, like uh, he's a, the record holder now. Like That can be interesting to people, not not team poker. Team poker is not interesting, and, and you can't just invent teams out of nowhere and have people be loyal to them. It's something that was never a team sport. It's not like baseball where people say, oh, I, I live in L.A., I'm a fan of the Dodgers. I'm a, I live in New York, I'm a fan of the Yankees. It, it's different. These These have existed for a long time. People grew up uh, with their dads being fans of these teams, and it's different. Those are team sports. Poker has never been a team sport, and to just make it one out of nowhere, no one's going to say, "Oh, I'm rooting for uh, the LA Sunset now because I'm from LA." No, I don't think I. I don't think there's anybody in LA who wants the LA Sunset to win. Nobody cares. They, if oh. anything, people watch it just to see names in poker playing each other. Yeah, most people in LA don't even know that this shit exists. But I mean, the bottom line with this type of thing is that. You know, the the GPL and everybody else is trying to manufacture the next poker boom. Yeah, they're trying and to And manu- the problem is that you, you don't manufacture these things. I mean, it was a cultural phenomenon. That's what made it happen. Yeah, it just yeah. it just happens on its own. So You're not going to manufacture it. Yeah, you can't. So so what happens was um, apparently they're struggling as far as their viewership. You you can uh, as far as I know the only way, at least the only way that most people are viewing them would be on Twitch. And so people can see the numbers. It says how many people are viewing the Twitch stream. And it has been reported. I have not verified this, but it has been reported that many episodes have between 500 and 700 viewers. Now, to put that in perspective, that's fewer people than listen to this show every week. So some episodes of this uh GPL actually have lower ratings overall, not live ratings. We don't get five to 700 people listening live, but overall lower ratings, I think, than, than this show. I don't know if they have archives you can watch, so maybe overall they, they are higher. But, but I can tell you that the Twitch stream is getting like five to 700. They said in a few of the matches that were more high profile, they got like 2,000 people. Now, in case you think, well, that sounds pretty good, it's not. No. Uh, to show you <laughs> by comparison, Jason Somerville, who's got an ex- incredibly – popular Twitch stream. He's known as Jake Carver. Jason Somerville often has 25,000 viewers. Now that is a popular stream. 25,000. So how is Jason Somerville himself blowing them away by as much as 50 times the viewership of this Global Poker League, which is supposed to be a huge thing? So, And they're, you know, they're paying the players to be on. There's a lot of money behind this thing. It's not, not the money of the person who's starting it. I think he got investors. But uh, I, I think eventually the money's going to run out for this and it's going to be done. There's no way it supports itself based upon this this uh, 
Yeah, the investors were all from Macau. Were they? And, and yeah, Macau and Hong Kong, and uh, you know they had floated this idea about a year ago, but they really just kind of had it out there as uh, an idea. They weren't really doing anything with it. Uh, and then he managed to convince some investors from Macau and Hong Kong to dump a bunch of money into it, and they went, oh, shit, and they kind of put everything into high gear and started it moving. Yeah, so I, I didn't know that. But, yeah, that's so, so it's exactly what I thought. It's, it's investors. Uh, yeah. As long as you got investors, you could have the most asinine idea ever, and it, it could lose money, but as long as you have money, then... Uh, as long as you have money, then uh, it can keep going. It doesn't matter if it's and losing, as long as there's cash did, to fund it. They did land some kind of deal with uh, a Chinese broadcast, apparently, that they're going to try and get stuff broadcast there, too. I mean, I don't know how receptive the uh, the average Chinese person is to poker. My, I, I do know a little bit about the Chinese culture and... Uh, you know, Baccarat really is the is the thing in terms of gambling. I'm not sure that poker really has much cultural resonance there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. It's it's right. So I I think this is just going to go as long until the money runs out, and then it's going to be done. Yeah. It's it's that's what's going to happen. It's it's not catching on. There's not excitement about it. Uh, the, it's it's funny how the press is covering it. I, I see all these different poker news organizations covering it. Even Flush Draw, which I I respect a lot as, as a, a poker news source, FlushDraw.net, which Haley Hintz writes for. It's, it's mainly uh, two authors on there, uh, Dan Katz and Haley Hintz on there, but, but they even write about the Global Poker League like it's newsworthy. So they must be... I, I doubt that they're covering this because they think it's so newsworthy. I, I, they must be getting paid to cover it in some way. Well, I mean, you got to understand that um, you know the poker market has been contracting for a number of years, and everyone—it's in everyone's best interest if something comes along and does really well, right? And I think a lot of this is people are like, "Well, I mean, this idea seems stupid, but no one else is doing anything, so let's <laughs> let's let's give this some press, and maybe this will do something." Because you know, I mean. The everyone stands to gain if the the poker market actually manages to recover. Yeah, but I th- I think there's got to be some money beyond that. Because like I saw Poker News was was covering this huge, and they were uh, and they were covering every little draft choice. It just seems well, that's like- different. I, I mean, I think that they are a sponsor, but I yeah. would I would be hard pressed to believe that uh, you know Flush Draw and their history and their integrity. I'd be hard pressed to believe that they're. Taking money, I mean, maybe. Well, they no, but are, they could be. It's, it's not really unethical to take money to cover a tournament. Uh, it, it's unethical to take money to change your story about something. To uh, no, I'm, I'm not saying it's unethical. Story. It just doesn't seem like their modus operandi, really. You know, I could see like, like, can you cover our tournament series? You know, just write a factual report of what what happened. Uh, here, here's here's a little money and you know, oh, for your time. Yeah. I mean, right. hell yeah, I would. If I were them, I would say yes too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. even I would do it on this site if they wanted me to make a post about the. Uh, Poker Night in America, and I said, "All right, if they paid me enough to do it, I would do it." I, and I would never lie for them. I would never, I would never post. I think it's a great success here, and I, I would never say things I don't believe. But if it's just a report factually, uh, this right. team beat that team, I, I would do it. It's, uh, yeah, and honestly, you know, poker is an area of interest to you. And if if this thing ended up turning into something big, I mean, great, you know. Yeah, but that'd I would be that would be great for your uh, your chosen profession. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Selena Lynn, I hadn't really heard of her before, but Selena Lynn, uh, that's uh, C-E-L-I-N-A, and Lynn is spelled L-I-N, uh, made an interesting claim regarding what she does at the poker table. Let me get to this here. 
Uh, here we are. Selena Lin. She uh, she's actually part of the Global Poker League. She's on the Hong Kong Stars. Yeah, and I guess she she's was also all- a, a Poker Stars team pro. I think. Oh, is she? Yeah, she. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So th- what's interesting? She, she said uh, in some kind of interview. She said, "I wear. I tend to wear lower cut tops. The deeper I go in a tournament." She said, "Research shows that men cannot think as well under situations where blood may be going elsewhere." So this is a reason to jerk off before the tournament, by the way. <laughs> this is exactly what I mean. This is exactly what I mean. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so, when you're right, you're right, man. You're, you are crafty and wise. Yeah, so, so, so then uh, this is also interesting. There was another person on this interview. This is called The Conversation on the, B- on the BBC. Uh, That's a British broadcasting company. Yes. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so, so, another pro named Cat Hubert was on there. And she, she looks a little bit older, but she says, I don't think women are as good as male players. But then she went on to say, I think they are better than male players. <laughs> okay. so, oh, well. uh, a funny trick there. So then uh, Lynn agreed. And uh, so anyway, they, they, she, they, Lynn thinks that she, if she wears a top that is low cut, that that will give her an advantage. Now, I, I want to state that she does not have the chest of this Moscow chick. Right. The Moscow chick, I could totally see getting an advantage from that. This uh, Lynn chick uh, is pretty flat-chested. Yeah. So I mean, it's all it's all relative. Oh, right? so I mean, he has a response now. Nolan Dallow? No, does he? Uh-oh. Wow. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Where's the breaking uh, news? Flipper breaking news. Flair just wrote in the chat my response. Now, now, this is Brandon Drexel Gerson. If you click on the link in the the fraud chat room, it seems like it's very. Oh God, no! This will take us all night. Drexel, <laughs> no, my God! I'm just scrolling. Is it one of these things oh, that takes oh like five? Is, it, is it one of these things that takes five minutes just to scroll? I, yeah. Oh, paste it in again because <laughs> I'd rather listen to four hours of. No, 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 no. So I'm gonna have to let Druff do this, and and I, my voice is already about. Okay, here, I'm scrolling. Hang on, let me go. Let yeah, me see, it's, let me see. I mean, it's it's. Well, okay. The, the, well, I'll give you the good news. Some of this is is copy and pasted emails. But you have to read it. No. Uh, Why couldn't he have done this next Tuesday? <laughs> well, 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 Druff. You should have told him, Brandon. You're friends with him. You should have said, Nolan, please don't respond till the show's over. Please. He didn't look at my text because he was typing all this. Yeah, he's probably furiously typing this. He, he probably had it on Microsoft Word lockdown. I'm gonna go make the herbal tea. Well, Jeff, uh, while, while you read that, I'll, I'll just make kind of a, a general statement about. While you read it. I'm gonna go make a seven course meal. Off. <laughs> <laughs> general statement. You have enough time to drive from San Francisco to Vegas, and we can <laughs> together. Oh, All right, Druff. Uh, I'm not happier about the. I'm not as. Believe me, I'm just as unhappy as you are. I was getting you ready got to go a good to sleep. Voice, so. I was. I was. I was getting ready to go to sleep. I was thinking, okay, we're almost done. I'll rush through the last few topics. I'll, I'll shut it down. I'll get a good night of sleep. I, I actually have a sleep deficit right now. Yeah, but in, in in general, you know, getting back to the Selena Lynn thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's no. It's no fucking great mystery that if girls wear. Low-cut shirts, they're doing it to get attention or distract men or, or do whatever. It's not like it's some great secret. And if I were a chick and I thought it would give me some edge, I would do the same thing at a poker table. I mean, why not? 
you know. There was a, a chick that, that was at my table some years ago at the World Series. I think it was at some weird event. I forgot the way the event was, but uh, um, here, what was her name? Uh, yeah, so, so uh, well, whatever. This was a young girl, probably early to mid-20s, and every single time she would play, she would wear a low-cut shirt and her, her big breasts would be hanging out, like like every time, okay, including at the table I was at. In fact, uh, the, the Antiguan that we've discussed before on this show, when he approached me at that event, he said, oh, I, I see there's a pair of uh, boobs right in front of you. Like He said something like that. Like It was obvious to everybody, okay? Right. So she, she, she kind of had like the Justin Bonhamo arrogance going on, like she was better than everybody at the table. Mm-hmm. And, and the, so the funny thing was, that uh, some guy tried to bluff her, and and she called and won a decent sized pot, and then uh, like he he busted a hand later. So she she had to make a snide comment after he was gone. You know they they always try to bluff me. They they think they can bluff the girl. They just don't have any respect for girls at the table. And, you know then she like she goes on like complaining about that. And, you know, they don't take me seriously as a poker player. Well, I'm looking and her boobs are way out. What what do you expect? You if you're gonna show up at the table. And, and, and try to come off as like a poker sex symbol. And then you say, oh, they're not taking me seriously. Why do you think they're not? Why do you think you're not being taken seriously? Now, if you want to use that to your advantage, fine. I don't, I, I'm not holding it against her for wearing the low-cut top and trying to distract guys. But don't complain right. then that they don't take you seriously. Well, yeah. I mean, she's obviously, I don't, again, I don't blame her for doing it. But it's the kind of thing where you certainly shouldn't complain if people are checking it out. You know, I mean, you're obviously putting it out there. I'm four paragraphs in. Here's a first bombshell. You're you're, you're skipping ahead. Why are you doing that? I just want to say one thing. No, (laughs) pass out. We interviewed her in front of the camera and asked her about her personal poker background. We gave her every opportunity to do well and shine as a player and a personality. Unfortunately, she did not do well in the game and ended up losing money. Okay. All right, here, I might as well get to it. So back back to the Jacqueline Moscow topic. What We're done with the uh, the Selena Lynn. I just wanted to mention that she said she wears a low-cut top. Okay, so. Uh, uh, statement from Nolan Dalla. I'm going to text him and say, can you please come on air and read statement for us <laughs> so I can go to sleep? But that's not going to speed it up. I can read it. I can, like, I can read it, too. I can read it just as fast as he can. Oh, my God. Don't read the whole thing. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Druff. I'm afraid if I wait a week, it's going to not be time. Calawat, what's the over-under and how long this could be handled? I mean, it depends, you know? Brad analyzed. Uh, I give it a two hours. No, I'll, no, it'll be much faster. I'll tell you why. Because I, I kind of feel burnt out on this topic myself. So right. so I, I'm not going to sit here and analyze, analyze, analyze. I, I want to see his response. I want to give my, my Let's do it. reaction to All it. Right. And then, then we'll be done. And Handicap me says, for every hour you're on the show after 8 a.m. Eastern time, I'll donate $25 to next week's free. No, I don't know if I can even make it to 8 a.m. Eastern time. Oh. It's only 448 oh. Eastern right now. Brandon, I, I opened a bottle of wine when I started, when I got on here, and I am down to my last glass. Oh, jeez. I don't, I don't know how much longer well, the, I can the, the amazing thing is, though, this show is so long that uh, that even drinking a, a full bottle of wine, your, your blood alcohol content is probably uh, within the legal limit to drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be, but I'm I'm pretty close. All right. to well, listen, Druff, you got to do what you got to do. There are people that are going to be listening over a three day period. Mm-hmm. How, how do some people get this show done in one day? I, I, I don't know. Well, they, how they do work. people when I wake up tomorrow? They're like, great show. Like, listen to it in the archives. I mean, because they're how? at work. They're at work, and they listen the whole day at work. 
Brandon, I'll be honest with you. When I listen to the show, I usually <laughs> listen to it when I'm going to bed. Uh, and it puts me to sleep. And, you know, not in a bad way. I, I, I listen to something because my mind is very active and I like uh, listening to something as I go to sleep. If I have just silence, it's actually hard for me to sleep. Uh, but when you guys do super long shows, I mean, it can take me a good four or five days to get through the whole thing. Well, yeah, yeah. We have to affect productivity in the workplace. We, we must. Oh, yeah. We must be listening this for eight hours and, 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 you know. No, I'm sure we really are. I'm sure the U.S. economy. That's why is- when we call the call center, just ring and ring and your estimated hold time is, it just. Your right, estimated listen. hold time is 65 minutes. If you'd yeah. like, we can call you back. You will not lose your place in line. You actually will, but we're... Actually, I don't mind those. I'd rather that... Well, I don't think they're honest with me, though. I don't think when they say I'm not losing my place in line, I think I really am. Hmm. I mean, you're definitely affecting my productivity. I'm down to my last glass of uh, my Chateau Neuf de Puff. Well, okay, look... What does a Neuf de Puff cost these days? I have no idea. I just pulled it out of my wine cellar. Okay, well, anybody who who wants to drop out, they can. I understand it's it's late, especially for Calwatt being uh, almost five a.m. So, you know, I'm going to complete this, and I will Calwatt, say, the, where are you? You're in, uh, it's in New York. Uh, New York. Yeah, we do this every week. Uh, uh, Albany area, uh, Rochester area, a little That's bit near little Attica, bit right? We talked about that Attica. Yeah, and I told you I know someone who's in Attica. Yeah. Well, Druff, you got to do what you got to do. There are people that want to hear this, and they're going to depend on it. Yeah, so. because otherwise, like, we have the answer right here in front of us. And so I not Schwartz. We'll just do it first. We have the answer right in front of us, and I don't want to let a whole week pass where people no, wonder for course. the update. Like, we, we have the update, so let's give the update. Okay, so here it is. We cannot let the 2 plus 2 poker cast scoop us again. No, no. We, we get scooped constantly. Here we go. <laughs> well, she's already on the show scheduled for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, at, at least I'm beating them with a statement. At least I'm the first one to broadcast the statement. Okay. A, a statement from Nolan Dalla is how it starts. Jacqueline Moscow made some very serious allegations against me and the staff of Poker Night in America recently. I was deeply saddened and troubled by the charges. That's because I do take harassment of, ra- uh, harassment of racism. He, I think he means and racism. Very seriously. And have fought most of my life against those evils. If the charges were in any way true, I would be the first to take personal responsibility and apologize for those actions. If they were true in any fashion, I would apologize to Miss Moscow. Then he misspelled their na- her name, too. Uh, however, they are, since they are not true, not true in any way whatsoever, I see no reason to apologize. However, given the serious weight of the accusations, I do feel it appropriate to address the charges in public one by one. And then it has an asterisk. Brandon, yes, this is going to be long. Go to sleep. Okay. Uh, but. By, by the way, this will be a very detailed post. <laughs> if you're looking for Cliff's notes, you might want to skip the rest of the narrative or skip Poker Fraud Alert Radio. Sometime about two years ago, Miss Moscow emailed me privately and asked to come on the show. That, that's what I thought. I thought she probably approached them, which was being filmed at various casinos around the country. I'm a big believer in giving new people a shot and welcoming Miss Moscow's interest in appearing as a cash game player. Things left... Things were left pretty much at that until the 2014 World Series of Poker, where Moscow came up to me and introduced herself in person at the Rio. We chatted and agreed to stay in touch, particularly regarding her coming on the show at the upcoming stop. Several months later, the Poker Night in America crew went to Pittsburgh to film at the Rivers. Ms. Moscow had previously mentioned that she was from Pittsburgh. This seemed like the perfect fit for her to appear in Poker Night in America. She was issued an invitation by me to come to Pittsburgh, and we agreed to have her play as much time as would allow. Like with all players who come on the show, we cannot make guarantees because the game is so unpredictable. I have all the emails leading up to the event. 
I would be glad to share them with all media upon request. Email me at nolandala at gmail.com. I guess, I guess we're media, right? Uh, in the interest of brevity, I will not list them all here. We finally arrived in Pittsburgh in November 2014. The cash game went off without incident, or so I thought. During our time on the set, I do remember specifically going out of my way to make sure Miss Moscow felt welcome on the show. I try to do this with all the players. We interview her in front of all the cameras and asked about her personal poker background. We gave her every opportunity to do well and shine as a poker as a player and personality. Unfortunately, she did not do well in the game and ended up losing money. I do not recall the amounts. As the, after the cash game filming one night, the players and crew went to a local tavern, which was walking distance between the casino and hotel where many of the players were staying. This is the location where some of the alleged, he put it in all caps, incidents took place, at least the past with me, where I was supposedly involved. I have pretty good, pretty good recall of most of my embarrassing moments, and like anyone who goes through life, I've had a few. Okay, more than a few, but... The horrific allegations made by Miss Moscow are so ludicrous and out of character for me that, frankly, I'm not sure exactly how to address them. First, I've never heard of the term <laughs> motorboating before. He says motorboating. <laughs> oh, that's right. He says motorboarding before. Yeah, he didn't say motorboating. Motorboarding it's like a, before. It's like a mix between uh, motorboating and waterboarding. Yeah, that should do, they should try that. You should try to waterboard <laughs> someone and motorboat them at the same time. Okay. With all due respect to Miss Moscow, there's nothing I find the least bit attractive about her. Oh my! And to <laughs> and to allege that I made some physical advance to, at her in a very public place is something I completely deny. Sadly, I can't prove that it didn't happen, but I can stand by my 25 years of poker and my experience with hundreds of female poker players, perhaps thousands over the years, which has always been conducted professionally. Wow. I, I wonder if he like he should have gone further and explained why he didn't find her attractive. Oh man! Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I was at this. While inside the tavern, we were surrounded by dozens of people, and nothing that took place was out of the ordinary, according to me or anyone I saw that night. Like any bar, I'm sure some drinking went on and people had fun. Moreover, the same evening, I proposed a toast to a staff member who had died the previous month. His name was Joe Sartori. We all took a moment of silence to raise our glasses and remember, remember Joe, which was beautiful. Anyone who was at the bar that night should remember the entire point of the toast was to remember Joe. Yet somehow I remember Miss Moscow's charges which he insisted the toast was about her or was going to be about her and that she was somehow called out into the public place this is simply not true there was an entire room full of people who remember that we toasted joe frankly i'm disgusted miss moscow would take a solemn moment to remember the toast or the remarks that had anything to do with her she had nothing to do with the toast and i have no idea what she's talking about with making accusations that i'm sexist or an anti-semite after we left pittsburgh i heard i heard nothing about anything that had allegedly happened in the tavern that night, not from Miss Moscow, not from anyone on staff, not from any of the perhaps 20 to 30 people who were there. No one said I was out of line or asked me about making sexist or anti-Semitic remarks, not a text, not an email, not a conversation. No one called me out or noted that I had misbehaved in any matter, manner. Soon after we left Pittsburgh, Todd Anderson and I talked as we always did after TV shootings. We were planning the lineup for an event a few weeks later at the Hard Rock in Hollywood, Florida. Again, I can't recall the exact conversations, but we agreed the lineup was already full for the ladies' night, so I sent Miss Moscow the following email. Hi, Jacqueline. This is dated November 18th, 14. Hi, Jacqueline. It was nice seeing you at Pittsburgh. I'm sorry things didn't go as well as we hoped. It was very unusual for players not to bust out, so we had a few people go broke that it meant less time for the alternate players, including yourself. Still, I'm glad you got some face time on the table. I'm sorry to inform you that... We are now way overbooked for Florida. It's simply not going to be possible to have you on the show. The response has been beyond what we can absorb since we only advise about, invite about a dozen players or so for each event. So given that there are so many personalities in Florida already with reservations to play, we have to make some tough decisions. We 
I hope you'll understand this isn't personal at all, nor any reflection on your talent as a poker pro. It's simply a television decision, which is necessary based upon a nice problem for us to have, which is more and more people wanting to play and be on the show. Thank you again for coming to Pittsburgh. I'm sure we'll be seeing each other down the road. Regards, Nolan. I thought this was a polite but a clear explanation that Miss Moscow wasn't going to be invited to the Florida stop. Yet somehow, when the event took place a few weeks later, Miss Moscow showed up and, to my surprise, was seated at the table. Again, this all took place about 18 months ago. I do not recall exactly how she ended up at the cash game. I might not have been there for the first hour when players were seated. I can't remember every detail about the sh- every show we filmed. So this is interesting. She's, uh, he's saying that she just showed up uninvited and somehow mm. got herself in there. So Miss Moscow was eager to be with their, be there with us again, despite the alleged harassment. She played again, and unfortunately, things did not go well for her. I did some announcing that day on the set, and remember she did play in the game during a portion where I was at tableside. However, I do not recall any incident with the staff or with Chris Hansen, or even Bart Hansen, or anyone oh. else that w- was part of her charges. Certainly, Chris Hansen is about as nice and honest a decent person as I've ever met. Those charges leveled at him are simply not accurate as to who he is and what he stands for. So Miss Moscow was given a second opportunity to appear on the show mistakenly and once again wasn't someone we thought as an A-lister to be invited back again. We thought that was the last of her for a while, but she continued to reach out to us, wanting to come back on the show again. In the next few months, Miss Moscow sent some emails to the staff. and At this point, she, she began to be what I would call high maintenance. We've had more than 150 people appear on the show in the last three years. No one's ever asked to be consulted on the editing of the show. Apparently, Miss Moscow was troubled that she might look bad in the final edit, so she was determined to try to get, her, get us to show her in the best possible light. Frankly, I do not disparage this. We all want to look our best and be respected on national television. That said, we pretty much agreed by this point that Ms. Moscow wasn't in our future plans. Although Ms. Moscow claimed she was harassed and made to feel like a target, here's the complete email she sent to me and staff a few weeks after Pittsburgh and Florida after the harassment. Note that there's no hint of any incident or nor the least hesitation about coming to Poker Night America again in the future. So this is a... Oh, I guess she is a doctor. She put Dr. Jacqueline M. Moscow, she put here. Yeah, she's a doctor of osteo. Okay, I, I wasn't sure if she actually completed it, but I guess we got her She answer. did. Okay. She did. I don't know if I need an osteopath, I know where to go. Okay, so. You this need was a sociopath. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> so, okay, so this is to Christopher, this is Chris Hansen, to Todd uh, Anderson, and to Nolan Dalla. Hey, guys, I'm in the process of answering some written interview questions about myself and playing on Poker Night in America. This is written on uh, December 11, 2014. Uh, Before I voluntarily throw myself and and my play under the bus, I wanted to check with you guys regarding what you intend to air. More specifically, when I spazzed out and played like a a clown in a hand versus (laughs) Jamie Kerstetter in Florida and versus Helmuth in Pittsburgh, are those hands likely to air? I was never asked any questions about those hands during interviews, but if it will soon be on national TV as well as internationally on the Internet, I will address them either in this current interview that I'm working on down the road or in another forum like a blog post. If need be, I can explain what I was or wasn't thinking in those hands and in general uh, those days on set, including some behind-the-scenes stuff, which I wish I had not allowed to tilt me. And she put in parentheses, tilting those days was a huge leak on my part and it was very eye-opening to me as a player. Thanks for any guidance on this, and thanks again for the opportunity to play on your show. Despite the confusion and miscommunication surrounding my involvement, I hope it ends up being positive for you. I understand if you don't know yet about the footage, but I heard female episodes start airing in less than a month, so I figured you may have an idea soon. Uh, It's all very puzzling. This is now back to his commentary. That all Miss Moscow seems to be concerned with, in this and every other email, is her image on TV. Nothing about incidents in a bar at Pittsburgh or being accosted by staff in Florida. So 
nearly a year passed. A year, he writes. In early December 2015, six months ago, that's when I first heard allegations that were being made by Ms. Moscow that not only me, but also against colleagues and some other players. I couldn't believe what I was reading when I saw an email she sent hoping to get compensated. This was so far out of left field I didn't bother worrying about it. At the time, her plea to 888 poker was sent to me where she begs the site to do the following. I am no longer comfortable sitting idle and acting as if these things didn't happen. It has affected me personally and professionally. I deserve to be compensated for what I endured while taping the show, for the groping, the sexual harassment, the anti-Semitic remarks. I would consider monetary compensation and or paid seats on all future ladies and mixed shows like Jessica gets, this time harassment free. This type of resolution would have to happen quickly as I have no interest in dragging this out any longer. Please let me know as soon as possible whether you are interested in discussing a settlement so I can that's proceed. Fucked up. So I, I'm I can, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's fucked up. So let me, I would consider monetary compensation yeah, like, and like, or paid seats. Yeah, so let me know uh, yeah. as soon as possible whether you're interested in discussing a settlement so I, that I can proceed accordingly. Oh, okay, so... Miss Mo- so Miss Moscow, this is according to Nolan Dahl again, wanted to come back on Poker Night in America repeatedly, was denied the opportunity. A full year passed, and then she decided to contact 888 Poker, which paid her a small stipend to wear a patch on one of the shows one time. at one time. To my best of knowledge, of my knowledge, 888 Poker ignored the shakedown. I, I paid this email and the banner no attention whatsoever since the smoking gun here was obviously a way to c- receive compensation. Everything in the allegations was so ridiculous, yet casino lawyers and corporations sometimes do strange things which even I can't explain. Sometime in March 2013, unbeknownst to me, Rush Street Gaming offered Miss Moscow some kind of settlement. Again, I didn't talk to anyone with the company. I have no idea the details of their line of thinking. Obviously, offering her anything was absurd, but then again, I'm not a corporate attorney. I have much more extensive materials. It took me some time to research the search engine the old emails which is why I'm responding somewhat later Miss Moscow apparently had very high hopes of being a star on the show and it didn't pan out that way I'm truly sorry for that disappointment no one likes to see someone have their dreams or ambitions crushed and despite these horrible things that were said about me I do feel that Miss Moscow believes she had a bad experience in the show at least 150 other people pros and amateurs alike have appeared on the show and most have had a blast this includes dozens of female players in fact I made sure certain that Poker Night in America disproportionately went out of its way to give female players a chance to shine in the cash games Ask anyone who has appeared on the show, and I would be shocked if anyone had the same recollections or experiences as Miss Moscow. On a personal level, I am very hurt by this. It's just wrong to have to face such nonsense. Over the years, I have gone out of my way to reach out and help people when I could, to no benefit of my own, and try to be as fair as possible. In my 25 years in this business, I have developed what I think is a well-deserved reputation as a good person and someone who promotes and respects women, both at the table and in social situations. Tragically, all the good deeds over a few decades can be undone by a single accusation or suspicion if, if it's widely believed. In my past, my personal writings at my website make me an inviting target. I realize my tact and taste and content and language does not suit everyone. I can piss off a lot of people with my opinions, yet despite writing some crazy things, I have consistently upheld certain principles about fairness and equality for all. I've said, beho- I've said before I do have many faults, but sexism and anti-Semitism are not among them. The allegations that I read are simply not reflective of reality. By the way, I'm almost done. I read pretty fast. They do not reflect me or my character, and they are not representative of my colleagues. I realize that we live in a scandal-plagued society and that ugly allegations makes for daily entertainment. I did on this show. Uh, Yes, sexism sexism and misogyny and anti-Semitism are real problems in the world. They may even be problems in poker to some extent. However, I hope that I can call upon those who know my character over 25 years in this business to call upon those who were there at the various tapings to consider all sides of what happens. 
I hope that this will give some measure of explanation for the course of events which were described by Miss Moscow, Nolan Dalla. P.S. One, in her allegations, Miss Moscow claims I was thrown out of Bellagio in 2009 for something to have to do with a cocktail waitress. This is utterly preposterous. I initially responded to the allegation on social media because it was so absurd that it does call into serious question the remainder of her outlandish claims. Again, there's no evidence that, nor did any evidence ever take pl- incident ever take place at the Bellagio or any other casino where I have been removed or asked to leave the premises. This is just made-up garbage like the rest of the content in her post. Two, like what other charges were written, the incident with the black hotel desk clerk is at best an exaggeration, at worst a complete fabrication. Just as the Bellagio claim is false, this too comes out of nowhere with no basis. Sadly, Miss Moscow seems to be insinuating I'm anti-black, another false charge disproven by years of writings and deeds of the contrary. Okay, so well done, Druff. Good job. Mostly. So, so one thing's missing, though. Did you notice that one thing was not addressed here? It's one thing that was not addressed. Tell me. Motorboat. Uh, did, I, did he say he well, he uh, mentioned motorboarding and not understanding what it is? But did he ever say I never touched her in any way? Like he says he doesn't know what motorboarding is. But putting that aside, did he ever say that he absolutely never touched her in any way like that? I mean, he said all the allegations are false, which implies that yeah, he, I, guess, he I guess that it's is two false. in the morning and he's tired and he's typing. Yeah, I, 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 I'll I, tell you what, Druff. I mean, I you know not being there, it's hard to say. But I mean, the statement from him seems pretty genuine to me. Well, yeah, okay, so I'll, I'll say this. I, like I said before we even read the statement, I knew this was about her being unhappy with the t- uh, TV time. Now, what I didn't know is that she was unhappy with the editing, that she wanted to, sh- she didn't want to be shown, quote, playing like a clown, and that uh, she was very upset, and that she, I also didn't know that she barged her way into the Florida one when she was told not to, which is, uh, <laughs> she shouldn't have been doing that. Uh, like, I, I don't know how she got on anyway, but when they say, hey, sorry, uh, uh, you're not invited here, We've have other people booked. You don't show up anyway and try to weasel your way on. That's uh, that's already crappy. But uh, so I, I believe this whole thing is her being unhappy that she didn't. But you know what? It would have been nice if uh, he had explained because I the only thing everything there sounds about right. It would have been nice if he would have explained how she potentially could have even got on the show if she wasn't invited. Well, he that said he, he said he didn't, he said he didn't know. He said, said well, it, obviously, but I just that's like thinking I just show up and he, I mean, there, what, there's no safeguards. There's no, I mean, well, I, 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 I can see how this happened. There's so many people who are invited, and you just show up there, and go, yeah, they told me to come here. Yeah, and, but there's, okay. there's got to be some protocol. No, you'd be surprised. It's like you know what it's like. It reminds me of like uh, when when some big news story would happen, and someone would call up a TV station and say, uh, "I'm an expert on this," and they put them on, and the expert would start uh, explaining things about whatever the the big news story is, and it sound totally serious, and then say, and say, "So okay, so so what do you think is, is going to happen next?" Oh, I think Papa Bowie's going to touch Howard Stern's penis, and then they'd be really embarrassed that. Uh, it, the whole thing was a prank. So that, that's how these type of things happen. That people just right. people assume that if someone is acting like they know where they should be, and is acting like everything's legit, that they really are legit. So I could see that sneaking through in all the madness. That that I mean, it is surprising a bit, but it's it's not shocking to me that someone could just show up, no one gets going to take place, and say, "Oh yeah, I'm one of the people." Oh, okay, sure, you go over there. You, I, be I would agree, especially someone who has been on the show in the past. I mean, you know, there's some. Reason to expect that? Well, she's been on in the past, and maybe she do, she should be here. And 
And this may sound terrible, but as a producer, if you're trying to produce a product that is going to get people's attention, I mean, I would put on a girl with big breasts too. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that's that's probably what it was. But but uh, yeah, it it does seem to me that uh, she's a bit crazy here, <laughs> and and then that does call in the rest of it into question that that she's. Uh, uh, she's telling them to to edit it differently. She she wants to have a way to respond to the way she plays her hands. Then she just shows up at the Florida thing without uh, without being told not to. This is someone who's very aggressively trying to be on there to further her own poker career. And now you can see why she has an axe to grind that that she didn't get the the time on there that she thought she would, and also felt that she looked bad and they didn't take stuff down. Now I, I'm still confused, and that, that's what I'd love to see now is. She, Clearly, Nolan is not admitting to her allegations. He's he's denying them all. So right. she claims she has the evidence. Well, now it's time. Now it's time to put it out. Now it's time to. He called your bluff. So let's see it. Yeah. And, can, and we again, off, can we get off the radio before she puts it out, please? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just looking at both sides. I mean, honestly, it, it seems to me that his explanation is fairly reasonable, and hers is fairly outlandish. But. You know, I mean, if further ev- evidence comes up, you know, who knows? Fuck, I just want the post, and they already banned Drexel 7. How is that even possible? Did, did they really ban you? Yes. Wow. I haven't even posted yet. Drexel 7 is banned. What, what is I, I post on here once every four years. What, what, what? Last time I posted on here was when the one guy stole from the guy that we well, liked. So that, maybe they uh, banned you a long time ago. No, but that was Drexel 6. Remember when, the when, one when, guy, when, uh, seriously serious, and the one guy did the the uh, the Canadian, uh, huh? Uh, Zach, Zach, uh, Zach. Uh, oh, the, the snake in the grass. Remember, but there was something on the thread about him getting money stolen. Yeah. Do you even know what I'm? So I posted that was 2000, maybe 13. So, so, but are you on the same account or a new account? No, I'm on. They banned me after that. Then I created Drexel Seven. But when did so you? Anyone that just when, makes did, a when did you create? When did you create Drexel Seven? Like maybe six months after that. Oh, that's probably why they probably went through lists of users and just banned you. At some I'm point, they probably just went through. I'm doing Drexel eight, but the problem is now it says I am banned. How do I log out? Because now every time I just open it up, it just takes me to the banned. Uh, you why, you can just clear cookies. Oh, okay. Let me do that. And then uh, then you can uh, you should make a new account that's not Drexel something. But that's just the whole point. I realize <laughs> that. It's just, I'm just afraid it'll get I don't deleted. Know how many Drexels I can go through? No, but I'm afraid it'll get deleted. Oh, all right. I'll try Druff then. <laughs> so you know, I I th- I think that Nolan's probably in the right here. She she sounds like a Looney Tunes. She sounds like uh, someone who is very out for uh, promoting herself. Uh, that said, man, if she can prove this stuff, you yeah. know, I mean, she's making some claims that lots of well, well she, she she's can take out claims text. that lots of witnesses saw this shit. And, and that she has text messages and they're yeah. acknowledging. But I mean, there's a big discrepancy because I actually Huge. remember that now. When the gentleman, the the co- his coworker died, I remember reading uh, a post about it. There's a big discrepancy in her saying that there was a toast about her versus yeah. 30 cast members saying there was a toast about uh, a former respected colleague that just died and everyone was emotional about. Yeah, it. I mean, that's, I mean? Let, let's put it this way: if he motorboated her in a crowded bar, someone is going to come forth and say, "I saw it." Yeah, right. and, and not only that, but, but the, the text messages, if she has text messages with one of them acknowledging that it was seen, then right. then we'll have some information there. That's a, I want to see these text messages. It's time for her to put out the text messages. That's what it's time to do. Right. He has denied it now. Now it's, now yeah, the ball's back in her court. You can make, like you said earlier, you can make up text messages. What is that? 
because you know, okay, this is this is why forensic person. Well, no, it's at that at that point you question them. At that point, say I want to see the phone bill. I want to I want to or or I want you to call AT and T on three way and, and say on this date do you see these text messages? There's a lot of ways to prove it. There's a lot of ways to prove these things. Without having to, you know, go through a formal right, investigation but I'm just of court that law. In today's day and age, a phone text message doesn't—it doesn't prove it. But then she could be asked. I'm to, just saying. I know, but I'm just saying yeah. that's not good enough. No, it's not good yeah. enough. But it, but, but I, I still want to see. Records it. can be. I mean, there there are ways yeah, to get I, at the. I, I, but I'm just thing. saying that. Uh, no, I, okay. Let me let me say this. If I see the text message, I will not 100 percent believe her. I will say, okay, now I've got to verify they're real. That's what I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I still am getting back to that. You know, again, she made uh, a lot of allegations about stuff that happened in public, and if this actually happened, someone is going to have to come forward and say, "Yeah, I saw it," because there's just no way that you know a guy sticks his face in in her tits and motor <laughs> motorboats her in the middle of a crowded bar and no one sees it. And, I mean, and it is possible that that the comp- the, the company just decided that uh, for that amount of money for. 20,000, 15,000 that they were willing to pay what seems like a bogus claim just to make her go away. It is possible that uh, that this the fact that they offered this doesn't mean guilt, but it's also I want to see what evidence she has. She has to show that now because he has given a a reasonable sounding response to this. And uh so so I want to know now from her what she has to prove this because uh, as someone said in the, in the tweets about this, her story is very sensational. So she needs to back it up now. Yeah. You're right. It's time for her to put up or shut up. I'm running. I'm out of emails. All of them have already been registered on here before. Well, make it here. here you want it, You want to have a good site to make fake emails? Besides, do you need? Do you need to make a new email? I can give you. Well, a, yeah, I have to use an email to create my new two plus two account. Well, look, you can make one on uh, on gmx.com. Go to www.gmx.com. You can make a fake email. What's good is that the like Gmail and Yahoo, they're starting to ask like for cell phones. If you make yeah, it's accounts. too much. It's too yeah, much. yeah. GMX doesn't ask for anything. How do you know about this? All right. And uh, you know, uh, Brandon, if you need it, I've got, I've got. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to tell you, I got several accounts. So if you want one, you can have one. Yeah, and and not only that, you can you can use uh, <laughs> on on two plus two. He's going to ask for your name. Just put a phony name. Oh, there. do you have okay? Uh, Will you text me a two plus two account? Sure. Pass, do you know oh. my? Uh, do you have any of my information? Or just Skype? I don't, but I'll just do it in Skype. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to do nothing <laughs> rude. I just want to post. I don't give a shit. You can do whatever funny. you want. They're okay. throwaway accounts. <laughs> throwaway. We should make like a thousand throwaway two plus two accounts just for these things. Right. Just have them all on standby. Ah, uh, shit. I just admitted that on air. Uh, Mason's going to come down on me. Uh, Green, Green, Greenberg uh, Trower is going to message you. They're going to they're going to send you a uh, threatening letter. Now, what about Tony G? Is he still after you? No, he's not after. Apparently, he just wants to know about it. So I I, I said give me his email. Wow. Like like so I in just, today's day and age, it's that's what it's become. He doesn't even know what's going on to that extent. I guess like I, I'm not an expert on it. I'll tell him where I heard it. He can look into it. It's that simple. Yeah. Okay, so I should tell him I'll give him all the info if he gives me the Neverwin Poker domain, which is doing nothing. I heard it got hacked uh, the other two days ago. If you click on it, it I was told it goes to some marketing. Actually, I don't want to even want to do it on this computer. Is uh, anyone using something that's safe against that stuff? No, never. No, it was Donk Down that was hacked. Or Donk Down that was hacked. Yes, oh, Donk Down was hacked. That's what yes, I meant. Yes, you yes, know it, about this? It, it went to like Bang Something. Yes, yeah. I, someone texted me it. Yeah, it did. And now it's that, just, now, it was hacked. I don't know. I think so, but it's just down now. There's no donk down right now. Donk down is donk down. Yep. 
Wow. Is and, it really? Yeah. It's down completely, but it was going before to some some uh, some marketing site. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I clicked on it, and literally the, uh, I did it on my phone. It took me to some site, and the first thing that popped up was uh, buying some fishing line. Yeah, that's why I got that, too. Okay. Uh, that annoys me on a number of levels. You and I are going to have to talk about that off air sometime, bro. <laughs> okay. The shit I went through. Anyway. Wait, hold on. What do you mean? I don't know about this. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you later. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Tell me later. Did you, what, were you in somehow a part of Team Donk Down version 3.0? Well, I don't think, I don't think Druff wants to get, uh, get into well, it. I'm, I'll not, tell asking what I'll, I'm yes. not asking about him. I'm asking, I, yes. he was long gone anyhow. Druff was yes. gone, I was gone. Yes. How did you know him? Um, well, so, I mean, I listened to uh, you guys on Donk Down for years, right? I mean, I, I never re- was really big in the... The forums or anything like that, and I wasn't really a party to any of the the controversy or any of that kind of stuff. That, I never that knew who not. you were, of course not. Yeah, and um, you know, I just thought it was sad that uh, the site was just kind of festering away, and it was infested by malware and all that kind of shit. And uh, I happen to know what I'm doing in this department, and I I helped them out. I cleaned it up. Well, were you were you a poster back on that site or no? Just as you said, radio. I, I don't think so. I, I really don't even remember it's if not I. Like Howard, not like Howard Letterer there. I don't think so. I'm really not sure. Party. Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm wow. being perfectly honest with you. I don't remember. Like I probably had an account, and I'm not sure. Did you get if compensated? Have... Yes. For your work. Okay. Was it in Bitcoin or currency? BTC. Oh my yeah. god, really? That's crazy! Wow. <laughs> but I, I'd well, be happy to. How long know, are you going to keep this for me? Well, I would be happy to talk to you off air sometime. You so, know, whatever. Beer and poker suggested the name of the new account should be uh, Apology Letter. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good name. Of course, it would get, get banned pretty fast. So okay, let's. Okay. Uh, so so let's move to the next topic here. I give you my number in Skype, Brandon. If okay. you ever want to talk, call me. I'm, gonna, I'm writing it down. Send me a, uh, a throwaway account too. Yep, I'm well. Like I said, I'm a bottle of wine in, but I'm working. So, Druff, did you vet Kalawat? How do we know he's not a mole? Oh my well, god! I mean, I, 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 no, I did. Be, I did vet him. I, I met him at the Rio, and we oh. ate it. We ate at Buzio's. I made sure that everything oh. was cool. Did he pay? He, yeah, he actually did. Oh shit! Did I? God yeah. damn it! <laughs> you know, Druff, I do have some burgers that have been piling up for a number of years now, and we're gonna have to get some of these taken care of this summer. I'm hoping. Okay. Wow, I didn't know that. That's funny. Okay, so so here's the final topic on the uh, the poker gambling Las Vegas topic. The Las Vegas topic. This will affect you, Brandon. And by the way, you did good. You went through that hastily. Yeah, I was impressed. I'm trying. I'm trying to get done here. So uh, you know, when I'm motivated to get the show done, I can get the show done. So the in Las Vegas, the crime has really spiked. The murder rate in Las Vegas. From uh, January through sometime in May, I'm not sure of the exact date, but uh, of 2015, there were 29 murders during that time in Las Vegas. In 2016, 66. Variance. Now, that's a lot of variance. That's more than double. That's more than double. That's a, and it's not like from some mass shooting or something. This is, these are like separate murders. Well, that one girl down the street took out four or five of them alone. That was in 15, though. Oh, you said 16. Yikes. Yeah. 
I live in a gated community. And and that 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 uh, even that murder that occurred in that parking lot of that guy who was sleeping in his car that was in 2015. Also, that was one the of the thing I got to worry about walking outside is getting hit by a golf ball. Well, I, I hope so. So so crime has gone way up. In fact, uh, Las Vegas is the, the police department is actually blaming this on California's laws to release nonviolent felons early, which I, I don't think that's true. If they're nonviolent, then you know, maybe some of them come to Vegas and, and cause trouble, but I, I think that's a stretch. Uh, what is true is that violent crime is going up in all big cities, and Las Vegas also, not just murders, in case you think it's just variants, in Las Vegas in 2016 compared to the same period in 2015 – all violent crimes are up 22%. That is so you're the, saying we're the new Gary, Indiana? No, because it's happening in all the cities. It's, uh, it's some more than others, but uh, just about every major city is seeing an increase in murders, an increase in violent crime. And this was after a, I believe, 23-year period where every single year it decreased. We hit our peak of crime in the United States in 1990, and then things started to change. And every year after 1990, it went down. Now, I'm not saying it sharply went down. So like from 1990 to 91, 91 still had very high crime, but it was a little bit less than 90. 92 still had very high crime. It was a little bit less than 91. Well, every year kept going down until you got to the early 2010s, and crime was much, much less, I think about half of what it was in 1990, everywhere, not just in one city. The U.S., had a significantly lower violent crime rate in the early 2010s compared to the early 90s. It was a, a staggering turnaround, and it was improving every single year. Now, there are so many theories being thrown out. Some said that it was from uh, better policing, crackdowns on gangs, uh, a community p- policing strategy where you put, they just put more officers just present on the streets, and people were afraid to commit crimes in, in uh, high-crime areas. Uh, there was a... Linked to abortion, that some people had the theory that uh, in 1972, because of the Roe versus Wade decision that made abortion legal, that uh, this allowed kids after 72 to be aborted, that the mom didn't really want the kid, and that those kids would have grown up to be criminals, whereas instead they never came to be. So by the time, so in 1990, those kids, you know, the first batch of those kids would have been 18, but as the years passed on. And if, you know, the, and the crime is committed most by young people, you know, usually from like uh, 18 to 28. Uh, so, so as the years passed, with more and more aborted babies that had that would have been born to mothers that uh, would have been likely to raise kids that would have gone into crime, that there were fewer people to commit crimes. I, I, I can see a possibility that might be true. There is also a rumor, is a weird one, about lead-based paint that the decrease of that usage has brought down crime because it was found that lead-based paint actually brings out aggressiveness in people. So I don't know how many of these things are true or partially true or not true, but there are a lot of theories as to why crime went down. But I believe the one that was the most true was the the policing. They, they changed the way that uh, the, the policing was done, especially in higher crime areas. And, and there was really a, a lot of crackdowns on the gangs, a lot of uh, – a lot more police presence, a lot, a lot of uh, bad areas were cleaned up, including like Times Square in New York. Uh, Druff, I hate to do this to you. Can we get the breaking news sound? And more breaking news. All I'm right. sorry. I'm sorry. I hate to do this. So 
So Dr. Jacqueline Moscow. <laughs> oh, as these people, do, they don't ever sleep. <laughs> this is the, we're never going to be over. This show's never going to be over. I swear to God, 4.51 a.m. she posted. I will be responding to all of this on Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time oh, on Joe oh, Ingram's podcast. Oh, come on. I was, yeah, I was, we're getting scooped. You know, I, I was I was happy at first. I was happy at first that we had to wait till Friday to get a, a, a reprieve here. But the, it's going to be a Joe Ingram's podcast. Someone tweet yeah. her. Someone tweet her right now and say she can come on the show right now. Right no, I don't want her on here. I, I'll put her on. <laughs> I'll put her on. No. Uh. Brandon, I sent you what you needed in, uh, okay. in Skype, by the way. The Why problem do we is Joe. Jo- well, okay, whatever. Okay, well, Joe. Joe Ingram. The problem is he doesn't ask the tough questions. He's who's he's, Joe Ingram? He's he's Chicago Joey. He's he's got like the softball podcast. He gets a lot of good guests, oh, but, he, but he kind of he, he he never will ask anything. Controversial. Why is he so popular? Why don't we get on nominated? For Be- any because we don't throw softballs. He's a nice guy too, and he knows a lot of people. That's I mean, the problem. I, I he's know, a nice guy. I know that's why. <laughs> he's a good guy, though. That's he's why. Good... That, that's why they come on there. They're they don't want to come on here. They know like. I'm going to send her a message on two plus two. But but uh, what number should I tell her to call? I mean, as lo- okay, as long as you all promise that it's a hardball interview. Yeah, of course it will be. I mean, very hard. Yes, uh, you can be part right, of it. Go ahead, because I'm not. You know, no, it's I'm not going to be any ass kissing. No, I'm, uh, that, believe uh, me, I'm not going to do any ass kissing, and I'm not going to vilify Nolan or anything. Like I know your friends with Nolan. I'm not going to. I'm going to be fair about it. You know, like I'm going to ask the tough questions. If she, I don't think she'll come on anyway. She's also a barger. No. Okay, but go ahead. No, okay. I mean, she can come on. It's just, uh, but I'll, I'll ask the tough questions. You can ask the tough questions. Uh, so, what number should I ever call? Uh, have her call the the Mount Charleston seven five fraud fifty five or, or, right? or no have her give her the Mount Charleston line seven zero two four three zero eighteen zero eight give her the Mount four three zero eighteen zero eight yeah seven zero two four three zero eighteen zero eight until until I show your caller ID or you won't get through um show your call your show your caller ID so I can call you and talk about your breast late at night oh my god you know if she the the one thing we have going for us is that she may not have listened to anything so far. <laughs> That's the only way. That's the only way that we, we don't have a big market for Jewish. What kind of doctor is she again? Yeah, Jewish osteopaths. No, there's no market for that. Yeah, our Jewish okay. osteopaths are very, very low. All right, I have a. I don't now. think we have any females who listen to this who are under thirty and have big breasts either. I think we have zero right, listeners. I'm sending like her. I'm sending her a message. We'll see what happens. She's okay, not going to so, know me from anybody, so who knows? Yeah, Chicago Joe. She may want to wait till Friday though to like. She probably wants to. Should I tell Simone to have the plane come later for me? Is this going to be an all night thing? <laughs> no, I don't think she's going to come on. I think she wants to prepare a statement or something and doesn't want to come on and be blindsided. Uh, speaking- well, who knows if she's if she's got enough of a burr up her ass and wants to say something now. Speaking of being blindsided, this this Tyler guy- will pay her in free money chips. <laughs> Speaking of being blindsided, this uh, this guy, uh, how quaint that that uh, poker that, that professional rakeback site owner that I talked about earlier. Uh, he messaged me saying, uh, when I told him I'm going to be 100% fair, he says, "Sure you are, Todd." With a sarcastically, uh, you provide me no notice to go on your show after you've got some post that already has decided my fate up on your website. Uh, Who said this? This is that that uh, professional rakeback guy. Oh, the I, guy who's I, obviously full of shit. Yeah, I, wa- I wonder what you think would be unfair. Uh, like, like, it's easy. Come on and explain why you're promoting a site that's not paying anyone. Uh, explain why you're buying it up at, at forty cents and a dollar. That's uh, you don't need preparation. Explain why you have done it. 
Explain the situation. It doesn't need preparation. I don't get that. All right, call. You're on the air. Hey, hey guys, handicap me. Yes. Um, so hey, I just buddy. woke up. Hey, dude. It's always um, your tell, them, tell them what you tell the, all the listeners still awake and the archives what you woke up to yesterday morning on your phone. <laughs> so okay. Uh, oh. Um, so before I get into that, one, Brandon, I sent you an email. Two, Todd, you do have a listener under uh, under 35, under 30, who actually has uh, C-Cups, who is a fan of the show. Mm. Um, and then to Brandon's point, um, so I was out in the city uh, Saturday night. I met up with someone semi-famous, and, um, and Gangster's Paradise started playing. And I, uh, I, I instantly try to go to dunk down, but, um, yeah, it was them. Shocking. Um, but this person wouldn't believe that, you know, there was naked pictures of Coolio. (laughs) So I text Brandon and I'm just like, Brandon, send me this right now. And he's just like, no, I thought my old phone, I can't do it. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. So yesterday morning, I wake up at like, 5.45, 5.45, and I look at my phone, and it's fucking naked Coolio. <laughs> so I just started losing my shit laughing, and I got into work, and I start to send the picture out to everyone. <laughs> now, where I work, um, there's over, I want to say around three to 400 people. It's a very large uh, trade floor. And by the end of the day, I shit you guys not, around 80 to 90% of the trading floor has that picture up on their computer screen at one point or another. <laughs> the naked, naked Coolio is making his rounds in New York there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I just wanted to call in to say, Todd, you do actually have a, a fan under 35 of the female gender with, I guess you could say, Caesar. Decent. So is, is, yeah. it, is this like your girlfriend or something? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. She actually got into the show. Um, funny enough, uh, so she likes you and Brandon for completely different reasons, and she thinks Chodorowski is like the funniest guy in the world. <laughs> she actually thinks Chodorowski is a midget <laughs> by the sound of um, his voice. He is a little short for his age. What what does she like yeah. about Druff versus me? Yeah, what I want to hear this. So what does she, she like about us here? Um, so, all right, so with Todd, it's more that, you know, he, like, he sounds smart and, and like, she'll just say what's on his mind. She thinks he could be slightly long-winded, but that's fine. And, like, <laughs> if it goes on too long, she'll just fall asleep. Like, we're driving AC or if we're driving out east, like, Hamptons or, or like wherever we're going. She'll just like pass out at that point. So I think that's why C Money does it. With Brandon, she thinks, uh, he's the funny one. So like, like every time he says something, it's usually just her laughing. So I don't think I'm ever going to have Brandon meet her only because I don't want an airport incident. So, but, uh, yeah, she's a big wow. fan of the show. I'm not sure if she listens on her own. It's usually just like if she's with me and there's like a new show and like we're driving somewhere and I haven't I haven't finished it, like rather than put on the radio, she'll be like, Oh well, 
Why don't you put on the podcast? Well, that's like, good. Okay. I mean, at least she's like a lot of people would say, "Yo, you go listen to that on headphones." I don't want to hear it. So I'm glad that she wants to hear the show. At least she enjoys it enough to want to listen to it rather than uh, making you put on headphones. So that's a good sign. Yeah. Oh, and she only enjoys the uh, the non poker stuff because you know she's not really a yeah. That's understandable. That's understandable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but she does love like the political stuff because um, she works for. One of, like, I won't say which media company on air. Uh, I can tell you guys offline, but, um, like, that's obviously, like, the biggest piece of her job right now. So every time you guys talk about it, you know. Now, you mentioned under 35. That sounds like she might be older than you because you're, like, late 20s. Uh, you, you said it's under 35. So are you dating an older woman? No. She's uh, three years younger than me. Oh, so she's, under yeah. thir- so she's under 30 then. She's, like, what, 25 or something? Yeah, wait. No, no, no. That's what I first said. I was like, she's under 30. Like, I just said 35 the second time. Because, you know, like, okay, okay. I repeat it twice. But, yeah, she's uh, she's under 30, uh, over 24. Okay. 22. Yeah, whatever. But, um, yeah, so just saying you guys are a fan. Um, I love the long show, so now I get to listen to it. It's a work. Brandon, email. And, uh, Will do, buddy. Hey, good- so Kilowatt. 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 Yeah, so when I first uh, first started listening this morning, you talked a little bit about Dunkdown, and then you're, you know, you're like, oh, I don't want to get into it. Why don't, come on, it's over, it's done, give us a bit of the gossip, just do it, five minutes, explain what happened, explain what you did, explain why you're pissed off now, stop being shady about it, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I'm not being shady about it at all. Really, what it is is that I do a lot of work for clients, and, you know, people hire me to do work, and they don't hire me to go on air and talk about it. Um, but basically, you know, in a nutshell, uh, the the website was in a state that I thought was kind of sad. Um, it was infiltrated by uh, a number of WordPress vulnerabilities where uh, spammers had basically been able to uh, you know, insert all sorts of uh, links to, you know, Viagra and other kind of products like that. And I said, look, <clears throat> I, I feel, you know, I've listened to you for years. I would like to help you clean this thing up. And he said, yeah, let's do it. Um, so I just went in there. I cleaned it up. Um, I kind of modernized it, gave it a modern theme, got everything working again. And uh, that's really all there is to it. Oh, so you created Dunkdown 3.0? I did not. No, I did not create it. What you, I did is I went it. in there and I cleaned it up. Ah, uh, okay. I, I institu- instituted some security measures and, you know, did some basic things just to give it a decent theme so it didn't look terrible and, and got it back on its feet is essentially what I did. Yeah. Okay. And, right. and, and, you know, yeah. honestly, like, the, the only reason I really want to talk about it, again, is, you know, people hire me to do stuff. They don't hire me to go on air and... and Talk about the the work that I did for him. That's all. Yeah, that's, that's yeah but she's a scumbag. So like, <laughs> oh. like, I, wait, like I'm not allowed to talk about what I do at work, more or less. You know, yeah, I'll talk about Caesars because that's all public information and what's going on in the market. But like, you know, obviously I, I won't it. go out and talk about. It. But you know, I will be like, if you wanted to ask me about Bernie Madoff, granted it wasn't in my time, but like I've heard the war stories of like what went on. On 
my bank's particular trading for. Uh, like, un- I would un- tell understood. you that because it's I mean, not un- illegal. Understood. My, my point of view on this whole thing was that there was a ton of history there that I felt that I was a part of just from the point of view of having listened to it over the years. And I thought it was a shame that it was kind of falling apart, you know, and that's really what it boiled down to. Yeah. Well, okay. No, he, he can say what he wants. You know, it's, it's up to him. All right. So yeah, no. Th- all right. Well, th- all right, guys. Thank you, Handicap. I'll talk to you later. All right. Th- thank you. Bye. Godspeed. Uh, Handicap. By the way, he just gave a, a large donation of $150 uh, the other day for, for the free roll, which we haven't used yet, but it'll be used uh, very soon. So thank you to him. Very nice of him to give uh, such a large donation as he has in the past given a lot of donations. We have some people who, who've really sent a lot. See Money, Handicap Me, uh, SMI Florida, another one. And uh, Tell me one more time. What's that? Do- I'm writing on my post here. What is that crazy doctor medicine thing called again? No, osteopathy. Spell it for me. O-S-T-E-O. O-S-T-E-O. P-A-T-H-Y. It sounds like the- so How would I write like your osteopathy? Osteopathic is that a word? Yeah, osteopathic medicine or yes. osteopathic degree. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it sounds like <laughs> I don't know a ton about it, but it sounds like it's kind of like the chiropractor of the. It, it uh, pretty much is, and that's why, like, I avoid anytime there's a a do. I go up. Nope, I'm not going to that one. Like, I so just. So, Brandon, you're all set with that account then. Oh, I'm typing away, brother. He's typing Thank away. You. Okay. So, so anyway, getting back to the crime thing, though, before we got interrupted, uh, this is going up in all the cities, and uh, there's now theories about that. Why, why is it? Now, some people say, oh, maybe the economy isn't good, the rich are getting richer, the middle class is disappearing. It's BS. We had so many different eras in the last 25 years where the economy wasn't good. Uh, the early 90s, we had uh, we had the 2008, where the there was a big crash of the banks and the, and the housing market. There's been a number of recessions. We've had a lot of times where the economy wasn't good in that time period, and yet every single year, the crime went down. Every single year. So it was not related to the economy. In fact, it's, it's improved now compared to some of the times when the crime was going down, the overall picture of the economy. So it's not the economy. There's something else that has changed. And the, the thing I see that has changed the thing that has really become different now than it was three years ago. I think the crime increase started in 2014, and this is across the country. That's a, you can always have some city that's an outlier, some city that has a problem. When every city in the country is having a problem, then it, the, just like it went down everywhere for all those years, now it's going up everywhere for the last three years. And the, the, the constant here is that the police have been under fire. The police have been... Bashed and bashed and bashed for being abusive, being racist, being this, being that. And the police are losing their authority. They're getting afraid to do their job. And I think they're afraid to have the dominant presence that they had in some of these high crime places that they did before. And they're afraid to be as aggressive. When I say aggressive, I don't mean break the law. I don't mean uh, abuse people because of their race. And, and, and the bad apples in the police force who do this should lose their jobs. And they, and they should be prosecuted also if, they, if they're doing things like that. These, these people should go to jail. Uh, okay, I'm, listen. I'm really tired. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. I'm just going to read this. Okay. Uh, this guy, this idiot wrote this. And I'm just responding to this. Uh, you guys are all good at the posting. Uh, this idiot wrote, <laughs> quoting Nolan Dalla, I, I don't know – 
Doctor Moscow, but I fr- but a friend I trust more than anyone in the world vouches for her. I've been a witness in sexual harassment case twice in my career with different results. Blah 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 blah. In my opinion, corporate lawyers do not go around suggesting they throw money at issues with no factual basis whatsoever. And it's hard to believe they wouldn't investigate or at least contact people involved or witnesses to the events. Furthermore, I've listened to and read stories from victims of various types of abuse. All of my life, as well as the explanation from the accused. In my opinion, Dr. Moscow exhibits all the signs of someone who was simply shocked that such things would have happened to her and found little or no recourse, but ultimately ended up deciding that the truth was more than worth more than $15,000. Or 20 Yeah, And actually, 20. I mean, that same idiot posted something a little bit lower, which actually is kind oh, of yeah. an interesting question. Um, he says, why would she not take the money, which you admit she was offered, if she was making this up? Obviously, the truth was more important. Literally, no one says, no, I don't want $15,000. I'd rather make shit up about you. Well, it could be, it could um, be that there wasn't a point. Well, like, it could be yeah, about the, I'm, I'm I, interested in your take on it. Well, that. okay, but it could be that this isn't about the money. It could be that she's angry that she didn't get the publicity she did, and she wasn't looking right. for money. She was looking for the publicity. So and, burn the house down. Yes. I got it. Uh, it could, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, so anyway, that so, I wrote, I quoted that guy, and I said, uh, her, "Did you read anything Nolan posted? Harassed, shocked, emotionally distressed lady travels to Florida after what she alleged happened in Pittsburgh. She happens to lose both times on the show, and then she tries to shake down Nolan slash producers for money. And you see her as the LOL victim here. <laughs> Nolan has more than proven his character in the poker industry, and more importantly, as a person over his two decades of service. Your osteo." line of thinking <laughs> statements make me conclude you should holler at Miss Moscow. I'm going to guess she needs some money. Drexel. That's too bad that's going to get deleted. But it's, it'll, it's, should I take out the Drexel part? Yeah, take out the Drexel part. Okay, it'll it'll last longer. I just want someone to I know, but it'll last longer. Okay. One of those, you know those mods, they like stay up all day and all night to look for yeah. shit like this and they delete it. Okay, well, who should I sign it as? Uh, What's something that only us would understand? Just, just, I mean... You just read, you just read it out on air. I mean, they're gonna people okay. are gonna know. Okay. okay. Well, Adam Schwartz will know, but he's not gonna report us. No, he's well. Like I mean, that's Schwartz. that's the other thing is that account is probably toast. But go ahead. I don't yeah, need. I, I, I deleted it. I'm gonna log okay. out. But I like no, that. No, no, I never no, no, thought no, no. I ever. Post no, it. I deleted the Drexel name, not, okay, okay. not the post. Okay. Yeah. I like that your osteopathic. Yeah, that was, that was the best part. Good. That was the best thank part. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, okay. So, right. so, so anyway, I, I think that uh, we're going to see more of this. We're going to see every year the crime is going to go back up, and we have a long way back up to go. Like we we got there in 1990 after every year it was going up from from like uh, the 60s all the way through the early 90s. Uh, it was going up, 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 and people are going crap. This, in fact, there was a backlash. Finally, there was a backlash against. Uh, a lot of the politicians who were soft on crime because it just got so out of control. We have a long way back up to where it was in 1990, and we may get there if things don't change. And you'll see. I, I will be able to quote this podcast maybe in, in 10 years, 20 years, and say, look, I was right. Back in 2016, I said that we're on a bad path as far as uh, crime in the U.S., which is already higher than crime in all other first world countries, the violent crime. It's, it's a problem here. And, and and prior to a few years ago, we were able to say, yes, but we're getting it under control. Every year it's going down. Well, guess what? It's going up. And I only see one reason that I believe is why it's happening. So I, I hope this changes. I hope the uh, the police – I hope there's some reform, that the, the there's more power given to discipline and charge bad police officers. But at the same time, the police as a whole – are shown more respect by the general public, by the media, by politicians, and they're allowed to do their job, and they're allowed to uh, uh, stop 
undesirables and criminals from, from terrorizing our cities. Otherwise, you see what happens here. The murder from 29 to 66 in the same time in Las Vegas. That's not a coincidence. You know, one last thing. If these charges against Nolan are proven uh, made up, falsified in North Korea, you know what they would have done to this Moscow? <laughs> Executed her. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know if you guys know Dolly Man, but he just. Yeah, I read it. it. I just read it, and that makes. He made a really sense. good post in that thread. I think yeah. that's a really good post. Yeah, well, this is, this is going to be ongoing. I'm sure we'll have. Dolly Man's a good guy. I don't know if you guys know him, but he's. A good I, guy. I've, I've heard of him, but I don't really know him. Yeah. So he's been around forever. He's a really good guy. We'll see next week uh, where this goes. I'm I'm, I'm going to be uh, eating my popcorn while I. Uh, you know, you know who eats a lot of popcorn. You know who loves popcorn is my dog. My dog well, loves popcorn. He said he eats anything. But he, popcorn, that doesn't he, mean. Yes, but popcorn he's especially excited about. Well, how's your heart condition, by the way? It, it's fine. I'm all right. You know, it's a uh, – I think I got – It comes and goes? No, no, it's, no, it's, no, 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 it's gone. There's no, there's no oh, pain. Okay. I think uh, I, t- I took a hike recently. When my, my dad came and visited, and uh, I took a hike with, with Benjamin and him and uh, Benjamin's mom. And uh, so there no no heart problems. We didn't take the dog this time. So, so you wouldn't have to carry it. Yeah, so I wouldn't have to carry it and develop more heart problems. <laughs> Another heart problem. Yeah. Jesus. So, uh, so now, this I, show's kind of like one more hand, one more round. I say I'm going to be off. I'm tired. My voice is even hurting more. It's like, oh, you know, you ever say that? One more hand, one more shoot. One more spin. Brandon. Listen, listen, Brandon. Stop your whining. I'm on the East Coast, yeah. and I'm all the way, I'm through a whole That's, bottle of wine, okay? You know, and Stop that, my whining. I've been doing this almost a decade. Brandon, You've been on four shows in a row. Brandon, you're, you you're also. a couple of two plus two accounts to throw around. You made me a mole. Brandon, For all I know, you're reporting right to Antigua. Brandon, you're, uh, you're depressing me. You're this morning. you buy a druff a piece of fish at the, at the Buzios, and you think that. <laughs> Brandon, you, you depressed me here. You depressed me because what did I do? I'll tell you what you did. This morning, I, I, I've been doing well on Bovada recently. I've done well, but last night I was struggling. Last night I just wasn't able to get it going, and then I, I, I'd get down a lot. Then I'd start to win again and get very close to even, and then I'd get down a lot again. So anyway, close to before I had to take Benjamin to school, I hadn't gone to sleep yet. Uh, I went on a nice run. I won a flush over flush. I won a number of good hands. I, the, the, there were a number of fish in the game. I was dominating them all. I was almost back. I was down like almost 5,000. I almost got all the way back. And then I did get all the way back, and I was a few hundred up. And, I, and it was about, I don't know, half an hour until I had to get Benjamin ready for school. So I thought, you know, this is, this is a good comeback. I got out of the 5K hole. I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I've only got half an hour to play no matter what at maximum, so why don't I just quit? And I said, no, the game's still good. I'm going to play a little bit more. I just started getting clobbered. Just lost like every hand after that, and uh, um, I, I finished like two thousand down. I was really irritated. I re- I was really irritated. I didn't stop because I, I almost stopped, but then I did the one more hand, one more round. Should thing. have just made him not go to school. Give him. A I, I, I considered that. I considered calling him in sick. And, but the, you know the problem was though, I needed him to go to school so I could go to sleep after that. <laughs> uh, would the mother have been upset if you would have said, "Sweetie, I had to." Our son stay home because I was stuck and the game was good. Oh yeah, she really, understand that, or she'd be mad. No, she'd be very mad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now is Benjamin old enough that if you said it's a secret between us, mommy doesn't know you didn't go to school, or he couldn't really, he'd give it away. He'd probably give it away. Oh, then yeah, you did the right thing. <laughs> well, you know they have Bovada Mobile. You couldn't play while taking him to school. You know, I've, I've got to, I've got to pay attention to the road when I'm driving. I'm not going to risk my son's life for a good game of Bovada. Yeah. So okay, anyway, you could have called him an Uber. <laughs> Is there an age limit for Ubers? I don't know. <laughs> now you know what? No, but I had to get I had to get him I had to get him ready too. It wasn't just. Uh, if you put a child on an Uber, they'd probably come with the, the state services. Yeah. 
But I said, but it was a good game. There was a big fish but, there. But that's how I feel about the show, though. One more hour, one more minute. It, 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 yeah, I, but at I least you don't lose. At one thirty, and the girl says, she says, you know, you should really get off your your voice. And I'm like, I'll be off in ten more minutes. She's like, right, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's here's an update for my my Bitcoin scammer story because everybody we talked about it a long time last week, and uh, I said I'll give an update. So here's the update. Uh, the short answer is yes, it was a scammer. Uh, so, so here's sure. what, yeah, hundred percent. So here's what was really Even going with on. All the good feedback, huh? Yep. Here's what was really. I figured out the whole thing. I got the whole picture. I got the whole damn thing because I I decided to do some research because I, I wanted an answer for this show. Okay. So I got what kicked me off to start doing research was I got an email from from Wells Fargo, the bank I was using for this, that uh, the check was now on hold. Remember, it cleared. Supposedly, but now it was on hold, which is kind of odd. It shows the check cleared; it's available. And then a few days later, I think it was on Friday, it came up on hold until June first. So, I thought this is odd. So I I, uh, call, I called up the branch where this guy put it in in the morning, and I, I spoke to the branch manager, and the branch manager told me that. Uh, the reason it was on hold is that the central clearinghouse for Wells Fargo, the process of the checks, discovered, quote, something very suspicious about the check. He said he didn't have details, but that the check was seen as, quote, very suspicious and, uh, and that they had to put it on hold while they were investigating it because it was thought to have a, quote, high chance of fraud. So right there, that already starts to make him look like a scammer. But you may say, wait a minute, maybe it just looked like a fraud, but it really wasn't. Well, then shortly thereafter, I got another email that – the check had bounced, that there was no funds in that account, that they cleared it only like on uh, – I guess they cleared it on me just because they knew I had the money to cover it, but indeed it bounced. It had no funds. So that means the money was not there in the first place. So then I also looked uh, about this bank because I, I had the guy's name, first of all, on the check. I didn't know for sure if it was his, but I had the name of the person, and I saw that what bank it was. And uh, – let me get to the story here. Uh, let's see, it's over here. Uh, let me get over here. I'll give you the exact details. Yeah, it was called Higher One, the bank, which is a really. Have you heard of the Higher One Bank? No. No, I bet you haven't. That's because uh, Higher One is an account, it's a bank that is mainly aimed at students and others who. Uh, who cannot get accounts at at other banks for for checking? This, this is a fail bank you go to if, if like if, a Ken Scaler bank. Yeah, it's like if Check Systems, which is that uh, that system they run it through if you if you owe other banks money, and they won't give you an account. If you fail in Check Systems, then you go to a bank like Higher One, which will give you an account with a lot of restrictions on it. So that's where he had his account, which of course already makes it look like he has a bad history. Uh, then I also. Uh, I also went and looked his name up because I want to see, is the guy on the check, is this really him or maybe is this a stolen check? Well, I, I Googled his name along with his city, which was a small town. You know, he was in Reno uh, currently, but he, his, his uh, original residence was, was in a very small town in California. So even though he had a common name, the, uh, the, t- the town was small. So I found something. He had various posts around the web dating back to 2014, but one as recently as May 16th of this year, advertising his 
Bitcoin trading business. <laughs> yeah, his Bitcoin trading business. And his Bitcoin trading business, he admitted in his ad, is a one-man business that he buys and sells Bitcoin on localbitcoins.com. And he was seeking investors in 2014 and 2015 and as recently as, as uh, May 16th this year, investors in his business of selling Bitcoin. And he bragged that he's already invested $400 of his own capital in it. Now, let me ask you something. I'm hearing from the 346 area code. Is it true that Todd Wattellis has his young son in working in out of his home in a Bitcoin sweatshop making $25 a commission? I, I'm waiting for him to get a bit older. But but okay. but say so. The, here's what really happened, and I also looked him up on. on but how do you have such good feedback? Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. So that's the most important. So, so thing I, I looked. I, I also out. I also looked up on the site what he's currently doing, and he has Bitcoin for sale up to a hundred dollars. That's all he has. There's a hundred dollars to sell of, of Bitcoin. Now, how old is he? I, I got this. Uh, he, he's he's like late twenties. So he has he has bitcoins to say, to sell. Up to $100 worth, that's all he has, for at very high markups in exchange for Starbucks gift cards or Amazon gift cards. And the point is, like, if you've got those gift cards and want to get rid of them, uh, if you're willing to take a big hit in value, you sell it to this guy. But but only $100 worth. You So if you have, like, $500 in gift cards to sell him, he can't buy it. because so he spends his day drinking lattes and shopping on Amazon? No, no, he resells these. Oh. So he okay. sells them at a, at a big markdown. You know, he'll buy them at a big so market. So this is the official findings of your investigation. Well, yes, yes. See, so this is what the guy. So let me tell you what this. The, I figured out the whole thing. Here's what happened. Okay, the the guy is broke. He's perpetually broke. Uh, he used to live with his parents in Red Bluff, California. He moved to Reno, and what he's doing is uh, he doesn't want a real job. What he wants to do is use this local Bitcoin site to sell bitcoins at a profit. But of course, to sell bitcoins at a profit, what do you need? You need to buy bitcoins. You can't sell bitcoins that don't exist. So you have to you have to get Bitcoin first and then sell them. In fact, local Bitcoin won't even let you sell them until you can prove you have them by sending it to them. So here is his problem. I have to. This is the only part I'm guessing at. But for whatever reason, he had an immediate need to come up with approximately five hundred dollars in Bitcoin. Probably somebody contacted him and said, "Look, I've got five hundred dollars of Amazon to, uh, or a thousand dollars worth of Amazon to sell at like half price that you're asking for, and I'm willing to do it." But I need, I need you to give me the Bitcoin. So he probably had a big sale that people were willing to make to him, but he needed the Bitcoin for it. And he was flat broke and had no money. So what was, so he needed Bitcoin to complete the sale. So what was the only way he could, he could get the Bitcoin in time? Scam someone. So what he did is he wrote me a bad check from an account that had no money. And figured that, uh, you know, obviously ignored my cash. He said he'll put a cash in, but, uh, but didn't. He, he, he knew very well he was doing that put in a check he knew would bounce, and either just outright scam me and figure out you know, he can get away with it because I'm a new user and they won't believe me because I had zero trades on there at that point. Or maybe he was free-rolling me to where if he got that transaction complete, he'd run down to the bank and put the money in there. I mean, you know what would happen if he did this in North Korea? Yeah, exactly. So, so that's what he See, was doing. See, money thinks that you shouldn't even stop here. You should keep going and going and ruin... His middle years, his elderly <laughs> years, and just ruin his whole life. That's what so, he thinks. So uh, anyway, we, I have this guy's phone number, 
Is this still that poor fucker that was trying to sell you five hundred dollars? Yes, yes. But he was trying to sell me the he was trying to sell me the Bitcoin. I think to sell to somebody else. I think. See, he's this is what he does. This is what he does for a living. But but for a very meager living, he he sells Bitcoin on there in exchange for Amazon and Starbucks gift cards at, at big markdown, and then why resells those two them. car only cards? Like what? Why like? Because Amazon you get much better Starbucks. value that way. Because if, because people, if you sell them for cash, you only get a small markup. If you sell what about them, like a Best Buy gift card or something like because that's what that's what most people on when people do gift cards for some reason on there it's Amazon and Starbucks are done a lot. I don't know why they either want to buy shit on Amazon or drink coffee. That's weird. No, he's he's reselling them. But I'm saying the people he's selling them, that's his market base for Amazon shoppers and people that love coffee. No, it's people get these cards for gifts or whatever, and then they sell them. But still, anyway, you look at Amazon and coffee. It's okay, but yeah, I get it. Yeah. So, the, but he, the point is, he needed inventory, and the only way to get that inventory, which is Bitcoin, was to scam someone. And he targeted me because I was a new user. Well, can we have him on the show? We, we can. Let's let's uh, let me get his number. I'll call him up right now. Now, w- what part of the country does he live in? He's he's in Reno right now. Well, I'm going to Reno. You can you can come say does hello. He live, what do you mean he's in Reno right now? You because he, mo- he, he moved to? he moved from Red Bluff, California, where he lived with his parents, to some shithole in Reno. Do you have a physical address on it? I do not yet, but I, I do have a, a phone number. Of course you do. And he uh, he says, yeah he he, he says uh, he 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 says uh, cash out of your principal plus forty percent of the profits will be available to, will be payable to you via cash deposit at your national bank. Uh, he's going on about all these like you're supposed to invest. Well, so he's trying to get investors. Basically, what he's trying to do with his what? ads. I can screw him real good. I can go up to Reno. <laughs> Funny enough, I have a fifty dollar. I'm not kidding. You have a fifty dollar Starbucks gift card. Someone gave me. I can sell it to him for twenty. I can have him prove, you know, by looking on it that you know whatever the you know verifying the balance that it's there. Then this is how I screw him really hard. <laughs> then after I get the twenty dollars from him, I already have written down the Starbucks gift number. I upload that gift number to my phone, Starbucks app. Run to the nearest Starbucks, shoot off to fifty dollars, and then he's out. <laughs> Tommy, that's not brilliant. Uh, and what's what's so? He said in his ad, by the way. Uh, he said, "Looking to establish myself as a MoneyGram and Walmart gift card trader." <laughs> and so, so basically, what he's doing, he's trying to solicit people to invest. This is what he's trying to do. He's trying to get idiots to invest in his quote business, so he could buy Bitcoin with that money, and then he'll sell the Bitcoin at a profit on local Bitcoins, usually for these uh, these cards, and then resell the cards. And then what he does is he claims he's going to give the investor back. Some of the profit. Now, I bet he's just going to run off with it. But, uh, but anyway, that's that's what he claims his plan is. And uh, so he skipped a step with me. Instead of having me invest, he just was going to scam me. And that's that's what was going on. So we're going to call him right now. And I know it's late at night, but I don't care about bothering a scammer. So uh, let's, let's let's give him a call. Let's. Uh, I, I'm not sure still if I want to do a Fabersham call or if I just want to be me. I'm not sure. No, I think you should be El Chico Loco, man. <laughs> Maybe try to intimidate him, man. I'm I in Cali. I came up from Tijuana. Oh, it's, it's you fuck right with the wrong man, man. Actually, you know, we're having trouble dialing out tonight. I don't know what the issue is. I paid my bill, too. I've had such issues dialing out tonight. This is such BS. Oh, God. See, it's not working. I couldn't call Master Scaler either. I had to make an incoming call. Into, well, here's, here's what I'll have to do. But I, I hate having to block my caller ID. See, I can make an incoming call from my cell phone and then use my cell phone to dial him with blocking the caller ID. 
But uh, I was really hoping I didn't have to do that. Why is this not working? I'll have to experiment with this later. For some reason, Skype just is not making outgoing calls. You know, uh, Callaway, you may need to relocate back to San Francisco if you're going to be a part of this podcast because these hours can't be good for you, huh? <laughs> no, they're not good for me at all. And, uh, Drew, I got a, I got a quick story to tell you that I think you'll find amusing. It's not, I want, I don't want to do it while you're in the middle of something. Well, yeah, let me, let me try to reach him. I'm going to do this yeah. cell phone thing and then I'll, uh, if that doesn't work. Someone, someone is texting me. Do I tip when getting takeout? And, uh, that's from five shows ago. No, I just got it right now. And I, th- th- I, I usually don't. Uh, occasionally, if it's like a hard thing to package together, I'll do it. But uh, usually, I don't. They're just slopping things, you know, throwing things inside of a package. It's. Uh, I, I know it's a. Some people do. Some people don't. I'm gonna. So I'm gonna try to connect him on here with a with a blocked number. I, I was hoping I'd just call him with a radio number and then hit answer. But for some reason, we cannot make outgoing calls tonight on this this phone here. I don't know what the problem. Did is. you do the update? Because you don't ever want to do an update. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's because I'm not doing any update. That might be it, actually. Hmm. I may have to break down and do an update. Okay, let's see here. So you, you, the, the ring is, is, is kind of... I'll connect it directly on in a second. He's not the same area code as Master Scaler? No, 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 no. You're, not, you're looking at something else. Okay. He's probably not going to answer because it's too late. Yeah, it's not him. Okay. Is that his name? Yeah, his name's Cody. Oh, shit. I thought this was the prime time for predators to operate. Is he a 9 to 5 predator? Well, maybe because the the number was blocked, and I can't help it because I, I can't call for, out from the radio right now. I'll have to try him another time. I, uh, yeah, I, it's... Anyway, this guy, yeah, he was just trying to scam. He he, he targeted a new user. And uh, by the way, I, just, I scared him at the end. I was telling him that... Uh, PFA makes, or uh, Beer and Poker makes a good point. If he's going to scam, at least he can make his purchases from the Amazon using the PFA affiliate code. <laughs> you know, I I sent him messages after I discovered all this and told him I knew everything and the jig was up. And I told him he has one chance to come clean to me before I go to the Reno police. And and he just didn't answer me. He's like, before, you know, he was all like belligerent. Now he's just like not answering because he's terrified. Because he knows he knows I figured it out. And he knows I know who he is, and he knows like he knows every he knows that I know everything. He didn't expect that. He thought he's going to scam some noob, not 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 try to scam the the owner of PokerFraudAlert.com. That was a that was a surprise to him. He kind of scammed the wrong guy, and he, and he didn't scam me. He tried to scam the wrong guy. So, so Druff, let me tell you something real quick. Yeah. That is, I think you'll uh, you'll appreciate it in terms of you know getting even with scumbags and and that kind of thing. So. Do you remember back in the day when faxes were actually a thing and yeah, they were yeah, used yeah. for business and uh, people were faxing stuff? Of course, stuff? Well, he was faxing stuff out well into the late 80s. <laughs> well, sending basically fax spam was illegal, right? I mean, yes, uh, yes. you know, these marketing companies would fax you shit and it would use up your toner and your paper and it would yeah, tie yeah, up yeah. your fax line and all that kind of stuff. So I had this. And go, uh, yeah. Uh, Right, so I had this prick that, and and the funny, you know, little trivia note: the reason faxes really caught on is uh, because of trade with Asia, because there was no, you know, real easy way to transmit the uh, some of the characters, you know, the Chinese and Japanese characters. But in, in any event, so some prick was sending me this stuff, and I, I called him, and I'm like, "Look, stop sending me this shit." 
and he basically just laughed at me and told me to fuck off. And what I did was I, I opened up Photoshop and I made a new document, all black, right? And <laughs> I didn't know where yep, this is going. <laughs> yep. And I set my fax machine on auto uh, auto redial and auto retry, and I printed out about a thousand copies of this a completely black fax, and I started sending it to him. And probably like, you know, uh, maybe a half hour into, you know, me having sent him, you know, hundreds of pages of just black piece of paper, uh, he called me up just begging me to stop. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just like, all right, you, you never fax me again. It's just, it's, you know, all bets are off. I haven't was, sent a fax and probably, you know what? Probably the last fax I sent was to Poker Stars. Years and years ago. No, I have to send one every so often. I just had to send one recently, actually. I would have bet that. You know, uh, you know, for those of you that don't understand what Cal Watt was doing, he sent it all black so it would waste the maximum toner of this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the so. max. I set the margins to the max and yeah, just so fucked just, that guy. Not just, only it, that, it tied up his fax it, machine. Yeah, it tied up his machine. It was like just wasting toner like crazy. No one could get back to him on his junk what, garbage. That's a little bit similar to what I used to do when, when – uh, you know, when I, I caught someone prank calling me. Now Nolan Dallas saying he'll respond to her podcast response <laughs> with his response. I mean, when does this end? When Get I, them both on the same fucking show. When I, what I used to do was I used to – if you – something that was so tilting, I think I've talked about this before, is if you set an auto dialer to just call someone over and over and over again. Not, you don't, you're not on the phone. The auto dialer is just repeatedly calling the person and then just hanging up as soon as they answer. And so you just leave that running for like a day. And then their phone is unusable because it's just constantly ringing. And if they take the phone off the hook, it stops ringing. But the second they put it back on the hook, it rings again. And it's so demoralizing because think, think if something's calling you over and over and you, you're driving you crazy. Well, of course, you take it off the hook. So you assume after like four hours that person will give up. But a computer doesn't give up. So you, you put it back on the hook and within like five seconds, ring. You, you just like feel you're trapped. You feel like your phone's unusable. That thing is taken over. And th- it's, it's very, very effective to make people back down. I, I did that to someone once who was making prank calls to me, and they swore they'd never call me again after that. I, I did it to someone once who, who stiffed me out of money, and, and I, I, they told me, F you, I'm never going to give you the money. There's nothing you can do about it. I said, oh, really? And, and I ran that thing, and they, they begged me to stop and promised they'd pay me. And this is not like extortion. I mean, like money they legitimately owed me and agreed. They legitimately so you owed me. legitimately threaten people by fax. No, it wasn't by fax. It was by uh, – and this is a long time ago. It was, it was like I set my modem to auto-dial them over and over and over and over again. And, and they, it just wouldn't stop. It relentlessly called them yep. every 15 to 30 seconds, even if they took the phone off the hook, <laughs> and it, it wouldn't give up. So no matter how long you took yep. your phone off the hook, the second you put it back on, it rings again. So – and not only that, you, like it, it blocked your phone so nobody else can call you and – if your phone's ever on the hook, it just rings constantly. It's very, very, very tilting. It's very tough to deal yep. with. <laughs> so, so, and I said, look, just treat me fairly. Like, stop harassing me or pay me what you owe me. Like, boy, people back down fast. Yep. I've had some of the most defiant people back down at that point. And I, I don't do this to, like, harass people I don't like. I mean, I would do this to people who, who have done something and are refusing to stop it. You know, people prank calling me, people uh, who owed me money and just said, I'm not paying you, fuck off, there's nothing you can do about it, things like that. Those those, those people I'd, I'd sick this on. Yeah, some li- sometimes you just got to unload both <laughs> barrels, you know what I mean? Now, uh, before we go over and miss me if I didn't cover the news, or at least part of the news. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. 
the, the gaming news. Remember, I do a segment each week and I talk about the gaming news. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Do the gaming I'll news. Do real fast. Okay. Uh, I won't even read the whole thing. I'll just read a sentence. New owner wants to make Trump's Taj Mahal casino great again. The name on the front still reads Trump, but a different flamboyant billionaire now wants to make the Taj Mahal casino great again. Do you guys know who that owner is? No. Carl Icahn. Huh. Nevada regulators approve a $2 million fine against Las Vegas Sands. State regulators today approved a $2 million fine against the Las Vegas Sands Corporation that stemmed from past allegations of accounting problems with the casino's business. I have to click on the link. Should I read more? Uh, if you want. All right. Uh, and, and and the... Okay, and uh, there are anti-money laundering issues in Las Vegas. The Gaming Commission unanimously voted in favor of the fine. The board revealed on the fine on Wednesday and also filed another complaint against the Sands, alleging violations of... Uh, money laundering again? Anti-money laundering Yeah, issues they, they have a real Vegas. problem with that over there. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, I'm staying there. What are they doing? Am I, am I, they well, just... I think if you want to launder money, this is the place to stay. That's what they're trying to say. Oh, my God. Uh, $4 billion Resorts World project gets key approval. Resort, Resort World Las Vegas took a big step towards uh, forward when Nevada gaming officials gave a key regulatory approval to the $4 billion project. Do you know about this? Yeah. Resort World? Yeah, yeah. We talked about this? Yeah, we talked about this, yeah. Not today, but another time. Uh, let's see. Then there's casino promotions, but we won't do that. Sands got fined again. Um, geez, they really get fined a lot. And I guess lastly, uh, smartphones fuel great growth potential for U.S. Internet gambling. Uh, let's see, where's the interesting part? Internet gambling brought in $160 million in the three U.S. states that allow it. Uh, New Jersey is, a far, is a, by far the largest market with 148 out of the 160. That's amazing. They have that much of a stranglehold on it, huh? That's yep. not the article. That's me talking. But uh, poker without – they talked about how Vegas needs the uh, casino games. And then someone said poker without liquidity isn't viable. The markets are still relatively small. The U.S. needs more states, blah, blah, blah. Okay. That's Definitely really all – yeah. That's all that's really going on in uh, Las Vegas and uh, in the news and in gambling. Now – if you're in Las Vegas this week or coming up for the holiday week, there's a couple of promotions going away uh, going on. Gold Coast has a gift giveaway on Tuesday. This <laughs> uh, the Orleans has summer fun gifts on Thursday. Uh, this is a uh, Palms. Oh, do we know that Palms got sold? We, we talked about that before, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Palms has a fifty thousand dollars crack the safe drawing on Saturdays at seven fifteen. Now, do you know how you earn points, Jeff? No. You earn points by your slot play and by swiping your loyalty reward card at the kiosk. Fun. 20 players will be selected each week, and they will win $3,000 each. Is that, yeah. I, I, well, hold on. If you're going to do that segment, I need to get paid by them here for their, for advertising for the Palms. Oh, that's, that's, that's true. That, that's an ad you just did. The yeah. Golden Nugget uh, this weekend has a woman's watch set giveaway. Oh, hold on. We're doing more advertising? What is this? 
Okay. Well, but I mean, I'm just... No, I, no I like your other news. Well, I, I don't, I, I don't want to advertise anything. Here. The Stratosphere this weekend has a $15,000 blackjack tournament. Okay, I want money from them too now. They, everyone, now you're making everyone owe me no. now. Thank okay, you. I'm not going to do this segment then. It's a no, Las no, Vegas no, report, though. It's good, Drew. Okay, okay. People are coming to Vegas might want to know about the promotions that are going on at various places, right? Stations Casino uh, released a statement saying that their acquisition of the Palms was a compelling strategic addition uh-huh. to their casino empire. Well, okay. $312.5 million. Yeah. With the new corporate pickup, Stations Casino IP- IPO raised $531 million. I guess they're on Nasdaq now. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, you know that. Uh, I thought the three point three hundred twelve point five million was a good deal, actually. Well, it cost almost a billion to build. Yeah, I'm saying they, they, they uh, I think they got a bargain on that. I mean, it's kind of a has been property, but it's still a property. And again, Sands got fined for long. I mean, what are they doing <laughs> at Sands, really? What are they really doing over there? I mean, what are they really doing? Do you have any idea? Like, how can you keep being fined? At what point do they just say we'll just keep paying the two million like it's a traffic ticket? Two million? I mean, is that well? If they're making more money than they're paying in fines, why not? Oh, here's something new. This is the uh, Supreme Court. Is it the Supreme, the Nevada Supreme Court. The Nevada Supreme Court. This was on uh, Friday, a week ago, or five, six, five, six days ago. The Nevada Supreme Court has ruled that a Las Vegas casino worker is entitled to collect unemployment benefits after being fired for testing positive for marijuana. The justices said that the downtown Las Vegas club, which was shuttered last summer, that's a great word, shuttered, <laughs> failed to present, present its drug and alcohol policy to the court to show how the worker willfully violated it. Jeffrey Simmons, a 10-year-old employee at the casino, was a surveillance what, a 10-year-old technician. employee? They're hiring 10-year-olds now? No, 10-year employee. Oh, okay. 10-year. Not 10-year like Ricky Henderson is a – I have 10-year. You ever hear that story? Anyhow – uh, you're going to start getting that, that guy who flies around with Bill Clinton interested. He keeps yeah. talking about 10-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jeffrey Simmons, who's been at the Vegas Club for 10 years, started using medical marijuana in 2013 to treat an unknown disability. In 2014, he alerted his employer to an industrial injury, and he was directed to undergo a drug test. Marijuana was found in his system, and he was fired right away. Simmons sought jobless benefits, but the Las Vegas Club opposed through a series of hearings, the casino failed to present a copy of the drug and alcohol policy to the courts. What does this mean? Did they show up in court? Sorry, Your Honor, we don't have a drug or alcohol policy copy on us. Like, what does this mean? That means, <laughs> do you get ridiculous. what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the, they only ruled in favor of them because they couldn't show them a drug and alcohol policy. <laughs> and they, I don't, that's just I don't, ridiculous. I don't, I don't understand. It's them not having their shit in a pile. Either they don't have a policy or... Yeah, we oh we never came up with a policy. Oops. It's, a, it's I wouldn't be shocked. You know, you know we, that if they we, didn't have a policy that explicitly banned whatever they were, you know, complaining about, then they're like, ah, oh, we knew we forgot something. God damn yeah. it, the drug and alcohol policy. Oh. Las Vegas-based casino operator Boyd Gaming uh, announced it would spend hundreds of millions of dollars to buy three more casinos. The Aliante and Cannery in North Vegas and the Eastside Cannery on Boulder Highway. Huh. And making these moves, Boyd placed heavy on a heavy bet on the locals. 
through its $380 million planned acquisition of Aliante and through 230. So hold on. Aliante, if you've ever been there, it's far away. and It's like a mini Red Rock, but it's so far. And it went bankrupt right away because of the economy. And it was supposed to be in a planned community called Aliante. And because of the housing crisis, none of the houses were built. And the ones that were, many of them were foreclosed. It's actually in the area where there's the highest foreclosure rate in all of Las Vegas. But they paid more for that. Just to put in perspective, they paid three hundred eighty for that million, and stations paid what three fourteen for the Palms, which is right off Flamingo, right by the Strip, and still has some brand name recognition to it. It was on the Real World, and huh, that's kind of strange. Yeah, I mean, think about that one casino in uh, Atlantic City, the Rebel. Remember that that cost over well over a billion dollars, and that one guy, that Jewish guy, uh, in Florida got it for like eighty million. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. Wanted to yeah. turn into a think tank at yeah. one point, and then he wanted to store Syrian refugees in it. I'm not making this up. He actually proposed keeping Syrians in in a five star hotel. That was a really nice place. It was, Have it, you been it was, there? It was just a fail. Yeah, I was. I was there like four or five times. It was gorgeous. The only thing I took issue with it was the walk from the casino to your room. If you were staying there, was like a literally a good 20-minute walk, which is insane. It is insane, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just – did you ever stay there, Calawat? I didn't stay there, but I did visit it. So, Did you ever see where – I mean, had, have you ever yeah. heard this gripe or complain before? Oh, I mean, yeah. Just, listen, I'll tell you, I've, I've been to the Borgata. I've been everywhere in AC, but this place yeah. was gorgeous. I mean, this was – it had all the top restaurants, a beautiful casino floor. They did I mean, everything right. Yeah. It just – except for – Well, not everything. They didn't let people <laughs> smoke, and then they, yeah. they just went – Nuts with that whole theory, and that you know I've said this before. That's never going to work. If you have Casino A, that's gorgeous, okay, right. and doesn't allow smokers, and Casino B, which is a dump that allows smokers, which one do you think is going to be more profitable, Casino B? Because it just even the people that don't smoke when they gamble, they chain smoke. I mean, it yeah. just it and all of, the slots players want to sit there and smoke while they're putting coin in, you know? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just that was their biggest. You know, that's that started from the beginning, and then they signed some some lease. Where like on their property there was like a power plant that controlled their power and water, right. and they signed like some insane lease where they had to pay them like millions a month for their like power, and then they cut off power to the. It was nuts. Right. It was fucking nuts. Last I read, I remember like there wasn't even going to be heating like this past winter there because they hadn't paid their bill like. In a year. <laughs> and then the That's seriously, crazy. I'm not kidding you. So they no, wrote to right. the guy in Florida. The owner and they're like, dude, you got to pay your heat because not the <laughs> pipes are going to burst and you're going to be fucked. And he's like, no, I'm not going to pay my heating bill. Now, of course, you know we're you know minimalizing this, but like, dude's heating bill is like seventeen million dollars, <laughs> right? You know? Yeah, I mean, they basically had like a little their own little nuclear power plant. Yes, right exactly. Them, right? yeah. Very, yeah. very crazy shit. Now, Druff, unfortunately, you never made it out to see the rebel. Did no, you? I didn't. Now, weren't you nice in Atlantic place. City, though, for one of your seven-star trips? I remember yeah, you telling me. Yeah, it was me. in uh, 2012. Oh, that was right before the Rebel came yeah. about then, huh? Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, that's all for the news this week, okay. folks. Well, As you. you can tell, my voice is getting uh, consistently worse, but I'm still... Yeah, that's what happened to me, and then I woke up and my voice was gone. So, here, Brandon, let me, I'll give your voice a rest here. I, I want to tell you and everybody else, the fine audience of this show, that uh, sometimes I think back to what I was doing you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Uh, this month, if I remember. And, uh, oh, the I, affair story. Yeah, I remember 20 years ago. In two, All right, guys. In, in, Listen, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, oh, no. I got to go hit far. the hay. 
He can go. Um, let him go. He, we should all go to bed together. No. Can you give us five more minutes? No, no, no. It's not, I don't want to be rushed. Let him go. He, oh. All right. Five minutes. Go ahead. Okay. Right, I mean, you go, can. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'll go I, with you, Kalawat. Whenever okay. you go, I'll go. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Druff. Okay. But I'm not. I'm telling the story. I'm not rushing this. Well, if you can go through the, the Nolan Dallas thing in five minutes, you can. We gave hours here. to Nolan Dallas tonight. Uh, come on. All right. Go I've got to have some time for me here. Okay. So. So. Uh, 20 years ago this month, May 1996, I did something that I didn't think I would ever do. It wasn't uh, planned, but it it happened. I was in a chat room, a a fairly new chat room, at least new to me. It was a web chat room. It was on the Internet, but it was like on on a a web chatting system where you could actually post pictures and stuff. But uh, it was like an an HTML chat room. You actually enter your own HTML to post pictures or whatever. And uh, I just kind of found it by looking around chats. It was actually an Inland Empire-based chat, meaning like Riverside, San Bernardino, California, which wasn't where I lived, but it was within driving distance from where I lived. It had people from all over the world, but uh, a lot of them were from that area. So I was on there, and uh, there was a woman who was – I was 24 at the time. There was a woman who was four years older than me, which, again, I'm usually not into. But, uh, yeah, she was 28, and, and we got to be friends. But she was married. She chatted there from work. She didn't even have a computer at home. Was there a baby? She she had she had a child who was uh, who was two years old, and she was married. And we were friends. And I, I I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to move it from friends. I I never intended to do that. In fact, I I just saw her as off the table. I saw her as as someone who was married. That uh, yeah, I liked her personality. I uh, we had some things in common. We we both like country music and some other things. Like we we decided you know like we just were friends and and we we would talk on there and sometimes talk in email uh where things started to change a little bit was when her husband went on some kind of trip i think a business trip over a weekend so on a friday she told me you know my husband is going to be gone it's going to feel strange i'll just be bored you know he's usually not gone like this and uh i'm just kind of alone here with my with my daughter and you know once she goes to sleep i'm going to be bored so she's so somehow we came up with the idea that I should call her. I didn't have a girlfriend or anything at that time. I was totally single. So I called her up. Before I called her, I thought, you know, maybe this isn't the right thing to do. You know, I, I could see what if I get her on the phone and we start to feel a connection, like it can't go anywhere. What if it, uh, like, maybe I shouldn't even get into this. Even though it's not my commitment or anything, maybe I shouldn't even do this. Even though it's just being done as friends. But I did it anyway. I called her up. And we immediately got along very well on the phone. And since it was a Friday night and had to go to work the next day, we talked for nine hours that night, which is even longer than this show. So uh, by the time the nine hours was over, I felt really weird because I liked her personality a lot. This is totally like normally where I would have said, hey, let's go meet. I would have totally like taken it to the next level at that point. But I I couldn't say anything like that because she was married and I, I didn't feel comfortable saying something like that. I was kind of thinking it, but I was never going to say it. Until she emailed me. So she went to sleep. I went to sleep. She woke up and and uh, I don't know how she emailed. Maybe she emailed me on Monday. I don't know. Somehow she emailed me. She didn't have a computer at home. She somehow emailed me that she's been thinking about me a lot since our conversation, that she really, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed talking to me, and that she was having a few thoughts that you know she's not very proud of. About me Since we talked And I thought uh oh Well how do I respond to this 
So I, I responded to her and told her, yeah, I, I kind of thought the same thing. I wasn't going to say anything because you're married. I didn't want to be rude, but, uh, you know, I, I liked you too. You know, if, if you weren't married, I would have totally, totally wanted to date you, but, uh, you know, you are. So, you know, I'm happy just being friends with you. So we kept talking and, and, uh, she, you know, she gave me her work number. I'd sometimes call her at work. As you can imagine, this progressed and, and eventually it, it became to the point where we, just so she told me a lot about a lot of problems in her marriage. She she described the, her husband as as having various issues. Number one, she she had, he was basically a loser, and she was she was mostly supporting the family. Uh, he, that he was a big quitter, related to being a loser. That everything he'd start, he quit. She said he had potential for things, but whatever he'd start, either work related, recreationally, whatever it was, he was a huge quitter, and it bothered her. Uh, she felt that he didn't have much passion for the relationship. Uh, strangely enough, she actually had a complaint that he wasn't jealous enough. She said she actually told him that we talked on the phone and he didn't care. She said, I actually wanted him to care. She said, I wanted him to show some concern. She says, he just, he just doesn't seem to care much. He just, uh, he almost acts like he, he could take me or leave me and it bothers me. Uh, she said also when they have sex, he just kind of rushes through it. He, he finishes as quickly as possible. She said, doesn't do any foreplay, just, just rushes through it and, uh, she just kind of felt like there's no passion, that he doesn't care. And, and in addition, he's, he's not making money. He's, he's unemployed at the moment and, uh, and, and is a quitter. So these things all bothered her. And, of course, you know, they're both young. They're both, you know, they were older than me, but we were all young. They were still under 30. So she's already having a lot of uh, second thoughts about him, even though that she has a two-year-old kid with him. So she wanted to, you know, so she wanted to meet up with me. She wanted to meet up with me and, uh, and mess around and... and uh, she told me that she didn't want to have sex because that would make her feel too guilty, but, but everything short of that she's willing, to, she's willing to do, and that she really wants to. And uh, I said, well, how are you going to do that? Like, the only way we could talk on the phone was either when she was at work or she'd make excuses to go out for like half an hour and call, and call me from a payphone. There, you know, no one had cell phones. Well, not no one, but I didn't have a cell phone. She didn't have a cell phone back then. So finally she came up with an excuse. She told her husband, I'm surprised he went for this, but she, she told him that... She's really stressed having to take care of a two-year-old all the time and that uh, she's found this retreat for moms who just want to get away from the weekend and, and hang out with other moms and that she's, she's booked a retreat out in, in Manhattan Beach, California, which is close to where I lived, uh, and, and that uh, it's about 100 miles from where she lived, and that's where she's going to be the weekend there at this retreat by herself. <laughs> and he, he didn't question it He didn't uh, think maybe she's going to go meet some other dude Even though he knew she was talking to other dudes From, uh, actually just me She wasn't talking to other dudes But she knew that she was talking to at least one dude From, from uh, the chat room But uh, he was very trusting And uh, he, he said, okay, fine So in reality She was going to meet me at this hotel In Manhattan Beach And, uh, and we were going to mess around And, and we did and, and, and we did mess around. And in fact, even though she said she wasn't going to, she was all ready to actually have sex with me. And I was the one who stopped it. I was the one who said, no, 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 I don't think this is a good idea. Because I, I was feeling guilty. I didn't know the guy, but I, and I, and I know she told these bad stories about him, but I felt guilty. Because like, it wasn't like he was abusive or anything like that. He just uh, you know, wasn't showing much passion and was kind of a loser, according to her. Like that, I didn't see that as good enough reasons to cheat on him. And like I was... Uh, I felt a little bit guilty about it, even though I didn't know him and it wasn't my relationship. So I, I, I couldn't bring myself to have sex with her, even though she was very willing to do it. But we, we did a lot of other stuff. So after that, uh, it was a very strange situation because I felt in a way like I had a girlfriend when I really didn't. 
but we had to like sneak around. Of course, she, I couldn't call her at home. Of course, uh, uh, she she had to call me from pay phones, uh, or or I had to call her at work. Uh, during the weekend, I would barely talk to her. Or she called me from pay. I didn't call her from pay phones. So it, it felt strange. It felt kind of restrictive. I, I wanted to see her, and of course couldn't because she could only you know see me every so often. She couldn't keep disappearing for weekends. So I felt this is kind of crappy. I'm 24 years old. I'm trapped in this weird thing where I can only see her once in a while, and she's married and has no future. Like, why am I doing this? This is dumb. Uh, I saw her one more time. We uh, She made some excuse to go out, and we met in some uh, abandoned business park in Yorba Linda, California, which is kind of between where she lived and I lived. It's, that's where the Nixon Library is located, by the way. And again, we didn't have sex. We just met, you know, messed around a lot in my car. And so I, I finally said to her, I, I said, yeah, I, I'm just wondering, are you feeling guilty at all about this? And she said, no. And I said, really? You don't feel guilty at all? She said, no, not a bit. Well, I feel a little bit guilty about my daughter, that I'm leaving my daughter with, with my husband who isn't used to taking care of her alone. But uh, So I feel guilty for her in case he doesn't do a good job. Other than that, I don't feel guilty. And I thought, huh, that's, that's a red flag right there. I could see, you know, like, her doing this, but uh, but uh, to have no guilt at all? How come I'm the one with the guilt when it's her husband? And he hasn't done anything horrible to her. It's like, how can there be no guilt? And that was that was eating at me somewhat. But I, I put it aside. Because other than that, she seemed like a nice person, a good person. I just kind of felt like... I, can, I talked myself into believing she was in like a, a marriage where she felt no love and, and, and wanted to feel it from, from someone else, even though I wasn't, you know, in love with her, showing love, but you know, at least I was showing the passion, at least I was uh, really into her, she was into me, like, it, at least I could kind of understand how she could fall into this without being a, a bad person. Uh, but, but the thing with the feeling no guilt, I took, it took me back a little bit. But anyway, after some time, I got tired of the whole thing. I, I just, I didn't like the situation. I felt it just wasn't something that I needed in my life. I felt it was, uh, I wanted just a real girlfriend I can call when I want. She can call me when she wants. We can see each other when we want. I didn't want this crap of sneaking around with a married woman. So I, I, the next, one of the times I spoke to her, I think I called her at work, whatever. I said, hey, let's, let's just go back to being friends. This, this, this isn't right. We shouldn't do this. So I thought I was going to get some pushback, but she said, oh, no, you're right. I, I agree. I, I think it's better. I think it's... Uh, healthier to go back to the way we were and just be friends and we'll put an end to all this. And uh, I said, okay. So I thought, okay, it's done. I thought it's done. We're, uh, we're past all this. She understands. I understand. Nobody's bitter. Nobody. And I wasn't bitter at all. It seemed like she wasn't. Well, I don't know about a week later, a week and a half later, I was in the same chat room and a girl who was 22 years old, who was single, started to talk to me. She had a picture up. I liked her picture. And she started to flirt with me, and I started to flirt with her, and, and then we talked on the phone, and we got along well on the phone. And Well, this married girl got a wind of this situation. She, she learned about the, I don't know how. She, she learned somehow about the situation. Maybe we discussed it in chat, whatever. I didn't think I had anything to hide. It's not like I, had a, it's not like I was going out with a married chick. I, we, we, not only was she married, but we ended it. We ended the affair. But boy, was she ever jealous. She was jealous big time. She was furious about this. So I asked her, well, what are you so angry about? You know, first, you're married. And then second, uh, we ended what, what we had going on. Because it, it was something that just wasn't uh, available for us to do. We both agreed it was wrong. 
So she said, the fact that you could move on to her so quickly shows that you never cared about me in the first place. It shows that everything we did together means nothing. So, oh boy. Oh boy. Like, like, the one who's married is jealous that I want to date someone, even though we're not even having an affair anymore. I'm supposed, what am I supposed to do? Just like, like never date anyone again in my life? He's done her wrong. That's what she thought. So she was getting more and more pissed. And, and so I finally talked her down and she calmed down. And so the next day she said, I'm sorry. I can't believe I acted this way. It's, you know, it was crazy. I, I was just, I was just seeing how you were talking to her and saying some of the same things to her as you'd said to me. And I, I felt like I never meant anything, but you know, I'm sorry. Can I, can I ask you one question real yeah. fast? Yeah. I know sometimes these stories have some catchy ending, like a, like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Is this movie or is this uh, story going to end with? And her name was Jacqueline Moscow. No, no. Oh, okay. Well, I don't so. think Jacqueline Moscow is like fifty years old now. If she is, she looks great for her age. Okay, or this the chick was twenty eight back in ninety six. Oh, yeah. All right. I thought maybe. Yeah. So, so I. No, there's no catching ending like that. I'm sorry to disappoint you. So, so uh, she seemed to calm down. Everything seemed cool again. She even befriended the new girl that I was uh, talking to a lot. And I was a little suspicious about that because before that girl from Arby's, no, it wasn't a girl from Arby's, but I was a little suspicious about that. And I I thought, you know, this is weird because she did nothing but talk shit about this girl before. And now she wants to be her friend. That's a little suspicious, but you know, maybe she changed her mind about her. I don't know. So I gave her the benefit of the doubt. Well, it turns out I should not have given her that benefit because what she was really doing is trying to sabotage this new thing I had going on. And behind my back was talking shit about me to this other girl and not just giving bad opinions about me, but making up lies such as that I had told her in confidence that I'm messing with this new girl's mind and I'm just going to use her. And I never said anything like this to anyone. She just made this up and told this girl that. So the, the new girl almost stopped seeing me and wouldn't tell me why. At first she told me not to talk to her again. And I was like, what? What did I do? Finally, I got out of her that this married chick told her all these things that I supposedly said, which I never did. Tried to sabotage the whole thing. So I was furious. So I called up the married chick and I told her, I I confronted her. She denied it at first. It turned out she was uh, a big pathological liar, but I didn't know this at the time. But she she was denying this, denying until I I presented all the proof I had, and she, including uh, uh, screenshots of the emails and all that. So finally she said, okay, yeah, yeah, fine, I did it, and you should have threatened her with the fax machine trick. Yeah, I should have. I, I, that's what I should have. I would have gotten the answer faster. But she, she finally said, okay, fine, I did it. Only after I proved I had, you know, that I had the goods on her. She wasn't going to let me bluff her on this one. But uh, when I proved I had the goods, she said, okay, fine, yeah, I did it. But, you know, I, 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 I made a mistake. I'm really sorry. I just, I just felt jealous again. And I, I don't know. I, I didn't befriend her with that purpose. But once I was already talking to her, it was just getting me so mad. And, you know, like, you know, she's making excuses. But, you know, it's, it's all because I cared about you so much. And, and I'm like, oh, my God, what a psycho. So I told her this. I said, look, I trusted you. You betrayed that trust. You tried to ruin this new thing I had going on. You're not my friend if you're going to act this way. I don't want to ever talk to you again. And, and she flipped out. She was begging me to give her another chance, begging me to keep talking to her, begging me not to make this be it between us. And I said, no, I don't want to talk to you again after what you did to me here. You, you betrayed me. You, you, you'd, uh, you made up lies about me and t- told them to someone else behind my back to try to ruin this, this new thing I had going on. Forget it. I, I, don't, I do not want to talk to you again. Please leave me alone. So 
she went into work the next day, which I remember was the 4th of July. And uh, she, that's the only place she had a computer. She went into work on the 4th of July when everyone was gone, let herself into the building, accessed the computer, and wrote me a 20-page email. 20 pages! 20 real pages, where if I printed it out, it would have been 20 pages long. And I figured this out because it was so long. I mean, you think the Nolan Dalla post was long. I mean, I, it, it makes that look like... It, this is like war and peace, this thing. So I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. It's going on, 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 on. I'm like, I, I cannot believe this. She's like recounting every moment we had together. I couldn't believe this. I'm going to be honest. I was kind of fading in and out. Uh, how long did this masquerade go on for? Well, we were... The affair kind of went on for about a, a month or so. Maybe a little bit more. And then, uh, and then a, a short time later, that's when I started with this other girl, and she got all jealous. So, the, so at this point is when I had, I had uncovered what she had done with the, trying yeah, to sabotage. Was it truly an affair? Did you ever spend any kind of weekend jaunts with her? Yes, any yeah, see, you, you fell asleep. Yes, yeah, she she came she came to Manhattan Beach and, and uh, in a motel, actually a hotel, in a hotel in Manhattan Beach, and I was there with her the whole weekend. Oh wow! Yeah, she and, did really. Bad another man's woman. Well, no, I didn't have sex with her, but it was my choice. She, she, she was going to, and I, I actually stopped because I felt guilty. Did you blowjob, handjob? Um, something. Yeah, there was some stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> There's some stuff. Done. There was some stuff done. I'll just leave I mean, that. you were paying for the room. She had to give you something. No, no, she actually paid for the room. Oh, what? Yeah. Well, she made the reservation. Like, she I mean, just, you're getting free meals from Calawat. You have affaired women paying for rooms. Like, well, she just did it. She, she she told me one day, she said, I, I've set up this motel there. I'm told my husband it's a retreat for women, for mothers who want to get away for the weekend. It's it's there. What am I supposed to do? God. So anyway, she, uh, we... She paid for the motel. Yeah, she paid for the motel. So anyway, it was actually a hotel. It was a motel. But but anyway, uh, yeah, and then I told you, I, I mentioned I also met up with her in this abandoned business park in Yorba Linda and messed around with her there too. So... The thing is here, she was crazy. She wrote me this 20-page email about why I should forgive her and keep talking to her, keep being friends with her. She she wasn't asking this email for me to uh, have the affair with her again. She just didn't want me out of her life. And I so I said, oh, boy, I can't believe this. So Because she, uh, she knew you were going to win a bracelet and that you were a rich Jew. Well, no? it, well, it's a good point. It was on July 4th, so it was 19 years later exactly I won a bracelet. Maybe she knew. How old were you during this affair? 24. Were you still driving that Toyota around or whatever no, the first no, car I, was, no, the I, yellow I, one? No, I had a 3 Series BMW at that point. You're getting BMWs at 24, huh? Yeah. Oof, that was, must well, be nice. Well, no, it was the bottom-tiered BMW. But, oh, bottom-tiered BMW. <laughs> so, Forgive me. So anyway, she So anyway, she was, uh, she, she was <laughs> begging me to, to still talk to her, and I, I had no interest in this. I had no interest, and uh, since I was – I received the email right away, and like I – so I called her at work where I knew she was still – still had to be because she had just written this. And I told her, no, I can't do it. And she kept me on the phone for 90 minutes begging me to forgive her, begging me to look at this a different way, that she only did this out of, out of caring for – no. I kept saying, no, 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 no. I was, I was polite, but I was saying, you betrayed me. I can't, I can't trust you again. I can't trust you again. It's it just – it's too much. I can't do it again. Sorry. She tried for 90 minutes. I said no. So finally she claimed she accepted it. I said, okay. This is making me really depressed. makes me really sad, but I'll, I will accept this. I will accept you won't talk to me. So I thought it might be over. 
Well, there was a guy in the chat room that I had been fighting with, but not not like I do with with Marty in the ch- in, on on Poker Fraud Alert. This this was a guy who pretended to be a girl. This was a he he swore he was like a thirty seven year old woman, uh, flirted with everybody, but it was so obviously a dude to me, and I used to always call him out for this. Now it turned out I was right. I, I later found out who he was. It really was a dude. But uh, he was furious at me for doing this because this was like his whole life was pretending to be a chick on the internet. And and he hated how I was, every time he'd do this, I would show up and go, I, you know what, this is a man! And he'd get so mad at me. But he didn't have my info and I didn't have his. So, I keep losing Brandon somehow. Anyway, I go into the chat room the next day after I, I told her I don't want to talk to her again. And that dude who pretended to be a chick had my full name. And he knew where I worked. And every piece of info she had on me, he had too. He went from having no info on me to everything. And played you like a fool. I wouldn't say that, but but she gave it to him. She she hand, she handed him all my info because mm. I, I wouldn't talk to her anymore. Wow. So so then what he did is he started to call and harass me at work, this dude. And uh, so this, this was a, a nightmare I had to deal with there. And I was furious at her, and she would not own up to it. She said it was just a coincidence that he got all the info, which was the exact info she had. He like like she never had my address, so he didn't have my address. But he had he, he got the phone number. He got the he had my name. He had where I worked. All, everything she had, he had. Everything she didn't have, he didn't have. But somehow, and happened the next day after I said I won't talk to her. Somehow she wouldn't acknowledge it came from her. It was it was so maddening. So finally, uh, I you know finally after I kept hammer. She, Finally, I, after I found out from other people that she told them that she was going to give out my info, finally she reluctantly admitted that she did that. And, uh, and, and I was furious with her. And uh, so, would you believe after all this, the next year, when my birthday came around, she sent me a birthday greeting and uh, asked me if I'd like to talk to her again. Now, Jeff, i got to ask some of the hard-hitting questions here. What is she doing today? Because we know you found the Arby's girl and she was all beat up. We know you got to know what this girl's doing. Where is she at? What's her status today? I don't know where she lives. I did look her up only very recently, mm-hmm. in fact. I hadn't mm-hmm. thought of her in a long time. But I looked her up very recently, and she is remarried. I don't know if, if she's had other marriages in between, but she's not with that same husband anymore. Well, maybe because of the cheating. <laughs> well, this is a, this is a little uh, – I, I forgot to tell you this part. But more importantly, though, how does she look? That's what well, hold on. I'll get to, I forgot to tell you this part. When she gave out my info, I told her to retaliate. I'm going to call up her husband and tell her what he did, what she did. Ooh. And so what she did is she immediately ran and told him herself and lied about the whole thing. Claimed that uh, that we were friends, that we went and met uh, as friends, that I was attracted <coughs> to her, and and uh, that she told me she was married and didn't want to do anything, and, and that I couldn't take it, and that's why I'm harassing her now. <laughs> So she tried to lie to him and said not, not to take my calls uh, no matter what. But I, I think well, – what was she back then on a scale of 1 to 10? Because that's what most of the young – you know, our target audience wants to know. Is she a hottie? Why do we have to degrade this into looks? She was – no, she wasn't a hottie. What do you mean, she, though, she, she was – okay, well – It's not degrading. No, okay. So she was – How is that degrading? You told she, the Arby's girl you said you made a good choice – and not marrying her. She, she wasn't. She, she okay. She wasn't. Degraded. In 1996, she the, the the Arby's girl was better looking than she was, but this this girl, what when I met her, uh, I, I thought she was uh, like above average looking, but not way above, like like moderately above average looking. So like a six. Kind of like a six, yeah. Like okay, Mel, it, it, 
at the same age, would you pick that girl or Melanie Weisner? Who would be prettier? Uh, it depends which which form of variance Melanie Weisner was having. That's true. Bad light. Geno- oh, no, not genocide's a bad example. Uh, yeah, genocide see. was prettier than her. Vanessa Russo or that girl? Uh, this girl over Vanessa Russo. I'm not attracted to her. Oh, okay. All right. So that gives us an idea. Okay. But, right. but anyway, this. so I, I met her, and uh, you know, as I said, she was like a six. She wasn't beautiful, but I, I wasn't necessarily expecting that. But I, you know, I was attracted enough to her. And uh, anyway, I've, I did look her up somewhat recently and found that she was recently married to a new guy around her age. Uh, she's now 48, and uh, she looked good for 48, actually. So she actually looked better for her for being 48 than she did uh, uh, at 28. I mean, she, she looked better at 28 overall, but for, for being 48 comparatively, she looked better now compared to 20 years ago. But, uh, but yeah, I, I wonder if this new guy I, – I just learned with her everything was a lie. Like er, I found out later also that, her, that everything about her husband was a lie, that it turned out the guy was fine. Like, like everything was a lie. Every single thing was a lie. She was a pathological liar, and, and and very psycho, as you can see by everything she did there. Well, you know what you can do. You can get her back. How many years ago you said? Nineteen years ago. Well, it's almost done here. So then, so that I told no, her. No, how many years ago did this happen? Twenty. So you can get her back now for giving out your information. <laughs> you know what you do? You post her information, and you say, "I've been waiting twenty years." You have everyone in the forums. I don't think start anyone, hammering her. I don't think anyone wants it. But you know, I, I, call, I called her uh, – so anyway, she, I didn't call her. She, so she messaged me on my birthday the following year when I turned 25, and I, I said, what? You're, you're, you have the nerve to, to send this to me and ask me to talk to you after everything you've done? And she said, oh, I'm sorry. I thought after all these months that have passed, you, would, you may have gotten over it. You, may, rem- you remem- may remember the good times we had together, but okay, fine. That's fine. I'll leave you alone. Have a nice life. So I go, okay, maybe it's over. A year later, my birthday comes again. I've turned 26. I get another – birthday message for her from her once again so well, this time she's good remembering holidays and yeah birthdays. at least she was mem- remembering it so I, I got a birthday message this time i ignored it didn't bother to even answer now and, how did people even get a hold of you back then there was no texting or no that she, she she was emailing there was email she was emailing me and, and then, you were 26 there was email that was in 98 of course there was oh wow so wait so this oh how old were you when you won your bracelet to give this story some perspective 33 Oh, so she really – okay, it was a couple of years. Yeah. No, no, I was 24 when all this happened. Yeah. She was emailing me like two years later on my birthday when I was 20, uh, 26. And then also what again – What was the email? Was it like a prodigy or AOL? What did you go back in the day? No, it was actually my, my school – my college wow. email, which they hadn't shut wow. down. So then the next year when I turned 27 in 1999, she actually had the nerve again – to send me a birthday email. So now I just don't believe you. You have to be embellishing. No. She, she sent she it again. emailing you. You don't hear from her for a year. Right. Well, I, I told her birthday. off the first time. I told her off the first time in 97. After a number of months had, been, had passed, I said, I can't believe you're sending me this. So she said, okay, I'm sorry. I, th- I thought you remember the good times instead of just the bad ones. Okay, goodbye. I'll leave you alone. And then well, – You know uh, what? You should email her in her next birthday. <laughs> show her who's boss. I don't remember it. But then uh, – I remember it was the same month as mine. That's all I remember. But then the next – so, so the following year, in 98, she emails me. And then 99, she emails me. And keep in mind, I ignored her in 98, and then I ignored her in 99. Wait, was, time out. How many years in a row now with these emails once a year? Three. And you have, there's no other contact throughout the no whole other contact. entire year? None. But that kind of has to show she has some heart. Maybe a good yeah, girl deep down inside. Yeah, psycho. That's so, not normal. So, so finally, after I ignored the 99 email... Uh, I did Don't not get. Tell me a Millennium email. I, I didn't no get way. a Millennium email. Maybe it was from the okay. Y2K problem, but I didn't get one. Yeah. So that was that, and uh, so she finally got over it. 
And I, one of them even said, like, I don't know if you want to talk to me. I don't know if you've forgiven me yet, but maybe you can. If like, I, I, I just. You never felt the instinct to respond. No, no, I, it was such a nightmare that whole thing. So I, I, in fact, she she did one thing for me, and that was after that experience. I said, I am never, ever going to date a married woman again. Like, a, if a woman says she's married, I don't care what the story is about the husband or she's going to leave him for me. I, no, no way. So I, I just, uh, I, and I kept to it. I've not dated a married woman ever since that one experience. Now, the one girl down there, down in the bayou, she wasn't married, right? No. Okay. No. They're, they're, like, if they're separated, then it's okay. Like, if they're actually separated and on the way to a divorce and living in a separate place and they've been separated right. a while, that's a so different So you're talking uh, living as husband and wife. Yes, never, yes. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't do it. Yes. After that, that was a nightmare. It, it, it scared me straight. I'm not going to do it. That's what it did. It scared me straight. I couldn't. Sounds like was, an NBC after school special. It, it, it was, but it did. It, it scared me straight. It, it, it taught me uh, not to be a homewrecker. Now, to this day, does your family know that their son, their pride and joy, could have been a homewrecker potentially? Well, they might because my, my parents listen to the show occasionally. And. Uh, they think I'm the funny one, and you're long-winded too. Like, we, we, we haven't. Stroman. We haven't. See, I, I like how you put this here. You're like, there's a compl- I could say that uh, they think I'm the smart one. What do you think of that? That's, <laughs> I'm that's still the funny one. That's, 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 that's what handicapped me. His girlfriend said about she. She did say I'm long-winded, but that I that was a smart one. <laughs> so, anyway. So we talk about things like the girl you said no sex in the motel room, but stuff did happen. You kind of censor a little bit because you never know who's listening in terms of family. Yeah, yeah. So See, now I don't you, have those words. Now you you may wonder. You they may wonder get through the intro. Do, do you think? Do you think that? Uh, yeah, that the intro is like a, a gatekeeper. It's kind of like a litmus <laughs> test. Litmus <laughs> test. So so do you? Do you think that Benjamin's mom knows the story? I mean, I'm imagining all the hours that you didn't. You talk with her once, 19 hours straight on the phone, or no, something? no. We just talked a lot of days. And uh, if I had to guess, I'd say she knows. Yeah, she it knows. Would, I, I would say that you wouldn't even say something on the air like this personal unless your baby's mom knew. Yeah, I wouldn't. In fact, she, in fact, she listens to the show randomly too. Like she doesn't listen to every yes. episode, but she'll kind of just jump around and listen randomly. So now she's Benjamin's mother on the fraud site. Yeah, she actually is Benjamin's mom. On the I process. saw her do a green thing. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she, yeah, she green wrapped the mosaic. She liked the mosaic so much. She said, "Give me my password again. I got to log in." Like I had to reset her password, and uh, and she logged in. She usually just lurks with no with no account, but uh, she she wanted me to reset that account's password so she could log in. And, no, whatever you do, don't get her ever posting on that site. It can only be problems. No, no, she no she knows with all the trolling there and everything. That's why she she like doesn't release any info. She doesn't post a picture. Like she doesn't do anything just because uh, she knows the way the trolls are there. Yeah. She she sees all of it, so uh, and that's that's why there won't be pictures of Benjamin or anything like that. In fact, I don't for, because of the poker people. I don't even post any pictures of Benjamin on my Facebook. <laughs> There's that's like not a single picture of him anywhere online because because you should of, then create at least a like a secret maybe like uh, do you ever use an alias? Have you ever had an alias for hotel rooms or just fictional names that you use? Do you have any? Have you ever used an alias in your life? Well, are you signing up for sites? You mean I've done a million of those. No, but I'm just saying like you create a Facebook with an alias and only your friend, your close friends and family because you shouldn't really be denying people, you know. Well, no, I send them, I send, to... I send, I send them stuff. They just don't have it on, on Facebook. I'll send them direct uh, but That's the whole point of Facebook. It's supposed to be for, you know, that you can put your information. Well, you know, but I use it differently. What I mainly use Facebook for is to uh, to interact in discussions and also to join groups. Like I don't – 
I, I don't use it to share every moment of my day. You'll see, Brandon, I, you see I post very little as far as status messages. I do, too. I post my dog mainly. That's it. But yeah. yeah, I post like, like just but every once in a while. But once in a while, you're right. 18 years ago today, yeah. and then you tell a story, or you're right. You know, something about the weather. You're big on the weather. <laughs> you know that it's this this temperature and this, you know. But, yeah, that makes sense. It all makes sense. Yeah, so that's – that's. So what does she do for a living now? What, what else do we know? Oh, I don't know that. I, I didn't research it that far. I just – I found her on Facebook and, and then uh, – uh, see, it, it's not that easy because to find these women because they change their names. You, you have to do some research on in databases and find out what their name is currently and then look up that name on Facebook. It's a pain in the ass. So I, one night I did it, but I wasn't going to put, like, a lot of time into it. I put, like, like, a little bit of time I was willing to spend on it, but not a lot. And I, I thought it was entertaining that she just got married again, though. I, I, and as again, there may have been another marriage in between. There's no way to tell that. I, I, I there could have fig- been three marriages. In well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, well, there was. I'll, I'll tell you, the, the first girl who ever cheated on me, to my knowledge, was was 22 years ago. And um, I, then I found out about six months after we broke up that she married someone. Not the guy she cheated on me with, but just like some some other dude that she met new. And then that marriage lasted like a real short time, and she, she was like, I found out there's someone else. She was married to someone else. Well, I, I looked her up like two years ago and saw that she had four husbands and, and is currently divorced. So I thought I, I dodged a bullet on that one for sure. You know, I got to ask you now. I really – I said 10 more minutes, and I'm, I got to go to sleep. How do you remember such – Things like dates you always can say 18 years ago, 16 years ago, 20. I can't even tell you the year I was at the Rebel. How well, do you know so emphatically all these things and you never miss a beat? Well, that's that's just the way I, I happen to be. I, I, I have how, memories. Like how can you know 22 years ago? Like what made – like how do you know without even doing the math? Because I associate a lot of events you? with dates. For some reason, it's almost like they have a date stamp on them. And, and uh, so I can remember these events. So – was it 1996? The yeah. girl cheated on you for the first time. No, 94. Or 94, and you just can instantly know it's. You remember it was 94. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't. I mean, I can't even tell you the year. If someone put a gun to my head and said, "What year did the whole donk down breakup thing happen?" I couldn't 100 percent say it. But 2013. I, I can actually tell you so well that the of course you that can. the whole catalyst to it on Doc Down of me leaving was on August 14th, 2011, <laughs> and it was, it was 2011. So it's been five almost almost five like, years. Yeah, and, and, and it was when Mike on started with the he put up that PayPal donate button, uh, donate button without asking me, and, and and the reason I was so mad about it was that he had just lectured me a short time before about making any changes without asking him. So I was I was really mad at the hypocritical action that uh, that he yelled at me for making a change without asking him, and then he threw up something like a donate button without even explaining it to anyone about why that was up there, and uh, and people were no. questioning it, and so so I so I wrote a one liner, um, well glad I was consulted about this or something like that, and then and then that's when he wrote his infamous yeah, I, 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 I created this don't forget that post. Was well, it don't you fucking forget yeah, that? Yeah, don't you fucking forget that? Yeah. Now, let me ask you, do you think he's going to be playing in these poker contests or is he going to be flying drones in parking lots? I, th- I think there's going to be a lot of drone racing and not much poker. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's, that's, he seems to be out of poker. But, uh... Yeah. So uh, I think we lost uh, Kilowatt here. Is he still here? Yeah. No, he had to go to bed a while ago. 
Yeah. You sound very tired. So I'm exhausted. So, the, I'm just hoping I'm going to have a little tea before I go to sleep and hope I wake up tea, and I, I can talk. You know, I, I don't like tea. I don't like it either, but when I have a sore throat or a cold or something, it actually does do wonders. Well, uh, we're at the end here. I mean, what do they say? What else are the what other remedies are there? Maybe gargle with some salt and some warm water. What else can I, I just I, I just I just let it go. I just yeah. hope it gets better. Hmm. So, uh, Brandon, can you make it uh, a week from? Today, that would be on uh, Wednesday, June 1st. It'll be the day of the Casino Employees event, which I'm sure you're not playing. Yes, but that will be the last one that I can guarantee until I look at the schedule or depending on day twos. So it's going to be next week. Yeah, now I hope, Brandon, that you send me... And, you know, me... I'm doing a coin flip, by the way, now. I, uh, we cut the music for a second there. So I wake up, and then it's like, no Colossus. And it's like, well, maybe. And then it's like, you know, go and... I've read some... There's some post somewhere that's saying that this year's strategy for the Colossus is different than last year, and you really have to get chips fast because of the way the structure is. And it, it, it. So I, I'm going back and forth. Oh, I would say no just because you have to get so deep to make any kind of real money. Yeah, you're right. You it's do. just you, know, you could beat 99% of the field. You know, can I kind of, you're going to get fail money. 99%. Yeah, you're going to beat 99%. Go out and go, look, I'm getting fail money. I spent all these days here. I get fail money. I beat 99% of the field. So let me let me just look real fast. Whereas if I beat ninety nine percent of field in the in the ten k limit event, I'm going to be in second. All right, I'm going to look right here in my first event. If I don't play, if I don't play the Colossus, which now I'm again I'm convinced I'm not. My first event will be Sunday, June fifth, which is. A six-handed dealer's choice tournament. You know what dealer's choice is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, you pick the button picks the yeah, game. Yeah, the button picks, yeah. And then that uh, Sunday, Monday, that's a three-day event, so that wouldn't be a problem. So then if I bust, if I don't final table that, which, you know, how that is, then my next tournament will be the day before radio, two weeks from today, uh, or two weeks from yesterday, Tuesday, June 7th, a fifteen dollar or fifteen hundred dollar horse, and that's in the afternoon. So that's a late start, meaning that uh, you know, hopefully, I'd make a day two and miss radio. And so that's radio. that's going to be it. The fifth Sunday, June fifth, Tuesday, June seventh. Um, you know, looking at these, I don't. It's fun. Hold on, I don't have a single tournament actually. I'm playing that's on a Wednesday, but I have a bunch on Tuesday. Well, so what we can do, what we could actually do on. Uh... We, we can do one of two things for the June 8th show that's scheduled. Because the next show is scheduled for June 1st. The June 8th show, which is two weeks from today, we could either just wait to see what happens with you. Like, let's say you busted day one of the horse. Not that I'm hoping you will, but uh, if, if you do on Tuesday, June 7th, then you could make the Wednesday, June 8th. Uh, we could play it by ear, and, and if it looks like you're making it with chips, then uh, then move it one day at that point. Or we could just schedule for Thursday that week and then a, right and then a week from that date you and i will both be i assume in a tournament on the same day which is on a tuesday as well do you know offhand i'm sure you do because you know when the bitch cheated on you do you know what tournament that will be uh is that the limit hold'em yes it will be the 14th on a tuesday the 1500 yeah, so, so we'll, i mean we'll figure that out from there but i just wanted for the june 8th thing so should what, decide here should we 
Play it by ear and see if you can make June 8th before moving it or just move it right away yeah, to June 9th. Yeah, just play it by ear, absolutely. Okay. So, so right now we're not announcing any changes, but there will be. So people, if you want of to course. know if you want to know what I'm going to do as far as you guys uh, being able to find out, you can either check the forum or you can so – I'm going to have up a sticky thread for the, the World Series schedule, which I'll update. Or you can check the Poker Fraud Alert Twitter account. That's twitter.com slash pokerfraudalert, and I will post – about upcoming shows, if it's going to be canceled, moved, whatever, and and we're going to have to just fit them in when we can. And you know, you never know. Last year we did an extra show, like three days after another show, because there was so much to talk about. So we may even do an extra show. You never know. So just now, what's the limit? What's the Omaha Eater better when you're going to play? Is it the one that is right after the limit hold? Yes, the one after two days the limit later. Hold. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so either way. We're gonna to have to probably cancel that Wednesday show, or at least I'll say I won't be on it because if I'm still in the limit event, or if I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna pick sleep over being up till three, two in the morning, having to be in the Rio at the in the morning. Yeah. Verse. Okay. So, so that show will definitely be in jeopardy. Yeah, that, that one will be. Def- that. Yeah. So the one, the following one on on uh, June fifteenth is probably going to be uh, changed. But we'll, we'll work with yeah. that as we get closer. To check twitter.com slash pokerfraudalert or go on pokerfraudalert.com forum and check the sticky mm-hmm. thread in Flying Stupidity. Uh, but but it, it seems right now that uh, the June eighth show there's a decent chance it'll be on, and if it's not, it'll be on June ninth. The June first show will definitely take place on June first. And Brandon, I, do, I would like a list of everything you're playing so I can make those threads. I'm about to do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so, so send it to me in some way. I'm not going to play the Colossus. So. Okay. I'll create a thread I just for it think anyway. It, I, for some reason, I think, and then you're right, I can sit there for four days and double my money or maybe make 4000 It It just, it's, it's... Yeah, it's kind of it's tilting when right you make it really, really, really deep and beat so many people and then only make a few thousand dollars. And you think, you know what's annoying is I ran so well, I did so well, and yet I could have made more if I was just sitting and playing cash. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's really, really frustrating to play an event like that. And, and there's no 50-50 event either. This no, year. really the only reason to play the Colossus is if... Uh, if you can't afford to enter the bigger tournaments and you want to have the outside shot at a very big payday from a, a small buy-in or small-ish buy-in, that's the play. But but for a, a poker pro, that's just not a good one to enter. Anyway, people. Now, also, real fast, I'm going to be in Reno this weekend. I'm going to be making my first publicized live appearance, like Genocide. I'll be playing uh, only one tournament while I'm up there with the girls and boys. But I will be playing on Saturday an uh, uh, eight-game mix uh, tournament in Reno. So if you happen to be by the Pepper Mill, come on by. Cody out there, if you have some Starbucks gift cards and Amazon <laughs> cards, come on by. I'm table 18, seat three. So that's all I got, buddy. Okay. Let me start the music. Okay, thank you, Brandon, Sorry. for being a trooper and, and, and getting through yep. the show, even though you're – Voice is having trouble. Thank you, Calwatt, for being here and he's falling asleep. He did fall asleep now, but there's no snoring at least. So thank you, Calwatt, for being on here. Thank you, Northern California guy, for coming back after a two-week absence. And I don't think he's coming back again. Really? Why is that? Uh, he's not very happy. What's he mad about? He didn't. He got. He said he got 14 words in tonight. I'll have to talk to him about it. Yeah. It's so hard to manage this stuff here. Well, that's what I'm saying. We need a spinoff show. Maybe. I mean, he can have one if he wants. All right, Maybe well, trade a Ruski and it's just like a 10-minute show and then followed by snoring. All right. Always drama. Good night, and Shalom. Shalom.